John Parr, Naughty Naughty from 1985. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Drexel show. This is being recorded on October 12th, 2016 at around 7.40 p.m. Pacific time. We missed last week due to a really, 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 really bad cold. I can't stress enough how bad it was. It was probably the second worst cold I've ever had in my life. And a week ago, 
tonight I was lying in bed just absolutely miserable, and I had probably the worst body aches I've ever had in my life from a cold. It was, everything was hurting. Even my, my fingers were hurting. To move my fingers hurt. Every, everything hurt. And people were saying, oh, it's a flu. It has to be a flu. No, it's not a flu. It was a, a really, really, really bad cold. So I, I spent most of the last week in bed. Probably about 75% of the time between Sunday and Wednesday, I was in bed. And on Thursday, it was a little bit better, but I was not anywhere near well enough to do radio. And here I am the following Wednesday. And the show has gone on. We missed a week, but the show has gone on. Yes, I did miss another show last month from a cold. Been battling a lot of colds recently. I'm not sure why. So, tonight we have a guest. And that's unusual for the show. We don't have many guests. Because that's not what the show is really about. We're we're just here to talk. We're here to BS. We're here to critically speak of many things in poker, especially scams and scandals. But really, uh, we are the poker critics over here, and we speak our minds. We don't kiss ass to anyone. We we're real here, and this show, in fact, is not post-produced. It's a live show, and then we record it live, and then we put out. For the archives, for everybody else who wants to hear it, who hasn't been able to listen live the same way as they heard when it was live. So unlike many other shows out there which are tightly produced, this is the opposite. You get to hear really exactly the show as it is recorded. So I'm going to play you very quickly a clip from the main event, the 2016 main event as televised on ESPN. It's probably the most uh, controversial situation that occurred on the televised ESPN broadcast from this year. And this involves two people, actually I guess three people if you want to put it that way. It's a we have William Kasouf, who's a player at the table, Stacy Madison, who is a player at the table, and then Jack Effel, who I'm sure you know is the World Series of Poker tournament director. So this is a, a clip, it's about thirteen minutes long. I'm not sure if I'm gonna play the whole thing, but the reason I'm jumping into it right away is because William Kasouf is not an American. He's uh, in the UK and it is eight hours later where he is, and we promised him we would call him at 8 p.m. And I, I tried to start the show on time, and I was doing pretty well. I was only starting a few minutes late, and then someone in the chat room pointed out that they were hearing a rerun instead of the opening song. And I realized at the very end of the opening song that we were not broadcasting, that I never turned off the server that broadcast the reruns. So I was broadcasting live and getting clobbered by my own reruns. <laughs> that, that's a great start. That was a great start to the evening. So that's you, – you will not have heard that in the archives, but that's what was happening. So I'm going to play you this clip from the ESPN televised main event of the World Series of Poker involving William Kasuf and Stacey Madison and Jack Effel. And then we will talk to William Kasuf. And, you know, Brandon was announcing on Twitter – that this is a Poker Fraud Alert exclusive. And if you're here because you think it's an exclusive, don't bother. Apparently he's been on like six podcasts already before ours. So as usual, we're the last to get someone. But at least we got him. And we're going to try to make this interview a bit different than the other five or six he's already done this week. He must be on the World Podcast Tour right now. But we will have him on at around 8 p.m. And here is the coverage and the controversial hand, you'll hear it, even though it's a televised thing. You'll hear the problem. You'll hear what happened. And he's a very polarizing figure. Some people really like William Kasouf and thought he was really entertaining. 
and was very good at uh, table trash talk, and others think he was inappropriate. So you listen for yourself, and then we will have him on. Much of the heat coming from Will Kasuf. He has nine high, but has put Stacey Madison in a quandary. Yeah, a decision. Now, by the way, just to set this up since you can't see the screen, William Kasuf has nine high. He's got nine six offsuit. The board is five three two rainbow, then eight, then ten. So he has nine high, and he really never had much of a draw. Uh, I guess he had a straight. Well, he had a gut shot on the flop and a double gutter on the turn and didn't make it. So uh, he has nine high. Stacy Madison had pocket queens, and so this is after the river's been dealt. The pot is over a million chips. This is yeah, fairly deep in the main event, and this is not a televised table. But they brought the cameras over. I guess after it got to the river. So this is where it is. For all her chips with pocket queens. Well, there's over 600k in there, so I want you to go. Yeah, he put her all in. By the way, she has so she has to decide: is her pocket queens overpair good for the, all of her chips? You cannot say anything that influences the action of the hand. Saying what's in the pot, you cannot. Well, she say keeps that. saying. To me you cannot say. Time. You cannot say what's in the pot. Anything that influences the action. All these like, like, okay. like breaking all these rules, and they're not giving you a penalty. Well, well, the decision's on you, young lady, and you don't need to uh, go I on mean, about it. I'm just. World Series officials on scene to keep it within bounds. I want you to call. I told you. Good luck to you. But I did say I'll keep it friendly because it's you and it's a friendly table. If you fold and show, I will show. I'll keep it friendly. But I want you to call 100%. Don't bust out with the whole camera crew watching there. This will be embarrassing. You don't put me on this hand, I tell you. I can't say what I've got. You do not put me on this hand. I'm, I'm not talking about my hand. I'm just saying you don't put me on this hand. That's all I said. Action's on you. Yeah, I know, but I. Action's on you. Isn't the rule tough to influence action? You can't have to influence action. He has. He told. He's telling me what's going on. I will be having discussions with this gentleman after this hand is over. At this point, there's nothing that's out of line, but we will be having a talk. That's fine. All I said was I'll keep it friendly. If she folds the show, I will show. I'll keep it friendly. That's what it's a friendly table. We just have to join ourselves. Let's stop talking. Okay. Hands over. That's fine. That's friendly. I mean, why wouldn't you want to bust you? I'm not trying to bust you. Sir? I'm not going to ask you again. Okay. Okay. Just two hands ago, these two had a similar showdown. Kasuf check shoved on the turn with a straight flush, talked up a storm, and Madison correctly folded a pair of aces. I'll say that shot. I'll keep it friendly. Are going to show me a worse hand? What does that I'm mean? not. This is your last warning. You're going to get a penalty. She, she keeps talking to me. I said nothing. She's not talking to you. She, she she's just talking out loud, okay? That's the floor man, of course, in the background. And uh, you may also want to note the thing about the straight flush. They were in a previous hand a short time before that where uh, he had a straight flush. She had a pair of aces. I'm not sure if it was pocket aces, but she had a pair of aces. I assume it wasn't pocket aces. And she folded when he uh, check shoved. I guess check raise shove. And she laid it down correctly. So that happened shortly before this hand, where now he's going all in with nine high. So it's uh, one of those things that uh, he's doing it a second time in a row. And uh, <laughs> hoping it messes enough with her head that she lays it down. So, And, of course, the floor man in the background is threatening him with a penalty if he continues to talk to her. And he's saying, she's talking to me. You will receive the penalty if another word comes out of your mouth. It's Will's talk is fine until they tell him it's not. Now LaFleur says he cannot talk. Tournament director Jack Ethel right on Kasuf's shoulder. Well, now he's talking without speaking. He's pushing it. And what he's doing now is he's, he's like miming actions to her. I'm going to handle this one. Thank you, sir. 
Will has put Stacy all in. Stacy has the best hand. Table mate Mitch Garsowski has called the clock on Stacy. Usually I'm in favor of calling the clock, but she has been under siege most of the time from Will Kasuf. I would have given her a little more room. The floor person does have the authority to deny a clock request. I'm going to ask you real quick. The next I think time I what? If you make one more gesture like that. Okay. I'm just trying to be friendly with the lady. This is not friendly. Okay. I don't, want to, see, I don't want to see. Say another I don't word. want to see you move. You and I are going to have a conversation okay. when this happens. Okay. 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 Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. She falls. Yeah, Sig Bluff turned the double gutter and missed. Never mind. Nine high like a boss. My heart. So that's, that's the quote that everybody's uh, repeating these days. Nine high like a boss. He turned it over and showed her and said nine high like a boss. And, of course, now he has to speak to Jack Effel after this has occurred. The hand's over. He's won it. He bluffed her out of it. But now Jack Effel, who was standing behind him, was mad at the miming actions he was doing after he was told to stop speaking to her. So now Jack Effel's going to come down on him now that the hand's over. Big heart of a lion. Nine high like a boss. So we have a little rule with the World Series of Poker that says we are not supposed to be disrespectful of the table. I almost did call to Okay. Buckle heads up, like speech play is loud. But wait a minute. You taunted her by these motions, did you not? I that wasn't was, talking. No, no, no. I was, no. We said before you came over, sir. No, listen to me. You guys were saying you cannot just say anything. I said 100% content. 100% the way that you were treating what, her. What, I was, what, what did you think that I was trying to say to her? So, so, so listen. Can I, can I ask you that? So, what do you think I was trying to say to her? You were trying to get her to call to make a decision. No, no, no. no. You weren't here before the other. Okay. Brandon, yeah. Can you hear what I'm playing? No. Okay, I'm going to All dead air. I'll, I'll, I'll connect you back when we're done. I'm playing this. Uh, I'm done. What, what does that mean? Done playing this. I don't. I don't want to break this whole. Thing. I'm playing the video of William Kasuf to introduce this. Who? So. Oh, yeah, I guess we won't call him tonight then. Oh, the one guy. Yeah, the one guy we're going to have tonight that you've been. Well, how come I can't hear what you're be- playing? Because we have that usual problem. I will call you back when we're done playing it. Should I just be sitting here waiting for you at your Actually, earliest I'll, convenience? I'll, 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 I'll try you one time. If we can't solve it, then we'll do it at the end of the video. I don't want to break the momentum of the video. Well, can I mute myself then? Let, let me. I'll call you right back. We'll see if it works. Jeez. I don't like breaking the momentum here. I just don't. You know, like I, if we're playing a video, I don't like breaking the momentum. Skype has a problem where sometimes sound effects come through and sometimes they don't. And I, I've never been able to figure out the difference of when they can and when they can't. I'm, I'm going to keep playing it here. Tell me if you can hear this. Okay, so I'm I told you. Uh, can you hear me out, please, one second? Did you hear that? I hear nothing. Then we've got a problem. I'm going to be honest. I don't quite like the tone you're taking with me either. Well, no. I'm just, we we want to finish the uh, – I want to – we don't have much time. I want to finish playing this thing, and then we'll solve this problem. You know how Skype has this problem sometimes where you can't hear what I play through? Oh. All right. I'll just mute myself. Right, I guess you can do that, too. That's fine. I said, I'll keep it friendly. If you fold and show, I will show. They, and the other gentleman said, if you have one more word out, you, you have a penalty. So without saying it, I, I said, if you show, I'll show. That's, that's uh, what uh, I mean. Hey, Dave, this guy's on a one-round penalty until he gets back to the small one round. Line. One round. 
right? Excuse that. Oh, okay. You're getting ready to get two rounds. Okay, so listen, listen, listen to me. You're, you're not explaining. So the best, best thing, best thing you can do is you can go to the side of the rail. I hear one more thing. It's two rounds. I've done that. I've to explain myself. That's all. Okay, I bought that. It was a long time. We were all ready to do it. Yeah, but who cares? It's my tournament I am surprised at the severity of the penalty, and it looks like Will wants to go for two rounds if he doesn't leave the table. His stack will be blinded off while he's gone. Do you have a penalty box here? The sin bin. Will will have several minutes to cool his heels. Yeah, because you've got a penalty. Yep. So I, mean, I, I guess that's enough to play here. Because uh, you've got a penalty, and uh, I, I don't. I, I haven't actually watched the rest past that point. Uh, Brandon, what, what happens after the five minute point? Does he get a second penalty or not? You can unmute. No, he gets one penalty. Okay, so, so I played the relevant part. I, uh, I I hadn't watched the whole thing through, so that's that's the relevant part I just played. So anyway, you guys get an idea of what was going on. Uh, he was bluffing. He was trying to make her make a decision. He was doing a lot of table trash talk to her and uh, not terrible stuff, but kind of just yapping as she was trying to make a decision. He kept telling her to be, she kept telling him, but to they be allow you to bluff and poker though. Don't they still? Yeah. Well, there's you, nothing wrong with that. So, she, so he was yapping to, to get her to, uh, to, to, yeah, of course, influence the decision. She complained that he can't do that. Eventually a floor man agreed with her. Uh, and then when Jack, Jack Effel, the tournament director stood behind her, uh, start, stood behind him. He was miming, Instead of speaking, they said he can't speak anymore. He gets a penalty. He was miming. To oh, what's her. the difference between miming and pantomiming? I think pantomime is like the art of miming. I believe that's oh. what it is. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure though. I could be wrong. So anyway, that's I think it's right there too because there's no rule against miming. Yeah, that's true. Well, Jack Effel just made up the rule on the fly. Now I want to point out one thing, which we'll get to later in the show. We can. We may even bring it up with uh, William. It said on the screen that Stacy Madison, that's spelled M-A-T-U-S-O-N, that she was an owner, a co-owner of a dealer academy, which which is true in a way. But what they didn't mention on that broadcast and what hadn't come out until recently was that the dealer academy is a subsidiary of Caesars. I don't know if it's a subsidiary or if it's part, if it's affiliated, whatever it is. It says right on that Dealer Academy's webpage uh, about Caesar's Entertainment and Jack Effel's picture is right there next to hers. So uh, there's been a lot of talk about that him ruling on this, Jack Effel, was a conflict of interest, that he should not be making rulings on a hand having to do with someone who – Seems to work uh, at least indirectly for Caesars that uh, and has her picture right next to his on the web page. But a, a conflict of interest, if you will. Yes. So there's there's been some people saying that at the very least that they should have had someone else ruling on it that, uh, that they're kind of too close and that uh, this could have influenced why Jack Ethel was getting so mad watching him kind of taunt her with a miming. Now I don't, I don't even mind the decision what what Ethel made there, but uh, there's there's a lot of different opinions on this and uh, uh, you know just to let you guys know I have. Had not William Kasuf, I've never played with him before, but I've had people go all in on me and then try to influence what I do by, by talking, and I've never flipped out about it. I just assume it's part of the game. When they start yapping about things, I, I just ignore them if I don't want to respond to it. But uh, 
she she took this very seriously, and then uh, and then he wouldn't stop. <laughs> so, and he was saying, "Oh, I'm just keeping it friendly." Of course, that wasn't true. You know, he wasn't keeping it friendly. He was he was trying to uh, get in her head. He was trying to win the pot through his bluff. And uh, uh, at the World Series, uh, apparently players have a right to demand an end to that. And then he didn't quite want to finish it and was kind of pushing the envelope. You, you know, kind of like with uh, you tell your kid to stop doing something and uh, your kid then does like a modified form of it and he knows what you mean when you tell him to stop and he just slightly changes what he's doing. That's kind of what was happening here. So but anyway, there never had been a miming rule. There hadn't. I bet we're going to have an official rule in the World Series about uh, you know rule number seventeen point eight point one. Uh, miming during the hand is now expressly pre- prohibited, and you will get a one round penalty. Now listen, I sent you on the on the text his Skype. Okay. But he also just tweeted at me. He doesn't like the tone you've been taking on me either. Well, so we're going to have to. Well, we're going to we're going to have to watch out. By the way, Brandon, that. Uh, I have heard you, you tweeted this is an exclusive. Uh, this is kind of like it is. A, it's a PFA exclusive. Well, it's an exclusive on PFA, but uh, that's what I meant. <laughs> that's what, this is like Listen, a sixth to be appearance. Honest, and I wrote this on the uh, on the Twitter. Right? Well, I'm not the Twitter. The uh, the fraud site. I don't listen, and, and this isn't to bash anyone. I don't listen to other people's podcasts. So unless you play a clip of it. That's the only way I'm going to hear it or know about. Well, it. I don't. I don't either. Yeah, I, and I'm not. The, the uh, Chicago Jimmy. The I only know about him because you've mentioned him, and he's he's the one that scoops a guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he does. so, so he was on Chicago Joey and several other shows. Joey, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's Jimmy. <laughs> and he has uh, apparently uh, been a big talker. We put him. You put him on one of these podcasts, and he just talks and talks and talks. And in fact, one person accused him of quote rambling. So we're going to have to try to rein in William Kasuf. You guys should get along well. Yeah. Well, no, the problem we can't. We can't have to. It's like putting, uh, you know, opposites. He's like the, he's uh, the British version of you. Well, we 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 can't have opposites. We have to have opposites on here. We can't have two ramblers, or else that nobody will get a word right. in edgewise. In fact, uh, someone tweeted that it would be a disaster to have the three of us together. With uh, with your tangents, right. his tangents, my rambling, his rambling, there will be uh, – no one will have time to now, take a breath. real fast before we do connect him, then did you uh, did you receive the, the text message I sent you? Well, let me see. But I also would like to – I'd also like to fix this thing with the Skype before yeah. we call You him. have to add him. And he's sitting there waiting. It's 4.03 uh, across the pond. Well, I know. Uh, Trader Ruski uh, will not be joining us for this segment. Uh, he'll be coming on later for those of that have been asking – uh, and he's actually using this as his own little Colin Kaepernick measure to, to protest uh, uh, police treatment of African Americans and minorities in London. Oh, okay, I guess they have that problem there too. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, I have to thank Trader Ruski though. Trader Ruski was indirectly responsible for me being able to attend the Dodger game yesterday, which was a great game. So it was it was kind of thanks to him, and I'll explain it when we get to that uh, a little bit later how that happened. So I'm. I've got to thank Trader Ruski for that. Anyway, uh, let's try to fix the Skype thing, produce the show during the show, and then we'll slap on William Kasuf. And uh, Brandon, this is your interview. You, you're the one who prepared the questions, right? I have no questions prepared. Okay. I went and got Italian food instead. Okay, so I have nothing either. Okay, that's great. So uh, anyway. But I, told, I told him, you know, we've been, I wouldn't say exactly that uh, we've struck up a friendship. But maybe you could even say we've struck it. We've been communicating on and off now for a couple of weeks. He knew that you were very sick. Okay, I told him you were sickly, and, and that's why you couldn't be on last week. Yep. He knows about the gold plated with Telus at the pool. Told him that. Okay. Uh, he knows, and this is not a mean thing to say because you even will admit it uh, yourself that I've told him that you're at least the cheapest Jew that I know, 
and that you're very, very loaded. Uh, not again in a bad way, but you know, I just he wanted some background. He he doesn't play the limit hold'em, so he had not heard of who you were. Okay, well, so well, he'll, 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 he'll learn quickly. Had, so, so okay, let's let's fix the Skype thing and, and yeah. get going. But I'm glad you got. He's very speak. excited to be on here, and I told him though that what we do, what you and I do, it's not the standard podcast that maybe we'd have some ass pussy mouth questions or something like that with uh, what did you say her name? Ashley Madison? No, uh, Stacy Madison, but close. Okay. She, she could have been on Ashley Madison, who knows? Yeah. Okay, well, let me uh, try to reconnect you. We'll try to get this. I'm going to try to reset Skype. I'll try this again. I tried hopefully. to get her on the show, but she wouldn't respond. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually thought kind of thought of that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. Listen, I think this Kasuf's a good kid. He's an up-and-comer. Okay, looks like I got William here. I think it finally happened. Won't bother with the pleasantries and the hellos and all that other crap. We've wasted enough time here. So, William, we played the clip of you and Stacy on there and all that. Something I wondered from watching that is, is this your standard operating procedure at the table? You usually do all the table talk during the hands, try to get people to fold by getting to their head. Or did you just pick Stacy to do this too? Was this your first time at the World Series doing that? Or is this basically what you do? I did it throughout the whole World Series. Uh, I like stress like I did on the, the previous uh, podcast that I've done. I just- I do table talk, uh, speech players, I like to talk, call it, uh, in every hand that I'm involved in, in every pot that I play, uh, whether it's the NSA, NSA out of table feature or not, no feature, cameras or no cameras, uh, male or female, it doesn't matter. Whoever's involved in my pots, they're going to get the same treatment. I don't discriminate. Uh, so there's methods to my madness. I don't just do it for the sake of it or trash talking or do it to annoy people intentionally. Um, but some people let it get under their skin and uh, go on super donkey tilt and end up uh, donking their chips off. But that's, that's their prerogative. But the real reason why I do it is to try and get information uh, and reads off my opponents. Uh, trying to sense uh, what kind of holding they have, whether they're weak, they're strong, they want me to call, they want me to fold. And essentially, when I'm the aggressor and I'm betting into the pot, I'm high. I have to try and convince them uh, that I want them to call when I want them to, and uh, and vice versa when, when I want them to fold. Uh, so you saw the hand against Stacey Madison. Obviously, I had nine high. I want to shove all in with nine high like a boss on the river. I know she's gone over pair in this hand. A lot of people have been asking um, what happened prior to that at the beginning of that hand because you only saw uh, the action on the river when I put it all in effectively um, so just to, just to give you guys an, an idea of how the hand played out uh, very quickly uh, I was in the big blind she just opened uh, just uh, just over min raised uh, pre uh, everyone else folded and I peeled because I was uh, top five stacks uh, one of the top five stacks in the main event at the time uh, as you saw the flop was a two three five rainbow so I had a gutter ball with two overs uh, so I checked called the turn was an eight I checked she bet again now when she bets again I, I've uh, Take an ace-king, ace-queen out of her range. She's definitely got an overpair. She's going to have jacks, queens, kings, aces. doesn't matter. She's still got one one per hand, but I've improved uh, to even more outs on the turn. Any four or any seven gives me uh, the straight. Uh, and uh, so I checked call. The river bricks out. And uh, if I have to try and give her a speech here now and said, oh, you let me get it. I had to, but I, I got you beat. I got you. You got aces. I got you. I want to go. I'm all in. That's when I give the screen. Then you hear, you hear the commotion, and that's when you play the tape. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I did it in every hand against every player in, in, in every pot that I played played with. So it wasn't trying to target her or or go go against her and uh, for any particular reason. Uh, I do it in every, every pot against every player. But there's a, there's a reason for it. There's a method to my madness. All right, that's interesting. Now. Have you had anybody else complain like she did with your table talk and call the floor man and try to make you stop it? Or you know, this- I'm so tilted by all this. I've just taken up smoking. Look. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I, it's just- um, no, I can't, I can't even see you, yeah. Brandon. You're off camera. Yeah, we can't even see you, Brandon. You're no, off camera, off. Brandon. Come back. Show it or it's not happening. Brandon, where are you? We don't see you. I'm, I'm here. No, Can you hear me? We, no, but we don't see you. We're on video, remember? Yeah, I'm outside. Okay, there we go. Okay, Brandon's smoking <laughs> outside. He's on tilt here. So, okay. I mean, uh, 
Let, let me, they didn't even hear the whole thing about the gold bars that you have in the back of no, the, the office. No, no they I, missed all of it. Didn't they missed they? all of it. Yeah, I, I, it was just three guys having a conversation amongst themselves. It was. It was. But it was a good conversation at least. Like, see, your dog's not oh, happy yeah. about this either. Brandon had to bring that up so there's a, another chance that you can get robbed now that they know you got gold bullions behind you. Well, that, that, yeah. that's why it was good that I didn't have this broadcast, and now you guys just said it again. All right, so, <laughs> William, uh, have you? did you have anybody else who complained about you during this World Series, or is this the first time it happened? It was the first time that it was uh, to that extreme, to that uh, you know, extreme, that severity, uh, to be fair. Uh, I think it was quite low, the fact that she tried to get my hand killed. Uh, she was facing all in bed. I'd put her all in on the river by this point, and she said, how is his hand still alive? Like, how's his hand still alive? She tried to get my hand killed, and she should know better. She runs a WSFP dealer school, and um, she, she, she should know of, of all people that that's, that's not going to happen. There's no way my hand's going to be uh, killed. But I think she tried to almost like angle shoot, if, if you like, in that regard, uh, trying to be on the side of the floor staff. And obviously, she knows Jack Eiffel. Jack Eiffel knows her. Lots of people have been saying, oh, there's a bit of bias there, a bit of conflict of interest with uh, him ruling on that. Uh, because they knew each other, and the fact that she was female, and I was doing all, all these hand gestures towards her, uh, he, he took that as, oh, that was taunting, 100% taunting, which I thought was absolutely rubbish, uh, because the only thing I said to her with my hand gestures was, you phone show, I'll show. So I wasn't saying anything threatening, any berating, anything like that, or coaching her, or advising her to fold. I'd never said anything like that, just literally the same thing that I was told, uh, that I was doing and saying to her before I was told I couldn't say a word. Literally, you phone show, I'll show. All right, so now, so I think the, this is the, only time. Now, the question that people want to know, a couple real fast. Uh, due to your newfound celebrity, uh, have you met the Queen? I haven't met the Queen, not yet, not yet. I've been busy, she's been busy. We've got to find a date when we're both available. Okay, now TMZ Poker Sports has been reported that you have been playing in Daniel Craig's home game as well as uh, giving him some poker tips. Is that, do you want to comment on that at all? Oh, I can't comment on that. Okay, all right. <laughs> That's tough but fair. But, but who is it that told you that? Uh, it was. Have you ever heard of a little site uh, based in Los Angeles, TMZ? Okay. Yeah, they have I like a that. they have like a break off offshoot site called TMZ Sports, which is more about sports and you know poker is part of that, things like that. Yeah. And there's okay. some little article about that. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, marvelous, marvelous, marvelous. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about uh, with the females? I mean, is this, I mean, you're on ESPN like once a week now for an hour. Is yeah, that's you, a good question. Has this uh, influenced? Uh, yeah. or, or are you single? Are you single? I don't know any. We, have, we never got to that part. You have a girlfriend. You married? Yeah, I've got a girlfriend. Yeah, three and a half years now. So oh, wow. uh, yeah, been with a so steady relationship. But uh, yeah, that's been good. But uh, no, I've had loads of people like uh, friend requests. A lot, a lot of people following me on Twitter. Uh, equal number guys. I think there's more, still more guys than. Now, what, than, what did your girlfriend think? Than. What did your girlfriend think of your appearance on TV and, and how you came off there? Was she proud of it? Did she think you were too mean? What, what did she think when she saw this? No, she, she was really proud. Obviously, I think the, the majority of the whole uh, of, of the UK was pretty much uh, uh, was so, proud and so, uh, was happy. Was buzzing that I got that far. Uh, was rooting for all the Brits. I think we all root each other on each year, even for Brits that we don't even know. Because, uh, you know, you go to Vegas and there's like 6,700 uh, players this year, or 6,737 it was. And between six and a half to 7,000 players each year. And, uh, yeah, to see, see any Brit go that deep in the main event, day six, and then day seven, uh, last 27 players in the main event, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. So I'd be rooting on any, any Brit that was there. Uh, and uh, likewise, I, I hope I'd receive the... Uh, the same kind of reception, which I did this year. It was phenomenal. People up and down the country were rooting for me. So, yeah, it was do great. You ever, do you ever talk to Heaven and, and hope that you're going to be able to have a communication with with the late and respectable, I think he was a Brit, uh, Devilfish? Yeah. 
Yeah, he sadly passed away. But yeah, what a character he was. I did play with him, yeah, in uh, Dust Dawn in Nottingham. Great character, great laugh on the table. Always wanted to, to mix it up and, and enjoy his time at the table. Crack a few jugs. Always tell uh, some funny stories as well. He was great for telling stories. So yeah, what a character. That, everyone's saying everyone needs uh, characters and, per- and personalities yeah. in, in the game. Um, the game's completely dead if you're going to see a bunch of robots sitting there with their hoodies and sunglasses on and just folding, putting chips in the pot without saying a single word for like 12 hours a day for like seven days straight. It just, it's not appealing to the viewers. It's not appealing to, to the players. It's not going to get the grassroots recreational players wanting to play the game and, and effectively building up the numbers and uh, bringing in uh, the big numbers and the, and the prize pool. Um, so, yeah, it needs more characters in the game. You, you need people with personalities uh, come to the table and uh, uh, being in the limelight. Now, have you had yeah. – Have you? did you have any issues with uh, with Stacey prior to this this hand? I know you were in a hand beforehand with a straight flush uh, where you had a straight flush and she folded. Uh, but did, do you have any kind of issues where you two didn't get along prior to this hand? No, not at all. Not at all. I like to think I got on with everyone on the table. I think some people may have gone on till or didn't like my speech play or banter on the table. They, they just uh, shut up, kept themselves to themselves and didn't say anything back and didn't want to give any information away. So that, that's up to them. I had nothing against them. I wasn't trying to berate anyone. I don't insult or berate anyone at the tables when, when I do play. I think there's this misconception that, that I talk a lot at the table. Oh, he must be like Tony G. I'd say I'm nothing like him. Uh, a lot of people are like, um, trying to compare me and say I'm like the British version of Daniel Negreanu. So just trying to like enjoy myself at the table, trying to get good reads of my opponents, tr- using table talk to, to make the right decision effectively, whilst enjoying myself and, and being entertaining and, and, and fun at the same time. Now, are, so, you sh- are you sure when they're saying that you're the British Daniel Negreanu, are you sure they're not trying to accuse you of being gay? Oh, of being what, sir? Are you sure they're not trying to accuse you of being gay when they, uh, they say you're the British Daniel Negreanu? No, I don't think they that. There's been this rumor you know, for 10 years now that he's like, and we don't care about this. You know, we're open to everybody. But there's been some rumors, at least on the forums and in Vegas, that uh, he's a, what do they call that, a closet? Uh, Either in the closet or that he may he may play for both teams. Yeah, he may play for both teams. <laughs> well, I've, I've got nothing against that. I have no issue with that. Anyone's, yeah. uh, no, no, we don't either. We we even have uh, we, we have gay listeners to the show. You know, we we like that we have uh, a wide range of listenership here. We were we just have, wondering. Uh, we have female. We have three black listeners too, don't we? Yeah, at least. Yeah, we have female listeners. Uh, it, we, we're open to everyone. How, how did you? Uh, how old are you? I'm 34. Oh, okay. You look a little bit younger. So you be, you've been playing. You're welcome. You've been playing. I just poker. had a clean shave today. Ah, uh, for the video. Time. For the video part of the podcast, that's it. Well, no, I had a had a photo shoot actually uh, for Bluff Europe magazine today. No, oh, so okay, I'll, so he... I'll be on the front cover of Bluff Europe. That's exclusive to you guys. Uh, Bluff Europe magazine uh, in uh, November. Well, you, so you that, sh- that'll be out there and be on the front cover. There'll be like a six page spread, I think. Uh, Jesus, you're really blowing up. You're he, really he, blowing you know, up. He shouldn't have told now. us that. He, you should have told us that you got all ready for our show. That's it. That's it. Well, that as well, obviously. Okay, so, wow. uh, so here, here's a photo question: shoot. They do photo shoots now. They did photo shoots, yeah. Well, I didn't have to. It wasn't part of the thing. All I had to do was turn, turn up in my suit is what they wanted me to do. So I turned up my suit, but I thought I'd be uh, fresh, uh, clean-shaven because I was quite uh, grisly, so to speak. Now, last night we were tweeting or direct messaging, whatever you call it, around it was 8, 9 in the morning your time, and you're like, for fuck's sake, I haven't even been to bed yet. What, what, what were you doing last night that you're still up at 8, 9 in the morning? Oh, just, well, my natural body clock, I don't sleep till like 6, 7 in the morning anyway. Hence why you're lucky I could do this podcast at now, which is like 4.35 in the morning now. So it's still all right. It's almost coming out to bedtime for me. But yeah, I'm still wide awake. I'm buzzing. 
Uh, well, happy to do this podcast now. Some people are saying I'm sick. How can you do a podcast at 4 a.m.? You know, yeah. my friends in the UK, when they're half asleep, they're obviously going to listen to it later on, on the recorded version when you guys post it on Twitter. But I mean, you weren't out last night uh, throwing some drinks back or at the playing some poker. You just were hanging around and you just happened to be up. I mean, I, I just happened to be up. No, just uh, chilling with my girlfriend, um, just out and about, being on social media. I literally get like yeah. three, four hundred messages a day uh, when I wake up. Uh, it's just phenomenal. Oh, I just only, wow. only sleep for like, like four or five hours and I get like three, four hundred messages, notifications, everything. Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, text message, uh, emails, everything. Right. So it just, it's just bonkers. And I'm dealing with it all myself and I try my best to respond to every single one. I try not to ignore anyone because people are there and they're, you know, rooting for me and showing their appreciation and loving what I'm doing. So I have to like respond to each one of them one by one. So you can imagine how, how many hours that takes of my day to do that and uh, obviously have to. Uh, get on with my life and do what I've I got to do during the day as well. So I'm busy, like, catching up in the anti-social hours, so to speak, from, like, 3, 4 in the morning onwards, uh, catching up with all the social media and stuff and uh, getting back to people at, like, 6 in the morning. Now, now, in the morning. And by that time, once I've responded to people, some people are actually waking up the following day at 7, 8 in the morning to go to work, and now they're messaging me back, and it's just a constant barrage of messages, notifications, and it just never stops. Now, we, wow. I, I have a request. I have a request. God, imagine if you would have made the November 9, what would have happened? Yeah, well, yeah exactly. Really gone yeah, crazy. I need to get now, you, well, well, hang on. Hang on. Yeah. I, I have a, uh, a request here of William. Yeah. Uh, now, there's been a lot of calls coming in during this uh, segment, and I, I haven't taken any of them. I wanted this just to be a pure interview and not have uh, our crazy listeners uh, you know, interrupt the whole thing. But there, there is one guy who's, who's uh, contributed so much to this show. In fact, he's... he's uh, kind of uh, work for the show it? in a way. Uh, he, he's another British guy, and he, he was messaging me all day. His name's Nigel Faversham. He was, he was messaging me all day about how he really wants to call up and, and speak to William, and I, I think we have to make an exception here and actually take a call from Nigel because he's, uh, he just really wanted this so badly, and he's done so much for the show that I, I hate to. Uh, so, William, can we take the call from Nigel real fast here? He's just, yeah, he's, is he, big, he's in the U.K. now. He's, he's up at this he, time. He's, he's, such a, he's such a big fan here. So, yeah, he's a... Uh, so let's uh, see now. People are trying to people are trying to call my cell phone because they want to come on. They, everyone wants to come on here and talk, but I think we have to let uh, we have to let Nigel call in because he's just he's he's a big fan. He's uh, like you said, they have big pride there in the UK. That uh, I'm curious as to what to, he, he's doing up at twenty to five in the morning. I, I'm curious that too. well, he listens to the show live, so we'll see here. Okay, I'll have later. Happy days. Okay, yeah, he's calling from some weird US based number too. That's kind of weird. Okay, well that is him though. So let me put him on. And we lost him. Hold, hold on here. As uh, Nigel, call back in if we uh, if you got. He's trying. To, I'm trying to put him on here. He, he's just really wanted to talk to you, and I know that. Uh, I just don't want to deny that. You know, it's uh, William. What what place did you uh, finish in the main event exactly? Seventeen. Uh, Seventeen. Now, I've never been in that position. A deep run like that, Todd. The deepest he's finished was 90-something? 88th, yeah. 17 okay, is great. Yeah. Was there a sense, and this, of course, is a serious question. Was there a sense of depression when it all finally came to an end? or And if so, how long did it take you to kind of snap out of it? I mean, how did you feel when, when the reality hit that this, this hell of a run was over? Yeah, it didn't really hit to the following day. I was like buzzing when I was playing it. I had literally had only three hours sleep uh, every day before the start of each day, which is pretty sick. I didn't plan to just have three hours sleep, but I couldn't get to sleep until six in the morning, natural body clock. I never get a good sleep in Vegas. I was waking up like nine, nine thirty every day. People like waking up to go to breakfast and making noise uh, in the corridors and that. 
Um, so yeah, I literally only have three hours uh, sleep a day, but I was still buzzing. The adrenaline was going, and uh, I, I was just well up for it, and uh, just wanted to play play my best and uh, go as far as I could. So um, energy was there. I was just like constantly talking on the table, keep myself awake as much as I could, and uh, just went for it. So yeah, it wasn't wasn't easy at all. Uh, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Didn't realize till the next day really as to uh, that that it sunk that it sunk in. Yeah. Uh, I I wish I'd made November nine, but. I don't think I made uh, any mistakes or very, very, um, not many, uh, big mistakes anyway, uh, in that regard. Uh, no, no mistakes, no regrets, as I like to say. But, uh, no, I played my heart out, just got it how I went out. I don't want to, like, uh, spoil the, um, uh, spoil it for the viewers because no, I think day, day seven is coming up in the WSB, uh, main event. I think this Sunday for you guys on ESPN and it'll be on Monday on YouTube, uh, will be episodes 11 and 12, which is the start of day seven. And I'm on the feature table from the start. Um, so yeah, uh, keep watching that because it gets lively. Uh, there's a few few things in there that happen. You think, what the hell? And uh, that's going to be a big talking point as well. So how long after uh, you your, your run ended until you returned home? Did you immediately head on the first flight back? Did you stay in Vegas a couple of days? Uh, my flight wasn't back for another three days. I think after that, uh, I planned to, uh, the trip. I didn't plan to obviously make day seven. Uh, but I planned there's other tournaments on, on my schedule that I wanted to play, including a satellite for the 5K Venetian main event and the 5K main event itself. If I if I'd come into money and obviously cash in other tournaments, um, so as it happens, uh, no, I wasn't phased by it. It happens. It's, it's, it's poker in terms of the, the, the two hands pretty much back to back. I went out, uh, but I dusted myself off. Just had a quiet drink with a few a few of the Brits that were still in Vegas. Not many were there, as you can imagine, uh, compared to during the series because day seven of the main event had just finished. Uh, but I had a quiet drink, chilled out. I was, I was shattered by that point. Um, had an early-ish night. I say early-ish. About probably I went to bed probably about five in the morning, and uh, I, was, I only had like three hours sleep again because my natural body clock. Woke up and went straight to the Venetian to play the um, the six hundred dollar turbo satellite oh, wow. for the five k main event. Having right. busted 10K so wait, so you, you went and played a six hundred dollar turbo after finishing seventeenth in the main event? Right after that, that's crazy. Yeah. How can you do that? Like like, how, how can you how can you bring yourself up for that when you've you've uh, you were playing for so much money? You were 17 spots away. Wouldn't you yeah. want to take a break? How, how did you get up to do that? Like how did you get yourself emotionally up to do that? That's the crazy. way I felt, I was there on business. It was like a business trip for me. I wasn't there with my girlfriend, so I was there just to focus. Most of the Brits had gone home, so I wasn't there for partying or clubbing or anything like that. Um, so I was there focused. It was part of my schedule. I didn't plan to obviously make day seven. I planned to play one of the satellites. I planned to play the 5K Venetian main event regardless. Uh, but I, my motto is always, always is and always has been, in for the min to get the max. So if I can satellite in for $600, why why would I buy in for $5,000? Uh, so I think I was going to play anyway, but that's not the point. I think there was a $600 turbo, and it was the last chance satellite into the main event. Cut a long story short, <laughs> played my game and won a seat into the 5K like a boss. I'm getting, I'm getting a question. Wait, hold, uh, hold on, Brandon. I'll, we, I'll we, have this, we have this. Is... We have this call here. Should we take the okay, call? Well, one more question, uh, and you know who it is, so I'll just tell you. It's from from Jeannie, and she says hi. She's listening. Uh, oh, hi, Jeannie. Uh, <laughs> she wanted to know, and you know, and you could always, you don't want to answer, don't answer. Her question was, please ask William how much he had of himself or if he was backed at all or did he get to keep all the money? Cheeky, cheeky. I actually put that on my profile, actually. Some people were, were asking. No, uh, I was there in Vegas. I'd uh, cashed in some of the tournaments, like the Planning Hollywood $600 tournament. I cashed like 35 k spun up in cash games. Uh, I won a couple of grand in the, uh, the single table satellites. So I was up, up a bit on the trip and I bought in for the rest. 
for the main event. Uh, so I bought it myself. Uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't sell in sell any action myself, uh, but I swapped up to fifteen uh, percent exactly with a few of the Brits that played the main event. Okay. Most of them cashed on days four, six, and seven. Uh, so by the time I paid them out, I had like pretty much ninety percent of myself. So I still had over three hundred k dollars. Uh, for myself, tax, tax free, of course, because we're from the yeah. UK. So, not a bad week for that's, right. that's actually, that, 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 yeah, that's actually more than a lot of people keep when they make the final table. <laughs> so, all right, so yeah, caller, you're on the air. Is, is this Nigel Fabersham? Uh, hello, Colonel Nigel Fabersham here. Um, it's Morning, an Nigel. Honor to speak to you, William. Hello. How you doing, Nigel? Yes, um, you know, I usually, I, I usually come here and speak to all the blokes, you know, from the States, and I say, you know, it's about time we get a Brit on here who isn't just on the show for a joke of a comic relief and actually someone that I can look up to. That's all. Thank you very much. Yeah, so um, I've, I've got a, a question for you there, because I, I, I watched the coverage on, uh, on ESPN, and uh, I watched when you were doing that, um, the miming to, to her after they told you stop speaking to the Stacy, um, the Stacy bird, you know, and the, then yeah. you start to mime to her. Now, didn't you know that this, uh, Jack Effler was standing over you like a hawk and he was, he was looking to swoop down because he doesn't want a Brit winning. You know, you know, he wants an, yeah. a fellow American winning. So you, you know, he's just standing there looking to give you a penalty. So yeah. the question is, I, why did you do that, knowing that if you did such a thing, that you would probably um, suffer his wrath? Okay, well, two things on that. First of all, I, I, I didn't care who was standing there, who was watching, who wasn't watching. I'm there to play my game my way. I'm there to win the pot uh, no matter what. However long it takes, whatever it takes to win the pot, I'm going to do it. Whilst obviously uh, keeping within the rules and not, not violating the rules uh, specifically. So I thought when, when they said, oh, you can't say another word. So I had to find another way to get in my message across to Stacey to convince her to fold effectively without directly telling her to fold or do anything in that regard. So they said, well, you, you can't say another word or you're going to have a penalty, which I thought was out of line. You may have heard Daniel Negrano's podcast said that they have no right to tell you uh, not to talk. It didn't phase me, but I'm there to win that pot. I'm sitting there with nine high. I put it all in with nine high like a boss, and I've got to try and convince her to like lay her hand down uh, without without saying a single word coming out from her mouth. So I had to improvise. I had to think on the spot. I thought, what better way to communicate than with the hand gesture saying, if you fold and show, I'll show. You don't need to do anything stupid. Don't do anything crazy in front of the cameras. You're going to see the hand anyway is pretty much what I was trying to convey. Yeah, to, so, uh, so what, you're trying, what you're trying to say to Nigel is that you uh, – and I'm just guessing here. You're trying to say that uh, it was actually worth possibly getting a penalty to get her to fold since it was such a big pot. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. In a way, in a way, and I felt as if I was going to get the penalty anyway. The fact that the the floor man said one more word, you're going to have a penalty. The jacket was said he'll he'll take over from here, and he said one. Well, I don't want to see you move. One more move, uh, you're going to have a penalty. I'm going to speak to you after this hand. So the fact that he wants to speak to me after the hand, I think I, I was already uh, going to be getting a penalty, um, or at least a severe warning, if not a penalty anyway. And this is the one of the biggest pots of the tournament. It's like a 1.2 million chip pot on, on day five. All, all right, I still had a big chip stack. But if I lose that pot, then you, you know I could be close to like average chips in the tournament. Uh, so no. it's a fairly big, fairly big pot at the time. So I had to do what I could, everything in my power, uh, to win that hand, effectively, regardless of <laughs> what. This, this is why. Now, hold, Colonel, Colonel. That yeah, yeah so I want to. Hold on, hold on, hold your horses there. I, I don't get your neck in a knot. Um, I just want to say this is the reason that Brit poker players are superior to the, the American counterparts because you know. Uh, I've never seen an American poker player actually calculate whether getting a penalty is possibly worth it 
to win a part. I've never heard the justification before, and I, I think it's brilliant. I, for one, think it's absolutely brilliant that uh, he has decided that, uh, number one, he's probably already get, getting the penalty, which is probably true from watching the whole thing, because the, the other floor man said they need to speak to him after the hand's over, so we, we think we know what that meant. And then second, uh, he's saying, you know, I need to win this part first and foremost, and if I get a penalty, it's still worth it, as long as I win the part. So this is the type of brilliance that um, we just don't, do not see from the players that are across the pond in the States. So I, I am, I've never done this move myself. I have to say I'm not quite the player you are, but uh, I am, am impressed by this whole thing. And uh, Now, Brandon, what did you want to have to say to me? Yeah, I, I heard from Druff now, and it's fine that you're a poker fanboy even though you're in your 50s, but Druff had told me that William Kasuf is now your favorite British poker player, and you actually enlarged some photos of him to poster size that you now have in your den. Is that true? Brandon, Brandon, why are you telling him that? You shouldn't. You shouldn't be telling oh, him. Okay. You, you shouldn't well, be telling him. Okay. Look. No. 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 Do you know what? I, this is getting me quite angry because <laughs> I told you this. I told you this in confidence. I didn't say you can go blab this to Brandon. I didn't say you can go tell him these Sorry. things. Now I sound like I'm a schoolboy I mean, with a crush on this individual. Now well, he's really going to think that I'm like the uh, the Daniel Negreanu of, of poker without the results. No, that it, I've, I've got the like gay that. side of being Daniel Negreanu, but. What, yeah, yes. What did you want to say? What was that, William? I just said, oh, dear. No, it's funny. I find it comical. I won't take it that way at all. Yeah. No worries. No, it's all good. It's, it's only it's been recently. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to keep posters of him on my wall like you know, someone's going to sit there with um, a poster of Samantha Fox back in the 80s. It's not like that. You know, it's, it's not like that. It's just for the moment, I'm just uh, very enthralled with his play and uh, his outfoxing the opponents at the table. So for the moment, I went a bit overboard. It's no big deal. That's it. No, I appreciate it. No, thanks for your support. Yeah, I, I have yeah, to. I, I have to agree now. I have to agree now. Uh, uh, William, do, do you know what part of England that uh, he's from? From his accent, can you tell? From, from Nigel, Nigel's accent. Yeah, Nigel's accent. Can you tell where he's from, or is it not uh, uh, not coming through? It's, it's tricky, actually. No, I, I don't know. God, enlighten us, Nigel. Well, all right. Um, you know, I, this is so frustrating how it's all becoming about me. I'm, I'm trying to call up and admire William here, and it, it's all becoming okay. about me. I don't know why I'm so interesting, but if you must know, I'm, I'm from Manchester, all right? And uh, I've said this before. It's no big deal. I, I like to sometimes just say London because a lot of people, they, they don't know Manchester except for this uh, Manchester United. They go, oh, do you, are you a fan of Manchester United? No, I, I happen to not be a fan of Manchester United despite being from Manchester, and that's okay. You know, I don't have to be a fan of Manchester United. Are, are you a fan of Manchester United, uh, William? No, I'm Arsenal, actually. Yeah, see, this, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. Not, not everybody from the UK is a fan of Manchester United, even if they're from Manchester. Anyway, that's all I've got. You know, I've got nothing more on this phone call. I just, I just wanted to uh, get these questions out and also have William know that I was a big fan and that I really was hoping he was going to make the final table. And when he didn't... Um, yeah. I won't go as far as saying I shed a tear, but um, it, it wasn't a good night for me either. Yeah, well, no, you should, you'll see all on the coverage anyway when it comes now, out. Now, yeah. Colonel, what do you think of this wench, uh, this uh, Stacy uh, Madison? Madison, what, what's your you opinion? You know, of her? I was I was reading that that two plus two form, and I'm seeing here that um, first of all, she's talking about how she folded 
the hand because she saw that he had the fl- the straight flush the previous hand because I guess the audience saw and they like, they tipped her off and I'm thinking what is going on here this isn't a team sport the audience shouldn't be telling her what he had that hand when he had the straight flush so that's my first problem and my second problem is how she's getting her buddy Jack Ethel to do these rulings in her favor when clearly um, someone should, someone else should be making these rulings, not someone who's working with her, you know. So, so I think this whole thing is rigged. This is, you know, I thought American politics are rigged, but but now we see that American poker is rigged as well. So he he did he did splendid considering the walls that were up against him here. Yeah, and you'll, you know, see, was, uh, you'll see it on day seven when the coverage comes out. I don't want to spoil it for the viewers, but you yeah, you can justify it when you when you see the uh, coverage. That's coming up on ESPN, I'm sure. So, Colonel, what you're I'm going to Colonel. So, what you're saying basically is you feel like the main event of the World Series of Poker was rigged against William because he was British. I don't think it was hard rigged. I just think that um, there's a lot of roadblocks put up to where he cannot have the same opportunities as someone who's from the States. You know, if, if he happens to run like God and he happens to uh, not get into conflict, then great. But if the slightest thing requires a decision, it's always going to go against him because he's not from the state. And that's, uh, that's my problem here. And I, I saw this coming a long time ago. All right. Well, Colonel, listen, you need to get some sleep. Thanks for calling in again this week. And yeah, I, I, sure I, I stayed up quite late here. It's almost 5 yes. in the morning. So well, I tell you how to hip and let's go on with it. Yeah, you wanted to meet William Kasuf and you got your you got your dream come true. Oh, I did. Like, Very yeah. nice. Talio, thanks, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Thanks for the support. All right. Talio, Pip, Pip. And uh, you don't let these um, critics here get your knickers in a knot. Not at all, not at all. I'll take a picture of salt. I laugh them off. Hate is going to hate, but ball is going to ball. All right. All right. It's been uh, an honor speaking to you, and uh, good night. Hashtag like a boss. Take care, Nigel. <laughs> well, that was, that was, uh, I mean, he was pretty enthusiastic, Josh, I'll say that. I lost you on video, by the way, when you, when you, uh, for some reason. Yeah, Todd, I can't see you now, by you the way. Know, I've, I can't I've, see you. I have such issues with the stupid... Let me put myself back on. I'm sorry, but there we are. Well, did you make I, any big, did you make any big baller purchases? Did you buy a car or maybe a house? What was the biggest thing you bought money-wise after you uh, with, with your with your large score? Uh, well, there's two things, but I, the second one I don't think people know because uh, I just got it yesterday. Uh, well, I got a uh, all right. That's why I got it, uh, a Rolex Daytona. So right. I got it, uh, and you watch that you guys can see here. But the, That's uh, a the, nice thirty thousand dollar watch. That's not bad. It's not bad. I got a good price for it. So uh, right. yeah, it's decent. And then uh, I recently acquired, uh, literally just yesterday, or more or less than yesterday, a few hours ago, uh, an Aston Martin DB9, <laughs> nine high like a boss. There you go. <laughs> so, Jeff, he hits the main event for 300 k He's buying a $30,000 Rolex. I don't even know. What does an Aston Martin cost these days? Is it a brand new one? No, it's not a brand new. I would, no, I've never buy a brand new car. You lose a third of the value as soon as you take it off yeah, the floor. Yeah, that is true. Never worth getting a, a brand new one. Drufflet, I got Drufflet. a second-hand one, but good condition, wow. really good price again. Really under-market price, so I've got a really good deal on that. Mm. That's what that 007 drives, isn't it, Ashton That's Martin? It. Yeah. Oh, look at that. That's right, James Bond style. Wow, so he, he didn't just sock away the money then. He's. Uh... <laughs> I'm thinking he's going to say, like, you know, he, he, he bought someone dinner, he had a big party, went to the strip club, <laughs> he, bought a, he bought a Rolex and an Ashton Martin drive. <laughs> I mean, is there any money left? Is, is it all gone? Is there any money left at this point? There is. No, that's a fair bit. That's a fair bit. That's a fair bit. I think I've only, I'm going to be sensible. Use only like half of it as my poker bankroll over that, and the other half I'm going to uh, invest it wisely in non-poker related things. So now you're you're a a barrister, is that correct? I'm a, a lawyer. Yeah, a lawyer. I like to say lawyer because I have to, if I say solicitor, which wait, uh, what wait, okay. So I saw so, someone on 
you know, we have forums. I don't, I don't know if you checked out the site. I sent you a link. But yeah. besides right now, and we've never done this in the history of PFA on video like this. So you were like, I got kind of adamant you wanted to do the video to see each other, which is cool. I like it. Very, yeah, now very now Brandon can see my gold but, bars for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. But we normally, and the other thing I think I mentioned, we do more, co- like we talk to serious talk, gambling, poker, you know, but, uh, you know, we have a more comedy side. So we don't really have like, oh, so this guy won the WPT in Borgata. Let's have him on to talk about how is Ace King hell. You know what I mean? We don't do all that. Just, <laughs> yeah, uh, moms, yeah. Yeah, moms, yeah. Exactly. Like, who wants to hear that shit all these years? Yeah. Like, we did that back in the day, but now it's 2016. And then what happened? And then I hit a king. Like, I mean, come on. And, you know, <laughs> so you should feel honored because we don't we don't have guests on here. I mean, you caught my eye. I'm listening to you. You had the heart like, like a like a lion. You're saying mob. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so we don't do this a lot. But anyhow, we have a forum that's attached to this, to, you know, to the site. And we also have an interactive chat room right now. So as we're speaking, there's literally a chat room with listeners. And I'm, I just clicked on it. And, you know, they're they're. If I said, hey, so-and-so, or someone give me a question for William, the chat will start – or the you know, chat room will start typing. So anyhow, there was a forum uh, – or there's a forum, and in that forum today, I wrote early this morning that you would be on. So then other people started commenting and you know, making I – mean, no offense. Oh, actually, no. You don't even give a shit. Now, some are a little brutal. Some are like, I hope he dies in a grease fire. Now, some are nicer, like, oh, I can't wait to hear him. This is going to be good radio. But yeah. someone actually pointed out that you were an attorney, and I didn't, I didn't even know that. That's how much yeah. I, we do interviews. Now, is this something that you, you spoke of in the World Series? How, how do people already know that you're an attorney? Uh, I think that they described it while, while Norman Chad or uh, Norman oh, Carroll was introduced. I'm sure they, they mentioned it on the broadcast. or there was. Okay. Uh, I think they cut to an interview of me during one of the episodes on how, the ESPN coverage. How is it so. you keep those kind of hours that you're going to bed at 6, 7 in the morning and, and, and you're in a Yeah, that's true. His, yeah. his uh, clients can't get a hold of him, I guess, or during the day when he sleeps. I need, I need to stress. That's what I am by profession, but I'm taking a break from the legal career at the moment to play poker full-time. Ah, so I right, see. playing poker full-time. But when I say full-time, I'm not playing every day. I play like maybe three, four days a week. Like every other day of the week, I'm playing poker. And other days, just chilling out with the girlfriend, with friends, going out, doing other, doing other right. stuff. Play for a pool team, for example, billiards. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do other stuff during the week. But So I'm taking a break what from the legal career. What specific uh, kind of law did you specialize in? Like uh, commercial litigation, uh, dispute resolution. So mainly civil claims like breach of contract, misrepresentation, that kind of thing. My last job was working in insurance litigation, dealing with fires and floods for insurance okay. companies. It wasn't that fascinating. Yeah, no, it sounds really some, boring, actually. Some things were okay, and it can be appealing and can be quite rewarding to work on a case from start to finish, and then you, you win the case or settle it. Right. Whatever. But most of the case got settled out of court and it was, it was quite dull, quite mundane, and it wasn't my idea of fun or excitement. Uh, so I got into poker, obviously, and had a, had a few good results, obviously, before going to Vegas. And, um, yeah, I decided oh, I just want to focus more on poker, more passionate about poker, more, more passionate about the game, wanting to improve and love the whole psychological aspect of the game and getting into the opponent's mind and thinking what they're thinking I've got. Right. And, versa. and th- this is what I love about the game, more than the whole gamble and the ace-king versus jacks. Coin flip. Let's get it. Let's get it in. Hope we. Hope we win the hand. So, so that's part of the game. I like getting now, to find the strategic element and the psychological element. When you say that you're a you, you're an aspiring or you are a professional poker player, is it just the tournament circuit you're grinding, or do you mix it up and play cash games? What is? How do you spread it out? What do you I do both. 
I do both, yeah. Effectively, well, cash games are every poker player's uh, bread and butter. So you play right. cash games to, to boost your bankroll and you put a, a percentage of that bankroll towards uh, playing a tournament that you fancy. If it's, a, if it's a bit out of your bankroll, then you play a satellite to go into that tournament. Well, I mean, so, yeah, that's, that's all pretty smart games. stuff, but I'll, I'll say that a lot of tournament players I know, in fact, most of them just stay away from cash games and they just keep firing, 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 hoping for that big score in the tournament. And then when they eventually uh, go in that inevitable slump, then that's the end of them, where they start uh, getting way deep into makeup, and the whole thing becomes a mess. So I, well, now I, they start stealing normally now, or, or they start stealing, right, or scamming. So, so yeah. So, I mean, you have a good approach Someone here. Kill their parents? Did someone kill yes, their parents? Yes, yeah. We we had we had a guy here in in the states who actually uh, murdered his parents for an inheritance when he couldn't uh, afford to play tournament poker anymore. So, sure, it's a true story, William. We're it's a true bullshit. story. We're not, it's not a yeah. joke. He really did it, and he got convicted. He's he's in jail in Nevada for this. So, uh, so th- that's that's and interesting as a responsible way you, to uh, approach what it. What stakes do you play when you play cash games? What are you playing? These uh, days? Usually, just like one, two, one, three hold'em. Sometimes two, five. Uh, if I have a spin up in one night and I've sat with say like two, three hundred pounds and I've spun it up to like eight, nine hundred quid, I might go sit in a bigger game just to give it a spin. I might uh, pr- uh, pocket the uh, the initial yeah. stake that I bought in for, play with my profits, and give it a spin. What's the worst ca- that can happen? The worst. That can happen is I lose all my profits and I go home. Uh, I break even for the night. Now, are you so upset? Right. Sit with two hundred, then I spin up to eight, nine hundred. I'll sit with like the seven hundred. I'll put the two hundred quid in my pocket, and sit with seven hundred in the bigger game, and try and spin it to like two, three grand. And if I do that, then walk out. Now, are are so you upset? Into your one, two, no limit game in the Ashton Martin now. Next time you go play one, two, <laughs> you're going to be coming in the Ashton Martin. Probably, yeah, yeah. Like a boss, my, my, right? Like a boss. Take it down like a boss, but I'm like, yes, like I still got to get insurance on. It. I've only just got it today. Oh yeah, I've got insurance here. Wow, transferred the ownership and got the t- the road tax on it, but I haven't yet got the insurance on. Well, it. anybody, so, anybody who hates you can. Hold on, so, someone, someone, anyone, anyone who hates him can come down there right now and vandalize his Aston Martin before he gets insurance on it. What is road tax? It, it, it's effectively exactly what it says. You got to you tax your vehicle to be on the road. Your vehicle has to be taxed to be on the road. I mean, we we have road? a form of that. It's just not called road tax, but that's uh, we. Oh, we, we, our car registration fees. There's all kinds of fees. Look at your car registration. There's all kinds of different fees on there. The vehicle license fee. Especially have your car on the road legally. Yeah. Yeah. We have that. It's it's, it's called registration over here. Gotcha. Yeah. Very, very interesting. So. Do you, do you play any other forms of poker or you just hold them? One two one three hold'em in case you two five and I've been getting into Omaha PLO recently. We're playing one two uh, PLO, two five PLO, and even mixing up with the big boys playing the five ten Omaha. And yeah. they're sitting there with like between five and ten k, yeah. and, and I'm sitting there with a minimum like uh, five five hundred pounds. And uh, the last spin up I had stuck with five hundred quid and uh, managed to spin up to two thousand eight hundred. And uh, yeah, the table went quite goody actually. So yeah. So I have a question. I have a question for your. Hold on, I got a question right here. Now yeah. I, I believe the Brexit happened after. Uh, no, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was after you won the money, right? The Brexit happened, the Brexit vote? No, Brexit happened, uh, before I went to uh, before you won the money. So, so, uh, I guess you gained from that fact that, uh, yeah, that, yeah. That, I was about to ask if you were mad about that because I thought the Brexit happened after and that you went and took the, uh, took it as a check in pounds. And then it, uh, it lost value, but uh, well, it takes it takes a lot for me to get mad in any for any situation. I'm quite I like to think I'm cool, calm, collected in every situation. But if anything, if any time I was going to get mad was before I went to Vegas because I knew when I changed my pounds to dollars, I was getting a lot less dollars for my pound go, going to Vegas because the rate was was uh, was ridiculously bad. Yeah, uh, changing pounds to dollars. But I was going to Vegas with a positive attitude. Uh, thinking that if I won, if I won in Vegas, if I won big in Vegas, my dollars will be worth a lot more in London when I brought, brought them back. 
to convert them back to pounds. So that's exactly what happened. Uh, it worked out at the end. Uh, I think I had to pay £800 more this year for the main event, as I would have done last year or the year before. So it would have cost me more, but it worked out in the longer term in terms of I went there to try and win, and if I did win... Uh, the dollars will be worth a lot more. Yeah, and uh, unbelievably, right now the right now the British pound is only worth one dollar and twenty two cents in the U.S., which is incredibly low. It's the lowest I've seen it in. in uh, I, I don't remember if it, I've ever seen it lower than that. I think it's lowest time ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I I was actually playing on a a site with a lot of Europeans that actually had some games in pounds. This is back in like two thousand five, and it was essentially double. So you're playing one fifty three hundred pound. It was like paying three hundred six hundred dollars. But now a dollar twenty, it's a huge difference. And in fact, I'm sure I'm tempted now to come to Britain as a tourist, and I can finally meet Colonel Faversham. I, I, uh, I mean, it's it'd be finally kind of cheap to be a tourist there. Where before you come from a, from the U.S. Uh, as a tourist there, and it's just uh, everything's expensive. But now it's uh, it's looking pretty good. But yeah, it's literally We're, good for everyone, everyone in the world to come to London right now. Yeah. Come to the UK right now is good for you guys, and it's really bad for us to go anywhere outside the UK. So that's where did you uh, where did you stay the whole summer? Like wh- what hotel? Uh, stayed at the Tuscany. Actually, great value. Some people don't even know about it. Just off the strip uh, on East uh, East Flamingo. Yeah, no, exactly. Behind, behind Valleys, literally behind yeah. Valleys. So it's a great location right in the middle. Very of the small street. casino, but very nice rooms. Yeah, oh, great. Yeah, they're suites, all big suites, really yeah. like massive when you go in. Well, for me, they're massive. I know everything in, in the States is, is big. Uh, but compared to like other rooms that I'd saw in, uh, seen in Vegas, yeah, they're massive suites. I don't know how many square square feet or whatever. When you walk in, there's a, like a kitchen area. There's a there's a living area, like a sofa. Obviously, you've got the TV and the bed and the, and the ensuite yeah. bathroom. But it's quite a big suite for, for what it is. And the price that you pay was really cheap. The Rio's an overpriced dump. Let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah, no. I, think, I think it's overpriced. Yeah, it is. It's dated. It needs refurbishing. It's not what it used to be like uh, back in the day. No, so I wouldn't not, pay the prices that they're absolutely. at. Absolutely. The, the Rio is a, it's a very old 20 years old at this point. Yeah. 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 It's like Lindsay, it's, like, a, it's like the Lindsay Lohan of hotels, kind of, maybe. Yeah. If you like, if that's your kind of analogy yeah. of it. Yeah. Now, now, William, I think I told you this when we were when we were corresponding off the show, but to your, I guess – to your right, or maybe it's to your bottom, wherever you're looking at Druff, do you know that he is a, uh, a WSOP bracelet winner? Did I tell you that? Yes, you did. Yeah, congratulations. Congratulations. Well, I haven't uh, mentioned that before. So oh, well, thank you. It's, it's, uh, it's so long ago. I was told. I don't play limit limit poker, so... Uh, no, no, it's yeah, a dying game. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so long ago, but it was 11 years ago when I won it, and... Right. Uh, so the you're the card player player of the year too that year. Yeah, I was, and you know I've I've had a. They have you Druff, Do they dress you all up like they did Kasuf? Put you in a suit and a tie and do some fashion uh, thing with you? Like uh, you did with William? No, no, they they gave me like a, a half paragraph uh, that they buried in the issue for it. <laughs> there was no tie brand. I didn't wear the tie. I thought I love yeah, a tie. Okay. I'm doing a tie for a poker magazine. Nice. Yeah, nice. I, I think my mistake is I, I didn't speak. I didn't talk trash any players who were also Caesar's employees. That was my mistake. Had I done that, I think that I would have gotten more uh, more excitement about uh, about my win. But yeah, it was a long time ago. I'm hoping it'll happen again at some point. And uh, now I know what it, though. I do. I know what it feels like to get deep in the main event. I had it six years ago. Didn't quite get as deep as you i got to 88th and uh but I, you know unlike you i never had a stack so it was kind of more of a survival thing i just couldn't get a stack going so i just was preventing anything bad from happening for six days and uh finished 88th but 
other than that, I've had a hard time with that main event. So that's that's great to finish seventeenth, and uh, also to to really become the face of the main event in a year where everyone was complaining it was boring. Everyone's complaining that yeah. people the people who made the final table are boring. Uh, nobody cares. You know, the the the, the coverage is boring. That's why everyone's talking Willie Kasuf, Willie Kasuf, because that's uh, that's really the only thing that happened of interest this year. So. Uh, oh, thank you. Thank it's you, great yeah. that you have become the, the uh, really the story of the 2016 World Series. And the funny thing, I was wondering Wait. on the forums the way this is going to be received. And uh, when Stacy showed up on the two plus two forums, she really got a very bad uh, a bad response from people. People uh, really didn't like her and, and the way she was carrying herself on there and the way she was reasoning out everything on there. And oh, let me ask you about the straight flesh hand. I know the Colonel made a reference to it, but. You something about you showed that you had the straight flush to the camera, uh, you know, a few hands about before this thing where you bluffed her, uh, when you had a straight flush, and then uh, you never showed it to the table, but it was said that you showed it to the cameras so they could have it for later, and then someone reported that to her at some point that you had had a straight flush against her, and she said that influenced why she folded against you when she had the queens in, the, in this uh, hand that was on TV. Uh, did you show this to the camera, and were you aware that other people may have seen it or that had been reported to anyone at the table? Well, first of all, I didn't, I didn't think that anyone had re- reported to her and told her that I had the straight flush. I mean, I openly uh, told the table that I had a straight flush. I didn't want to show it. And the reason why I didn't show it to, to the tables at, at the time, I knew the camera crew were there. I noticed them in the other hand. At the end of each hand, they had the right to look at any anyone's holding anyone's cards at the end of the hand and they had a small camera that they had next to the dealer and they put like a board between the dealer and and themselves and the camera to look to peek at the cards just for the cameras cameras viewing only no one else on the table could see it not even the dealer could see the cards literally one one guy would lift up the cards and the guy with a small camera would zoom in just to see the two cards before the hand was mucked and so, they play the next hand so, so how can so you see a small there? guy with a big camera or a big like a midget <laughs> no, there's a guy there with a small camera. Marvelous. We have a major who listens to the show, so that's why uh, Brandon now, mentioned I, that. You know, I also have yeah. – we have – we have these text numbers on the on the phone. Now, it's not our personal number, so people aren't harassing us, but there's a number that we have where listeners can text us questions. Yeah. And I just had a listener that's in England, and, and I'm, not, I'm not making this up, text me and said that everyone knows that for the last half decade, the Tuscany is like – uh, like London Hotel, every WSOP, it's where all the Brits stay. Is that actually true? Uh, no, there were a few Brits uh, this year and the previous time that I went, but not a massive amount. I wouldn't say we're flocking in our hundreds just to stay at the Tuscany and nowhere else. Uh, I'm always going to bump into people I know. I play the whole tournament circuit around the UK, so I'm always going to bump into people from Birmingham, from Manchester, from Leeds, from London. Uh, so I'm not, not going to say or, or think that there's just Brits that, that, that just stay in, in the Tuscany Hotel. I don't think that's true at all. Uh, there might be a few, but um, I don't think that was uh, on a large scale at all. I okay. think if anything, there's a minority of Brits stayed there. I think the rest of them stayed all over on, on the bigger hotels on the Strip, but they stayed for shorter periods, maybe like five to seven days. So they wanted to splash out. They wanted to stay at the Wynn or the Encore just for like five days before they went home. Um, otherwise, others who were staying for like two, three weeks, like myself, I don't, don't, don't know many who would stay in like the Wynn or the Encore or, or, uh, or Bellagio for like three weeks. Um, so others were like saving on, on the hotels because obviously as a poker player you're going to be like out of your hotel room for most of the day anyway 
You're, you're going to be playing poker in either right. or cash games. So what's the point having a plush room just to yourself where no one else is going to see, no one else is going to share? There's no point spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on that when that could be effectively two, three buy-ins for a WSP main event. Absolutely. Now, William, uh, is, is, is your girlfriend around? Are you by yourself? Can anyone else hear you? <laughs> I'm, by, I'm by myself now, but I'm sure she's going to listen to this broadcast at a, a future point. So. Okay. Well, you know, we could always edit it out. We're going to uh, attempt to play a game here. It, it's have you ever heard it? it's remember when I told you in the in the Twitter this isn't like a normal podcast like Chicago you know some people are busting Chicago what is Chicago Johnny Jimmy Chicago, uh, Joey but here before we be, before we begin that I know you're going to say anybody yeah, who's who's anyone who has this up on uh, speaker or you're in mixed company or maybe you you uh, listen to this around your girlfriend or wife and want her to believe that this is a, a clean podcast I, I think what you need to do is uh, is turn it off and listen later in the archives when you're by yourself that's what you need to do because we're it's going to get a little bit dirty a little marvelous. bit dirty <laughs> marvelous, marvelous. Brandon marvelous. Loves it. I, love, I love that that's my fa- that's my favorite line even more than the, the nine nine high like a boss or high like a lot just because as Jack as Jack Effel's explaining to you why you're getting punished and he's not listening to any of your reasoning, you just keep saying World Series of Poker, marvelous, marvelous. Like you're kind of mocking him because he won't even listen. To you. And you're like, this is the biggest term in the world. Like, and you're giving me this penalty when it's I'm deep. And you're just like marvelous, marvelous. And I just I don't think anyone picked up on that, but it was great. And it's going to a commercial and he's chiding you. He's like, I don't want to hear it. He's like, go Google taunting on your phone. On your you know he tells you on the smartphone to go Google yeah. taunting. It was like marvelous, marvelous. So, okay. Anyhow, Truff. Also, we gonna open up the phone lines. I, I mean, well, yeah. I, I guess I, I guess we can. Uh, yeah. If anyone, I don't. You know, normally, because you've been very kind in your correspondence with me, replying to me, and you know, we've talked a little bit. So I didn't know if you'd feel uncomfortable if we opened up the phone lines. You know, because we never know. This is live. We don't have a screener. You know, this is people are listening right now and. As far away as where, Druff? Where do we have our, our most... Well, actually, I, I, I hate to tell you something here. Because of our problems earlier, I can't take phone calls right now. I, that's why I had to... Uh, I had to, oh, I had to really? I, I had actually call Colonel Fabersham okay. at his incoming number to, to reach him. That's why I had trouble getting well, him on here. But well, yeah, we, we could... We, well, no, I, I can, re, I can uh, restructure the call, and then we can take calls. Otherwise, we Listen, just skip I, it. I've had him on an hour. I don't know. You know, I don't want to... If he needs to go, he's got the Ashton Martin now to go drive around and... And pick up some fish and chips, maybe for for a late breakfast. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm going to be honest. And this is the truth. Druff will vouch for me. Uh, and I have I have a lady here too, so I have to kind of keep my voice down. We haven't done this segment, Druff. And how many? I don't think we've ever done this segment on this site, have we? Oh yeah, yeah. We we had other radio shows we did before this one, and uh, yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know if we've ever done it on this show, even though this show has been around for four and a half years. It's been a while. Absolutely. It's been a while it's for been, sure. We used to do this with all our guests. And uh, some of them would answer, some of them would laugh. I, th- I think the worst was, was Christy Arnett. She really felt uncomfortable. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, her husband threatened us. Uh, but anyhow, uh, <laughs> it's been six years, William. So this is truly an honor that we're even bringing this back. Uh, some may say it's in a good way, others may not. But the name of this, just making sure, the name of this segment is called Ass Pussy Mouth. Are you familiar with it? Mom, I, I think I'd go uh, get where this is going, but uh, no, <laughs> I don't usually play this game. The rules are pretty simple. <laughs> he doesn't usually play this game. Pussy mouth, and we name three girls, and you have to you have to basically say which orifice you would put, you know, the like your your heart like a lion into, and why. So an example, and these choices came from the chat. These aren't choices I made up, but the three female. Okay, ladies in question were Vanessa Selps, 
Stacy Madison and Kara Scott. Now, do you understand that? Yeah, marvelous. Yeah, he was in a hand with uh, with uh, Vanessa Selfs, by the way. It was also on TV. So that's. Uh... Now, if you don't want to give reasons, I mean, it just you know, this is a kind of game. Uh, listen, I like you. I want you to come on the show again. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. You know, we do this sort of thing. We're kind of known in the poker world for being silly. Uh, you go with it however you feel comfortable and best. And you yeah. know, it just Vanessa Selps. Uh, we can start with her first. If if I mean, what would you even do? What would you do with that one? None of the above. <laughs> but I mean, but if it has to, like, you're going to win the main event. They're going to give you the main event. God comes down, tells you you have the main event. You have to just, it's Vanessa Selps. And it's one of the three orifices. Which oh, one do you think? Be on yeah. ESPN again, and you're going to, William Kasuf, and he wins it this time. And it has to be one. Which one would it be? <sighs> Uh, well, I don't think it could be any, any of the ones uh, down right. below. It has to be mouth, I think. Okay. All right. Uh, and we'll go with your arch rival. If you're a Superman, she'd be your kryptonite. Or maybe, you know, you're her kryptonite. Samantha, uh, Madison, uh, Stacey Madison. Uh, <laughs> um, well, since she tried to be a pain in the ass to me and tried to get my hand killed, I think I'm going to give her the, the same treatment. <laughs> And then obviously that by default leaves Kara Scott in. Okay, that's awesome. Draw a round of applause. Good yeah, that's very good. Awesome. Very good. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope we didn't embarrass you. I mean, it just, it, it you know, it. I, you know, I, I have to say I'm, I'm behind all these. Yeah, I knew he'd get it. I'm behind, I'm behind all these, but I have, to, I have to be honest here. I think that going down on Vanessa Selfs would really freak me out. You would have to pay me a lot of money to do that. Now, she wouldn't want me to because I'm, I'm not the same gender that she would prefer to do that to her. But, but I, you know, if she, even if she wanted me to, it would be very tough to get me to do that to Vanessa Selfs. That just seems – I couldn't. I couldn't. Jimmy Jeff, could you even uh, finish complete, you think? Could you get, you know, get off even in any of the – well, I don't know if I could. Well, Vanessa wouldn't know. It would be me doing it to her, though. So that's but if a, she was doing it to you, could she get you off? Uh, well, I'd much rather she do it to me than the other way around. That's for sure. But, right, uh, but I'm saying that she's, that she's doing it to you. Could yeah. you get off? Uh, it depends how dark it is, I think. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. But, but, but in, in, all, in, all, in all fairness, though, she, she would never want to do it. She, she's probably more disgusted about doing it to me than I would be to her, believe yeah, it or not. That's true. William, do you have anything at all that you want to promote? I mean, this is like, you know, we have a lot. We have thousands of listeners. I mean, I a, a book. Uh, uh, anything that's something that you know obviously you're on ESPN uh, I don't even it, it, I thought it aired on Monday but I have the DVR that records it so is, it's on Sundays now it's on Sunday nights yeah around r- roughly 8.30pm Eastern and, and when, do you th- when do you think the uh, you said you're uh, an upcoming episode are you going to be on the next one uh, when when is the one where you're going to be busting out or something significant happens next when, week next week it goes down to the November 9 next week okay right? well it's uh, there's there's 14 episodes in total and then we've shown uh, up to episode 10 so they're going to show 11 and 12 this Sunday stroke Monday so let me I'm Wait, guessing did... I might bust out by the end, end of 12, unless they prolong it into the following week to keep viewers uh, um, watching until the following week to episode 13. I'm not, I'm not too sure. But I'm guessing they do an hour, hour and a half is the it's roughly about 90 minutes for the first episode, and the second one's roughly about an hour when they do it on the broadcast. So it depends how much of the footage they put in, how much they edit it, what they want to broadcast on uh, episodes 11 and 12. But I'm guessing with the, with Start of day seven, there's 27 left, and I finished in 17th. 
Uh, I'm guessing I'm definitely going to be on 11 and 12. Whether I bust by the end of 12 is going to is going right. to be the question or not. The, but, the episode I just saw a couple days ago, they were down to the final 27. So that was the last one they aired here in the United States. That's where they finished it, where they said end of day six and there's 27 players left. Yeah, yeah. right. Yes, yes. That's, that's the last one. That's episode 10. So 11, okay. 11 will be the start of day seven, and I'm on the feature table from the start. Gotcha. Okay, are you coming back out here for the November 9 or any time in November or December? I know you mentioned you may play uh, a WPT out here sometime That's late this year. No, I'm busy. I'm busy in November. So be, you said if there's something I wanted to mention uh, to the viewers. Yeah, if you, if, please. I don't, I don't think you guys have ever ever been on one, but uh, if if you wanted to play on, on the, I think it's the first super yacht casino uh, in the world. It's like a casino, hotel, restaurant, and spa all in one on board a oh. big super yacht in uh, Gibraltar. Actually, uh, there's a uh, tournament down there between the 17th and the 20th of November uh, called the Super Stack Gibraltar. It's fairly modest buy-in that pretty much everyone uh, can buy-in. You can buy-in, your girlfriend can buy-in. Uh, but the whole point of it is that you treat it as a holiday. It's like 20 degrees or Celsius anywhere. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but fairly warm for that time of year. November, great location on the southern tip of Spain, basically. Uh, but wow. lots of bricks there, lots of expats. Uh, wow. Great location and, um, yeah, a great tournament to yeah, play. I should... Well. I should uh, yeah, I should translate. Uh, Twenty degrees Celsius is about sixty-eight degrees Fahrenheit. Twenty degrees Celsius, sixty-eight Fahrenheit. Yeah, it's about sixty-eight. Yeah. So okay, that's, that's not, not bad. too bad for November, right? Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. So yeah, so sixty-eight Fahrenheit for you uh, for you guys in the US. Uh, if you're traveling to Europe or just wanted to fan- fancy trip over to play on a super yacht casino, then yeah, super sexy broads is definitely yeah. the one. I've never not, I've never played or stayed on a on a on a super yacht, so yeah, I'm 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 quite fortunate. I'm going to be playing there and staying. Uh, on, on board the super yacht with a uh, with a pool on the top deck as well. Well, you so, know, uh, so you're not so you're not coming back to Vegas this year then. I may possibly. I know it's it's been mentioned the WPT Five Diamond Classic in uh, the Bellagio, the the 10k main. I'd rather satellite in obviously than buying for 10k. Uh, I'll see how I'm doing near the time. I've got a really packed schedule, really busy, like every single weekend, literally uh, in the UK and uh, Gibraltar in, in November as well, uh, where I'm playing poker and uh, poker tournaments here up and down the country. Uh, and and abroad as it is, I think I'm meant to be going to like IPT and EPT Malta next week for starters. Coming back, then go straight to the WPT 500 WPT 2K main event in Nottingham. And then it's the uh, Superstack in London, the Superstack Gibraltar, and then after that, yeah, the GUKPT Grand Final in the Vic, a 2K buy-in, 400,000 pound guaranteed prize pool. And then after that will be uh, either EPT Prague and or the WPT uh, in the Bellagio. Okay. So, yeah, so pretty, I, really I want to give you a there. warning, though, about the Bellagio one. I don't know how much you know about it, but uh, these days, those those five diamond uh, 10K events at the Bellagio, it's a pretty tough field. I, I don't know if that bothers yeah. you or not, but you're not going to have the same type of players you saw in the World Series of Poker main event where you had a lot of recreational and semi-recreational players who uh, – yeah, we're, rich businessmen who wanted to just to play the main event. Right, right. You're, you're not going to have much of that at all. Like, we have a lot of really good uh, pros playing that uh, 10K five diamond. You, you may be okay with that. I'm just uh, telling you before you come all the way across the pond to play. Listen, it. The guy's yeah. driving an Ashton Martin, Druff. You yeah. think he cares about dropping right. 10K? In well, the he must care. He's, he's playing. He's playing one two. I like money, Brandon. That's the Look at yeah, that he, he's playing one two. Come on, Brandon. He's playing one two. Uh, British pounds in the in the uh, casino with his. You know, he drives up in his Ashton Martin and then only plays one two. So obviously, he cares about money. I mean, yeah, of course, in for the min to get the max, you know. Look, Some people more, to get the max to get a minimum, but each of their own. I got a $2,000, this is a $2,000 tag ewer. Okay, it's $2,000. And look at that. I, mean, I can't even put this on with you. Look at that gold. You see that gold, Druff? Jesus, that's like a boss. That's a nice there Rolex. Go. There you go. That's a nice. Now, now William, if, oh, wow, look, that's sick. If you do make <laughs> it down 
here. I, I mentioned to you for coming on that I, I would be much obliged to buy you some dinner if you did. You know, you know, nothing homosexual. I got a girl. It's not like that. <laughs> but we don't meet up, have a drink. You know, maybe uh, do you drink scotch? Yeah, is that how you justify it? every time you buy a meal? I'm not homosexual. I just want to buy a meal. We don't know each other that well. We're still like in the courting phase of our friendship. Um, no, okay. I, I've worried about that too. You know, like I, I you know, we have uh, the fans of this show, and I've had you know people come to Vegas, and they want, they say they want to meet me and take me to dinner, and at first I think, oh great, you know, a free meal, and I get excited, and they go, wait a minute, what if this is a secret way to get me in bed? And I, and I go, well, I, I got to watch out for this. It could be like a, a closeted gay fan here who's trying to put the moves on me. So I have to, I have to be careful. I'm just, Brandon trying to cut out that problem right there. He's just saying, look, I'm not a homosexual. I just want to take you. To- <laughs> I, I <don't- laughs> preempt anything or uh, judge anyone because they uh, they offer me a but meal. Oh, I was going to say, so I know I, I indeed said that I would love to you know buy you a meal when you come out here, but if that thing that we talked about last night that we're not going to say on the radio comes to fruition, you're going to buy me a deal. Uh, no, I want to know what that is. How does that sound? Oh, come on, you can't say that, Brandon. The, the thing we talked about last night, it. we can't say on the radio. Now everyone's like, well, yes, what the hell is it? Something secret well, okay, now, now everybody wants to know what it is. Well, they're going to have to guess. William isn't going to say. I don't even recall what it is. I, I, are you pulling my leg now? I no, remember the thing this morning, the person that, that messaged you? That thing you that had to, that trying thing, to do for you? That thing you had together? The thing oh, okay. The thing he's going to do? That's not a big, like, oh, wow. A big oh, okay, then go ahead and say it. I don't care. Okay, well, no, 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 no. In terms of that, wasn't a secret. Matter. No, it's more of a, a confidential thing, but nothing to do, not, nothing like taboo or anything like that. No, yeah, no, yeah. Well, were you insinuating yeah. it was taboo, Druff? Uh, no, I, I think I understand now. It's, it's something when he comes to Vegas, uh, something you're going to do for him. <laughs> exactly. It's marvelous. marvelous. Uh, do you mind if I use that? Because I really enjoy saying that word now. You I, can do. You can do. Yeah, I've got to credit like Neil Channing, actually, because he's the original Neil Marvelous uh, Channing. I don't know if you know Neil Channing. I'm sure he's a marvelous. He, uh, he, he was the one who originally kept saying it, and I think I've taken it to an, another level. I, I'm going to say that. Uh, words, yeah, so speak, but, yeah uh, I'm going to say that to Jack Effel or Seth Polanski next time they have an argument with me. That's going to be my, my response, my default response to them. Marvelous. Before I before yeah. I get banned forever from the World Series for that. So yeah. anything else? You got the cruise that you spoke of. Is anything else you want to pin? <laughs> I like how you call it a cruise. <laughs> it's yeah. on board the yacht. The, sock, the yacht doesn't move. It's massive. It's, it's fixed uh, there. Oh, is that what a super yacht is? It doesn't move? It's we have those in... Uh, oh, I see. I, I, I was picturing like it's this gigantic yacht. That's what I thought a super yacht was. We have those in... It, it, is, it is. It is a gigantic yacht, yeah. Well, I, I've not seen it move. It's not going to be moving when you're playing poker. See, there's this way. there's this giant ship in uh, Long Beach, California, called the Queen Mary, and it it, it used to be uh, used as a warship. Actually, and if, hotel. And, and, if, and right, there's a hotel on it now. It used to be like a giant warship, but they now it's uh, it's used uh, as a hotel, and they have uh, weddings there. I actually went to a wedding on the Queen Mary. Uh, so, but it doesn't move. And actually, Benjamin, my son, he's five years old. He went to it, and he was very impressed with it except when i told him it doesn't ever leave the dock then he was a little disappointed because it's uh then it's not quite a ship but i when you said a super yacht i was just picturing this really awesome yacht that's gigantic that's out on the ocean that you're it's just yeah, that's what i thought he meant yeah too. when, when, it, when it's, it is, but it's just not in the middle of the ocean you don't go on cruises while you're playing well, we boats. have those in, in the u.s are called river boats yeah I just right. I, I have to say I'm a, a bit disappointed oh. now. A bit disappointed. Oh, no, it's a bit. It is like that. It, it is massive, and you should see the interior. And if I show you the photos, you'll be quite impressed. But I'm sure. it has to it has to go there. Like I want I want to be able to go to the front of it and and pick up a girl like a Kate Winslet and say I'm the king of the world. Like I, I can't do that if it's not moving. It you can do that. No, but it's not moving. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. You should do it when you're on the break. Who's okay? In your opinion, 
and this is just this is not even a game. I've never asked. Uh, I find I, I I think she's British. I don't even know. I find that Kira Knightley really really hot. What do you think about her? Yes, yeah, sir. She's a good actress. Who's like the hottest her. British? Who's the hottest British act, uh, or uh, actress in your opinion? Hottest British actress? Uh, yeah. I don't watch a lot of films to be honest. So. Oh wow! I, wa- I watch a lot of films. I like that Kira Knightley. I need to stay in more. I'm out like literally like seven days a week. I don't even stay and watch TV. I don't watch movies uh, recently anyway. So um, yeah, I don't know who I'd say is the. I mean, Kate Winslet. She's like kind of old now, and she's not. She's kind of lost it. A bit, yeah. But she yeah. never like she, like being the prettiest female actress wasn't that wasn't her forte, was it? Yeah, uh, no, you're like, right. You're right. Actress, but... Marvelous. You're right. Well, yeah. well here's here's a question just uh, about Brits in general. I, I keep hearing these rumors, and I I haven't been to Britain in 25 years. The last time I was there was uh, 91, so I haven't seen for myself. But uh, are the rumors of a lot of Brits having bad teeth? Are they, is this true, or is that just uh, something Americans say to put you guys down? Bad teeth? I've never heard anything like it. You, you've um, never heard about the bad teeth in Britain? Uh, they always say that in the U.S. They always talk about how, how, how Brits, Brits have all terrible... All my friends have good teeth. Maybe okay. I, I, I pick my friends wisely. I don't know. No, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stereotypes about the Brits have awful teeth. And I, do, I don't know if it's true or not, but that's been said. William's got good teeth. I'm, look at I'm, not, saying, I'm not saying I'm not saying William's teeth. No, but he's a, he's a barrister. You know, he has the money to keep his uh, his. Uh, what does that mean? Here. You said that before. What's a barrister? Well, I, I've got to clarify. I'm not a barrister. I'm, well, if we're going to go in, into the terminology now that you brought up, I'm he's a, a solicitor. He's a solicitor. A yeah, he's a solicitor. What is that? Uh, when you say something solicitor in the U.S., it means something completely different in the U.K. Right. So, yes. Just to give you the le- the whole legal thing, so you understand it all. The, being a lawyer is like the umbrella term. Anyone who studies law, anyone who practices law, anyone who's in the legal profession is a lawyer. Right, but there's two different types of lawyer. Once you graduate from uh, a university with a law degree or go to law school, you either do the legal practice course to become a solicitor, or you do the bar vocational course to become a barrister. You either solicitor or a barrister. A solicitor works in in uh, an office. They're the first port of call uh, for a client. You go, you have a problem. You go see a solicitor for advice. They do the paperwork. They they do all the office work basically. They're the ones who, if there's a, a specialist area of law that's involved that's more technical uh, that's more advanced that needs oh, wow. someone who knows that specific area of law they would then the solicitor would then instruct a barrister or would contact a set of chambers where a barrister works and that barrister would represent the client in a court of law in front of a judge I see. so this is so kind of this is kind of like in the u.s okay so this is kind of like in the u.s the difference between like a your general practitioner doctor and a, and a specialist it's kind of like that I'm not going to lie to you. When you kept saying, I thought you were saying barista. No. I thought no. you were saying he worked at Starbucks. No, I, I, no, no. I, 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 no, I, I know he's much more educated than a, a Starbucks employee. Okay, William. Now, I've done some court work myself. A lot of solicitors these days, they, they got higher rights of audience, which entitle them to do effectively the barrister's work, which is, uh, which is better, beneficial for the client to save a lot of costs right. in terms of instructing their solicitor to speak. In, yeah, speak so, in court. so he doesn't call himself a solicitor, Brandon, because uh, in the U.S., people would think that means that he, he gets prostitutes. No, which, on which, his Twitter bio, it says that he was a Swiss uh, a solicitor by uh, by profession. Yeah, it says that on yeah. his Wow, that, that really sounds bad. It makes him seem like he yeah. has sex with hookers by profession. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> well, take it as you wish. But you well, now you guys know. I've, I've educated you guys, so now you know. Absolutely. William, out of the nine that are left, and, you know, you are a poker player and, and you know, went deep in a poker tournament. Out of these nine guys that are left, how many have you – have you seen the list? Do you know who the, the nine that are left? I've seen the list, yeah. And How I, many have you played with? How many have I played with? About half. Sorry. Okay. Do you have an impression, I mean, other than, like, the obvious, because, you know, Johnny Bax has the chip lead, but just – who do you, I mean, just in terms of playing, who would you say is the toughest player you played with out of these remaining nine? 
the toughest. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say any of them stood out to be. Okay, uh, that's honest. Like, toughest, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, the person I'm rooting for is probably Kenny Hallett out of all of those. So I'm Team Hallett, the Belgian Belgian uh, pro or the Belgian di- uh, tournament director himself. He's, uh, uh, yeah. for, he's fourth in chips, 34-year-old, 22 WSOP caches for a little under half a million. Yeah, uh, and he doesn't even play poker full-time. I think he's, he's a, he's a yeah, tournament director in Belgium. He's a, so. he's a poker tournament director by trade. Yeah. So, so that would be who you're rooting for? I think so, yeah. European as well and a nice guy. On the table, uh, shame I can't say the, the, the same for like um, more than half of the others that are left in uh, on that on that final table. I think uh, they they didn't approve of my antics or my table talk, my speech play, so to speak. On the table, they're quite moody, quite arrogant. Well, fuck them. That's I, what we say. Fuck them. When I left, yeah. So you'll you'll see you'll see the mood yeah. and, and the state of affairs and what ha- actually happened right. prior to my bust out hand, during my bust out hand, and what happened afterwards. Uh, you'll see that all on TV, so that you 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 realize Did, that what I'm talking the about. Most- at least to Americans, obviously, and I, I would probably guess the world, the most famous player that, you know, by far is obviously Cliff Josephy, a.k.a. Johnny Bax. I mean, you know, most of us have heard that name dating back 10, 15 years now. Uh, at any point, did, did you mingle with him at all? Did you play any hands with him? Did he say anything to you? Because he's, he's kind of come across on this uh, ESPN broadcast, and you tell me if you agree with me, as kind of like the moral police, like the grandfather, like, oh, no, he's behaved today. And, like, I don't know, kind of just like the elder statesman, like, kind of a do-gooder. I don't know. What is your opinion on on Johnny Vax? Uh, yeah, likewise. I don't, I don't spoil the, uh, the footage for the viewers, but I did get involved <laughs> in a few, few pops with him, and he did say something uh, across the table to me. Pretty, I knew it. I knew it. Me I told and I took it to soul and made a laugh and a joke about it. I think the table was tilted. The fact that I didn't retaliate and started insulting him across the table uh, because they would immediately call Jack Airford and say, look, oh, he's just threatened me. He's just uh, insulted me. So I didn't want them to call the floor, even though right. they would have started on me first. I Trust took it to soul. I laughed it off. So. I, didn't even, I don't know. This hasn't even aired. And I called exactly what he's saying. That's kind of yeah. sick. <laughs> That's yeah. good. It's good read. Good read. Thank good you. Read. Thank you, sir. Well, listen, I know it's, uh, what is it now? It's 4.30. Uh, no, 5.30 a.m., yeah. It's 5.30 in the morning, yeah, yeah. I absolutely love talking to you. I'm sure, Druffaz, we appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else you want to say, any shout-outs you want to give? This will be iTunes. How many ways do we have to listen to this now, Druff? We have iTunes. We, we have we have, I, we have the iTunes Stitcher. We have the TuneIn app. We have Google Play. Someone with an Android is complaining, oh, there's, it's hard to listen to the archives. I said, no, it's not. Go to Google Play. Go to Google Play, type in Poker Fraud Alert, all one word, and uh, you can bring it up there. Uh, of course, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. And, uh, and you can also just go to our server and just download the MP3 directly. So a lot of ways to listen. Yeah. But anything, any other shout-outs? Or any, any, the floor is yours. Say anything you want. You got everyone oh, listening. Shout, shout out to all the Brits out there who've uh, railed me and supported me throughout the World Series. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, I'll definitely encourage everyone to try and satellite in, try and get to Vegas, um, try and um, satellite into the main event, try to play the main event as, as much as you can. It's a phenomenal experience. I'm not just saying that because I went deep. It, it's just, it literally is a unique tournament. There's no other tournament like it in the rest of the world. And that kind of, like, field with a mixed bag of players, uh, 6,500, 7,000 players, playing and it's just phenomenal just to, just to be part of it and just to say you're, you're part of history and you were there and you did that and you cashed in the main event uh, regardless of how, how deep you go just enjoy it and just give it your all and it's, it's like a one-off for most people it's like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity go grab it seize it with both hands it's like the, the best thing you could do if you're a poker player 
So just aim for that as your goal, and uh, yeah, never give up on your dreams. Just uh, just aim high and uh, just give it your best shot. Wow, he should, should be a motivational motivational speaker in this future. Absolutely. And again, what are the days that uh, that casino boat is leaving? I'm kidding. That's the gone. <laughs> it's the 17th to the 20th. Yeah, get down to uh, Gibraltar. Some people Gibraltar, might have for the, the boat that does not move. Yeah, I've yeah. never heard of it. It's the southern, southern, southern tip of Spain. You, you can look at the map after this uh, podcast. But yeah, great weather. Like you guys said, 68 degrees Fahrenheit, 20 degrees in, in November is pretty good. Uh, on board the uh, the Sunborn Casino. Uh, fantastic location. Fantastic tournament as well. Re- really modest buying as well. Um, so yeah, I'd definitely recommend uh, coming down. It's from the 17th to 20th of November. And uh, yeah, a, a great place to visit. Let alone just play poker. So. All right. Awesome. Thank Listen, you. you're awesome. Thank you for coming on and uh, you know what? I mean, I, I said this before, and I'm serious. It, it's it. You know, I've enjoyed you know our correspondence, and I do actually. I, I said this before. I wouldn't say you're my friend, but you know what? I'll actually go on this podcast right now, and I'm not a fanboy. Druff will tell you. I don't even know who half these people are. I mean, is that, be honest. Druff. No, it's true. No, Brandon's not really a fan I mean, of poker. He's not. I, I don't. You know, I don't know. Like you said, somebody wins something at the Borgata. Oh my God, they're on a magazine. You never hear from them again for you know the rest of their lives. But yeah. uh, you know what? I would hope that uh, we can build a friendship off this. I like you. I, I will meet you when you come out here and have a beer. I think you'd be a, a fun guy to, you know, you know, just. Uh, of course, I like to enjoy myself. You know me. I've, I've shown yeah. it. You guys have shown it on the Marvelous. table. Marvelous. It's just how I am on the poker table. Like I said yeah. before in previous podcast, how you play your poker depends on your personality. So I'm an outgoing, social, active kind of a guy. So I'm going to be reflecting that personality right. on the table and just enjoy myself, just having fun. Some people just seem seem to go on super donkey tail and let it get under their skin and take it the wrong way and and uh, think of me uh, of, of something uh, untoward, which I'm not. Uh, but yeah, just at the end of the day, just want to enjoy myself. I'm there. I'm not going right. to be everyone's property. Not everyone's going to enjoy and uh, what I say and do at the poker table. But the bottom line is, there's no malice involved. I don't insult or disrespect or berate anyone at the table. Uh, thoroughly, just go to go to enjoy myself. It's live poker in the day. This is how have, I play the game, and and that's it. Everyone should enjoy. Have it. you had any contact, whether it's on another podcast or social media or anything, with Stacy since that day? Uh, no, she hasn't messaged me directly. I mean, I've seen she, she's on Twitter. I've seen one or two comments of hers on Facebook on someone else's post, but we're not friends on Facebook. I don't, she hasn't. So there's direct. been no direct, no, nothing direct. No, not at all, not at all. No. Yeah. And what is your like? I, I, this is my guess. My opinion is you don't care either way. I mean, you don't hate the girl. You have nothing. You know. My opinion is she's there and she's still bitter and she thinks that you're this or that and you just don't care either way. You're not. You don't have any bad feelings about her. You just don't have any. Feel you know, just like you know what I mean. It's something in the past. You know what I mean. It doesn't bother me. You know. Yeah, exactly. Right. Is that that my rack? I've got no sour grapes against anyone. I I hold no grudges. I like to think I don't have any enemies. There might be some haters out there that don't appreciate what I do and and what I've achieved uh, in in poker and um, my earnings so far and uh, how I conducted myself and my antics at WSOP. Uh, But haters gonna hate, right? So there's always gonna be like jealous haters there that think they're bigger and better than everyone else and always want to slag each other off and, and berate players on the table when they've won nothing themselves or achieved anything themselves in poker. So I think that's just like jealous and envious, that kind of thing. Uh, but as for Stacey and other people like that, it, it doesn't bother me. If, if she uh, wanted to add me as a friend on Facebook, then by all means, I'll be a bit skeptical why she would be, uh, considering uh, her interview and what she said about the whole instance. I don't think that will happen. Or if she followed me on Twitter, then happy days. Uh, she might do over, over the course after she sees all, all the highlights and the antics and it's all, all done in good right. spirit. It's good fun. Uh, but yeah, I've got nothing against her. I've got nothing against anyone else that I've uh, beaten in a pot or said something to. So. And literally, the hand that was in question with you and her, 
the next hand is the way it was shown on the WSOP poker coverage. She had aces, a guy, a guy had, I mean, really, TMLK is calling him. Yeah, I think I was away from the table because uh, I was on my one, one round. Was that literally the next hand after you and her had that confrontation? It was it was one or two hands. It was within a few hands. Okay. Yeah, within okay. the first, I was on a round penalty for like nine hands, eight nine hands. I think it was like the fourth or fifth hand maximum. It wasn't more than like four or five hands later. So because I was still on my one round penalty, I think I saw her leave the table, and I was still on my one round penalty with another like four or five hands to go. So okay. uh, I'm, just, I'm getting. I don't even know what this means. Oh, this is a text message from. Oh, it's pulling up here. I get. I've had like thirty text messages about questions to you, but uh, okay. He wants to. This is from the seven three four. He says, "Is this guy? I don't even know what this word means. Drop Wenger, W E N G E R, in or out? William will know what that means. I don't even know what it means. Is this guy Wenger, W E N G E R, in it's, it's, or out? He'll know what that means. It's Arsene Wenger. He's the Arsenal Football Club manager." Oh, okay. So is this guy Wenger in or out? He'll know what that I means. I thought maybe That's he misspelled he Wanker. I thought that was going on. It's from the 703 area code. Where is that, Druff? That's in uh, Maryland. Okay, so he wants to know is Wenger, Wenger in or out? Oh, it's a tough one. So we, could, we could debate all, all night long, all day long about whether he should stay, whether he should go, and his history and what he's achieved for the club, the players he's nurtured, the, the, the young, youngsters that he's brought in and he's built up and, and done great for the team. But I think it's a shame uh, with, with all, all the uh, players that he has brought up, and they, it's been almost like, almost like the Arsenal Youth Academy kind of thing. Built the players up, and they've gone on to bigger and, and better clubs, so to speak, which, is, which I think is a shame. But we can't knock his results and his achievements and what he's done over the last uh, 20, 20 or so years. Uh, he's a phenomenal manager uh, and arguably the best manager we've, we've ever had at the club. So to get rid of him and then say, oh, it's easy to say, oh, Wenger out, but then who do we have? Uh, who, who do we have to replace him effectively have we got anyone literally standing on sidelines right now where we think oh he'll, he'll definitely be a good uh, replacement let's, let's get him in now yeah. uh, so it's, it's a long debate I can see I can understand why people are uh, getting frustrated with the lack of results we're not fighting for the title we're not getting the first and second places in, in the uh, actual Premier League uh, we're struggling just about to qualify for the Champions League each year but that's, that in itself is a, is a good achievement see, but for a club like Arsenal with with, with high ambitions and uh, high targets, you want to be up there. You want to be fighting for the. All right. See, Brandon, look what, look what you did here, Brandon. Brandon, you you made this show into uh, British soccer talk, which is worse than our baseball. Talk. Somebody somebody could have put a gun to my head, and I would not know what that question meant. No, I wouldn't either. Wouldn't I, I, I wouldn't yeah. either. And you know what? Uh, one last. I think he's last... only asked me that question because he's heard on this podcast that I support Arsenal. Yeah. About one last one minutes. last question for you, brother. Are, is there any chance I'm actually? Jeannie just reminded me. Jeannie and I and some other friends are going to uh, PCA this year in the Bahamas. Well, have you been there before? Will you possibly be there in January? I haven't been there before. Uh, when is it in January, by the way? Mid-January? It's, yeah. It's, like, the, it's uh, like January 8th or 9th through like the 20th. All right. Okay. So it, doesn't, so it doesn't clash with the Aussie Millions then? No, it doesn't. Uh, I can look it up right now. No, I, I doubt it would. No, I think it's like end of. I think Aussie Millions is like end of January, uh, February. So I think it, it might be. I, to be honest, up until like uh, this week, since uh, people have been talking about what the tournament's coming up, I, will, I don't usually know what I'm doing next week, next month, let alone three, four, five months uh, in the future. Okay, so, it's the it's the sixth through the fourteenth of of January. Oh, the PCA you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the Aussie Millions is later than that. Then, yeah. 
Yeah. So, I'm gonna uh, be down for a week. So old Genie. So old, you know, a lot of other people. Yeah, but for me, I'm gonna be quite. I think I'm gonna be shattered. I'll see how I I feel after Christmas and the New Year's. Uh, oh. But I've got a pack schedule coming up now for the next six to, six to seven weeks um, in the UK and around Europe. And, and traveling around and possibly Vegas in December. I, I really don't know about that yet. Uh, so but yeah, us, I've got to see how I feel another time and how I'm doing. Tell us what is the next one more time. What is the next big tournament that we can like track you? Like you know, meaning like someone will cover it, whether it's Poker News or whoever that we can follow you. Like we can root for you, sweat for you. The community can have like a William Kasuf, like a boss thread. Yeah, That's it. Like, probably uh, next week in Malta, the IPT and the EPT. If you're writing this down, Malta. we got to write this down, Malta. EPT, what's the buy-in? But there's the IPT first, which is the Italian Poker Tour, which is a <laughs> 1,100 uh, euro buy-in. Okay. 1, That's from like the 19th to the 22nd, I think it is. And then you've got the EPT, 5,300 euro main event, okay. from like the 23rd to the 29th, I think it is. In the, Italian poker tour, in the Italian Poker Tour, when uh, someone busts out from a bad beat, do they go, ah, mamma mia! <laughs> I don't know. Why does that have a river? Why does the river have to have fallen this way? Why do I have to be getting at this river? That's it, that's it. Bello, grazie, bellissimo, fantastico, meraviglioso. Marvelous. That's it. Asini di merda. That's what I'm saying. William, you are a fucking trooper. Thanks for coming on. Has this been like any other podcast or a little bit different? It's been different. Definitely been different. It's unique. I love I love uh, being different myself. I don't like to be the, follow the rest of the crowd and be the norm. I don't so consider myself a normal or ordinary. Uh, so I like to mix it up, be different. So I'm glad that you guys do something different. You put yes. a different kind of like spin on podcasts. You're not your conventional, traditional no. uh, podcast. You might put people on the spot with the embarrassing questions about uh, <laughs> ass, pussy, or mouth, but that's a different. That's your own unique kind of like spin up thing. So, uh, yeah, enjoyed that, although a bit embarrassing. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's good to have a different spin um, on the podcast and uh, do do something different from the rest of the industry. And, uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. I like it. All right. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Well, listen, thanks for coming on. I, w- I will be in touch because I, I like I, I would like to pursue a friendship with you. I, I'm not a poker fr- you know, fanboy. It's not like that. I don't need no money. I'm okay. It's just, I, you know, you look like you'd be a fun guy to have some fun with if you ever come out to Vegas. So I'll That's definitely... it. That's all I aim to do. I'm yeah. happy if everyone else is happy. I mean, I'll even come down to the Tuscany. I'm not going to lie. I've never <laughs> been to the Tuscany in my life. I'm at the Palazzo, the Venetian, the Blasio, the Aria. But I'll go down to the Tuscany where the Brits hang out and, and I'll buy you. The know, Tuscany Starbucks is kind of like, it's kind of like the poor man's Venetian, you know? It's, it's, it's got an Italian yeah. theme also, but just uh, much lesser. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, after this podcast, I don't think I'm going to stay at the Tuscany anymore. Yeah, no, yeah, it's true. The problem. No, it's a great value hotel. You can't knock it for what it is. But no, I think I'll be staying in the, one of the more plush hotels there next time. Yeah, and I would after this podcast, I would also park the Aston Martin in the garage. You never know who's going to come down there and vandalize oh, yeah. it before you can get don't insured. Blow your money. It may get insured Listen, before you get get I insured like quickly. William, don't blow your money. Do what you said. Invest half at least. Don't dip into it no matter what. Of course. You always go back and be the solicitor or whatever or a barista. Don't <laughs> blow the money. Don't blow them. I'm I'm serious. But I know you've been doing this for a long. Jeff, how many times have we had them come on and they're bawling out of control with the Aston Martins and the Rolexes, and they say they're not going to blow the money, and then they blow the money? How many times? Oh, it it happens so often. The few times it doesn't happen. That's that's the amazing thing. Yeah, and I like you. So does you seem like you have your head on your shoulders, right? Don't blow the money. Okay. Not at all. Not at all. I think I've spent less than twenty percent of it. Okay. I'm just That's getting good. the Rolex and the Aston Martin. I've actually okay. spent less. Than you got, you like gotta, 20. you gotta put a, the brakes on it though. Stop the spending for now. Yeah. Seriously, stop. No more spending. 
and you listen. I'll do an upgrade on the watch. I'll do an upgrade on the car, but that's about Be it. Careful so. of new friends. Okay, if all the people that are coming at you don't, well, this is what we call uh, the Newhouse syndrome. Okay. Yep. Do you know who Mark Newhouse is? Have you ever even heard yeah. that name? Of course. Okay, we've, yeah. we've known him for for like 10 fifteen years, years now, yeah. almost or twelve, yep. very long time. He won the Borgata. This was back during the poker boom. This is an 06, where, Like yeah. every PT was like over two million dollars, and he won two million dollars. He was a little shy of just turning twenty one. And he didn't really know anyone. He didn't have a lot of friends, and everyone came at him. He had all the friends in the world. Yeah, especially com- especially the commerce players. They jumped on him. Yeah, he was generous. He was naive, and he was stupid. And then I don't even know. Was it a year, two years, maybe? Yeah, two million dollars gone. Yep. Nothing. Really? Not even just really gone. Bad. But no, I'll never do. Yeah. That. So so William, okay. watch out. Like there's there's people who run podcasts and radio shows who to yeah. try to say they want to be your friend when you come to Vegas. Watch out. They want to take you to dinner. Watch out. They usually want something. Be aware but, of that. It, but in seriousness, yeah, just, you know what? Stick with the friends you've had before you blew up, before you're on the ESPN network, and just be smart with your money. And, of course. Uh, which yeah. No, you've got to reflect that and uh, pass that message on um, to all the viewers, all the listeners. I, I, th- I think he's, uh, he's pretty street. so underrated. People yeah. say all the time, yeah, bankroll management, this and that, but it's so underrated. I, th- I think... I satellite into every tournament I can, even the smaller tournaments I can afford to buy. And if there's a satellite, then I, I seem to have a good record in satellite. I don't know why, but you're... You know, traditionally, you're meant to play quite tight, and I'm anything but playing tight on the table. But um, I've got the ability to mix it up and change gears when I have to. Um, but I seem to do well in satellites. So regardless of the buy-in, you, if there's a satellite on, you usually see me playing it. No, well, you know, uh, I, I think I think he'll be okay. I think you know he's pretty street smart. He's a solicitor after all, so I think he'll be fine. And he's older too, which is good. He's not like he's well, a twenty-year-old. Well, he's not that yeah, old. Though. He's only thirty-four. He's so. thirty-four, Jeff. That's not a kid. Thirty-four and a baby. I don't know. To he's me, thirty-four. Like a- to me, yeah. it seems like a baby. Like it's so long ago yeah. for me. Well, All right, because he had a clean shave today. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I've got, yeah. Just had a shave. All right. Well, th- thank you, William. It was a very interesting interview, and uh, thank you for being so forthcoming about everything. And uh, uh, I'm sure you got to get to bed here at uh, 6 a.m. And it's almost coming up to our bedtime. Yeah. yeah. I've got another 12 minutes. If you guys want to keep going, <laughs> it's, it's, it's 5:48. Yeah. Right. Let's go. To, we'll go to 6 a.m. I mean, you know, it's all good. It's all good. No, I've really enjoyed it. Brandon, Todd, it's been it's been great. It's been great. Keep doing what you're doing. You put it a positive and different spin. You keep it entertaining for the viewers, and that's what that's what I'm all about as well. You know, keeping everyone happy, keeping everyone ever entertained, having a good time. That that that's me all over. So that's me in a nutshell. All right, so thank you. And enjoy what you do. No mistakes, no regrets. Just enjoy everything you do. And, and you got us on video too. You got both of us on video, which is unusual as well. This is oh, it. you know what? It's my suggestion. It was my suggestion, and it worked out perfectly. I just got one more question. It just came in. Like I said, I have people texting me. And this is kind of interesting. Being in a different country, specifically from England, what, are, what is not, – not you personally, although you can share with us. What does England, the country, UK, in general, think of Donald Trump? <laughs> it's, I mean we're embarrassed as a nation – or a lot of people are embarrassed as a nation. I shouldn't say we. But uh, from your perspective, the way all of this is portrayed, is it kind of uh, shining a negative light on the U.S.? In a way, yeah. I, we can't say that from the majority of speak, people I've spoken to. I don't really get into conversations about politics and right or wrong and who should be voted uh, in the president and this and that. Uh, but from what I've been hearing, yeah, he's, they, I think a lot of people think he's an embarrassment, that he's a joke. Uh, if, if we've got to like, um, compare him to someone in the UK, uh, it'd probably be Boris Johnson. Who's the former uh, London mayor who kind of like looks like him, the same kind of like hair and the same kind of like build, bit uh, pompous and that outspoken, quite well, loud. We yeah, had Boris Johnson on the show before. 
We had him like what? Th- when did we have him on? How many years ago, Druff? Uh, I, I don't remember. Like maybe, 2013. Maybe. We had yeah. him on for like 20 minutes. It was very oh, short. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So you know who he is. I'm talking about. So we're gonna compare one person as him, yeah. and he's like stepped down from his position. Uh, yeah. And he was he was part of the Brexit campaign actually. He was the main main campaigner for Brexit, and uh, I think he like stood down after um, Brexit um, uh, went, <laughs> went ahead. And uh, now we're actually having to leave the EU. I don't think he he's having a big uh, part of it at all. Um, but yeah, as for Donald Trump, I think yeah, it's shocking in terms of uh, his kind of like uh, stance on everything and his kind of views and. Um, his general behavior, I think, isn't um, something that that's encouraged or uh, looked greatly upon here uh, in the UK. So I don't think he's going to have many fans here in the UK. I can't speak for everyone in the UK. Yeah. Uh, but from what, what I've heard from friends and people generally discussing But it's basically like these stupid Americans, this is the best they can do. Does that kind of like the general? Be honest, not I don't like, care. Not like stupid Americans, but I'm thinking, this guy, you kidding me? For, for president? Yeah. That's, kind of, that's yeah. kind of a joke. How, how, how has this guy got so far... In the yes. kind of like the the run up to it, the election, the presidential candidate, how has he got that this far that he could potentially be the next U.S. president? Yeah, we're we're wondering that too. If that does happen, it'll be the biggest disaster. Yeah, we we we've wondered that too. <laughs> what's the general view of Hillary? How do people in general, not you per se, but just you know the media, society as a whole, like what do they think she's? Oh, the first female president of the U.S. Or do they think she's shady, like like you know we kind of do? What are they, what's the I person? love how you're trying to get my opinion out on U.S. politics. And look what Will Kasuf says. You know, he was no, the one. No, no, I'm not asking you. And you can tell us, I figure if you're going to tell us ask pussy mouth, you can talk about Yeah, the, this shouldn't be very but, hard. This, this should be an easy question. You, it doesn't have to be you. I'm just saying the society yeah. as a whole, like your media, your, you know, yeah. your TV commentators. That's what I mean. If you don't want to give your personal views about politics, don't. I wouldn't either. Yeah. But just it's England as a society, what's their view on Hillary? Do they think she's a savior? Do they do they regard I think her well? They think she's a, she's the lesser of two evils. Put it that okay, way. That's, a, that's <laughs> the same thing that's thought here. The same <laughs> thing. Neither, not, neither of them are, are fit to be president. Yep. If, you, if you had to choose one, you'd probably yep. choose so Hillary. So it's the same. They might as well eliminate the pond because it's the same shit. Yeah. Even without the pond. Exactly. I think anyone who's like got a bit of common sense would uh, have the same view. Molly. So, All right. That's it. That's it. So it is what it is. Good luck to you guys. Whoever gets voted, I don't know who you guys have voted. I don't know if you guys want to say who you're voting for. I, I'm not. Uh, I, I, I'm not I even voting for anybody. I have not. I have not made a decision yet. Yeah. You know, there's two other candidates that aren't going to win, but it's just more like you can make a statement. One's a former governor named Gary Johnson, who actually yeah. is like in support. What part of his small platform is like to legalize online poker? And then well, who's the chick? Jill Stein. Yeah, is that Jill her Stein. Name? Yeah. Yeah, but either one of the, one I think is a libertarian and one is like the Green Party. But yeah, and they, they, no they both problem. got issues, like, and they both got issues too. Is the truth? Yeah, but they're polling at like three, two percent. Like it, it's not even, you know what I mean? It, it, it just, I don't even know why they, they do that every year. Is it just to try to get their name out there? Or, like, why do they do this? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, they have no shot. They have no, they have no they shot. Have no, they, shot. they know they have no shot. But they, uh, it, it is kind of just. Uh, become known to have some kind of influence text from the 440 and it just says marvelous interview <laughs> <laughs> i like it marvelous let's see if you can i don't know if you can read it yeah i can i, I can kind of see it yeah. oh yeah yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah for those of you that i don't know if you guys heard that because the show was off for a little bit but uh yeah we've been doing this on video the whole time not just audio even though you guys will never see the video but uh and and uh, with our issues with skype currently we can't take any phone calls in here so 
apologize to you guys for that. We're going to try to fix it. So anyway, William, uh, thank you for coming on. It's Clock uh, on Strike 6 in a few minutes, so you have time. Uh, to- it's been a pleasure. Thank you. I want to back on in a couple months. We'll do like a catch-up, follow-up. Yes. Hopefully some site, some big-name site has signed him, and he's making money, and, and he's getting promoted. You know, because us here in America, we can't uh, – you know, we can't play online poker. We can't have site sponsors because you know there's not none of that. None of that's allowed. But you, on the other hand, my friend, uh, and you are very marketable, in my opinion. So I do hope some maybe some offer comes along, and uh, just wish you well. Okay. Oh, thanks very much. I hope so right. too. I hope so too. So yeah, keep doing what I'm doing. I'm not, not going to change the way I play. Uh, so yeah, just hope to be an inspiration to a lot of people. I think I have been uh, to a lot of people in the, in the UK. I hope I can do that worldwide, not just to like blow my own trumpet or anything. But I hope people do enjoy the game for, for what it is. And this is live poker. This is 2016. You know, we're not playing back in the 60s and 70s now. So the, the games evolved, times have changed. You've got to move on. You've got to be able to accept. And um, the bottom line is, as a poker player, you've got to be versatile at the table. And if you can't adapt to every single player at your table, just the eight players on your table, how can you how can you get through like hundreds and thousands of players in a tournament? So you've got to be like mentally strong. You you've got to be up there. You've got to be able to deal with the, all all kind of characters and personalities on the table. And if you're going to get a, let one person speech play or table talk uh, on the table or get under your skin and and throw you off your game and put you on tilt, then you shouldn't be playing live poker, in my yeah. opinion. So. Yeah, I think I, I just want to encourage people just to, to play the game, just to thoroughly enjoy it, do what they do. I'm not telling people to do exactly what I do and uh, to, to the extreme in, in terms of what I've done, but I've been doing it for, for several years now to improve my speech play game. Uh, but yeah, to get involved, just enjoy enjoy the game is the bottom line. That's it. Not just sit there in silence and uh, fold your cards with your hoodies and sunglasses on. However you want to be, look or be perceived on the table, it's up to you. But in the day, as long as you're enjoying yourself, that's the bottom line. Everyone has their own way or definition of enjoying themselves at the poker table. But just enjoy what you do. That's the bottom yes. line. All right. Very good. Awesome. A very good way of looking well, at we'll it. We'll be in touch. I'll, you know, I'll, I got you on the Twitter. We'll communicate. I add you on Skype. And I'll be in touch, my friend. And you please keep in touch as well. I would do. I would do. All, All right. Cheers. Marvelous. 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 Good, good, good morning. Marvelous. How like a ball? How like a lion? Like a boss. <laughs> Say, hey, give us a good. Just give us one nine high like a boss before you go. Just like you said it on the WSOP. Nine high like a boss. Big heart, <laughs> big heart of a lion. There you go. Right, thank Marvelous. you. Thank you, buddy. Thank Take you. care. Okay, guys. Catch you soon. All right. Thank See you. Ya. All right. So that's uh, William Kasuf. I'm gonna try to put uh, Brandon back on here. I cut everything so we can try to start fresh here and. Uh, Maybe make our sound effects work. He'll, and... he'll be broke by the next time we have him on the show. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't have well, a, I, I, after Martin that whole thing. Is... You know, after that whole thing, that whole long conversation, I still didn't have the heart to tell him about Colonel Fabersham. I, I couldn't no, break no, it. No, to don't, him. don't even sit down. Don't, don't even don't. Let's not even mention. Uh, honestly, and I'm, I'm not saying this. People can think of his behavior was this or that. I like the kid. I think he's got a good personality. I I, I, I wish him well. I mean, I like here's him. good news. I fixed at least the thing with we can take phone calls now. Okay. So here, here's here's a phone call we're taking. Your thoughts. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Oh no! Jesus, like Brandon, <laughs> what's going on? Like man, buddy, like, balling off on air. Balling. Listen, listen, listen. listen. Like, TML, I thought, hold on a second. TMLK, TMLK, when you finish seventeenth. When you finish 17th in the main event out of thousands, and every week for six weeks ESPN is covering you in prime time for an hour, then I promise we'll bump whoever we're talking to to answer you. Imagine if we okay? actually had Team MLK at, on uh, ESPN playing poker. That would be good. I'd want to watch that. 
All I mean, hold on a second. Brandon, in all honesty, I, I felt like when you were talking to him, you know that image that people link on Poker Fraud Alert with the gay guys jacking each other off, the old men? Yeah, I, I fucking felt like that was you listen, and him. Okay, I heard that sound effect. All right, we, I fixed it all. It's all fixed. What did you do, though? I, I, I restarted the call. It just Skype is so you, weird. Why don't you write down whatever you did so next time we... I mean, it, 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 the same thing doesn't work every time. Here, no, I threw, no, I, so you're telling me? Oh, I, I threw I threw another caller on here. Caller is is this? Uh, well, tell me about the callers before you throw them on. Yeah. Have this in writing that you have to you have to hang up on this guy. No, Brandon, to- I, I'm telling you as I just answered it. I, I, I you said I said I won't surprise you. I'm not surprising you. I just answered the call. I just answered the call and threw him on. Right side. What? You, caller, you're on. Does Drexel want to say? It's Ryland. Ryland's been hammering oh, us since right. the since the interview. Oh, Ryland, is this the guy that's a Carolina fan? Oh, sup, bro? One and four? Yeah. Is that you? Druff, what I don't understand, is, Druff, what I don't dude, understand is, that... is, hold on, Druff, what I don't understand is, so we couldn't take calls when we had the poker guest, but we can take calls when we have the TMLK guest? Yes, because I reset the whole thing. <laughs> I, I hung up on the whole thing and reset it. Hold on a second. Ryland's the guy that said Carolina's balling champions, and they're fucking one and four. TMMLK called it straight up. Kneel to him right now. But you've you've had such a terrible record this year, TMMLK. You can't brag. You can't can't brag. No, no, no. no. I've won the last six games. What are you looking at? Can we still do cameras and look at each other or no? I kind of felt cozy doing that. Oh, you want to do cameras on each other still? Yeah, it was cute. Can we We should do a part of the show for like an hour, though. Hey, uh, I'm gonna be right back. You guys go handle it. I need to go uh, take a break. Okay, Brandon. No, you gotta you gotta hear who I have on the air with me, directly. Wait, who do you have? Who do you have? Take a guess. Uh, Butters. No, 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 Drexel. Come on, take a guess. I mean, how would I know who? Yeah, you how do we get? How do we know? I got the I, I got the Iceman right here. You got the Iceman with you. Okay, are you at your poker? Are you at a poker table? He's a, he's, he's, yeah, he's a little shy, but well, hold up. Here we go. Iceman has never been a little shy. I love the world out there. All my all my poker players out there. I love all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when I call Ryland, in? I get everybody Ryland, on the air. Yo, yo, I promise that's that's no recording. That's no, I know it is. If you tell him who we are, I've known him for fifteen years. Yeah, tell tell him it's tell him it's Brandon and Donald. Drexel's trying to Drexel's trying to tell me he's known you for fifteen years. You've been telling me that for days now. <laughs> no. Iceman, Iceman, he goes, whenever I mention Drexel, he just starts talking about half an hour nonstop about how much he loves you. So, like, so which game is this? Which game is he in? Uh, we're, we're, we're at an undisclosed location, uh, unless Iceman. No, but what game are you playing? You don't, you don't have to say where you are, but what, 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 what? We're, we're, we're playing 2 5 no Limit Hold'em. Okay. <laughs> uh, so. no, we're not playing 2 5. We're playing 1 3. No cat, baby. So now has uh, has the Iceman frozen you yet? Have you been frozen? You know what? I, Iceman's never frozen me yet, but I've seen him flat barrel, flat barrel some people. For everybody, he's saying, yeah, you flat barrel everybody but me, right? Yeah. Has, has the Iceman? Has he been in the time you spent with him at the table? Has he been a net winner? No, I've seen him lose in the sickest fashion mm. ever. Iceman takes the worst beat. Uh, you know, most people will tell you they've never seen the Iceman get sacked. I can tell you, I see the Iceman get sacked a lot. <laughs> right, I, pl- I played, I played sixty-one twenty limit with the Iceman yeah, once I, at Commerce. He was very I, tight. I, I, that was my experience with him. Yeah, Iceman just wants his fans to know he can handle it, though. So he just said that. 
Yeah, but I, Ryland, can you answer my question, please? Like, can you just at least acknowledge that I was right in regards to Carolina? Oh, uh, TML MLK. I actually, it's not me who said that. Uh, I don't know the first thing about sports, so <laughs> you're confused. Well, I, I thought you were familiar. It, it sounded hey, like. Else? Okay, he said he said he doesn't know. It's over. He doesn't know about sports. Yeah. I, I, MLK guarantees New Orleans possibly this week versus Carolina. Okay, so TMMLK is swearing that uh, New Orleans is going to it, New Orleans. Now you said plus three, not not outright, just plus three. Listen, 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 listen. In New Orleans, Carolina, Hawk, Iceman's got to tell you guys something. Okay, Iceman, go, go ahead, Iceman. Tell, tell us. Yeah, Iceman. 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 Yo, but y'all gotta come and check the hard on play. We're playing right here. All right, Randall, I, I can't understand any of this, so it's, it's not uh, not doing anything for the listeners here. I got all the pictures on my phone. All right, I, I'm just gonna get rid of all this. I'm just, right. I'm just getting rid of, I'm just getting rid of everything. It, it, just leave Brandon here. That's it. That's it. Just dumped everything. I'll leave Brandon, who's out smoking or whatever. I just I, I just couldn't take it anymore. I had Iceman rambling in the background. I couldn't understand him. We had background noise from a card room. We had Team MLK rambling. I will let people know Team MLK is swearing that New Orleans plus three is, is a lock bet this week. A lock bet, he says. So I'm not necessarily endorsing it. I'm just saying that's uh, that's his claim. We will see next week when we're on the show, provided I don't get sick for the fifth time in three weeks. So you know, you know what's really ridiculous is I, I woke up this morning. See, I, I went to the Dodgers game yesterday. Very exciting game. Felt good. I said, okay, I'm, I'm definitely doing radio. I wake up this morning and I have a freaking sore throat and my back is hurting again. And I go, oh my God, I, I got another cold? But then it turned out that wasn't true. It turned out whatever it was faded. So I'm okay now. Got a little bit of a cough, but otherwise I'm okay. And uh, it's going to be a long show too. So I'm going to need the energy. I'm glad I got the technical stuff fixed. When Brandon comes back, we can continue on. Uh, in the meantime, let me do the show intro here now that we're uh, two hours and a half into the show. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm going to do the show intro. Uh, we had a free roll. I won't say we have a free roll, but we had one. And I, I didn't have time to announce it because we wanted to get William on as soon as possible. But we had a free roll tonight. If you knew about it, let me throw Trader Ruski on here. Hi, Trader Ruski. What's happening, Druff? So, okay, we're, I just, I'm telling, this is the show intro here. I'm not even kidding. Two and a half yep, hours into nope, it. I was listening. Yeah, so, so we had a free roll. I, I, I shouldn't really tell too much about the free roll because it's, it's probably already over. Or if it's not, it will be very soon. But it started at 8.40 p.m. It was a $75 free roll. 37 for first, 20 for second, 11 for third, 7 for fourth. You had to know it was taking place by reading the thread. Otherwise, uh, you had no way because I didn't announce it. But it's still a valid free roll. I will pay out the prizes. The money this week came from MDJ1980, who gave 20 bucks, Poker Prince 2, who gave $15, and Larry Laffer, the uh, maybe the shortest man who listened to the show. He's admittedly uh, not a very tall person. Uh, I, I think there's a good chance I'm more than a foot taller than he is, but that, that's okay. He, he was a, a big man as far as donating to the show. And he's only a bike messenger. It's not like he's a millionaire. So he, despite being a bike messenger, he still threw $40 in. And that made our $75 free roll. We still have a little money from other people. 
that we haven't used yet. So if you've donated and haven't heard your name mentioned, uh, you'll probably hear it next week. I think we have like $45 above this that we'll give away next week, plus whatever we receive. So thank you to you three. And uh, whoever's won the free roll, good job. And if you want to play it, if you can get a time machine, go back to 8.40 p.m., then great. Uh, to call into the show, in case you don't know, 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. A lot of technical difficulties tonight, thanks to Windows doing another update I didn't want. I'll have to be more careful about that in the future. I've got it all figured out now, and I couldn't take calls during the William Kasuf interview. In fact, uh, uh, when they came in, I had to reject them all. Otherwise, it would hang up on Brandon and William. We couldn't have that. So there's literally no way to do it unless we started the whole thing over. And uh, so we, we just went through and uh, did the interview without phone calls. No big deal. I would have taken some calls from you guys. But to be honest, it was a pretty long interview. The book on William that he loves to talk was true. So he had a lot to say. And then Brandon had a lot to say back. It became very long. But, but interesting. Glad we had him on. And if you want to text me during the show, same as the main phone number to call the show, 775-372-8355. You can text me anytime on that phone number, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and I will respond to you. Brandon's sex number is 203-299-2436, 203-299-2436. That's what you can text anytime to reach Brandon. And then there's my favorite thing. There's the call to listen line. People are complaining that certain cable companies are restricting people's data even on their home internet service, they can't even Hello? have unlimited data. Yeah, we trade Ruski here, Brandon. Oh, my my little buddy. Yeah, yeah, he's here. He's, hey, Trader Ruski. What's done, happening, Brandon? He's done with his I, protest. I, I, yeah, I told everyone that you were sitting out the William Kasuf segment because of uh, the London police's treatment towards African Americans and minorities. Do you have any other comment you want to make about your stance or no? Absolutely, and it definitely came off a little bit better than I thought, but I, I don't know. Okay. Well, I meant your stance about the African Americans <laughs> being mistreated by police in London. Yeah, I think I think it's horrible. Yeah, right. that's, a, that's a, it's a problem yeah. everywhere. So, so anyway, that's uh, the call to listen line. You can use to listen to the show without using one byte of your data. You can just call and listen, and there's no buffering, no BS like that. It's just very simple. If you have like a poor cell phone connection and your data is not working well. It'll work much better on the call to listen line. That phone number is 712-775-8162. 712-775-8162. You can also find that number listed on the radio page, on the radio tab of PokerFraudAlert.com. And if you call that number when we're not live, guess what? You will hear recorded shows from the past that are selected at random by our computer. Just runs one after another as if they're live, but they're actually shows from sometime in the past four and a half years, the more than 200 shows we've done. 712-775-8162 is the call to listen line. I, I guarantee you will enjoy the call to listen line if you use it. Some people laugh at it. They mock it. In fact, Terrence Chan mocked it and said that uh, this is something his grandmother would use. And and uh, Yeah, but you know what? If you win two different uh, W Coops in one day, then they should be able to mock it. No, the no, no, I don't care. Nobody can mock that. Nobody. Uh, if not you a win, person. you should make a rule. If you win the medium-sized limit, hold them. Thousand person plus tournament and the high roller thousand plus tournament and limit hold'em. You being a limit hold'em player, you should be able to no, only then mock it. I, I would not even let uh, Fedora Holtz mock it. Nobody can mock the call to listen line. But uh, you know, this reminds me of a story. Okay, <laughs> I was a young listen. I was very. I was young. I was maybe ten or eleven years old. What my dad used to do, 
is well, actually maybe I was even younger, like maybe eight or nine, and he would cut out little clippings. He knew I loved sports, and he knew that I just loved certain things. So he'd cut out like things in the newspaper that he thought that I would that would appeal to me because it was before. You know, I started reading the newspaper at a very early age. It's really weird. It's like the only kid in junior high would wake up and have breakfast, and I'd start. You know, I started off by reading the sports page. No, I, I did that too. And then as I got older, you know, and I, I cared more about local events. So one day he cut out this article for me. It was like a little quote, and it said that the late George Burns was in his country club one afternoon, and he was smoking a cigar, and a guy came up to him and said, "Don't you see that sign there?" It says no smoking, okay, and, and you know it was, it was all huffing and puffing, and he was mad, and he stormed out of there. The next guy, day, the guy comes back, okay, and George Burns is there smoking again. But where the sign used to be that said no smoking, there was a new sign that said no smoking unless you're 97 years old or older. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why that stuck with me. I mean, this is over 30 years ago, but I thought I thought that was cute. And I don't know why. Why did I even just say that? Because people. you were saying that certain people have a right to insult the call to listen. Oh, line. yes, and yes. I, but and even I, George Burns saying if you win two limit hold'em W Coops in the same day, in the same game, let them criticize. No, Only I, that kind of person. I, I, I can't make any exceptions. That's, I, that call to listen line is so near and dear to my heart. Even my mom made fun of it. I would get mad. I, I, would, I would get mad at anyone making fun of the call to listen line. It's such a thing that brings me so much pleasure. It's in a, a small shack in, uh, mm-hmm. in Iowa, in uh, – like a town called Carroll, Iowa, C-A-R-R-O-L-L, kind of like Carol O'Connor's name, C-A-R-R-O-L-L. Carroll, Iowa, it's in a small shack there. And uh, you can look at Carroll, Iowa on Google Maps if you'd like to see what the place looks like. And uh, um, every once in a while I, I send someone I know in the area. I don't go all the way to Carroll, Iowa for it, but I send someone over there to just make sure it's running in that little shack there. But uh, it, it would really disturb me. In fact, if the call to listen line were to be vandalized, it would bother me more than if someone were to uh, – uh, vandalize the Mount Charleston line, which I should mention, that's another way to call the show. It's 702-430-1808. 702-430-1808. It's an old rotary telephone that sits on top of Mount Charleston. And and, and where's the kid from uh, Attica, upstate New York? You know, he, he's, he's I don't know. He was he, he messaged me earlier, and I, I never responded to him because that's I was not good. I, I, when I was frantically getting ready for the show. He's in the chat. We have to have him on. Yeah, Why yeah, isn't he, he on with us? Oh, let me see if I can find him on Skype. So what did you think, Trader Risky, though, uh, notwithstanding the London's mistreatment of African-Americans and minorities? Did you think the interview went kind of well? Did he win you over a little bit or no? I thought it went well. He, he came over a little better than uh, I expected, but, you know, my yeah. opinion hasn't changed that much of him. All right. But if, you, but if you vouch for him, buddy. No, I didn't vouch for anyone. No, I don't, I don't know him from Adam, buddy. I vouch for you. You're the one that's buying me the fresh oysters and the fish at the one place. So no, I'm about my, my loyalties go where my stomach goes. Oh yeah, yeah. For you. yeah. So I'd say better than expected. It's probably good for him that he was that uh, the phone calling didn't work. Yeah. Now originally in the uh, infamous ass uh, pussy butt question or mouth question. One, I think it was sandwich wanted me to include Queen Elizabeth in there, and I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, I thought that would be a little bit too much. 
like almost like blasphemous. That would that be correct? Would that have been blasphemous? Yeah, I, I don't think the colonel would have appreciated that either. No. Uh, so, so uh, Trader Risky, did you at least like the colonel's appearance on there? I thought the colonel's appearance was good. Okay, that's good. And I'm glad you got the Trump question into uh, Brandon. I okay, so so by the way, Brandon, uh, you ask and you shall receive. Of course. Uh, uh, Calwatt, hello. What's up, Druff? I was hoping he'd let me just hang out for a little while and then scare the shit out of him, but that's all right. No, no, I I would love to, but the problem is I <laughs> I, I, ha- I have an agreement. Brandon was uh, was very mad at me, and and uh, I have really, it in writing actually. He, he, he actually really uh, dressed me down wow. one night about sneaking people onto the onto the phone here. Yes. I got to tell you guys, that was actually a really good interview uh, with uh, Kasuf. I've heard I heard him on the a uh, couple of the other podcasts. I didn't catch him really, on. and it was mostly it was mostly just him like. Saying the same thing and, you know, kind of talking nonstop. And you guys actually got him to, you know, kind of open up and be a real person, which was kind of cool. That's, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that because, yeah, I, I had heard he was on a lot of shows and I'm glad we have this, uh, compare and contrast from you. And, uh, you know, you're a little bit biased because you're a frequent, uh, co-host I don't think on the show. Biased. No, I would, I would tell you if you suck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Hanson kid only says good things about, the Hanson kid was in here earlier too for a little bit. Yeah, I saw he was there. I saw, yeah. I saw the Hanson kid. You know, we we, uh, we we made a trade a while ago. We made a trade to get the, the Hanson kid and, and Cal Watts, and we gave up I Am Professional Talk, who was a, a good poster on the forum. But, uh, you know, we had to make the trade, and uh, I, I think we won the trade, though, to be honest. No, yeah. And I then know, we just have the work. one guy from Canada. What's his name again that used to co-host? Uh, oh, oh uh, Daredevil. And then the guy from Northern California, they just come on the anniversary shows, and they're more than content. They come in every 100, 200 episodes to say hi, <laughs> and then that's it. So this is a perfect scenario. Me, my booby trader, Ruski, Kalawat, who, you know, I feel like there's almost, like, if this podcast was an episode of Survivor that I have Trader Ruski that I'm aligned with, and no offense, Kalawat, I do like you very, very much, but you're aligned with Druff. So I feel like we're all both on two different islands. Uh, what's going on? We're, we're, we're creating divisiveness already instead of I'm, I'm not saying divisiveness. I'm just saying that there's two camps here. I it's don't look at Drexel it like that. The Drexel Trader camp and the Kalawat Druff camp. I, I don't, oh, I don't man, no I'm, I'm Switzerland Island right in the middle. Yeah, there's no camps here. Come on now. No, that's, that's what I'm We can't have any say. camps on this show. <laughs> Am I right, Trader Ruski? No. Trader Ruski? See? No. No. <laughs> that's my boogie. That's oh, I, I can't have this happen. I. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have exposed him to you. He was the fucking best. No, I shouldn't have exposed you, him to Druff, you. Just the fact that you introduced me to him and I've hung out with him a bunch of times in Vegas, he's a cool cat. Well, let me, let me tell you what happened yesterday oh since, since we're on the subject. Let me tell you what happened yesterday. Yes, I was going crazy because, you know, let me, actually, i got to get the proper music here. I've got to get the proper music. Now Now that you can all hear sound effects, I have to get the proper music. Oh, because I've, I've got to set this up, and this is the one music I always need and I never load, but I'm going to load it this time because it's it's important for what occurred yesterday. And uh, here we go. And it's appropriate. We just had Yom Kippur also. But, uh, you know, Sandy Koufax, legendary Dodgers pitcher of the 60s, he once refused to pitch a World Series game on Yom Kippur. But I'm not quite as religious as Sandy Koufax. And I showed my cultural heritage a different way, and that is by making sure to take advantage of a great buy. As you guys know, I'm a big Dodgers fan. As you probably know, the Dodgers are in the NLDS, the National League Division Series, against the Washington Nationals to try to move on to play the Cubs in the National League Championship Series, which is the round before the World Series. And the Dodgers were down two games to one. If they were to lose that game, they would be out of the playoffs. This is game four in Los Angeles. And the reason I'm playing this music is because I found that the tickets 
were cheaper than ever to see a playoff game. I saw great seats, great seats, not even just good seats, great seats in Dodger Stadium to see the playoff game, a very important playoff game, for around $100 each, which is crazy. I don't know if all of you know baseball prices, but to see a playoff game with some of the best seats in the park, probably the top 2% of all seats in the park, for 100 bucks is insane. Like, you can't even get regular season seats usually for that price in that location. So what was bothering me, what was made me go crazy on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, was that I could not find someone to go with me. Everybody could not make it. Everybody I asked who I thought might enjoy going to the game either couldn't make it, didn't like baseball, or couldn't afford it. So what happened was everybody was asking just said no. Everybody couldn't make it, even my own family. I asked uh, various people in my family. They also could not make it. It was like the universe was conspiring to force me to miss this game, which would be the best buy of a Dodgers ticket that I'd ever had in my life. I mean, I got I got a ticket comparable to that for 150 a few years ago and I was thrilled. Can you imagine like 100? I mean, I I was going nuts. I go, "How can I let this go by?" I was even consi- and I couldn't just buy one because they weren't selling one. I had and and besides it's kind of crappy to go by yourself. You kind of just feel like a chump. So, I had to find a second person uh and I I was about to resign myself to give up. And then then someone came to mind. Some so one person got past me that I didn't think of in the morning of the game. The game was actually at 2 p.m., so I didn't have that much time, but the morning Okay, I'm getting a text message regarding this. Scott from the East Coast wants to know if you wore his custom jersey to the game. I, I, I messaged him to the Facebook and said yes. Oh, I, nice, sweet. I already told him. That. I didn't even tell anyone about that. Yeah, yeah no, I'll, that, I'll, actually, I'll, might I'll, as well I'll, talk about I'll, that when you're done. Yeah, I'll get to that uh, during this. I have the same one. Yeah. You know, I have the same one you have. That's yeah. why. Remember, I tried to get your birthday. Yeah, 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 And I'm yeah. like, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's fine. I assure so, you, it's fine. So, so this is I this won't. is what happened. So I I, I messaged Trader Ruski, and I knew he, he was the Dodgers fan. I said, uh, would you like to go? And I knew Trader Ruski, you know, he'd be able to afford the hundred dollars. I knew he liked the, the the Dodgers, and in fact, I wasn't even going to charge Trader Ruski for all he's done. I was going to uh, actually, he'd be one of the few people I was going to give it for free. But uh, it, it didn't matter because he couldn't make it either. I didn't bother to press why, but uh, maybe because he's in your camp. But whatever it was, uh, Trader Ruski said, "I'd love to, but I can't." Which is exactly what my father said, exactly what my sister said, exactly what all my friends said that I asked that I, I thought would like to go. Everybody said they'd love to, but they can't. Now, yes, this was on a Tuesday at 2 p.m., not the most convenient time. So I was about to give up. But then Trader Ruski messaged me a suggestion. He said that there's a, a friend of his that I, I've had minimal contact with in the past, but always seemed like a nice guy when I had contacted him. In fact, it was someone who had uh, bought pieces of me in the World Series for a few years now. Trader Ruski? No, no, it was a friend of Trader Ruski's. Oh. So it was someone who I knew of, and I, I had dealt with uh, via email before, but uh, didn't know very well and, and never met before. And uh, so I, I took a shot, and I, I, I messaged the guy. Trader Ruski gave me his phone number. I messaged him and said, uh, you know, Trader Ruski gave me your phone number. And, uh, you know, he knew who I was, of course, because he bought pieces of me at the World Series, and he listens to every one of these shows. So he's a big uh, radio fan here. And I, I told him, and I said, would you like to go? So his response was the best one I had received so far, but still wasn't perfect. He said, only if Kershaw's pitching. <laughs> so he, he was willing to go, but only if Kershaw would pitch. If Urias, who was also the possible pitcher, was the pitcher, then he was not going to go. So then I had to wait until ESPN announced that uh, Kershaw was pitching, which he was. So then once I could confirm that, I sent him the link to that. and then uh, Listen, at what point don't you just say that this guy is just the most unclutched postseason pitcher 
history. Well, of he baseball. was on, he was on short rest here, so that's. Uh, I mean, oh my! Every year there's an year. So you're telling me now you're a Kershaw apologist? Come on! I mean, even people that are just neutral. I mean, look at his numbers over his career. He's, he's you know what his career ERA? In no, the I, I, is? I know it's not good. It's like over five or something. Now. Yeah, it's five point four three. Yeah, no, I, I know he's got a, a problem. W is a W. Yeah, so, so listen. Oh, so I went. I, I went and uh, so he wanted to see. I, I wanted to go no matter who pitched. I actually was per- hoping uh, Urias would pitch, but uh, of course. So anyway, I went. Uh, so it was on. I got wonderful tickets for one hundred eight dollars. I posted a picture on my Twitter. People were pretty uh, shocked at, at the seats I got for one hundred eight dollars each. Uh, the the friend of uh, Trader Ruski uh, you know, paid his own way, and in fact, I went to this guy's house. I uh, I, I took a chance. I, since I knew Trader Ruski knew Did him, you be I, any roadhead, Drew? You know, I, I I didn't think to ask for that. Maybe, maybe the guy was married, though, so I don't think he would have done it. But uh, that's a good question, though. But I I took a chance and I went to this guy's house, and you know, for all I know, he could have been like, you know, he could have then pulled a gun on me and kidnapped me or something and forced me to do like twenty four hour radio shows for him personally. Yeah, that could have happened. But uh, I took a chance. I even used his bathroom in his in his house and went inside his house, uh, and. This guy had. Uh, this guy seems to. He has a lot of nice cars. This guy. He's, he seems to be like at least somewhat balling. He, he's a little bit older than me. I think he's probably the same age as Trader Ruski, but uh, close to my age. Uh, so we went. Uh, we went to the game, and uh, he, he's a big Dodgers fan too. So uh, and we we had a great time there, and it was a great game. It was a very dramatic game. There was, in fact, there was. I had a, another friend who was at the stadium in a different part of the other side of the stadium, uh, who I was going to go say hello to. And there was so much action in this game that it was hard for me to find a time to get up and go over there to the other side of the stadium without being afraid I'm going to miss something. It was constant action in this game right from the start. And uh, we, the Dodgers were only behind once, one to nothing at the beginning, but every time they had a lead, they gave it up. It went one to nothing, the Dodgers had two to one, then two to two, the Dodgers had five to two, then five to five, and then the Dodgers strung together a uh, hit batsman and two singles in a row to make it six to five and uh, held it down. And the crowd was very, very into it, especially when uh, the umpire was kind of screwing the Dodgers a number of times, the home plate umpire. So the crowd – I've never seen a Dodger Stadium crowd this excited, even in the playoffs. So it was a good crowd and a uh, very exciting game. And the Dodgers won. They're going back to Washington to play the final game uh, of the series tomorrow, see who plays the Cubs. And, and I, does this work perfectly that the, tonight on Wednesday there's no baseball at all, so I don't have to miss anything? Perfect. There's like not a single yeah. baseball game tonight. In fact, I would have moved it if this game five was on. I wouldn't have missed that for the radio. But uh, fortunately, you know, we fell right, fell here. But uh, I have to thank Trader Ruski for a good suggestion because uh, uh, the, guy, the guy I went with, it, it worked out very well. He was a very nice guy. Enjoyed uh, uh, going to the game with him. And, uh, you know, he, he was able to cough up the money to pay his own way. And he, he this guy actually pressured me to do something that I, I usually would not do. This just shows you how, how desperate Roadhead? I was to go to the game. You, you just really want to hear yes to that. You just you just really want to hear yes that I that I got roadhead from another guy. But no no no, he said he pressured you to do something. Well, he did. He pressured me. So at the beginning, we were discussing about uh, you know I said I uh, about the arrangement of getting there. So he said, why don't you come to my house and you know I'll drive both of us. And it actually was semi on the way. It wasn't quite on the way, but it's close enough to where that was worth doing. So that made sense. We said we don't pay double parking and we, we're all there at the same time. But. So I said, okay, I'll buy parking in advance. And I was going to go buy just the regular general parking for 15 bucks. Uh, no. He wanted me to buy the $40 preferred parking. So you know my reaction to that. you got to give me a roadhead. 
No, my, my reaction was I, I, I was really fighting that. We don't need to do a preferred parking. And I, I tried to talk him out of it, but he was he was so big on the preferred parking that I said, okay, this is so important to this guy. He said we'll split the preferred parking, and he's driving, so fine. You know, I, I, I it seemed like he had nice cars. He didn't want to park in the general lot with uh, the same element that beat up that Brian Stowe guy five years ago. So I, I, I can understand it. So even though I, I would take, I would gamble. I would take the shot and just park in the, as I always have, just park in the general lot. I, I understood uh, his motivation, so I, I agreed to it and coughed up half the money for the preferred parking for if uh, twenty dollars. You know, by the way, they've really raised the parking rates over there. If you buy in advance, it's not as bad. But if you just drive up and have not bought an advance parking, it is twenty five dollars for the general parking. Which is insane, twenty five dollars, and and then if you want the preferred parking, you haven't bought it in advance. It's sixty dollars. It's forty if you buy it in advance, which is what we did. So uh, so anyway, uh, here I'll, I'll throw on Scott from the East Coast so I can mention the other thing. Scott, uh, the, uh, so I'll t- I'll tell you uh, guys what Scott did for me, which is very nice uh, back in July. Me too, by the way. And, yeah, for both of us, not just me. Uh, yes. for, for Brandon as well. Uh, Scott, who's an avid listener of this show, uh, who I just threw on the phone here. By the way, uh, he you could have let me scared. Bra- I could have scared Brandon. I mean, he didn't have to say anything. No, then I then I'd have Brandon me. yelling at me for like three no, hours after the show. Writing. He can't do that. No, I, I can't. You, you don't know the abuse I would take afterwards if I did that. So well, I could wake Trader Ruskie up. Yeah, well, he, no, you got to wait till like midnight for that. So, so I, I Scott said he had a present for me, and uh, and then I get this intrusive question from Brandon about uh, when's my birth? When's my birthday? I don't like what this is. I mean, a time out. I've known you for a long time. <laughs> no, We're friends to... on Facebook. No, I'm just kidding, Brandon. No, I, okay, no, I, I know that, Brandon. Brand, I'm, I'm just kidding. Family. I'm, I'm just kidding here, Brandon. I, I, would, I, I would tell I you. It. I would tell you my birthday. But, so. but you did offer resistance before you'd give it to I, me. I know. I know. You said, you said Scott wanted. I was just kind of curious why he wanted. And, and I like Scott too. And I've gone to dinner with Scott and his wife. Like I like Scott a lot. We're afraid that this could have been some sort of trap. I, no, I was just curious why he wanted it. So anyway, because it wasn't anywhere near my birthday. My birthday's uh, you know very far from from the point it was being asked about, like about as far, almost as far as you can get. So, so he he asked for my birthday, and it turned out it was uh, it was for a present that was a jersey that Scott uh, ordered Brandon and me. It, Brandon got a custom jersey. I got a custom jersey. Uh, Brandon was here for the Marlins. Of course. Yeah. So mine was for the Dodgers. And uh, and it says uh, you know, it's a Dodgers jersey. It had the a number on the front, which was the day of my birthday. That's why he wanted to know it. And then on the back, it has that number again, and it said Wittellis. So I have a Wittellis jersey mm-hmm. with the number of the day of my birthday, and uh, the very nice jersey. Yeah. And uh, and so I didn't know I what wear it was. Mine I, except for when I go boating. So rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> and so I rest in peace. I I didn't know. What the present was going to be, and there's a pain in the ass getting it too, because Scott wanted to bring it to me to the Rio, but then he was just missing me. So then I told him to drop it off at the Rio. And then there was this whole thing about, uh, you know, whether you know, then he had to mail it to the Rio. Some whole thing where where the Rio had to hold. Well, they this. said, well, Todd, they said seven stars means nothing now to Caesar since they're <laughs> you know broke and filing for bankruptcy and all that shit. So yeah, so so he had to leave. Right, he, William Kasuf just texted me. That he's still listening to the show and he wants to know, is this the show, uh, just a bunch of guys talking, or is there anything else that goes on? Uh, yeah, at some point. He's, tell him he's got to listen for like eight hours. Tell him the show's like literally eight hours he has to listen. And like, there's about I think he can't sleep and he feels kind of left out. Well, it, okay. are talking. I think he wants to come back on. Well, then, then we'll never finish this. <laughs> Has that ever happened before in the history of the show? A guest just wants to come on as a co-host afterwards? <laughs> you know, we've, uh, we have, 
Anyway, you'd probably be good at it. Yeah, to, no, to answer his question, uh, no, we go on. We probably have like a, an hour's worth of content that we stretch into eight hours. So, in fact, the intro itself is like eight hour, eight, like an hour itself. But yeah, so Scott, uh, he left it at the front desk of the Rio. It was very tough for me to get. It, like, not just like they wanted ten dollars for it first of all, and then also just to get them to bring it to me, even if I was willing to pay the ten dollars, was tough. But after a lot of effort, which not Scott's fault, of course, I, it's just the Rio being the Rio. Uh, I did get it, and it was an envelope, and I opened up the envelope, and I saw it. I said, wow, this is cool. Like, I didn't, I had no idea what he was giving me, but when I saw it, I go, oh, wow, I, I really do like this. And then, so I thought, okay, I'm going to wear this to the next Dodger game I go to, but I actually didn't end up going to any games from July forward. He bought, he gave it in July. So this was the first game I've gone to, and uh, it was funny. Was, I almost didn't wear it. Just, I, I forgot it because it had been a few months, and uh, so I first just put on my normal Dodger jersey. I had a Mike Piazza jersey that just says 31 on it. And I'm just about to leave the house, and I thought, wait a minute. That's not what I should wear. I, I have another jersey. You can't wear a Mike Piazza jersey. No, no, actually, it's, it's now a, a – He's going to the Hall of Fame <laughs> No, but Met. it's but it's not. It's a, it's, Met. It's, it's a 31 jersey. It's not – He's not still a, Met, though. He's in the – he has a – what do they call that, a bronze listen, bust? Listen, it, it, says, it says Dodgers 31, which actually currently is Jack Peterson. So it's really a Jack oh, Peterson. Oh, it doesn't jersey. have his name on no, it? It just, just has a number? Yeah, it's Dodgers 31, oh, okay, yeah. that's okay then. So, yeah, it, it can just be repurposed every, every generation. So – uh, so I took off the, the Mike Piazza slash Jock Peterson jersey and oh, I, and Peterson I, gets, uh, his number retired. I, I, I actually, I, I don't think that's, you know, this is for yeah. the most strikeouts ever. Uh, I, I, I actually went back into the house. I actually walked out of the house and I said, wait a minute. And I walked back in and switched the jerseys and put on the Wattellis jersey and, and I wore it there. And I said, uh, the only downside to wearing this jersey is if I get into an altercation with someone there and then they know who I am and then they can like, Find me and come after me, but I said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take that chance. I'm gonna take that chance. Yeah, but you're too good of you're too good of a guy to get in an altercation with somebody at a baseball game. Well, that's a, tell that to Brian Stowe. Actually, no, I was okay there as long as I'm wearing the Dodger jersey. And uh, I, I have to say, like there were, there weren't that many Washington jerseys there, mainly because Washington is a new team. I mean, yes, there was the Washington Senators a long time ago, but the Washington Nationals is a new team, so. To have someone who's in L.A. as a Nationals fan, they'd probably have to be someone who lived in D.C. you know, not that long ago and moved to L.A. So it's, uh, there weren't that many there. But me and the guy I went with, what we said was like, you better take that off before you go to the parking lot. Because I, I would not feel comfortable walking around in the Dodgers Stadium parking lot with the opposing team's jersey on after a playoff game. That, that I would not want to do. But I, I, I do want to mention, for those that have ever questioned my journalistic integrity, that uh, Scott from the East Coast offered to snap ship. Uh, I think it was, he said it was two hundred ninety-five dollars to me if I can't two ninety-nine if I canceled the William Kasuf interview. I'm not kidding. <laughs> wow. That he said if we don't do it, if I bump him, don't call him. Two ninety-nine wow. right away to me, and I said no. I only. You know what's amazing take, is Brandon. I only, I only take Calawatt's money. You know what's funny? Uh, you you could have gotten this by me too. You could Brandon since he. Brandon arranged this. A Brandon could have just told me, "Oh, you know, uh, William can't make it," uh, or he decided. Yeah, you don't know his number. Yeah, you know, like I would have never, I would have never known. Tell. And Brandon would have just taken the money, and I would have had no yeah. idea. And then, like, I would have been going on about how Brandon makes no money from the show, and, and then he'd be laughing. He'd be yeah. silently laughing. I have the integrity, uh, and you know what? I and I, you posted this, and not to get too far off subject, but I'm really more and more surprised as each episode goes on, as each day goes by. That there are people that I never would even think of that listen to this oh, show. Oh yeah, yeah. So we, I don't right. even know. Well, this is one of our topics, so let's let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay. so so when Brandon tweeted out, Brandon Brandon, uh, you know, was messaging me about how uh, 
uh, and we're going to have him on. We we got to we got to promote it. So we were so Brandon was tweeting out, and I also tweeted, but Brandon tweeted out about how it's a poker fraud alert exclusive that we're going to have him it on. Is, and, and, and He's Brandon, never been a poker fraudler before. Yeah, and and Brandon, to be honest, he he also just didn't know that. Uh, that he had been on other podcasts, right. as I didn't either. I, I I don't follow this just like Brandon doesn't follow this. So so then it was good Brandon did this because it made someone respond that otherwise wouldn't have spoken up, and that was Chicago Joey. That's uh, at Joe Ingram One, who does the uh, the the Chicago Joey podcast. That seems yeah, like- but what does the other name say? Because when I saw the tweet, it had a different. Oh, it was, name. It's like GN something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So- now, okay, and my question to you is this though. He responded to my tweet, but I wasn't following him. Now I am. He wasn't following me, but now he is. How did he see that? Yeah, tweet? I don't understand either. I, I didn't see. He doesn't follow me either. So wouldn't yeah. that just be an invisibleness? Like, like you know, what? it's almost. What do they say? If if a, a dog barks in the woods and no one can hear it, <laughs> did he even bark? Or what is it? If a tree thing? falls in the woods, but you're close. Yeah, no, you okay. can, you I, I wonder the same thing. It's so funny you mentioned that. I was wondering that too. I couldn't, but it, whatever. Somehow. Yeah. We have our technical advisor, Calawat, here with an answer. Yeah, you can you can search for various phrases, and you can even set up automated stuff so that companies do it all the time. So but, if they're but, mentioned anywhere, but we didn't mention him. Like we what, didn't. What we, was that? What was the content? The tweet, of the okay, tweet? this is what happened. I tweeted, uh, "Tune in tomorrow night, eight p.m. Pacific time. Uh, William Kasuf, uh, PFA exclusive." Like a boss, marvelous, you know, come listen. And that was it. And then within minutes, uh, Chicago, uh, Jimmy wrote that, uh, is it really an exclusive or something no, he like put, that? He put and exclusive with question marks, like mocking us that it's not really well, exclusive. Well, someone, no, someone probably know. just pointed it out to him, like someone who follows yeah, you. Yeah, it's, it's possible that's what happened. Yeah. So, so anyway. He, if someone, like, for, I don't know, what does that mean? No, someone who saw you say that may have told Joey, like, ha, they're saying exclusive and you had him first. You mean, like, text him or something? That, or? Yeah, or message DM or something, send, yeah. You can send the link to the tweet to someone else. That's probably what he did. Yeah. Uh-oh. So anyway, uh, whatever yeah, it was. Thought, like, if you're not in that universe, Universe, you know what I mean? Like, well, I don't follow you, you don't follow me, then so our paths just don't cross. Well, yeah, you don't. But if someone brings your attention to it, that's what he's saying happened here. So, okay. so, so anyway, yeah. he responded to he writes exclusive question mark question mark question mark. So I said to Brandon in text, I said, Ah, look, Chicago Joey's mocking us for uh, claiming exclusive when it's not, and so he must have had him before us. So uh, then Brandon responded. Brandon, I thought he was joking, but it turned out he was serious because he didn't. He really didn't know who it was because Chicago well, Joy. Because it says some other name. Yeah, he has some funny thing up there, like GN something that it's, doesn't. Uh, let's hold on. It's, I'm looking at it now. It's GN Doctor GTO. But I, that's what I saw, so yeah. I don't know what the fuck so that So Brandon means. wasn't looking where it says at Joe Ingram 1. He just saw the GN Dr. GTO thing as his name. So he said, I'm sorry, I don't know you. Uh, do you listen to the fraud show? Now, of all things... Chicago Joey, who's blowing up huge with this podcast that, you know, this video podcast everyone's watching now and he gets all the big names. We did a video podcast tonight, kind of. Yeah, among ourselves, yeah. So, so Chicago Joey responds by saying, yes, I've listened to a couple of episodes and I heard that I throw softballs. So I'm like, wow, wait a minute. So he, he listens to the show at least sometimes and he listens enough to where he knows that we accuse him of softballing. Okay, can I ask our technical advisor something? Yeah. That's, that's you, Calawat. I'm listening. Okay, so uh, I don't think I like your tone either. <laughs> well, it's going to cost you 300 bucks. Right. Let's go. So I'm looking at the at 
Joey Ingrams, like the people that tweet at him or retweet at him, and mm-hmm. I see nothing at all indicating. So unless it was a direct message, how or someone that's probably what it was. Yeah, it had. Well, so okay, so someone had to either DM him or someone would have to uh, text know him, yes. him personally and text him. Right? Yes. There, there's no other way, right? That okay? No, I, I mean he could also search. I mean he could search. It, yeah, was, it was it was very that, fast. This was though. At one in the morning. Yeah, it was very fast yeah. too. It was like right away. Yeah. So it would, I don't know. I mean, he he just recently did an interview with Kasuf, right? Yeah, but I have to say, like, he would have had to search oh, like a minute this. afterwards. I'm looking at his Twitter now. He's got Johnny Bax on tomorrow. Uh, I mean, how do we just get all the leftovers? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so anyway, he he knew that we accused him of softballing, and he actually was responding by saying that uh, um, he he tries to be tough, but but. Uh, but he admits that he is softballing to some degree. Well, he ain't going to ask the good doctor. And when I mean the good doctor, I don't mean the one that works for the Merchant Marines. I mean Jacqueline Moscow. He ain't going to ask her no ass pussy mouth. No, no. Well, we never got her well, on either. Druff, again, you know, we're, we're correlating two things here, right? He gets all the guests and... He does it, he, you know, he conducts himself in, in a guest friendly manner, right? Well, yeah. Like uh, Katie Couric, you're saying. <laughs> yeah. They go on there because I'm Katie, just saying. Well, no, I've, yeah. said, I've said that before here, too. I've said that the, the softballing like, is what gets him the, all the guests. So, like, they're going to go on Katie Couric when they fuck up. Katie Couric going to say, How do you feel? And they're going to say that I went to rehab or I made a mistake, and then they'll cry, and Katie Couric will hand them a tissue. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of no. like that. I mean, for, first of all, i got to tell you that I. I know, no I know Joey informally. I met him a couple times. I think How he's a really you know nice everybody? guy. Is this all I, from the poker police game? I think he's a really nice guy, and I think he does a good job on his podcast and everything. But I also think that he's, you know, he just realizes that if he wants to get all these people on, uh, okay. you know, you, you don't want to make it an environment that so no one is so want to come on. Why is because so he gets everybody on there. Okay. <laughs> How come we're not famous, Kalawat? I think Kalawat should be our advisor. No, because I, I can tell you why. We are not uh, as approachable. The people are afraid that we will ask tougher questions and that we may be more critical. Why aren't we? Well, blowing? Brandon, we've, we've, when we've had girls on previous oh. shows, right after they hang up, you say that they're only poker pretty. I mean, that, that's why. Yeah, and you agree with me. <laughs> Kalawat, is that true what Druff is saying in your advisory opinion? No comment. <laughs> so. Oh, but just tell us. Are we not approachable? No, I mean, it, it's not so much that. It's just, first of all, you, you guys are not known to be an interview show, right? I mean, it's just not a thing that you do. You don't have someone actively trying to get people to come I on. actively was yeah. trying to get the Kasuf boy on. And it worked, yeah. right? But I'm saying yeah, week, do to, that week, a lot. week to like, week, you are not scheduling guests, right? No, and we don't like talking Most of these other people. shows, Joey's show, uh, to some extent, the 2 Plus 2 uh, Poker Cast, they're all geared around the guests that are coming on. It's not the different kind of show. Had a going out of business sale <laughs> or something. That's what that's. I swear, Jeff told me that they stopped giving the money and they all went out of business. Now they're back. They are back, and they've got some new sponsors on there. So Jesus. Well, we yeah. have a sponsor. Uh, this might be a good time, Drew, for you to plug our sponsor. Well, it's actually, you know what? It's actually not a radio sponsor, but I should mention it anyway because I'll, I'm going to share something with you guys. So I promised you guys. I have to cut because then it's radio. I, I promised. I promised you guys in a previous week that I would tell you if a two weeks ago I promised this. I'd tell you if a sponsor that was of a big company that you'd be surprised about uh, came through and is a sponsor. And of course, if you've been to the site anytime recently, you know which sponsor it is. Uh, Caesars is actually. A sponsor currently, which is funny given all the criticism we've given of Caesars, including tonight, but they're, they're a sponsor 
for a very paltry sum of money. It's very sad, but they, even Caesars lowballs me. Uh, well, you lowball them, so it's only fair. No, no, I hype. No, they're I, going through bankruptcy. Yeah, but, but Caesars, what, I mean, what happened? Cheap is, to you, you're cheap to them. It, it's perfect. Yeah. So, the, so Caesars contacted me a few weeks ago and said that uh, they wanted me to promote a, uh, a contest they had to win a World Series of Poker seat, and it's, it actually looks like a good contest. You don't have to give them anything. There's no. You just got to give them an email address, which can really be any email address, and your name and address, and. You know, hit submit and and you've got it, and, and then you're in there. And in fact, you can enter every single day. But it's it's a contest to win a trip to the World Series for the, to see the final table, the main event, and they give you a thousand dollars, and they give you a free flight, and they give you a free room and Caesars. So so it's uh yeah, your your chances to win aren't huge, but it's uh I don't think this is very well known. Most people don't know much about this contest, so you're not going to be going against like millions of people. It's a uh, it's probably a fairly small field that you're going against. Now, so, if I won it, would it be what they call a uh... Uh, conflict of interest or a bad no 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 know. no you can win but you you're going to be wasted the flight would be wasted because you know, you wouldn't be flying from Vegas to Vegas could they just let me go on the plane and circle around for you, a bit? you could say that you could say you want a, tri- a round trip to New York or something you want to say that That'd uh, be funny yeah I, I want to fly to New York and back uh, so anyway I I don't know what they would do in that situation if you tried to claim but it's a good contest in your opinion good value for the buck well yeah because it's easy you don't you don't have to register for mm-hmm. anything you you just enter the info it, take, it really takes like a minute literally a minute and there's nothing intrusive you have to give them but anyway the, so now, they, will they, they will will a, will a, will a computer determine who wins or is it like the old school where they put everyone's name in one of those big drums i have no idea little girl will like you ever seen yeah that would be that would be nice but i I, it's got to be a computer but you know they so this is what happened the negotiation process so when i got this when i got this email i'm like yes yes i cannot believe that a sponsor a potential sponsor of a big company with deep pockets yeah they may be bankrupt but a big company with deep pockets is looking to sponsor this site. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna be balling, and I was picturing I'm gonna finally be able to pay Brandon something nice, and, and uh, you know, I was, I was so excited about this because this usually I've been approached by small operations that I know I can't quote them a high figure to advertise here because uh, they, they wouldn't be able to afford it. But, but I, like I know the guy with the brackets. Yeah, the bracket geek. Like I couldn't hit the bracket geek with that. So whatever happened to that guy? Well, that's that's Dark Star, and he he kind of got run off the forum. But that that's a different story. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Anyway, I, I was dismayed to find that this is a tiny department. You know, I always make fun of Caesars for every department, like, acts almost as its own company. and they don't The Gatorade come, department. Yeah, they, right. They don't cooperate with each other. This is exactly the problem. So, so they had a, a tiny department there that actually just runs this contest. So, so I don't know exactly what the name of this department is, but that's, that's like what they're doing is just running this contest. So they have their own separate budget, which is very small for advertising. So that's why they were contacting sites like, like ours, because they didn't have the money to advertise on, on major sites. It's going to cost a lot of money. They, they had a small advertising budget. And, and I found this out, and I was like, ah, oh, crap. So now, now, wait, are they only advertising, or are they only contests, or is it advertising as well and marketing? No, no, it's, it's, just, it's just these contests. Okay, so, so like when I see the big billboards when I'm driving into town or leaving town, no, it's not this. Over, no, it's not this. Not, no, that's what those, I thought. Those are expensive, right? Yeah, so that's what I thought when they contacted me. I thought, oh wow, I'm going to be able to hit them for big money like those billboards. No, it's the separate department that has a tiny advertising budget for these contests. So, so I had to make a decision at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, do do I because of my disappointment of what they can pay? Do I just tell them forget it, or do I take the this paltry sum of money I'm being offered? Now, plus you got to do the capital gains, don't you? No. no. But listen, I, I said, look, money is money, I mean, and this is a very safe sponsor. It's not like I have any. There's no risk no. here because I mean, what, what what's safe about it is that 
it's not like advertising something that could disappear, could go down. Could, this is this is advertising the it's Caesars. They're operating the world the World Series. It's their contest, yeah. and uh, so I said I've got to take this even for this paltry sum of money. So I I, uh, I, I accepted the uh, the fail sum of money I was offered here, and and so I, I anyway the uh, in, not in, to, not to interrupt you. Did you make sure you get got paid in advance? Yes, I did. Of course, <laughs> from a okay. bankrupt company. Hey, I, and to cut you off one more thing for I, I got to hang up. Um, breaking news about five minutes ago. Tim beat me in the beat me heads up in the tournament. I want to give a shout out to Chelsea. I don't know why she came back and cheered for me. Apparently she doesn't cheer for me. No, Chelsea cheers for you. Whatever. Okay. Who's Chelsea four twenty? We've already been over is. this, Brandon. She, she's the girlfriend of a guy on the site, and she's been playing the free roll. And she listens to the show. Yeah. Sometimes I think my memory ain't that good. Yeah. No, I think you got all excited by seeing she was there, and then I said, oh, that's a, you know, she's taken. Yeah. She's with a guy, some, you know, like uh, on the side who listens to the show also. So I, I think you kind of lost interest at that point. So, okay. Uh, so, yeah, all right. So, so, Scott, good good job finishing second, I guess. Who who won it? Who won the free roll? Uh, Tim Glaber. Some, bu- some bum who got it in good every time against him. He got lucky on the end. Yeah, that's how it goes. Okay, well, lose two all ins at the final table. Whatever. Hey, Scott, right, thank out. you for the Scott. I think I know. I thanked you uh, privately, but I thank you again on the air uh, for yes, the you jersey. Did. I was actually welcome. blown away. This is like a nice. This ain't like no cheap Walmart. Uh, with the one lady that had the cheap line made in uh, <laughs> uh, in China. She had the morning show with the husband who played football. Oh, uh, Kathy Lee Gifford. Yeah, 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 yeah. This ain't no Kathy Lee Gifford. Uh, paraphernalia. This is nice stitched, uh, made in, in probably Ohio or somewhere in the Midwest, Detroit. Very, very nice jersey. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank buddy. you, Scott. I, I appreciate it too. You're, you're very welcome, guys. Hey, I got, I got to ask. I actually saw her on, t- I hate to interrupt and bring this up. Saw her on TV the other day. Is she hold, is she holding up for her age? Uh, she's got to be older by now. Yeah. Who, Kathy Lee Gifford? Yeah, she got to be pretty you, old by now. Yeah. I mean, her husband died like eight years ago. Well, he was older than her. he was a lot older than her, but uh, uh-huh. she's sixty three. Yeah, she's 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 not young. She's sixty three. She's sixty three. She looks sixty three ten you... years ago. <laughs> no, I think she looks fine. If you for had 63. a ch- if you had a chance with her, would you mess around with her? All the money she has, if you could marry her and just take no. the money, would you? But you know who I would bang? No. I couldn't I'd bang her. I couldn't silly. either. I looked at the. If I had to bang an old chick lately, I've been turned on a lot by Jane Fonda. Is that weird? <laughs> As long as you don't have to listen, even with the even with that neck, I mean something about her. Well, just, as long as you don't have to listen to her talk, I would be her Peter DC if she was my Betsy Ford or no. Betsy I, Johnson I, I guess or, if she, I, I would maybe if she would keep quiet, but uh, I, I couldn't. I couldn't hear her talk. Not Ted Turner. He got sick of her in a heartbeat. Yeah, I, I see why. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm hanging up. All right, great thank show. You. I'll listen to it later. Thank you, Scott. All right, good job for the free roller. All right, so that was Scott. So just finishing what happened here with Caesars, and, and I'll tell you guys, you know, where to go for this thing to, and, and why I'd like you to click the link. Uh, so anyway, they uh, for the paltry sum of money which I accepted, uh, I slapped it up there, and, and believe me, all that money is going back into the, into the. Uh, I'm still I'm still losing money on the site. Like it doesn't even come close to covering what I've uh, spent in 2016 for the server. But uh, so I I slapped the banner up. For the this contest, and one thing we had to cut though from what they were buying was the radio because I, I told them all the different things we would do to advertise it, and uh, one of them was the radio, and they said, "Well, we can't afford to spend this much. Uh, can you cut some things and charge us less?" So 
I said, okay, here's all the things. Pick what you want to cut. And they said, we want to cut the radio. So we cut the radio. So there's no no radio advertising for this. But I, I got an email recently from uh, from the person I've been dealing with who told me that uh, not enough people have been clicking the banner and, and uh, not enough people clicking, not enough people entering. And we're, it's getting seen a lot. You know what? One, two words. Seriously serious. <laughs> he has what they call um, a ban or a, a ad banner clicker thing that he can do. He did it with the one video. About yeah, the I know. Party. I know. He, he's the uh, the view the view botting. I know. Mm-hmm. No, nope. so I know. But we could have a thousand entrants. <laughs> but look, I'm just I want I want to appeal to the I want to appeal to listeners of the show. Even if you're not interested in entering the contest, uh, just go to PokerFraudAlert.com. It's right on the top. This Las Vegas uh, trip. It may look scammy, but it's not. It's directly from the World Series. I guarantee, if you win it, you'll get it. Uh, so just just click that banner, and uh, if you want to enter the free roll, you can. If you don't, then not for you, the, the free sweepstakes, you can. You can actually enter every single day, and it even gives you like some kind of referral code that you can then give to your friends, and it'll give you additional entries. You'll see. But it really takes like just a minute to sign up. But even if you don't want to do that, just, just go on PokerFraudAlert.com right now and just click the banner. And the way it will help here, I don't get any money for each click. They've already paid a flat rate, so I'm, that, that's done. And they can't get the money back. Whether they're happy or not, they can't get the money back. It's, uh, I'm just saying I, I would like them to be happy because maybe in the future, and they want to advertise other things here, uh, if they're happy with the way this goes, then maybe we can get ads. Maybe the radio can be included. Then maybe Brandon can get paid some of it. And, and maybe uh, uh, the site can actually break even for once. So in fact, that's the type of sponsor I would totally take. Uh, because I'm the- just waiting for Kalawa to win some money in the Farmers PLO game and then shoot off to me and pay Kalawa. <laughs> that's the only way Brandon gets paid here. So seriously, guys, just, just click that banner. It's actually a good contest. And if you, look, if you Google that, that contest, like you'll see that there's a few sites advertising it, but no big sites. Like the, That's what they did. The guy had like very little money to advertise. He knew he had to advertise on, on uh, second-rate sites like ours, and that's, that's what he did. So, uh, How many uh, clicks do you want, Ruff? <laughs> Trader Ruski, what are your thoughts on this contest? Have you entered before? Your family, friends? I did enter. I didn't know you could do it each day. That's good. I'm just concerned mm-hmm. that when I win it, they're going to throw this department into the bad Caesars and Oh yeah. Well, no, but that's trip, over. The, the, bankru- the bankruptcy's over. You can you can breathe easy. Breathe easy. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's done. Yeah. So so yeah. Just uh, and uh, yeah. Again, I don't get any money if you click on it. Uh, just uh, it just makes me look better. It makes the site look better, and it may make them advertise again in the future. Like like what I and l- let me tell you, no matter what they would have paid me, because when Caesars contacted me at first, and I thought I was going to get all kinds of money, I was like, oh boy. Like what if they say like they're willing to pay a lot of money, but they want me to stop criticizing them on the air. Like, 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 I'm going to be in that dilemma where I've got to fight my uh, my Jewish cheapness and my love of money uh, versus my values with this show. And I actually decided that that I, I just have to say, if they were to demand any kind of editorial control over the show, I was going to have to say no. The only the only thing I would agree not to criticize is whatever is being advertised here. So I would agree not to criticize the contest. But fortunately, there's nothing about it to criticize. It's like the, the contest is very straightforward and 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 is what it appears to be, so there's really nothing to criticize. Uh, And drop, we don't have to put the referral code in, right? No, you don't have to put anything. Just just, just enter this. But how do I find out if they put it in a drum? Uh, You you can... I, I can submit this question for you if it's in a drum. I don't like computer-generated. Like, you know what? I'd gone to the Caesars before I was with you. They had this promotion for the weekend. 
You earn every 100 points, you get an entry. The Indians, they earn like 10,000 Oh, points. yeah. Well, that's, see, those are semi-rigged. Yeah, what Brandon's bringing up is yes, is, uh, is these – and this is, again, not to disparage this contest. This is different. This is, doesn't have to do with like a casino promotion. But, but uh, And not to see, there's all casino companies, they all have these contests where if you – for every tier credit you earn, you get an entry. Or, or every 100 tier credits you earn, you get an extra entry in some kind of, uh, some kind of sweepstakes type contest where you can win all these great prizes. And the problem with this is there's nothing really governing. There's no drum. Yeah, not only no drum, but they can give like an insane number of entries to those who they really want to see win. So if they have like a high roller, like some whale that they want to have win this thing, they can give him like two million free entries and there's nothing you can do about it. All, all the, the only thing that has to be done to be legal is that everybody's entry has to count. But you can have one entry and some high roller there, they can give two million free entries right off the bat and you have almost no chance to win. So that's that's what sucks about those type of contests is is when people when it's part of an offer part of a casino offer you never know if right. there's whales there getting just insane number of free entries way above what you're getting to where you have almost no shot and uh, Trader Ruski are you like me do you prefer drum I I do like the drum and and I may have to I think I may have both assistants working on this all day tomorrow <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know if it's a drum, but I but the good thing is I don't I don't believe that they have awarded any mass free entries to anyone here. So you know, and and again, this isn't a widely known contest, so that's what's good. It's it's kind of like when I was uh, taking advantage of that radio contest where I kept being the the contestant for pick, picking the Dodgers, the Dodger who would hit for the cycle, and then how the one day I missed doing it because I was on a trip. Uh, that's when someone almost did, and I would have won the million. I would have almost won the million, but then I would have been heartbroken because the guy missed it by a single because he was hit. Like that was a that was 16 years ago. But anyway, the reason I was getting through to that contest every day was because it was a contest that was barely known, and uh, I was able to take advantage of that plus some phone tricks. That uh, they I, say that uh, this if you win this package uh, with or without the drum, it's a legendary weekend. Now I would say that's a stretch. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's legendary. Yeah, I I think that uh, they they are probably taking some liberties with that. But but it, it, here's the truth though you you get a you get a flight, you get a room coach, at Caesars. Coach, yes, coach. But uh, you 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 know you should probably if you're short it's probably better. If you're like uh, Larry Laffer who's like five foot two, it's probably better for him than someone like me. Brittany Griner is clit seven foot. Yeah, three. yeah, yeah. He yeah that guy. That guy didn't enter because of the coach. Yeah, that guy makes me look short. Yeah, he he wouldn't be able to. Then you get. A three-night stay at uh, a deluxe room. What is a deluxe room at Caesars these days? Uh, probably the worst one. No, I don't know. I, I, that could be anything. What tower would you say? Would they? I mean, they I, I'm guessing it, it'd probably be like a palace tower, probably somewhere in the middle. That's my guess. They can't fit the contest winners into a tower built within the last decade? Well, to be fair, the Augustus Tower is actually more than a decade old now. That was built in 05. Wow. Yeah, that's where I choose to stay. So, yeah, well, yeah. Okay, but that's so, only because of, uh, you know, terms of walking and all that. It's the perfect place to be. Okay, so anyway, yeah. no, but seriously, well, click the link is what the point yeah, was. Click, click the link and and enter if you want. And there probably aren't like a ton of entries in this, so you may actually have a shot. So that's the that's just one mention. Okay, uh, let, let's see what else. So yeah, and so yeah, we never know who's. And the listening. drawing will be nine days from today, Druff. Yeah, it's on October twenty first, but you got to enter by the nineteenth. For whatever reason, this is what's also weird. So like, it's also a week. Uh, it's always on radio. Yeah, that's right. That's Next week problem. is the last week uh, to enter. But you know, so we can have a countdown, maybe. I guess, but you know, you know what's so weird is that if it really is being drawn by computer, which I got to think it is, why would they need two days between the end of the 
contest and the drawing. Why not just do it instantaneously? They can decide who they want to win. <laughs> this is why they're not going to sponsor us again here. They're going to hear, the, they're going to hear this segment. They're going to go, oh, my God, this, thank God it's we didn't. It's a good contest. They're a good company. <laughs> it's a good. We had the one kid on from the tournament. He talked about the ass pussy mouth. It's yeah. good. All right. It's all, good. all right. So so that's uh, that's the story. Now, um, what, what do you think of the situation? I, I want to quickly touch on this because we, we talked about it a little with William Kasuf. And, of course, this has uh, to do with Stacey the, Madison. The Stacey Madison being employed with you – know, it says she owns a dealer uh, – a dealer training uh, company in Vegas. She co-owns it. But then it was uncovered on 2 Plus 2. She showed up on 2 Plus 2 and then immediately got into fights with all the nerds over there. Schwartz. You see what the Schwartz Oh, yeah. The, yeah, Adam Schwartz. He just, called her. I'll oh, find boy. that one there. Yeah, yeah, that, the Schwartz is a very, what they call, an even keel, uh, non-temperamental uh, podcaster. Yeah, he really is. And he ripped into her. Oof! Yeah, Adam Schwartz. He somehow never she. Heard I know Schwartz somehow Schwartz Schwartz. really rubbed her the wrong way, and he really went off on her. Let me let me get over here to I can actually find the post as one linked here. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, before when while you're looking for that, my opinion is she should be imprisoned <laughs> in, in North Korea. Maybe not North Korea, but definitely maybe like in the Panhandle in Florida where she lives. Yeah. So, so th- this is what happened. So she uh, apparently this dealer academy uh, has. A very close affiliation with Caesars, and um, this <coughs> has caused a lot of controversy because uh, there was a uh, someone showed a website for this dealer academy that said like brought to you by Caesars Entertainment at the bottom, and it had a picture of her and Jack Effel not in the same picture together, but like a little circle of her and a little circle of Jack Effel like right next to each other. So obviously. Uh, Caesars either runs this academy, uh, partially owns it, or, or uh, pays them a lot of money. Whatever it is, is that Caesars has a very close affiliation, and probably the World Series has a very close affiliation since Jack Effel's up there. It's kind of like uh, Dick Cheney and Hal Burton. It's kind of like that. So, mm-hmm. so they are saying, how could Jack Effel, who obviously works with her, obviously they have some, either he's her boss or they have some kind of close working relationship, how could he be making a controversial decision? On whether to give Willing Kasuf a penalty for miming, if the person he's miming to is someone who he is close to in a business sense, that's uh, like, like for example, what if Seth Polanski was at the table and it was a fight between Seth and, and Willing Kasuf? It wouldn't be appropriate for Jack, uh, you know, his boss, to be uh, uh, to be doing that. It wouldn't. Uh, like, okay, so I'm at the bike club with the Hanson kid. I'm playing the horsey tournament. And I start pantomiming somebody uh, in the stud rounds. And Druff is the tournament director and doesn't give me a penalty. And then they say, well, you do the fraud show with them. That's yeah. not fair. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. So there's, there's yeah. A, it's a conflict of interest. And I, and I agree with that criticism. I agree that uh, whatever the weird situation they have with that dealer academy in Caesars, there's a definite – Connection because it's right on the front of the webpage, but brought to you by Caesars Interactive Entertainment, whatever. A definite connection between them and the World Series, and and she has a very. So it's high quite simple. He should have recused himself. Yeah, he's right. He should have had another floor man who just doesn't know her make the decision and not, not tell him why. Just say you know it's a conflict of interest. Please. Not the one guy that bashes men and only likes women. No, 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 not him. Not, uh, Robbie Thompson. <laughs> yeah, so he should have brought over a floor man who doesn't know her and just said, "You, you make the decision. You, I, I'm not going to get involved. It's up to you." And, and I'm not going to. And I'm not. This is totally your call either way. And uh, because this is, I don't think it's right for me to rule on this since I know her. That's all he had to say. Uh, but. Uh, 
there's a lot of favoritism at the World Series. Uh, if you think about Jared Blesnick, where he crumpled up cards at the World Series, was given a lifetime ban for the World Series for doing that because it wasn't the first time he'd been in trouble there. And, and then he gets a lifetime ban. Then Phil Helmuth, who's Jared Blesnick's friend, went in and talked to Jack Effel and, and convinced him as a favor to him to unban Jared Blesnick. So Jared Blesnick was right back playing, and then he ran really deep in the main event. Well, and, you know, even more so, and this one outraged a lot of people, was, oh, geez, I want to say maybe it was 2010, 2011, when Helmuth went on a tear of using bad language to insult a player. And this that was the year, and that was the last year, that he had a deep run in the main event. And it was either the last or second to hand, the second to last hand of the night was towards the end. And they issued him a 10 round penalty, or I'm sorry, the 10 round penalty, a one round penalty starting the next day. And they recanted it overnight. Like, there's yeah. no appeal process. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not like you get a penalty and you could appeal it. But, you know, Poker News covered it, it was reported. Then the next day they reversed it. And it was blatantly obvious because he was very short at the time and we're talking like 80 90 handed or whatever it was and it was the deepest run he had made in a very long time and they wanted him in there they didn't want you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so do you guys remember any of yes this? yes i know there's there's so and there's so much and they reversed it overnight right and of course everyone you know whether you agreed or disagreed with the penalty that's 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 not important it was more the fact that it was blatantly preferential treatment. Yeah, even your dog doesn't like that they did that. No. Like your dog gets mad. You mentioned Helmet so, getting a penalty reverse and the dog, right furi- to me the, dog is, the dog is furious about this. Even the dog gets angry about this. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so I believe, I don't know if this, uh, if Jack ruled that way because of his business relationship with Stacy or if, if just because he felt that way. Jack is, uh, Jack always wants to have control. Jack, Jack is someone who, who wants to feel like everyone's respecting him, that no one ever, uh, does something that he doesn't he doesn't like or tries to show him up. So when when Jack don't know Ty, <laughs> so believe when, me, Jack knows Ty. When, when when William was doing the the miming after he was told not to talk, that's the type of thing that would always piss off Jack. So to tell you the truth, uh, even if he didn't know Stacy, he would have given the penalty just knowing Jack. And also, I have to say, even if I were the floor man there, I would have given a penalty because in general, once you tell a player not to do something, whether you're right or wrong, once you've told the player that's your ruling. And they continue to mock your ruling and, and try to get around it and try to do something that's very much against the spirit of what you told them not to do. Uh, then at that point, uh, you have to do something about it. Otherwise, you've lost control of the tournament. So I, I, I understand why he did it. And, uh, I, I actually agree with that penalty because I, I don't agree. Like, uh, at the beginning when William was talking, that to me just looked like table talk. And, and I think that I thought Stacy was reacting too much to it because I've had people do that to me before where they, they talk to me after they've uh, made some kind of move on me and, uh, I just have to tune it out and make the decision. So when she was freaking out about that, I didn't think that was right. I thought she was being oversensitive. I thought that floor man was jumping on him too much. But once the decision was made that he can't talk anymore, that he's got to give quiet and be quiet and give her a second to think, and then and then he mocked it by doing the the miming or Brandon says the pantomiming. Uh, at that point, it's showing no respect for the floor man's decision, and there you know I understand why you give a penalty at that point. So, but but still. It should not have been Jack's decision because of his the business relationship with Stacy, and also on two plus two, Stacy tried to downplay it. Her, her, Listen, her, even that Schwartz is 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 his exact words. 
Yeah, I have it right here. Here's yeah. what uh, here's what Schwartz said. He tries to like her, support yeah, her. Yeah, this is what he wrote. This is what what Adam Schwartz, who as Brandon said, he's not critical like we are. He 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 always comes off as the nice guy and uh, very uh, nice, even tempered Canadian. And this is what he wrote: as someone that jumps to defend people that deserve it, you make it impossible for me. If the dealers you churn out of the school lack the ability to think critically like you do. The quality of dealers in the poker community is in serious doubt. Also, the fact that you went deep in the main event doesn't make you a good player, so stop bragging like a 12-year-old. Wow. So, so he, just, mm. he just went off on her. She, so uh, she was saying to someone, uh, uh, I finished 169th out of 6770 players. This hand doesn't overshadow it for me. Have you ever gone that deep? And so he was mad about that comment. And uh, uh, So, yeah, she, she wasn't forthcoming about the dealer school. And then when someone figured it out, she still was defending it. So people were getting mad because she wasn't really being fully honest with everybody. She's, she posts on 2 Plus 2 as Stacy Acey, which is also kind of an obnoxious name. So Stacy Acey, a.k.a. Stacy Madison, did not, come out, did not come off well on 2 Plus 2. Now, I will defend her with one thing. There's one other controversy about her that I, I disagree with. It was the whole thing where she somehow was informed about the straight flush that William had on a previous hand shortly before this – hand where uh, that was controversial where uh, he was table talking to her and in the straight flush hand she had a pair of aces he had a straight flush and he checked raise all in her and she folded well when he showed it to the camera someone saw it i mean he was saying that something about a the a wall blocking where you can show the cameraman and send some low thing where a midget can why i didn't get the whole thing but but I don't know how the audience saw it, but somehow someone in the audience was able to see it was a straight flush when he picked up the hand to show it to the camera. So someone in the audience came to her at some point, to mess on a break, and told her that, hey, he had a straight flush that was a great fold. And she revealed that in one of her posts and said that the reason she folded the overpair queens was that the last time he check-raised her all in, that he had it. He had a straight flush, and she knew it because someone in the audience told her. So people went all off on her. They're telling her that this is cheating, that that she's finding out about hands she shouldn't know, that you know he, she should not have had that information, and she was cheating. And I said this. I don't agree with that. Televised poker with an audience is very different than every other form of poker, when especially when there is any kind of live stream or you know, delayed live stream, slightly delayed live stream, or even if there's not, the audience just sees something. Uh, especially when the person you know, picks up their hand to show it. And you have to expect that anything someone in the audience sees, no matter how they see it, that they're going to want to tell this at some point to their friend who's playing. And as the old saying goes, once you hear something, you can't unhear it. You can't say, ah, you're not supposed to tell me that. I'm going to forget you told me. You can't do that. Once you hear what that person had, then it's too late. When I was at the final table in 2013 at the 5K Limit Hold'em, that was not on TV, but it was on Internet TV on ESPN360.com. And, uh, in fact, uh, one of uh, Calwatt's friends, uh, David Tuckman, was one of the broadcasters for that, and, uh, and he, he actually did a good job. David Baker went on there to talk trash about me, but uh, Tuckman was nice. But anyway, uh, it was a 15-minute delayed broadcast which meant that people in the audience who were watching on their smartphones, 15 minutes delayed, could tell me what everybody had in every hand if I wanted to. 
I noticed this. There, there are three Magic the Gathering players at the table. Justin Bonomo, my favorite guy, uh, Ben Yu, and Gabriel Nassif. The, the latter two I have no problem with. Uh, but anyway, the three of them are in the Magic community. So I noticed some of them were like getting up and talking to their friends in the audience, like Eric Froelich and David Williams, they, they, that whole, Brock Parker, that whole crap. Anyway, they kept going back and talking, and I, I realized what was going on, that uh, they were being told about hands that people had because they were seeing it in the, in the feed. So... I, at that point, I'm like, okay, well, I've got to do this too. I've got, I said, I, I said to the people watching me, so you know, are you watching? Yes, yeah, so can, can you tell me? Like, so, so I started finding out what people had in hands, and everybody, everybody kept running to the rail and asking, you know, hey, what did you see on the feed? Like, everyone at the table was doing it. Was it cheating? No, because once that information's out there, once it's shown on a feed that people in the audience can access, it becomes public information. So, when there's an audience there that can see something. That that's clearly there to support some. Most of them are there to support one one player at the table. Uh, at, at that point, if the audience tells someone, you can't blame that player, nor can you even play the player blame the player if they seek it out from the audience, uh, knowing that the audience will have seen things because the audience will be helping out you know everybody else too, uh, the parts of the audience that are there for the other players. So it's just it's just it, it would be nice if none of this existed. It would be nice if there's no live streams like that that could, that could affect the gameplay. When this was going on at my final table, I just said, I, w- I wish this wasn't happening. I mean, yeah, it's nice for me to know what people had 15 minutes ago, but it, I wish they didn't know what I had. I, I wish this whole thing wasn't wasn't existing, but I knew it was, it was part of this game. It was part of this final table, and if I let them all know my hands, but I couldn't know theirs, I'd be at a huge disadvantage. It wouldn't be fair to me. So, So I had to find out, too. So I and believe me, I wish it wasn't that way. And I wasn't pulling a fast one; everyone was doing it. That's why I, I did it because everyone was doing it, and I wasn't going to let myself be at a disadvantage there. So I don't blame her for listening. Whoever in the audience saw the straight flush, if they told her, what can she do? She can't. Uh, she can't erase it from her memory. So I don't think that was cheating, and I don't think it was cheating that she had that in mind when she made that fold. So that's the only area where I will defend her, and I think a lot of people who were criticizing her don't. Realize that aspect of televised poker. Now, Brandon, how, how do you feel about that? Uh oh, did we lose Brandon? Did we lose everyone? Oh, uh, Brandon's out having a smoke. I, I mean, I don't, I don't really have that much of a problem with it either, because in these days, you, you've got teams of people that are sitting on the rail and watching streams on delay, and it's just assumed that any information that can be gotten to them will be gotten to them. Yeah, right? it's like right. the public info. Yeah, it's Trader Ruski, how do you feel? No, I agree with Calwatt, and I think. I forgot the hand. I don't know if either of you remember. It seemed like he didn't. He kind of held them up so people would be able to see. Yeah, uh, not just the camera person, the the little person, <laughs> the little person, uh, the, not the, not the, the midget. midget, the midget that was there, yeah. the little person. But um, now, if you knew we that, don't it, call them, isn't the ahead. correct term dwarf? No, I, I think it's uh, vertically challenged. No, it's dwarf. You can't. Is dwarf is a politically correct term? I thought. No, vertically I think challenged. Dwarfs are different. Yeah, the, no, vertically challenged oh. is, the, is the nicest way to say it. But, but Brandon, how do you feel? Do you think that it's uh, it's fine to find out from the audience uh, if they saw something? No, I don't like it either. I don't no, like you don't like it. No, no. It. But but if it's if that's the case, though, do you think she's cheating to find that out, or do you think that's just a, an unfortunate side effect of, the, of audience poker? I mean, it depends on what capacity. If she if someone told her. Without her asking, I mean, of course, how can, you know, I, my, my ears heard it. How, how can you fault somebody? But if she inquired and, and, and did that, I mean, I, I wouldn't even say it's cheating, but it's unethical. Well, what, okay, call, so, call, okay, well so, if she had a friend there, if she had somebody standing behind him. Yeah, it was some saying. guy. They showed that he, she was a tool. He thought he was going to get laid. Listen, I'm going to be honest. I think she's a smug fucking cunt. 
I'm not a fan. No, she didn't come off mind, well there. I'll agree. She she, she came off she came off like a bitch on there, and you know things can be misleading what you see on TV there. But but then she forgetting TV, then she went on two plus two, and she was she's not forthcoming at all. She was uh, she was lying about the uh, the dealer academy and its association with Caesars. Uh, she was she's kind of arrogant on you know there. What the so. first thing I did after I seen that TV coverage, what I texted my good friend Nolan Dallin and said, "Don't touch her, <laughs> don't hug her." You know what? That's uh, that's good advice. But I think Nolan's learned his lesson. I think Nolan has. Uh... Oh, you know what's interesting? I, I want to th- throw a side note on that. Uh, uh, I I was told by by Jacqueline, who I, you know, I, it's not like I regularly talk to her, but she uh, emails me every the so doc- often. The female good doctor. The good doctor. She emails her. me every so often. Some people think that she hates me because <laughs> of uh, my critical words of her, but she she doesn't. She like uh, we're not friends, but we're not enemies. So she'll email me every so often, and she she told me that the. She was never actually served with a lawsuit, and that it just like the whole thing just never went anywhere. There was no, uh, there was a lot of investigation of her by like a PI, but that nobody, there was no, even there was a lawsuit filed supposedly. That one, she can't find any evidence that the lawsuit was filed. Well, no, 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 no. Hold on, they never. The exact words were that we will be filing a lawsuit. It was never said factually we filed one. Okay, as to like say that you're going to be served. So maybe there was some. What I'm guessing, and it's interesting that you bring this up months later. Well, I just found it out. I just found it out months later. My hypothesis is that both parties probably spoke through an intermediary and decided, if you stop, we'll stop. You don't talk about it. We don't talk about it, and everyone kind of left it at that. Yeah, I don't think that's what happened. That's a good theory, but I don't think that's what happened because once. Well, it's a hypothesis. Well, no, she could have. She could have been lying to me, but she 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 seemed to be very uh, emphatic that. That they postured about this and like kind of like haha they were posturing about this so much but then they then they don't actually serve me and they don't seem to file anything so what was that all that what was all that about like I don't think she, I don't think well, she would have written that to me especially knowing it's I'm also not her... been it's also been only three months so it's not you know no 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 it's, you know, no it's been it's been something... five months it's been five months no it's been three months since they stated that they were gonna yeah yeah sue but, yeah I know it's not out I'm, of the I'm realm but just I... saying it's not out of the realm that in December or tomorrow or next February I mean. But yeah, I, I, your point is well taken. But, but she, and she said that she said she she doesn't think it's necessarily done because they uh, they could do it later. But uh, I just said that. Yeah, no, I'm saying she actually said that too. So, uh, wow. but yeah, so but she was uh, the way she was writing it to me, and I, I don't think she's gonna posture to me something that she isn't really feeling because like it's, we're not friends, and she can know she knows I could go like post anything at any time. So like that's why. Uh, yeah. So I, in I just, my opinion, she's one of those people that. Donald Trump terms low energy. <laughs> but she's but how is she low energy? She's not the one who didn't file. Well, just in general. Oh, just in general, she's low energy. Her face looks low energy. Yeah, her face does look she's low always, energy. You're right. She yeah, does look, she she's does always look, sitting at a table, kind of hunched over, low energy. She, she does kind of look like low that energy. Jeb Bush. She does yeah. kind of seem low. That's a, that's a exactly. That's a good read. Thank you. She does kind of seem low energy. <laughs> the question is, the question is, and we'd have to ask anyone who may may have uh, been with her at some point sexually. Of course, I don't mean Nolan Dalla, but uh, someone who like I wonder if like sexually she's low energy. Is she someone who's like low energy with everything but sex, or you think that actually? Uh, you think this? You think that carries over into the bedroom? I don't know. I have to watch what I say because I want to be instructor one day at the Commerce uh, University. Uh, you. So I have to maybe be more politically. Oh, correct, I think they so. may have changed instructors too. I'll have yeah. to ask. I'll have to ask that person who. Uh, I can't it. say who because I was asked politely not to. But I, I think I sent you this message, and, and you know who I'm speaking of. But I was told that if 
the next time I'm in the LA area that this student wanted, uh, I'm making this up. I, you know, this student, not going to give any more information, wanted to, uh, speak and find out if I could be a guest lecturer for one day. Yeah. You told me. Blush. You told me. No, I, you know what? I, I, I it made tell some stories, but no, it made me feel unspecial that, uh, you know, here I was the guest lecturer at that university and I bragged about it. And now you're being invited to, I just, uh, well, they said you were too harsh on them. Hmm. They said you started screaming, damn it, people, don't you get it? Like, And you just started to get a little hostile. Kind of like but. finding out you both hooked up with the same girl, isn't it, Drew? Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's, it's of like more like I, I hooked up with a girl and uh, she wanted to be with Brandon. He actually uh, Listen, wasn't interested. I got to tell you something, uh, there, Calawat. Your colloquial evidence, you have no <laughs> idea what that did for me. <laughs> I must have met, I, and I'm, I kid you not, I must have met over 250 people or interacted, I should say. <laughs> With over 250 people that I never would have before. It was amazing. Go. It was fucking brilliant. Some people text me and, you know, they tell me a little bit about themselves, where they live, how long they've been listening. Others would simply just write colloquial evidence and that was it. Didn't even offer nothing. No, you it know what we just, had too? I actually, I actually got a few messages myself and said, I, you know, I was considering. This is not even the right number for colloquial evidence. Well, I got, yeah, I got a few messages from people saying, I was considering texting Brandon at the time, but uh, you know I was going to. Then I kind of lost my nerve. I decided I'm more comfortable talking to you. So then they messaged me, but you know just to let you know, I was going to say colloquial evidence. <laughs> they should like mean that I'm not easygoing. That they can for, for some the... reason. There's for some reason there's a few people who decided to message me and say they were going to message you about it, but then they introduced themselves to me. I, I don't know why they didn't want to do it to you, but they for some reason they wanted to tell me. They didn't. They didn't state why. Uh-oh. That's odd. It, it is odd. But, but anyhow, Calawat, that was a great gift you gave me because I got to... As a gift I kept on giving. ...of a listenership that I never would have otherwise. You know, Brandon, suddenly we're getting a, uh, a hum in the back. Did you switch something? I'm, I was on my... Uh, my iPhone on my on Skype, and now I'm back on the. the For some the reason, laptop. now that you've come on the laptop, I hear. Well, I can hang up and reconnect. I mean, but, yeah, let's let's do that. Yeah, it's, it sounds more like interference. Like he's got the power cord too close. No, I have no power cord. I'm not using a power cord. Is that better? Maybe. It's not terrible. It's a little bit of a hum. We'll have to deal with it. It's better than the fail of the first hour of the. No, the yeah, this show. is great compared to it. Yeah, that's got to be uh, edited. For yeah, sure. I will. I will be editing it. Yes. It's embarrassing. That was terrible. So, okay, let's let's see what else we got here. Well, uh, we got to talk about. Uh, I have it right here. We have a lot to talk on about. The queue. Well, what I'd like to do, if you're okay with it, is you can take the poker segments, keep them together. We'll do the full flush, the on game, uh, the GPL, and you and Kalawat and even Trader Ruski can have at it with that. When and now? I'll, whenever you cover those. Okay. Well, hang on. I, I want to mention one. Quick thing about Chicago. I'm saying when you do the poker thing yeah. that I get bored of, yeah, 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 yeah. that I'll go play solitaire. <laughs> okay, you, you can do that. Listen, I, I've got one other thing I say about Chicago Joey. Chicago Joey actually uh, mentioned to us that he was considering reaching out to us. And this is before we, we were interacting with him on Twitter last night. He said he was considering reaching out to us and asking if we could provide him with a, qu- a question before every show that's a hardball question. That he would say, hey, so this is a question from uh, – yeah, from Dan Druff or from Drexel on uh, Poker Fraud Alert, and then yeah, then give the question. I, I assume that's what he was going to do. So I actually think that's a good idea, and I think they would actually get us some new listeners. Since uh, our biggest barrier to having more listeners on this show is just being known. We we actually have a pretty good record of people listening to the show and deciding to stick with it and listen to more. 
We actually have a pretty good record with that. Some people decide it's not for them, but we have a pretty good record of people that stay around and listen. It's just a matter of getting people to listen in the first place. So I, I think on Chicago Joey, which gets a, a very large following, if uh, if he really wants to take some uh, – a, a, a bit of a pain in the ass to submit a question each time. But uh, I, I would actually do it if it bring the exposure to the show. Yeah. I'm I'm good with that as well. So, so uh, Brandon, so do you want to do the, the you want me to do these poker things well, now? No, let's you... let's let's do one more subject. One more and subject. Then we can okay. do it. Do that. Let's uh, and then I, I want to tell a, a quick trip report. This uh, I won't do it now. I'll do it after this week. But this past weekend, my PFA member and now someone I call a not just a friend but a close friend, C Money, was in town, and. Uh, we spent two days together just watching football and kicking it back. Mm. And no one else was around. It was just the two boys watching football, making some bets, having some good food. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about that uh, more later, but very nice trip. Uh, I guess what we can cover, if you do not object, is let's talk about the Taj closing since that interests me. And then you could talk about full flush and on game and all that yeah. good okay. stuff. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk about the Taj. Uh, the Taj. We're talking about the Trump Taj Mahal in Atlantic City, and uh, it's no longer owned by Donald Trump. It, it hasn't been in a little, a little while. It was actually owned by a Carl Icahn last. He, yeah, he gets a very, very small percentage. However, I, I could not find it even an indication of what that means, and just even a ballpark for the naming rights. Yeah, and in fact, like, that's what's been going on with Trump in general, not just with casinos. But yeah. Trump Trump realized uh, some time ago that. The biggest value he has is not his amazing business skills because he his business skills really aren't that great. Uh, really, the greatest value he has is the perception that that he is a big name, that uh, that he really does have business skills, and anything associated with him is good. So, so what he's been doing is he's been leasing out his name to where they call it Trump this, Trump that, when he actually does not own these places. So when you see anything as Trump, you have no idea whether Donald Trump owns it or if it's a completely unaffiliated company that has just leased his name. And and this has even become more commonplace since he was on The Apprentice, and, and that did very well. That was a, a big success story for him. So uh, so Trump realized that selling his name and personality, that was the most lucrative thing for him. And, and actually running businesses wasn't his forte. But the, the Taj Mahal, uh, it, it, it initially ran into financial trouble. It's very, very interesting, that whole story. Yeah. Uh, I read a probably 10-page summary of how it all began. I, I had no idea. I thought I was educated. He wasn't even the original developer of it. The original developer of it ended up dying. The man who had the idea of building it died in the middle of the project. Funding couldn't be secured then. Do you even know any of this stuff? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, I don't remember his name. But anyhow, and then, you know, then he went before the New York uh, Gaming Commission and straight up lied to them in terms of their, their uh, the financing. Like they literally released transcripts in which he said that he would get uh, money from banking institutions and no matter what, he would not use junk bonds to fund this, which would have a much higher interest rate and a much higher chance of the project failing because of you know the, the bonds he'd have to start paying back. Uh, do you know everything I'm speaking of? Yes, yes. Okay, I didn't, well, I didn't no, know. Go, go on, right? but tell the listeners. So, so anyhow, so nonetheless, after literally getting his casino license in which he went before the commission and promised that he already had funding from 
you know, various banking institutions at a low, a very low, prime, below prime interest rate, uh, he in turn either lied to them straight to their face, or actually he did in the sense that he promised he wasn't going to use junk bonds, but lied in terms of not being able to get the banking, whether he knew he couldn't get financed or found out afterwards. But then he did the exact thing. In fact, during his speech to the New Jersey Gaming Commission, he used basically uh, his 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 analogy was that if if a company uses junk bonds, they're pretty much junk. The company themselves. And signing out, he could not get the financing. So what he ended up doing was getting junk bonds. I know it was at interest rate of fourteen percent. I don't know. Yeah, fourteen percent. It was he got six hundred seventy-five million dollars worth of junk bonds. Yeah, and sure as shit, within like three months, four months of it opening of of the Taj opening, they couldn't pay their first interest payment. Yeah, and they were they went into bankruptcy in ninety one. They opened in nineteen ninety. In ninety one it was already in bankruptcy. They couldn't make their first payment within three months. Yeah, I remember this. I you know, back in ninety one I was still I was kind of fascinated still about casinos and all that stuff, but I wasn't old enough to play or anything yet. I was nineteen in ninety one. But I remember hearing that the Trump Taj Mahal was already in bankruptcy. I'm like, wow, didn't that just open? That's what I thought about back when I heard about that. So, so yeah, that happened. So it went to bankruptcy almost immediately after uh, opening, as as uh, Brandon said, and uh, and then uh, Trump actually gave up half the casino to bondholders in exchange for lower interest rates on the debt, and uh, and many vendors and contractors were paid uh, fractions of of what they were owed. It was, the it was some in some cases pennies on the dollar. Yeah, so they got screwed. And it wasn't just that they got screwed. The article that I read. Actually, went into more detail of how how literally because I mean a lot of these were million dollar plus contracts. A lot of these small business owners it ruined their lives. They had to declare bankruptcy. They had to lay off uh, employees. They lost their businesses. I mean, it was I didn't know, and I read this maybe two or three days ago. To this day, how horrific a trail he left in his wake in in Atlantic City. I mean, he fucked up a lot of people. Yeah, he really lives. did. And, and Atlantic City, they were backing just, him. I, listen, the, what I'm saying, it's this isn't political. I'm not saying this because he's running for president. I didn't know these things. And what I'm saying, it's not hyperbole. It's not, you know, conjecture. These are all facts. You know, these are things that, you know, I read that, you know, that had business owners' names and their quotes and their stories. And they had, you know, evidence, proof. You know, bankruptcy filings. I, know, and, I've, and I've never liked bankruptcy for that reason because bankruptcy is, is almost like legitimized scamming in, in, in that uh, you can legitimately owe money to people or companies for legitimate work that can really screw them if they don't get paid and you can legally so, charge it off. So I think it's awful. Basically what he did was – and you know, we talked about his shrewd business tactics uh, – a few months, maybe four months, six months away from completion of the Taj Mahal, and it was still basically a shell, he stopped paying vendors. Claimed he had tons of cash, made excuses, but stopped paying them. Told the vendors that if they didn't continue working, then they were never going to get paid. So it was kind of like a, you're screwed either way. Yeah, You know what I mean? So then at the end, when finally every, you know, it was complete, they they hadn't received their money, and then within three months, you know, they still hadn't received their money. He filed for bankruptcy, and 
I mean, it, it's just it was, it's pretty horrific to be honest with you. But when it was when it was built, and at this point, although I, I was into uh, you know, I'd been to the track before. I'd been to an Indian casino. Uh, said 1990s. So I was 15 years old. I, I didn't have the lore of casinos that I have now. So reading now how Trump called the Taj right before it opened the eighth wonder of the world. When Trump uh, opened it, the Taj was the biggest hotel and casino in the United States. I didn't know that. It even surpassed. I think at that point it would have been the old MGM, which is now Bally's and Vegas. No, no, it was it was the Hilton. It was the Hilton. Okay, Hilton. you know, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't think it was the biggest hotel then. I think it was the biggest casino in terms of square footage. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, you're right because the, the the Hilton was the biggest hotel in the world at one point. But anyhow, he called it. That was a direct quote. It's going to be the eighth wonder of the world. That that's what he said. And uh, you know, I, I don't remember all that buildup. I just was a little bit too young. You know, just to, to you know, know, and there was no internet, so yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know the buildup. I just knew that he yeah, owned but, a, but this was—I mean, this there. was like monumental buildup. People were just, oh my god, they'd never seen anything. I mean, this cost this cost over a billion dollars back in in nineteen. You know, it, it, this project started like in eighty six, but no, I, think, I think it was to, I think it was eighty eight. But yeah, the, the, the money is worth. Well, no, when I say project, I mean like just the 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 you know the sketching and just the talk of it. You know, just you know what I mean, not. The physical groundbreaking, but yeah, just and, uh, yeah, being and, and, in the works of, of of you know just being discussed, right? And, and money and money then it's it's uh, it's not quite. So what a, would that even be? Well, a billion it, plus back then? Well, yeah. So so it's it's getting close to two to one at this point, but not quite two to one. So it's it's, it's getting close to double whatever the money was worth back. So in basically, you're talking about not even. I mean, probably the cost of a city center. Back in the, you know, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Actually, I think the city center was close to three, but whatever. It was a ridiculous figure, and uh, it's interesting. Cause like I said, it, for those that don't know the, the backstory of all this, you know, read it. I had no idea that the original inventor and fi- financer for the Taj Mahal start was in the beginning stages of the project and died uh, during non-emergency surgery. I don't know what that means if. He was having, you know. Oh, there can plastic. be a lot of things like that. Yeah, that, that's what's scary plastic about surgery. Could be plastic surgery, well, it, or it could have been something minor. No, there, like- no, that's what it is. A lot of times, uh, surgery is always risky, and that's why I, I've always been afraid to, to have to do surgery. I, I would never do surgery for myself unless it was something I just needed to do, uh, because you just never know. There are people that just die on the table sometimes from the general anesthesia. Sometimes it's a, a complication. When you go down for surgery. Uh, there, there is some realistic chance, not a huge chance, but a realistic chance that you will never wake up and you're just going to die. So, yeah. so that's what happened to this person. So anyhow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I always thought that he was a great mind behind it and he had thought up the idea. But no, he basically took someone else's idea, forced his way in, lied about the financing, and that's how it began to be. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so that the Trump, the Taj Mahal really took a beating, especially in 2003. When the Borgata opened, because up till 2003, at least they had good revenue because they were still considered uh, the best casino in town. They were still considered the place that everyone wants to go to. Uh, it was it was still kind of falling into disrepair. It wasn't maintained very well. It, it already had its problems leading into 2003, uh, but uh, it was still considered the, the go-to place in Atlantic City. The Borgata opened. They were kind of a, an East Coast version of the Bellagio. Not quite as nice as the Bellagio, but uh, but close, and they even had there's a lot of similarity between the two properties. 
So, and the Borgata also is away from the boardwalk, which uh, at first was thought maybe is bad, but it, in, in a way it's good. It's kind of its own little island. It's not an actual island, but it's a its own little island, uh, kind of up on a hill away from the filth of Atlantic City. And uh, that being a luxury hotel just blew away everything over by the boardwalk, which was uh, mediocre at best. And the Taj by that point had already really fallen into uh, both disrepair and just kind of really had a, a, a more scummy and ghetto look than it had originally. They just weren't keeping it up. They weren't uh, keeping the bad element out. I even have my own story of the Taj. This was a, not in 03, but this is in 07. Uh, I was going to go to or going to Atlantic City and uh, with my then-girlfriend, Miri, and she said that she wanted to stay at the Taj because that was what she had heard of. She, that's what she'd always heard was the place to stay over there. She didn't even know what the Borgata was. It was only four years old at that point. And, you know, we weren't from the East Coast, so she wouldn't have heard of the Borgata as much unless you really follow casino stuff. So, th- th- first of all, that shows you how the Taj really got the reputation it had for a long time of being this great place over in Atlantic City and that someone in California knew about it and really wanted to go there without really knowing that much about it. But uh, I had been studying Atlantic City more, just being interested in casinos, and I knew that the Taj had become a dump and that the Borgata was the place to go to. So... I actually had a fight with her. I had a fight with her. I kept saying, look, I know you really want to go to the Taj, but it's a dump now. I'm telling you the Borgata is much nicer. That's where we've got to go. So we went to the Borgata, and she was happy with the Borgata, and she was at that point when she saw it, she was uh, no longer unhappy that I was forcing her to go there instead of the Taj. But we went to go visit the Taj after we'd stayed at the Borgata for a few days, and she couldn't believe it. She could not believe how crappy it looked. There was a bum literally sleeping in the hallway between the garage and the hotel. There's just a bum sleeping there. Uh, there's piss that, you know, that you'd smell in the garage and on the wall in that hallway, probably from that same bum and other bums. Uh, we went into the poker room, walked around. There's like a very sketchy-looking element all around the poker room. She said she was scared to walk out back to our car. She's like, what do I, someone's following us. We've got to watch out. Someone's following hey, what us. What year is this? Oh, seven. So she was... Uh, okay, so that was on the down... That, that was far on the down Yeah, far swing. on the downswing. But the thing is, yeah, it was really going downhill. But, I mean, that was the polka mecca of the East Coast for so long. Yeah, it was, yeah. And, and then... Uh, and it was in Rounders, right? Was yeah, that? it was in Rounders. Yeah. But, I mean, it, that... You know, that... Uh, I think we lost Brandon here. I'm sorry, I'm back. Okay. I, I, uh, yeah, that just made it more mainstream. You know, Rounders did. But if you lived, you know, in that East Coast, Connecticut or... You know, New Jersey, New York, you know, just in that, I don't know, what do you call that area? Like, I mean, it's not like a tri-state area, but, you no. know, whatever. In that region, you know, yeah. and, and that's what you wanted to do. That's that's where you went. Yeah, here we, have, we, have a, big... we have a call here from the 215 probably wants to chime in. Right. They're Philadelphia, so they've got to well, know thank about. thank you for announcing the call. They've, they've got to know about the Borgata and the, and, and, and the Taj. Uh, call, you're on the air. Hey, what's up? It's uh, Jeff. I told you guys a couple weeks ago about the nitro blistering situation. But yeah, you, I hear you guys are talking to. I, I live in a lot. I live like. Wait, who's this? I live in Je- Jesse? Jesse? What's up? Have I met you before? This is Drexel. Yeah, no, I talked to Druff before. Uh, we were talking about nitro at the Bitcoin sports book. Oh. Maybe that was the so, night I had the migraines, because I don't recall. Yeah, me. you had a migraine. I like oh. live, uh, I, I live in Eggholder Township, which is, you know. I work in Atlantic City, so... Oh, you live in, you live in Egg Harbor Township? Yeah. Oh, okay, so yeah, that's, that's very close. Yeah, that's a nice area, though, I thought. Yeah, it is nice, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah it is nice. But, uh, I, Jesse, I what, what do you do in Atlantic City? 
I'm in the casino industry. I'm, I'm actually uh, like I work in table. I'm a dealer. I work in table games. Oh, okay. Oh, do you, do you yeah. uh, work at one of the upper or upper end properties? I guess there's only one. Well, I well well the only upper end property. Well, I used to work at Rebel. I was a day one or at Rebel, which was unbelievable. But unfortunately, you guys, we all know what you know. We know the story. Yeah, we know what happened there? To, uh, <laughs> what happened there? I used to work at Borgata uh, on call, like an on call seasonal position. But I didn't go back this year. I was having some back issues, and it was brave shift. And I just was like, you know what? I just I don't want to do it. So right now, I just deal day shift at resorts, which is a total toilet. I mean, it's like a nightmare on Elm Street. But it's you know right next door to the top. So you know, I'm like super close to the situation because I know exactly you know what's going on and the main reason as to why it's really closing. But I mean, the place, like, like I think Drop said, was going downhill for you know. I, I grew up playing poker at the time. I mean, I mean, this is the mecca of poker for. I mean, every anybody who's ever played poker on these boats has played at the time, obviously. That's you know, at, at, at some point. But um, it got. It, it, the problem was with the union. The, the main reason why it's closing down is well, Car Icon was supposed to put a hundred million into it. Yeah, so it, yeah, was, yeah. We hadn't gotten to this part of the story, but yeah, yeah. Well, I'm with, sorry. Yeah, with the union, what? what Don't uh, apologize at all. Keep yeah. going. It's interesting. But yeah, but you, yeah. You, I mean, you you can say it too. We were going to sure. get to that, but uh, sure. do you, what do you deal? Are you, are you a blackjack dealer? Do you deal dice? Well, I deal, do you deal I deal, the wheel. I deal, I deal dice, blackjack. You know, I, I could deal poker as well. I deal like the stupid carnival right. games, three cards. Real fast. I mean, like my main game is craps. What is game. a seventy-five dollar horn high twelve pay if aces? If Aces hits, it's just so, like, uh, 285 times three. Ah, very good. <laughs> All right. You, you got <laughs> some drops. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep talking talk to us. I, I, so, that's, that's the, by the way, I don't know if you, how long you've listened, but when I first moved out here uh, 16 years ago, actually it will be 17 next year, um, that was the first job I got. I was a dice breaking dice dealer downtown, and I dealt uh, on the strip like, for a number of years. Before, and then, I get into the, before I get into the story – how bad is it your first night on the game? You just want to kill yourself, right? It's like a nightmare. My first night ever dealing? No, your first night ever dealing dice. What's yeah, I, well, yeah like? that, that was the, my first night ever dealing was dice. I was so nervous and so stressed out and just wanted it to be over. You um, just want to cry. No, like, you just want to cry every minute. Of course. No matter how much schooling that you did or how comfortable you feel at school dealing behind until you walk up to that box or get on that stick for the first time in a live action game there's nothing in the world that can prepare you for it there's just nothing my first night my first night you're gonna get run over you're gonna get run over no matter what and it was like i'll never forget like i was the guy in in the class who was always on the cell phone who never listened thought like yeah i'll learn it when i get there and the first bet, I couldn't even pay the field. Like, uh, I, it just, it didn't, it didn't matter that. It was just, it was like, I, I went home that night. I was like, it was like a crying game. I'm just like, I, I don't want to go back. I, I don't want to go back. I mean, Dice but, uh, is recognized, and it's not even a question, by far the hardest game to deal. Uh, 100%. You know, I mean, once, yeah, once you do it, it's very easy. But yes, it's the hardest. The, the, the problem with dice is it's not that it's the, it is hard, but the players are such douchebags, and, and it's like they don't give you. If you're weak, they could sense it. Yep, you, you know what I mean. Absolutely, and they'll take shots at you all day long. Yeah, they'll take shots all day. Like if you're when I when I was breaking in, I was weak, but now I like once you learn how to deal, you don't give a shit. You just deal, and if you don't like what I do, 
that's going on. You know what I mean? Like, you have to, a dice player, you talk to a craps player different than you talk to a blackjack player. Meaning, like, me, I'm better off in the dice pit because I just, because after you deal so long, you just hate right. people. I mean, you, you know, know I that, remember, right? so, I, you know, once yeah. I got comfortable, it's, you know, here's a good, at least in my opinion, way to explain it. You know, the guys that start making the late bets, whether it's prop bets or field bets, when the you know the dice are in the shooter's hand or they're about to leave, just no bet, no bet, no bet. You know, yes, yes, you know, yes. and you don't even give them that chance to take a shot. I know, I said twenty five on the six. I pressed my heart. You know, yeah. no bet, no bet, no bet. <laughs> you know, it's, that, like, it's like the way I do it. Is Jesse, like, you know what I'm saying, like, right? You know what I'm saying. Like if I listen, if I like somebody, like here's what the player. This is what. Like, this is what pisses me off about the players. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I hate this business. I just do it because I have to right now. But the players are so stupid. Like, don't they realize that I, I'm going to help you out if you're, even if you're not tipping, if you're a decent guy, I'm going to help you out. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to do whatever I could. You know, if you're, but if you're just a douche, I, like, move my 68, no tip, but I'm going to do whatever I could to bury you. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you understand what, like, the other day on the game, so I dealt to the guy yesterday, so we just had a fill. So somehow, a, like, a, a green chip got into the red stack, so the stack was dirty. So the base dealer is handing out the stack. Now, remember, I dealt to this guy yesterday for a few hours. Now, normally, I don't care about anybody getting extra money, especially 10 points. But, like, I'm like, oh, what do you guys have? Like, I would never stop someone from getting extra 24 hours. But this guy was such a douche. I'm not tipping the other day. I did whatever I could. Oh, wow. So, so, so for those of you that don't understand here, he was, uh, um, someone was being paid in, in reds and a green accidentally slipped in. The green is 25, red is 5. So the yeah, person that's just, the per- yeah, that's the, called a dirty yeah, stuff. So the person, the person got $20 extra because they got 25 instead of 5. And, and, uh, he's, he's, uh, just saying here that, uh, normally if he just saw that happening, he'd just keep his mouth closed. But because it was someone he didn't like for not tipping him, he actually pointed out, oh, look, there's $20 too much in here and they fixed it. Yeah, exactly. Like the thing is, it's like if I like you and you can just buy the four 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 that you all have a dollar, dude. Don't worry about it. I'll get it next time. But if I don't like you, you're done. You're gonna have to pay every cent. I'm gonna do whatever I could to make you. Just you know, people don't understand. We're here to work with you, especially in craps. You know, it's a fun game. It's a fast game, but you know, people just don't want to respect the dealers and they don't want to tip, and it's just, okay. it, it, it just makes it miserable for everybody. I'm okay, so that's. Let's get back to the Taj, though. So yeah, I don't want to. Uh, so, can, so, I, can, I, can I just say one quick thing okay. that's off subject? Okay. Um, yeah, I want to give a shout out to a girl named Rachel, and she, uh, she she's, she's listening to us. She lives in Las Vegas. I'm not going to give out any more personal information, but I can 100 percent verify to you that she is by far the hottest listener we've ever had. Mm. This is like well, a, that's great. Yeah, no, well, it is great, but you know, I, no, it's great. I, I'm being serious. That's awesome. No, I know, I know, and uh, I, I did not. I've known her for a while. She's actually the girlfriend of someone that, that I'm friends with, and I had no idea she listened to this show, and she loves this show. This is a girl I think in her like late twenties, maybe. She's that she's texting me as we're speaking, and uh, she's she's a smoking hot girl, and I couldn't believe it. And I've known her for a while. But I had no idea. And about maybe a week ago, I think it was, 10 days ago, she started telling me, Druff, of all the things she loves about the show. And I, and I, and I, it blew my mind. Like, cause this, she's not a poker player. You know, she lives in Vegas. So, she, so wait a minute. So, so there's a hot girl in Vegas who just was randomly yes. listening to the show and contacted in fact, you? Uh, yes. Yeah, so off the air, I'll send you uh, a picture. I mean, I mean uh, no, you don't show it to anybody. Is she white, Asian? Well, heck, do you know she's? Do you know she's real? It could be a dude who's uh, texting. No, who's... I've met her. Oh, you met her. Okay. I, oh, you met her. I, I, you know what I said? She. I know her boyfriend. 
Oh, so, okay. I, yeah, it, it, you know her boyfriend. Her boyfriend has bought pieces of you in the WSOP before oh. for years. Hmm. Okay, okay, I'll just you, say... You, um, you, have tell me, you have to tell me who it is. Would well, you remember the one guy that was stalking us? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? The yeah, one yeah, guy yeah. that was stalking us? Yeah. It's his friend's girlfriend. Okay. Is that, do you know who I'm talking about? Yes, yes. He doesn't live in the state of Nevada. Yeah, yeah. But anyhow, she has been listening now for months. And I had no idea. And and she, she just texts me now, and she's like, "Oh my god, I'm dying listening." And then you know, but for so if we had a PFA Radio Beauty Queen contest, there wouldn't even be a second place. That's my point. So go on, boys. I that don't know. Fun. You know, I, I, since since you just discovered that, there there could be other ones that uh, that you don't know of. That uh, I mean, well, you know, you might have a following. You might have a huge. No, there following. there could there could be like even in other forget Vegas. There could be just some girls and you know just some other states that you, well, you wouldn't right, even think. Did I already say her name? It doesn't matter. Yeah, he said her name. He said her name. Or yeah. Rachel. He said yes. Rachel. Yeah. No, there 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 could be other ones that you Britain don't really realize that that are that that are hot and young and that listen to this show that you don't even know they're there. Yeah. So that maybe even not from Vegas. So you don't know. It's. Uh, you know, I, I know we have uh, a few old women that listen to the show too. We've got we've got everything. So I, uh, I, I did think that there weren't many like attractive girls under thirty-five listening to this show. That that I thought we were probably pretty low on, but maybe not. Wow. Maybe not. So okay. Well, the well, Jeff, uh, Jesse out there in New Jersey. Let's give a shout out to the lovely Rachel, Miss Universe PFA. Rachel, it's a huge shout out, Miss Universe PSA. Uh, you know, it's it's great to even to know that she's listening right now. It's fabulous. Well, no, I'm, no, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited right now. <laughs> I'm actually going to send you a picture. Yeah, right send, now. send me the picture. Yeah. So, so anyway, back back to the Taj. Uh, yeah. We, yeah. So, so I'll explain it's because. Uh, uh, Jesse, your, your your phone connection like we can understand you, but it's not like super clear. So I prefer. I hear to him fine. No, you can hear him, but I prefer like for a long explanation. Uh, the listen, the listener hears Skype. the listener hears me. Yeah. So no, it's not on Skype. It's he's calling in. That's yeah. He's, no, I'm calling. Yeah. Yeah, he's calling Is in. It okay, now or no? It's okay. Like it's not terrible. It's just not like for like a long explanation. It can get a little uh, tough to follow. So okay. so so what happened with with uh, the Taj? And I, I agree with your assessment, by the way, Jesse. That the. I believe the union is at fault. I know Carl Icahn. That's basically the reason it closed is because uh, of a labor dispute. And and uh, Car- exactly. not basically that is the no reason that is really yeah. So 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 Carl Icahn uh, promised to inject money, but uh, but he wanted the uh, the workers to take uh, the certain cuts in pay, and that the union said absolutely not. The union held firm. The union was being unreal. Was it wasn't cuts in pay per se. The the, the main sticking point. Was healthcare? Yeah, healthcare. Right, cuts and benefits. That was the main. Exactly. That was the main. Yeah. It was and, and, and hold on, before you blame the union again, I'm not taking sides. I just want to make sure the information is is given out correctly. What well, they what they were asking I'm, for, sorry, they sorry, just wanted sorry. they just wanted the same exact healthcare benefits that every other union employed, which they all are, casino in Atlantic City offered their employees. They well, just yeah. wanted the same. What? But, but, You're right, but, there, but there was one problem with that. And but go ahead, I don't interrupt you. No, 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 please. No, no, let, let's, let's hear your take on it first. Yes. Go ahead. This is the problem, and, and you're right. The, the, listen, I'm part time. The dealers aren't union, okay? It's the uh, cocktail servers, the front desk workers. It's the same it's, thing out here. Yeah, same thing out there. But, but here was the big problem. The big problem was now. Now, listen. I'm not defending Carl. I mean, he's a scumbag. Okay. I mean, he, he's a liar. You know, he he, he lied because he said he's putting 100 million in there. 
but really it's more of a wait and see to see if no says he gets the casino game. And that was kind of the doubt. But that's another whole other story. But the thing is, and see the Taj, and I think Ross said it, you know, kind of scummy, it's, it, it was doing so poorly. So what was happening was these union people were standing outside the Taj with megaphones, and it, 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 was, it was like a circus. I mean, I'm so, I hate to say this, but the unions should have just went to work. If they would have just went to work, the place doesn't close. Well, and, and they, that, they that, kind that, of spited yeah, their own, they, they, they kind of burned their own bridge. I mean, I, I hate to say it. But yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think not just that, forget the striking that could turn people off from going in there. Even take that away. When, when you're, when everything's fine and you just want the same benefits as everybody else in the city, that makes sense. You shouldn't have to, but, but you, you shouldn't have to uh, get uh, inferior pay or inferior benefits to other workers doing the same thing in other places. That makes sense to be demanding that. But the, they were at a point at the Taj where it could not support itself. It was losing money, and the only person who could bail it out, Carl Icahn, basically said, look, we've yeah. got two options. We can close this. Or you can give up some of your, you can give up your health benefits, and uh, you know you you can end up uh, overall having less compensation, whatever way you want to slice it. But you, you, you gonna, had a job, though. yeah, you have to take some. Though. If you want to keep the job here, you got to take some cuts. Otherwise, I just simply can't afford it. Otherwise, we're just, it's not it's just not going to work here. And so they actually chose to. Yeah, cut off their nose to spite their face and say, okay, well, since since yeah. we can't have what we want, we can't have what everybody else is getting in the other city, then uh, screw it. And, and that was that. So that that's the problem Whoa. is that it, they had to decide whether is is keeping our jobs worth it because it wasn't like he was bullshitting them. The place was really losing money. The place was not going to but be able to – The place was totally losing yeah, money. Yeah, they were, they were not going to – it was not going to survive unless they took some cuts too. Now, now maybe they Rachel just – Rachel says you have a sexy voice, Druff. Oh, it, thank you. Well, uh, Druff, not Jeff. <laughs> Oh, I think that's Sorry. Well, yeah, you're calling from a phone. Yeah, maybe so if you call from a better phone, then you can. Uh, you have a sexy voice too. Well, th- oh, thank you, Rachel. Phone I, when you can in a second or two. I, I appreciate that from Rachel. Now I really want to see your picture, but uh, <laughs> no, no. Listen. Uh, so what I'm saying. You know what happened with the poker? And also, you know what happened with the poker room there, right? No. What happened? Well, no. They. <laughs> I mean, I'm not laughing, but like they reopened it in May, so. Uh, they have like the billboards on the expressway, so you know I'm. Uh, like I said, I, I, I might play poker at, at the B, obviously, and I might go grind a gold nugget when they have, like flash the pot. But um, you know, so like they opened the poker room, and you know, like the first day like, they were giving like t-shirts and like, whatever. But like I, I went there the first day just to check it out. I was like pathetic. It was like four tables, and I was like talking to people after they opened the room, and they would have like one game in the summer. Like it just you know what I mean? Like nobody even came to play there. It was like a couple bums. You know, with like $60 buy-ins and one-two, and it was just like, I was like pathetic. So they reopened the poker room in May. They hired all these people, and they felt that they got their jobs back. The people that lost their jobs in the original poker room, and they ended up closing in like four months. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, the, whole, the, whole, mess, the whole yeah. the whole thing was a mess. Yeah, so it, it wasn't a good situation on either side. Uh, you, and, but I understand what Carl Icahn was saying. You you just have to say at some point if the, if the workers want to be paid or get benefits uh, to a certain level, but that level will not allow the business to survive, then it's not going to work. Then the place is going to go under anyway. So you, they had to decide: do we want to take our jobs and make less, or do we want to just say "f you" pay us what everyone else is making, or we're not working, and the latter was chosen, and that's the end of that. 
That's that's yeah, but you gotta you, you just have to blame Bob McDevitt. He's like the he's like the I think the local fifty four union guy. I mean the city is so I mean, when's the last time you've been in A C? Uh it actually was two thousand seven. Okay. Well, 2000, I mean, 2015. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, I'm wrong. No, you it were was, there after no, that. No, I was there after it, that. No, I missed one. There was, there was, it was in 2012. Okay, you were there too. I mean, it's worse every day. I mean, the only, I mean, for me personally, going to the city because I work there. You know, if I go to play poker, I'm going to break. I would break a team. I don't want to say because I'm not break. Brigantine is where the Borgata is, just for, for your listeners. I mean, Brigantine is nice. It's a well-groomed. It's like there's no reason to even go to the boardwalk. Caesars is, uh, you know, the trap now is obviously owned by Carl Icahn, so they're going to get all those Taj players are going to be going to trap because the comp dollars are going to uh, transfer over. So, you know, the majority of those players will go to the trap. So, I mean, but the city in itself, I mean, everything's closed. Trump Plaza's closed. Uh, the, you know, it's closed. Supposedly they might reopen in the first quarter. Uh, resources at that end of the boardwalk, but that's, you know, more of a ma, like an older clientele. So, I mean, really, the Atlantic City is at the point where it just doesn't have a lot to offer. Well, yeah, I, I heard they've, they've, they were, they had, uh, 12 casinos, I think, two years ago, now they're down to seven. Yeah, they're down to seven. And, and Bally's is probably the next one on the shopping list. Oh, really? I didn't know, you know that. Yeah, because, you know, Caesars has, you know, Caesars has obviously Caesars. And then they have Bally's. They sold the showboat to Blackfeet, and now he wants to put a casino in there. But Bally's is pretty, well, we have Harris as well. Yeah, but Harris. Harris is doing very well down here. You know, that's, that's in Brigantine right next to the Borgata. Uh, but, but Bally's is like the lagger. You know, Caesars will always be here because it's, you know, it's Caesars. So that, you know, that they're going to always keep that open. But I mean, you know, is it like the next one to go down is probably going to be Bally's. It's kind of like hanging out. I mean, they have a full room in there. And I don't really, again, I don't really, I have a friend that's a floor person there, so I don't, I really don't go there. But, um, yeah, that's like the lagger of all of them. So that that could probably be I I you know everybody down here the smart money is probably that one folding up next. It's just not a good situation down here. No, it's not for sure. And and, and uh, yeah, what's happened to Atlantic City? They they kind of got arrogant over there. They kind of just believe that uh, they're the only place to go. They've always been the only place to go, and soon they weren't. Sure. You know, soon with Foxwoods and uh, and other parks. Yeah, and parks. Yeah, that's another one that's sucked uh, a lot of customers away. So soon, eventually, they were not the only option in the the Northeast. And uh, now they had monopoly for so long, and then it just got taken away from them, and they never were able to like kind of recover. So, so. yeah. So that's uh, so the Taj. It's it's uh, it's it's been a long time coming, but it 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 closed. Yeah, it closed on October tenth, Monday, October tenth, and that's the end. And. uh, I, yeah. It's just an empty building now, and I, it's probably never coming back. I drove by yesterday. It was, uh, I was with my girlfriend, and we were eating. Well, I, I just we took her out to eat, and I said, oh, let's just drive by the Taj for the hell of it. And I drove by, and it was like, that whole end is it's just empty. It's just like, it, it, it's going to be taken on there, you know, as it gets colder and darker. You know what I mean? It's just not a good situation. I wonder how long until the bums break in and start sleeping in there. Well, I mean, they're probably already uh, they're, they're probably already there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I got to get away from the city. I'm just I'm thinking that I was thinking of moving and going to MGM. You know, they're opening the one in uh, I think in Washington is it or uh, not Washington? Uh, DC. They're opening up in DC. Oh, they're opening DC. But, I didn't uh, know that. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, no, they're opening the National Harbor. For some reason, maybe yeah, I did, you know what? I think I do know. I think I've talked about it before. I just forgot it. 
Yeah, it's going to be like a huge, you know, if I'm not, you know what, I'm just not. I, I think as far as this industry, I don't really think moving before when it comes to I'm getting, getting over it very quickly. But, uh, yeah, I just want to call in and give you guys a whole talk and uh, let you know what's going on down here. And before I let you go, uh, do you want to hear a quick Tony story from Five Dimes? or uh, A quick what story? Yeah, a quick Tony story that, that happened to me this week. Oh, of Tony, the, the owner of Five Dimes, who I'm, uh, yeah, I'm afraid to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is what happened. And before I even give you the story, I'm gonna just be honest. It, it's my fault, 100. percent But the way he handled it, it he's the biggest. I, I, I have the chat log. I should send it to. This girl is what gorgeous. I mean, I what, just what happened? With, she's no, gorgeous. No, she's just gorgeous. What the one we were talking about before? This Rachel? Yeah. I, now I'm just fucked for the rest of radio. I mean, oh my god. Like, uh, have you ever? You know, I can't even. Can, I need to take a timeout and cool down. Listen, <laughs> oh, that, Jesse, I, don't, I don't like the sound Je- of that. I, I, I know what a timeout Jesse, is going to be. Jesse, can you can you you've co-hosted before? <laughs> you said on the nitroglycerin episode. Can you cover me for like five minutes, Jesse? Yeah, I, got I, you I for just five need minutes. I need to go get a drink. It's, it's only going to take five minutes. I I have to cool off. Wow. I mean, maybe three if I hurry. I mean, I I, I don't know what to I'll say. And all the years that I've been in the, the fraud podcast industry, it's all become worthwhile. Well, see, you're you're getting paid in a different way. Yes. Jesse, <laughs> uh, you're, you're doing a great job. Uh, Trader Risky, do we even have you out here? No way. What, Trader Risky? Oh. Trader Risky? Yeah, we lost Cal Watt and Trader Risky. We probably lost two. I'm here. Oh, he's, I'm here. Here. he's here. He's here. Trader Risky, can, can you fill in me for a chat? I, I really need to just get out of Jesse my chair. And I got yeah. you. Thank you. Okay. We got you covered. God, so... Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, well. So this story, okay, it's not a long story, but it's, it's really my fault. Uh, Tony, he's. You just can't deal with them. So on Sunday, I'm sitting home. I'm betting the games. I, I, I bet a couple of games. So apparently, five times they had a. I didn't even know this. They, they had a. They had a presidential prop bet up there. Like who wins the coin toss, right? Yeah. So uh, I'm sitting there, and I have a couple of bets going, and like maybe 200 to win on a couple of games or whatever. So I get a tweet from a mine. He goes, "Oh, uh, Hillary Clinton won the coin toss." He's like. You should bet it right now on five dimes. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, it's the best like that. I said, oh, okay. This so, is just like the ni- this is just like the nitrogen story. Yeah, but this is this story's worse. It's the same friend. Like, it's unbelievable what happened to me. So I do an it bet to it. It's like minus one ten. Okay. So to make a long story short, uh, I get another tweet like two hours later. So he's like, uh, dude, is your account open at five dimes? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, 10 of my friends just got their account banned. They're like, locked. I'm like, what? I log onto my account. The account's locked. Okay? And I got, like, bets and money in there. So to make a long story short, Tony... <laughs> so, I remember, I've been in Florida Dimes for, I would say, maybe 15 years, 10, 12, 15 years. I've probably gone hundreds of thousands of dollars. I've gone up and back, right? So, Tony... Like, is accusing me of being a thief, right? So I'm like, listen, Tony, I said, well, I apologize for what happened. You know, it's my fault. I should not have done it. But the bet was up there. It's, it's like the same situation in my room. To make a long story short, he gave me a lifetime ban unless I donate $1,000 to be. First of all, he tried to blackmail me to keep the account open. He wanted me to pay him to keep the account open. <laughs> I said, Tony, could you just void the bets? I made a mistake. I've been a customer for 14 years. I recommended like thousands of players to, you know, I mean, really, uh, it's not like I feel bad about it. But like, so so know, what, what did he want like, you to donate the thousand to? 
He wanted to be a donatist Humane Society in some woman's name. So, so, so wait, what, the Humane Society? Well, I have the chat log. I, yeah, some <laughs> So I said to him, listen, I said, I really can't afford to donate a thousand right now. Like, look, I'm sorry about what happened. You know, I admit I was wrong, but you have to look at it from my perspective. The bet was up there. I put it in. It's not like, you know, it's not like I did it for a thousand dollars, like two hundred dollars. I'm like, I'll tell you what I'll do, Tony. I'm like, I'll donate a hundred to it just to like appease him because he's absolutely insane. You, you told me I got my hand cooked, caught with the, my hand with the cookie jar, like all these insults and you know, the thief, I'm this, I'm that. You know, and, and this is after being a customer for like 14 years. Okay. So I said, Tony, can I donate a hundred to the Humane Society? He's like, no, get off my chat. Like if I, I mean, if, <laughs> do you have an email or no? Oh, you, you want to email me? Yeah, you can. You can email uh, dandruff at pokerfraudalert dot com. Just dandruff all on, one I'm, word I'm, at, at pokerfraudalert.com. No, second. Just dude, I'm gonna. Do you want to read this chat line? Don't don't read it publicly. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd like to see it. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I that's so funny because you know I can actually understand. I mean, am, I wrong? am I wrong? Am well, I'm okay, wrong? I'll t- I'll tell you this. I, I can understand where the guy gets pissed. Tony, for those of you that don't know, he's a very. Uh, uh, Sensitive guy and like sensitive, not as a, like a sensitive nice guy. Like just very like everything gets him pissed off easily, and he's he's not exactly big on customer service. And he he treats five dimes as like he's the king of the castle, and you you better bow the down. king of the world, the king of the world. You, you better you better bow down to the king. So that's why I actually never got an account there. I got an account, but I never funded it because I was I was just so afraid that. Druff, give that, me your email again, real slow. Just it's Dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com. Oh, dr- what is it? No, Dandruff, Dandruff. At PokerFraudAlert.com. Just, just, it's got the word dandruff, D-A-N-D-R-U-F-F, at PokerFraudAlert.com. Is, is it on the website? I can copy and paste up the website. No. Right? It's just dandruff at PokerFraudAlert.com. Oh, dandruff at PokerFraudAlert.com. Okay, yeah. Okay. okay. So, right. so anyway, Tony, uh, I, I never funded my account there because I was afraid I'd get in some confrontation with him eventually, and that would be that for my account. So, he... Uh, so I, but I understand, especially for someone like him, where if he thinks someone is trying to angle shoot on his site, even a good customer that's been in 15 years, if he thinks someone's trying to angle shoot him and bet on something where they already would know, you do, well, would you have done what I did? Be honest. What? Just not. No, well, let, let, me, let me get to the end here. No, I, I, I on that on that site, there's no way I would have done it because I would have been afraid of the consequence of Tony. Uh, on, on a site like Bodog, I'd probably have taken a shot, but. Uh, <laughs> But but anyway, because you know, they're the way I see it, they're, they're offering the bet, so it, that's that's just a yeah, mistake. Yeah, but I mean, he told me that I'm trying to scam him. I said, Tony, you mean I'm? This has been the grand plan to bet with you for ten years, hundreds of thousands of dollars, literally hundreds of dollars, and I'm trying to get you for two hundred dollars. That, that that's well, yeah, you were. You, I wouldn't say scamming. He was offering the bet still, so you were angle shooting him because you know the result already. But he was offering scamming him would be, you know, if you're trying. If let's say you you called up, let's say you didn't actually place a bet on something. And you call up and say, your website sucks. I placed a bet on this game. It just never took. And you're just making the whole thing up. That's scamming him. Uh, betting <laughs> something where he's giving you the opportunity to bet, it is not scamming, but it is angle shooting. If you know the result already. Angle shooting. I, so, I agree. So, he, so, he, so, he, so let me tell you here. I, I would understand yeah. why he would give you a ban because just from the standpoint of I don't want to, I don't want a customer who's going to pull this on me because maybe next time we won't catch it. So F it. I, I, I'm just going to get rid. I don't want that type of customer here. That's, that's his right to do. And as long as he pays you and then shuts down your account, uh, fine. The, but what he, what he should never do is 
demand a bribe to keep the account open or demand <laughs> demand a donation to a charity in somebody else's name. It's not even like if it was in your own name, it may be like maybe if he was like just a guy who really supports the Humane Society and, and loves animals and wants no, to. No, it was in some random person's name. It was some random, random person's I mean, name. Well, like, you're going to see the track. You're yeah, it was like in some random person's name that uh, he's associated with. That's crap. Like it, it should either be I want to continue having your business and I'll forgive this or uh, no, get off my site. It should not be bribe me to stay on my site. That's that's totally unprofessional. Well, and all kidding aside, and listen, I apologize, man. First of all, he won't he won't speak to you on the phone. I said, can I? You know, I said, Tony, listen. I said, can I? Can I give you my number? You know, when you speak to somebody, it's different than when you're doing a live chat. You know, like I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, you can't. It's like if I'm texting you, the emotion is not there in the text, right? So I was sincerely. I mean, I'm. I was sincerely apologizing to him, but you just can't deal with this man. I mean, he's and everybody's scared of him. Yes, they are, and that's why I never funded it exactly for that reason. And I wasn't going to angle shoot there. I just like I was afraid that in a situation where I'm 100 percent in the right, he's still going to find some way to uh, to screw me in some way. So I like I, yeah. I don't think I don't think he's like going out to try to screw people, but he just he's so temperamental, he's so easy to piss off. Uh, it's so easy to have a confrontation with him that I just knew that my personality and his would not work together. So, no, it, it, it's not. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's the, so okay. Uh, let's uh, let's let's move on here. That was that was an interesting yeah, story. Sure. So okay, that's that's what we got. But, but just uh, like when you get a chance, uh, read the chat, email me back, and it's probably a good laugh for you. But uh, yeah, I will. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely. But, well, thanks yeah. a lot. All right. Well, listen, it was great uh, talking to you guys, and uh, I'm definitely enjoying the show, and uh, keep up the good work. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, that was Jesse there from uh, Egg Harbor Township, which is right by Atlantic City. It's where you live if you're in that area but don't want to live in Atlantic City, which is a slum. So, like, if you uh, if you can afford not to live in a slum, you live in Egg Harbor Township, Egg Harbor City. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, I think Absicon or Abiscon. I don't know how you pronounce it. Those are all those uh, suburbs of Atlantic City. So, uh, anyway, uh, moving on here. I, I got a threat, a legal threat. A legal threat for content that we had on Poker Fraud Alert. In fact, I still have up there. I have had this before, where we have something that's unflattering to someone, even if it's 100% true. And they demand that we take it down because they don't want their name or their business Googled and the bad news to come up. Now, I will work with someone whose name is unfairly uh, libeled or trashed on the site and doesn't want it in Google, even if they brought it on themselves. Like, for example, I've had it before where people get into some kind of fight back and forth with someone else on the forum and you know, eventually their name is – part of it maybe there's someone who's made their name public in the past and uh so they're, they're being made fun of their accusations okay, are made back. things things like that okay i'm, I'm glad i'm glad you're done so, uh, so, so Jeff, i sent you a picture from her facebook uh would would you agree that's our by far prettiest female fan well yeah that's uh I, it's, it's I mean, a, that's a pretty girl yeah it's a surprisingly uh attractive girl <laughs> for someone who listens to this show I, I one, one thing I just wow. don't expect much of is attractive women listening to the show. That's, as, that's, I said, as I said, I believe there are a few out there, but uh, that's the cream of the crop. So okay, let's let's. Uh, so so what I was saying with the Ukraine. Did you see that thread I got from the Ukraine? There's I don't think there's any prettier girls in Ukraine. No, I think she's the prettiest that we have. Even in the Ukraine? No, I, I, I mean. 
Um, okay, I'm going to try to refocus here. So, so, okay, so I got a threat from the Ukraine. So let me. I, I saw the the letters. Yeah, so, it so broke in English. Well, I, I haven't got to the, what it says yet, oh. but but yeah. So I I've had people write before to take things down. If it's someone who says, "Hey, I'm trying to get a job," you know, I was having a forum troll war with Marty, and Marty posted my name. Can you please take it down? I don't want them seeing this type of stuff about me. Like I took it even for Neverheeb, I did it for him. Why but. don't we do this when we were younger? This podcasting, we could have been scoring gorgeous hot chicks all over, buddy. You know what? That that's one good thing about being male is when when you're over forty, it's not as much of a handicap as you might think. It's it's really not. It's it's uh, you would think it would be, but it's actually not. But at least people are going to listen. They're going to think I'm just some buffoon. This is a pretty girl. I mean, just let them know at least. No, no, he's right. No, 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 Brandon's right. I, I've seen I've seen the uh, the evidence. So I mean, this, this, okay. I'm sorry. Now, Go on. Now I've seen the evidence. It's true. <laughs> so. Anyway, back to the, back to the Ukraine. Uh, so, so the one thing I will not do, I will not take down any story about a scammer. In fact, I even had one scammer met, uh, email me a while back and say, I'm making attempts to pay people, but this is harming my ability to get a job to pay them back. Can you take this down? In the meantime, I go, no. <laughs> I, I, that's a great story, but no, I, I, I can't take down any true thread about you scamming someone. Uh, it, the only way I'll do it is if, You've been paying people back for a long time, and they all agree to take this down. Not, but I'm not going to take it down at the beginning as you start to pay them back or want to pay them back. I, I can't. That's a, otherwise, you could just be BSing me, and I, I want this stuff out there in case you're going to be running you – know, for all I know, you could be running a new scam on someone. So uh, I've also had companies message me that I need to take things down about their company. That is unflattering. Again, stuff that's all true or very likely to be true. So on this show a few months ago, we covered – a site that was known as R Game Poker. Now there actually is a legitimate R Game out there, which is a Chinese company that uh, has a good reputation. But this is not the same. This is a shady operation, a poker room that is seeking to leech off of the good reputation of the real R Game and run a shady poker room that has nothing to do with them. So. Uh, Ironically, this was all brought up by a guy who ended up being a scammer himself, which seems to happen a lot. Like, like scammers call out other scammers, and then we find out the, you know, the first one to bring up the story uh, turned out he's got his own scams going on. So the, the guy who runs that awful that professional rakeback.com that was in cahoots with uh, Full Flush Poker to scam everyone, that guy, uh, John Brown, a.k.a. Conatron or How Quaint, uh, he's the one who brought it up. But uh, you know what he said about our game poker was right on. It was a scam, and... Uh, they they tried to make it look like it was based out of London, but it was all broken English. Where clearly, uh, you know, it, it wasn't. It was no William Kasuf running that site. It was it was not a barrister or a solicitor behind it. It was a, uh, it was broken English coming out of London, which is very strange. But it, and then they had all this Asian imagery all over it. So what was theorized at the time it was it was that it was some Asian site that was using that R game poker name to try to uh, trick people. And then the claiming they were in London when they weren't. What was also ridiculous about that site is they were saying things like they uh, they support uh, that they're U.S. friendly and they support Netteller and they support like all these different uh, I think Skrill all these things we can't use in America. So so uh, clearly they the you know they say oh we're safe and we do payouts to Netteller and Skrill to U.S. customers like yeah obviously they're not obviously they know nothing about paying out U.S. customers if they're saying they're going to use Netteller and Skrill which cannot be used to pay U.S. customers so. Uh, crap like that. It was a very, very shady, obvious scam poker site. And so I gave it a small segment on one of the shows and haven't talked about it since, since there's so many of those little scam sites out there. It's not worth, uh, following up on them. Well, I got the following email 
on October 8th. Uh, it's a Sender Acmas Group BV e-commerce park Vrindenburg Z slash N. Then it, it says for the weird, I don't know what this means, receiver game protector, but they spelled game protector with E-R at the end. I have no idea why they say receiver game protector. because that's, There is actually a guy named game protector on our site, but that's not me and nothing to do with me. But it says receiver game protector, pokerfraudalert.com, for the record, administration of website, pokerfraudalert.com. Complaint concerning content of the website. Dear administration of site, pokerfraudalert.com. Company Akmas Group BV is owner of Poker Dash Room, our game poker, that works in sphere of gambling games. I like gambling games. Uh, your site contents information that discredit business reputation of our game poker and business reputation of our company. According to your site, our company wants to use trust of our clients to fraudulently receive profit. That's you know, according to me. Uh, they go on to write, uh, such information can be found here, and they put a link to the thread. Please notice that information is not correspond to facts and has negative influence on business relations between our game poker clients and partners. Well, that's good. That's what I was hoping for. In this regard, please delete that discussion from forum and all messages of users consider as gossip and slander against our game poker with aim to spoil our business reputation for personal advantage. I'm not getting any personal advantage. The only advantage I'm getting is uh, knowing that people aren't getting scammed and feeling good about it. Uh, In case of ignore, we will have to involve Ukraine authorities with aim to solve that situation in court. Respectfully, Company Akmas Group, BV. (laughs) So, first of all, if they're going to write a letter like this, at least make it seem more ominous than Ukraine authorities. Like, uh, they're they're threatening that I'm going to be taken to Ukrainian court. Now, how's that going to happen? Are they going to get Are they going to get the U.S. to extradite me to the Ukraine to face a civil uh, a civil they court case? They don't have no civil extradition with no. Ukraine. Yeah, I, I don't think like like what do they think I'm going to They think I'm going to read this and really be afraid. The least they can do is pretend they have a lawyer in the U.S. who's going to sue me. I wouldn't believe it, but at least. At least that would be worth the shot. It's not even a good bluff threat. Yeah, it's, it's not a good threat at all. You know, it's it's, it's really not – like you can't have a worse threat than we're going to have the Ukrainian courts go after you. I, I really can't think of a worse legal threat than that because they, they obviously would have no power. Like what could the Ukraine – I don't care if the Ukrainian courts rule against me for a billion dollars. How, how could I they mean, collect? Look, they had a court that sanctioned Libya – for killing all those Americans and they wouldn't pay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so did you think they're going to – no. No. So so, so anyway, I don't even believe there would be such a case. But uh, it's interesting Ukraine is involved here because uh, this we, – we had assumed this was probably an Asian operation that's pretending they're in London. In reality, it's probably a Ukrainian operation that's pretending they're in London. Uh, I think someone else has said that they may be uh, Dutch or something else, whatever – uh, th- this is so funny to get this, and obviously I-, I didn't respond. It was actually that ridiculous. I didn't respond, so I, I did post the letter. Though I, I just posted it. I, pro- I posted it in its own thread on Poker Fraud Alert. I also posted uh, in that thread. You can find it. Go to the uh, Scam Scandals and Shadiness Forum on PokerFraudAlert.com if you want to see this this letter I got. I just posted it right up there, which is what I always do. Like when somebody sends me a ridiculous demand to take down some content about them being shady. Instead of backing down and taking it down, uh, I just post a letter. <laughs> that's, that's all I do. And, and someone else pointed out that uh, this uh, ACMAS Group VV 
does not exist. That the, they they can't even find that, that the, the existence of that company. So it may even be like a fake company demanding this. And uh, so you got to be kidding me! Did you see the email I sent you earlier? Oh yeah, you he got an email from uh, from Caesars that was laughable. Yeah. And then I just got another one saying, "Regard the previous email." That was a sorry for the first one. I mean, you can't make this. <laughs> it was up. about a birthday thing, right? I don't even know. I, I stopped reading. It yeah, just, no, it was like it was like they wanted you to celebrate you, your birthday. I sent it to just sorry about yesterday's email. In our excitement to reserve your holiday event, we sent out an incorrect email address to contact us. Please reach us at Citywide Restaurant Group. What does that mean? <laughs> but did you get it's one? Caesars. Well, hold on. So you then get, I just did, got another one that said, "Sorry, please regard the previous email." <laughs> I mean, you can't make this shit up. You actually got two ones that says, please regard the previous email? Yes. Okay, so, yeah, I see this. It's, uh, it says, in our excitement to help you reserve your holiday event. Yeah, we sent an incorrect email address to contact us. So, so do you really believe that Caesars was so excited that you reserve an event there, which you, you've showed no interest in doing, that they're so excited that they typed the wrong email address? I mean, come on. <laughs> this is embarrassment. This is, this is a big company. And I'll, I'll tell you what the problem is. They actually contract outside companies to send out these promotional emails, and they contract crappy companies to do it, and then mistakes are made. I mean, uh, if you go to sevenstarsinsider.com, which is a seven-stars guy who not only writes about like seven-stars-related stuff but just general fails all over Caesars, and they're always sending out mistakes. They'll, they'll be sending you emails inviting you to an event that already took place a week ago. Uh, they'll, they'll send you something like thanking you for visiting a property that you've never been to. Like just all kinds of ridiculous emails go out. So this this is so funny that they 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 sent you a wrong email address and the excuse is that they were so excited about you reserving your holiday plans there, which you haven't even done, that they typed the wrong email address. That someone sitting there just hopping up and down so excited they typed the wrong thing. That's it's just insane. Like Caesars doesn't realize like these little things, all these little things adding up together, it just makes them look incompetent, it makes them look terrible, it makes people just like not want to trust them, not want to give them business, not want to bother with them. And this could be cleaned up. Like the, the Caesars could easily clean up all this fail if they really wanted to, if they really wanted to put their minds to it. And put some competent people in charge in cleaning up all these problems. But but the the biggest problem Caesars has operationally is that every department operates on its own. And yes, large companies always have different departments. I'm not denying that. But they are so autonomous in these different departments and not in a good way. To where there's no cooperation and everybody's failing and no one else and no other department is knowing about the failure. Or if they do, there's nothing they can do about it. And and everything uh, there's no cooperation there. That's that's and then when mistakes are made, they're not corrected well. Dumb mistakes are made that should never exist in the first place. It's just uh, okay. Let's let's move on here. Um, Trader Risky, are you still with us? I'm still with you. We got to give Trader him- Risky. I'm here. Yeah, no, wow. that's, no you, you always got to give him time to take. Trader Risky, what's your opinion on this? On which thing? The the. Uh, Caesar's thing, or the... I just wanted to see if he was listening. Oh, okay. Okay. No, I mean it's it's just a joke that these. I mean, these are the easiest things to to do. 
and they're outsourcing them and screwing them up. I mean, if, who's the CMO or the VP of marketing? They should be horrified that this stuff goes. Yes, on. yes, that, and also you, you wouldn't believe all the fails within total rewards. That like, it, it's amazing. You have people on the outside that have nothing to do with Caesars, like me, this guy who runs Seven Stars Insider, and lots of other people who are are, are actually volunteering. Like, hey, you failed with this. Hey, you screwed up that. Like, like. Uh, and and yet the people who actually work at the company, uh, they don't catch these things. They they don't uh, take make any effort to stop these these problems. But they got a bunch of seven year olds writing these emails. Please forget the email before that <laughs> told you to forget the email. Yeah. I mean, what's going on? Yeah. Is this did they have a elementary school interning over there? Yeah. And if just, they consolidated these things, they could probably streamline everything and save a fortune. Yeah, streamline and do it more professionally, and 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 fewer mistakes, and uh, and also just there, there's so many operational failures there, and it's they don't realize that this isn't normal. This is like far more than other companies. I know. I had a company, the Syngenta. Have you heard of Syngenta? The like, <clears throat> what are they compared? You know, they they sell seeds. They're like big in the what's the company in St. Louis that does all the GMO stuff. Oh, in Monsanto? Yeah, exactly. So it's probably a competitor of theirs. They put my 800 number on one of their fucking, on all their invoices that went out. I've gotten like 20 calls to my 800 number because they changed the number by one digit. <laughs> no, I got that. I, I had that happen too. I, I had this happen 26 years ago to me. I had it were, uh, in the in the newspaper, in the LA Times of all things, a full page ad in the business section that had my phone number on there. And what they forgot to print was the 800 part. They had my number, except it was 800 instead of 213, which is my area code at the time. So everybody in the L.A. area in 1990, and keep in mind, in 1990, there were only uh, three area codes in the – or sorry, there were only two area codes at the time in in L.A., and that was 213 and 818, just before 310 started. So anyone in 213, which covered a very large area in L.A., who just dialed that number – because they just had the number with no area code, reached me. So I got all these calls for Fidelity Investments. That's what it was, it's Fidelity. It was some kind of new investment hotline, like automated, where you can enter your account number and you know, you know, listen to stuff over the phone with your touchtone phone, which was you know, revolutionary stuff in 1990. So they, 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 uh, I got hammered with calls to where I couldn't even answer my phone because like almost all the calls were not for me. It was for this Fidelity Investment crap. So I was so frustrated, I decided to get revenge, and I put a message up on my answer machine saying, Hello, you've reached Fidelity Investments. Uh, we're sorry to inform you that we are out of money. If you had invested with us, uh, it is all gone, and uh, you cannot reach any of our executives. Uh, we have relocated to South America. Uh, please do not leave a message. There is uh, There will be no return. Thank you. And there were people who believed it and got so mad and were scouting, Fuck you! Like, they, they were so pissed. They believed it because it was, it was in the paper. That, that was the number. And some of them even called back just to make sure they dialed the right number, and they did. So I was wondering if I'd hear from Fidelity about this, but they didn't. Like, they knew what I did, and they they put another ad the next day in the newspaper, uh, again with a phone number, but this time the 800 was printed really big. And uh, this story actually made it in the L.A. Times about what I did. It was uh, on the August – if you go dig up the August 2nd, 1990 – uh, LA Times and look up the section called Only in LA, which is in the metro section, you will see the story with my full name mentioned that uh, Todd Wittell is 18 uh, did this. 
And uh, as a, as a weird side note, but you know, Brandon, you, you know, you said this uh, mm-hmm. this this female listener here that that Rachel. she like that, that she that Rachel. she yeah the Rachel here that she liked my voice. Well, I actually, I actually had the same thing happen back she in text, and she said, "Tell Toddy has a sexy voice." Okay, thank you. But listen, listen to what happened. Uh, this was uh, in 1990 when I was 18. Uh, the female reporter who did this only in L.A. She was like like the substitute reporter for that section. It was normally run by a guy named Steve Harvey. No relation to the black Steve Harvey. But the, oh, the family feud lore? Yeah, but this is a different Steve Harvey. This is a white Steve Harvey. They really fucked up that family feud. They really they? did. They really did. Uh-huh. But anyway, this uh, this female reporter, she was in like her late 30s, and we we were talking, and the whole time she's like flirting with me, and uh, she was really like enjoying our phone call where I was telling her the story, and she's taking all the information for the article. And she was really overly friendly with me and clearly had an interest. And I sounded exactly the same in 1990s I do now. So she assumed that I was older. Now I don't sound old for my age, but back then I, you know, I sounded the same. So she was sure I was not, you know, she did, she had no idea that I was 18. So, and she wasn't a cougar or anything. She just assumed I was near her age. So she was like, again, like very friendly, totally flirting with me really hard. And then at the end, she says, so what are you going to do with a phone number now? And I said, well, I'm, I'm do, honestly, I'm disconnecting it next month. I'm going to college. And I just heard her voice just drop. And she got so disappointed and so depressed. She's, what? College? Uh, why are you going to college? How old are you? And I said, 18. She's like, Oh, I you you seem like you're so much older. I'm oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Look, I I just I, I was sure you were like in your 30s or something. She's like, well, okay. Well, th- thank you for telling me this story. Uh, it'll be in the paper t- like tomorrow, and that was that. She she got herself off the phone so fast when she realized that I was uh, 18 years old. So at least credit to her for not being a cougar. You know, she could have told me to meet her anyway. But uh, once she heard I was 18, that was the. Uh, well, now the teachers are sleeping with. Fifteen-year-olds, like yeah, I know. Out of business. Yeah, I bet. I bet today with all with all the cougars, she probably would have said, "Okay, well, you know, meet me later then." But uh, but she was uh, she was turned off by the eighteen thing. You could have double booked her at the same Arby's or Zarby's. Yeah, Zarby's. Or was it that, yeah, that, yeah, you met the one girl. With <laughs> that was actually the, later though. That was two years later. Yeah, yeah this is this is I was eighteen. But uh, no, honestly, I wouldn't have been interested though. Like someone was like, and she wasn't bad looking, but uh, uh, but she was still like you know thirty eight then. I wasn't interested in thirty eight year olds when I was uh, eighteen. So. Yeah. So anyway, that, I thought that was funny though that she was just she was convinced that I, it was a, a, a huge difference in the tone of voice and the demeanor between when she thought I was in my thirties and when she thought I was eighteen. Rachel ain't no eighteen-year-old, I'll tell you that. How, how old do you know how old she is? I I don't know. I'd probably guess late twenties. Did she? So she didn't tell you how? Maybe old? I I don't know. I never asked you. But remember, you're not supposed to ask a woman your age. But you know when they're young. I mean, you can. I, I can just tell by looking. Like she's not. That's not like an old girl. That no, she's young, vibrant, beautiful. <laughs> this is really, this has really affected you here. No, you know, I, I, uh, I, I've never, I've always been willing to. I, I, I'll just ask them their age, and uh, yeah, I, I, especially if they're younger than me, I feel like I can especially yeah, ask. I'll because, ask her. I don't. I, I, what would you guess? I sent you those two. Well, now, now I'm afraid I'm going to insult her if I if I say yeah. wrong. Like I'm afraid to even say. It's a little bit hard to tell from the pictures, honestly. Like uh, it, there's kind of a wide range of how she old she could be because she. She could be young, or she could be someone who's not all that young, but just uh, looks young. So, like, I, I can see that kind of in her too. It's kind of hard to tell, and of course, I'm just looking at a few pictures. So, I mean, like, I know she's not not close to my age. At least, I, if she if she is, she looks excellent. No, for, no, 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 not. No. If she is, she she look excellent for that age. But, but I, yeah, I know she's not there. But, but as far as how much younger, I don't know. 
Uh, so I'm going to say 28, 27. I mean, that's what I thought when I saw it at first, I, but I, I, really I but I, I could believe older than that, honestly. Like I, I could, okay. I, it's hard to tell. Like uh, she could be older than that and just look good for her age, or she could be like I, I can kind of see that in her too. It's it's a, uh, but I, I can tell she looks substantially younger than we are, especially me. So I I don't know, but okay, let's go on here. Uh, what did you cover before when I was cooling off? Really nothing. I mean, you weren't on that no, one. No. I, I, I was doing starting the Ukraine thing. So, oh, here's here's another topic I think you'll like. Trader Ruski, will you let us know when you start fading? Absolutely, I should be good for a little bit. Yeah, you know, you know what's interesting, Brandon. I, I listen to the call to listen line when I'm walking my dog, and uh, I, I'll just kind of listen to it as as I'm walking. And the old dog, the old dog. Yeah. So I will hear just a. Uh, wide selection of episodes dating back to 2012 but i'll hear some of them were you know, during those streaks of episodes where i was by myself when you weren't here when i didn't have a a co-host who was here like like nowadays even if you weren't here brandon and, and i'm not saying you should go away but i'm saying if you weren't or like recently when you weren't because of the migraines uh usually we have calwatt to step up we have trader ruski to stay up so i'm I, i'm usually not completely alone but i did hear some of them in the past when i was alone and at the time when I did the shows, I was a little critical of myself, going, "I bet this show kind of sucked because I was alone." But then, like, I'd hear him when I'd be walking the dog. I'd go, you know what? It, it doesn't have as much of the entertaining and conversational element as when I have other people with me. But it's just a different kind of show. It's a different kind of show. But like, you know what? This isn't, yeah. this actually isn't bad. Like, like hearing myself like covering the serious poker topics by myself. Like, oh yeah, right. this is still interesting. So, so I like I. It, did you it, ever did you ever stumble upon? Episodes of the three of us, meaning the original three. Yes, me, you, and Val. I, stu- I stumble upon them all because, like, every night I have it on for a few minutes while I walk. The how, m- how many would you even guess we did, or maybe you even know the exact number? No, I don't know the exact number. Probably there were even a few with just me and her too. Yeah, uh, but they're you know, probably about uh, thirty or something, forty. I don't know. So about a year's worth. About a year's maybe, worth. Yeah, yeah, maybe more. Wow. Maybe about forty. So no, yeah. listen, people don't realize that's one of the hardest things to do. To talk to yourself, even though you're talking to an audience for that many hours. I mean, yeah, it is. And in fact, it, it, I got a compliment from Seriously Serious, which of course uh, means a lot to me. He said, where he said, this is a, he's like, I didn't realize when I, he, he, tried, he did a show for a short time, but he said, I didn't realize how hard it is just by yourself to sit here and, and be able to talk without anyone to talk back and just go through a whole thing and, and manage to keep people's interest. So he, he gave yeah. me a compliment. By the way, on another note, he says that we have over 800,000 entries now into the uh, <laughs> Caesars tournament. So he said not to worry. They're all from Berlin. <laughs> Kid with a dream. Um, looking at the topics and – like, the, by the way, speaking of kid with a dream, the, the actual kid with a dream has been uh, PLOL. Yeah, he, he, yeah. He, he trolls me on Twitter. He just uh, he, he he mocks me about my Dodger seats and uh, is it, it fun trolling? Or yeah, like yeah, it's me? fun. Yeah, it's fun trolling. No, no, I, it, no I, I, I like the kid with the dream. No, I, I actually uh, it's cute. He sends me Snapchats. <laughs> I'm hate, not too embarrassed to tell you. No, I, I, I I hate to see what the what those would be. No, it's not like that. It's like what he's eating or no. That's true. You're you're too old for him. That's true. Yeah, what he's doing. It's not. It's nothing like that. No, that's true. I, you, you're no, out of he's his. Never been out of line like. No, you're you're out of his range though. He he doesn't. Yeah. He wants his own. Well, age. Plus, he knows I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm into Rachel. Yeah, but but he but he does he he knows he he knows he the thing is he wouldn't want us to do he wouldn't want to convert you because yeah. he doesn't he doesn't want forty year olds which is understandable not, you know, he's he's young he's young himself flops. he's young himself so he wants he wants the fellow twinks that's okay yeah I'm not insulted if uh, anyone who's in their uh, 
twenties uh, doesn't find me attractive. But uh, anyway, uh, the, the, the Cantor Sports Saga has has a new chapter. It's amazing that they're still. How many times can they just get fined? These incredible <laughs> amounts. You know what I, I mean? It just what I, I'm just shocked. Yeah. So the latest fine. The, shit together. The latest fine. This is over what happened in 2014. The Cantor Gaming was fined uh, 22 and a half million uh, for. She's 25, by the way. What? She's 25. Rachel's 25. She's 25. Now I feel bad that saying she could have been older than 27. See, that's what I was afraid to say. Now she's going to take back that I have a nice voice. She's going to, you know what? His voice actually sucks. Tell Todd nice. I love his voice, and if he can bang me and just talk, talk. Oh, jeez, I'm not making this up. Tell Todd I love his voice, <laughs> and if he can bang me and just talk, 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 and keep talking. I guess she's asking if you could fuck her and talk. No, I think what she wants me to do is she probably wants the lights off so she can picture uh, <laughs> either a different person or a younger version of me and then just hear my voice, and, yeah, that's uh, – Okay, so let's uh, so Canter Gaming, twenty two and a half million in fines and penalties. You know, I say twenty two and a half. You go twenty five. You go what? No, it's twenty two and a half. And like you're talking about her. So twenty two and a half millions in fines and penalties uh, from the Department of Justice, from the Eastern District of New York, not the Southern District, not the one that nailed the online poker, but the Eastern District of New York, and the uh, U.S. Department of the Treasury's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, which is known as FinCEN. Uh, they went after Cantor Gaming for basically taking a lot of shady bets because the sports books are required to notify authorities if uh, there's a lot of – if there's weird activity that looks like it's probably criminal activity, if it's money that's being laundered through their sports books, something – if there's, they notice anything that is suspicious or weird going on, they're required. I mean even if it's just – you know, last year there was a lot of news, and I say last year, I mean 2015, that there was a ton, ton, ton of money uh, being bet on a very obscure, uh, what do they call it? Uh, well, it's it's men's tennis, but what is it? What is the the league at eight? Uh, oh w- yeah, the tennis. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, whatever the you know the, the the you know the main tennis league that. You know, Federer plays in, and we weren't. I'm not talking about like Matt or Grand Slams, but just you know, it's like any other event, like you know, or any other tour. Every week, there's somewhere, whether it's you know Cyprus or you know Cincinnati, and but these were like qualifiers or, or players that were ranked really high. And of course, these online sites, you know, uh, sports books, as well as you know, the ones in Vegas, they have a rough idea of what they're going to expect. And when there's 20, 50 times the usual volume on some meaningless match that's not even shown on, on TV, something usually is up. So there was a huge scandal. And basically, uh, a, a handful of players, and I, I don't know the names, and it's no one that I, I even know, no one that you would probably know unless you're just a diehard tennis fanatic, um, were accused of throwing matches because it just it doesn't make any sense. And so, but anyhow, instances like that as well, they're required to alert gaming and, you know, also, you know, the authorities when, when it looks like something just isn't right, whether it could be whether it's point shaving or, um, but, you know, Cantor, I mean, they, you know, the first, the big fiasco before this, you know, do you remember the, the instance with the, uh, uh, the round robins when they weren't paying, they, they underpaid by millions. Oh, yeah. They knew about it. And they didn't even correct it then. They didn't. I mean, yeah, I, that was what, crazy. You know, and this is what I what, what I don't get. Like, 
the gaming commission, the, the okay, the athletic gaming commission today. I know this is kind of not comparing apples to oranges, but the Nevada athletic gaming commission today find uh, con- my, my nemesis, Conor McGregor, hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> because in the pre-fight weigh-in, he threw a water bottle and like a can of Red Bull at at uh, Nate Diaz, hundred fifty thousand. He threw a can, a bottle, didn't hurt anybody. Okay. Then Connor, of course, McGregor said today that he'll never fight in the state of Nevada again. They can go fuck themselves. And he's brought in four out of the five highest revenue mixed martial art fights of all time. He has a record, which was the Aldo fight, which brought in ten over $10 million. Not counting pay-per-view or money brought into the economy. That's just the live game. Okay. So, but anyhow, so they find him 150000 And this company... Like literally, they were underpaying customers and they knew that they were doing it and they still didn't rectify it. How, and I, you know, listen, I bet on Cantor. Okay. I mean, I bet straight bets. I'm not going to get, you know, screwed on straight bets. I know what the payouts are, you know, so I, I'm a customer, but how are they even allowed? I mean, at what point is it just like, you know, I don't know, like in football, you know, what happened to SMU, like the death penalty. You can't do business in our state. Yeah, you just kick him out. You can take away the just, license, yeah. Or just something. I mean, like, that's as bad as, I mean, the worst thing that, that anyone ever wants, in ter- you know, that lives in Nevada, that works in a casino or hospitality or whatever it may be, yeah. even the residents, you don't want any, you know, thought or insinuation that 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 tourists or people that are living here, that things are, aren't fair, that they're crooked, that you're getting cheated, that you're getting robbed. I mean, that is the worst publicity that that I mean that that this city can take as soon as people realize like you know they're playing games or betting contests that already have a built-in negative expectation and they're still being cheated from as well when they do win I mean that that's just yeah that's, it's that's a, pretty bad. yeah so to me and yeah the point I'm making by this little speech is that you look at this and and what was the number you said twenty two point five million. Okay, but that's really a drop in the bucket for them. Yeah, I know that's what's it, so annoying with these fines. Yeah, I know is. It, it really is. It's an, it that's really what, is. It's it's not. I mean, I know it looks like a massive number. Oh my god, two hundred twenty or twenty two point five million, but it really isn't. And I'm just shocked that they're letting them. I mean, at what point do you just say no more warnings and you actually have to go into unprecedented territory? Yeah. Now there is someone. And, there's someone who's going to be uh, suffering uh, criminal charges for this. Uh, Michael Colbert, uh, Stephen Colbert's brother. Yep. Uh, there, he's uh, he was the uh, Cantor Gaming's uh, former vice president of Risk, which is uh, ironic, and he t- definitely took a risk. And uh, he's already pled guilty to criminal charges. Uh, and Colbert was actually the one who set the the money lines for a lot of the action. And he uh, faces up to five years in prison. I guess he hasn't been sentenced yet for his role in facilitating illegally placed bets and accepting funds in violation of money laundering statutes. So here's the statement. From the DOJ about it. Cantor Gaming's strategy to grow its business required it to attract and retain bettors who frequently placed large wagers on sporting contests. To do so, Cantor Gaming offered higher betting limits than other sports books and gave the important bettors preferential treatment, including direct access to Michael Colbert, whose job was to set the lines and odds for betting contests. Important bettors interacted with Colbert and his staff rather than the front of the house. That a staff that was under the supervision of Cantor Gaming's chief operation officer, who normally handle interactions with betters. So what they're saying is that the the real big betters got to directly deal with Colbert, and they 
bypassed uh, other people from seeing what was going on. So to accommodate some of the important bettors, Colbert and his staff facilitated violations of state and federal laws, including A, knowingly accepting and facilitating, quote, messenger betting in its sports books on repeated occasions. That means where they, they send over a, uh, a runner to place bets rather than uh, the person who uh, placing the bet themselves. And the reason they don't, they don't allow that is because if they have limits on someone for, for betting, either hard limits or just limits to where they, they to report them to the government, uh, they, they want the, each person to be placing their own bets. If, if you have people working for you placing bets and they claim they're placing the bets on their own, you know, then, then that can dodge any kind of limits or, or money laundering uh, suspicions. Uh, B, Knowingly accepting and facilitating out-of-state betting activity through wire communications, and that's not allowed. It has to always be in-state. C, processing large cash deposits and withdrawals and third-party wire transfers, knowing that the property involved represented proceeds from some form of illegal activity. As set forth in the Statement of Facts, which is attached to the non-prosecution agreement, two of these important high-volume bettors ran, ran illegal bookmaking operations and were able to launder their illegal proceeds through counter gaming wagering accounts. And actually what was going on, which we'll, I'll get to shortly, was that some people were laying off action on uh, counter gaming in order to uh, take big bets from some of their clients without actually taking the full risk. Uh, a way you could do that, for example, is uh, let's say you're a bookie and you've got a, a client who wants to bet uh, $100,000 on a game. And you go, well, you know, yes, I get my 10% juice, but I'm afraid to take the risk here. It's basically 50-50 whether I win or lose, like on a straight bet, and I, I don't want to take this chance. I'm not a big enough operation to take 100000 So what do I do? Well, what you do with these people is you you give the one of these act, some of your action or a lot of your action to a sports book. So what this person would then do is they'd call Canner Gaming, they call him a Colbert over there and say, "Hey, you know what? Uh, can you take uh, ninety thousand of the hundred thousand? Can you take a ninety thousand dollar bet?" And what you're actually doing is just betting this other guy's money, and he doesn't know. All you know is, you know, all this other person knows uh, who's betting with you is that you just took the bet and you'll pay him if he wins, and he pays you if he loses. And what's really being done is, uh, it's, it's almost like uh, uh, just handing off a large percentage of the action over to Cantor, so you can keep your large betting customers happy without having to take huge risks. So the thing is, this is not legal to do. So, uh, But but Cantor Gaming, this Colbert, was allowing this to go on. And and one of the people who was doing this was a really shady guy, which we'll talk about shortly. His name is uh, um, a- Adam uh, Le- Levy. So, uh, so, so anyway, uh, there was also a uh, what's known as the Jersey Boys. Now, we're not talking about uh, that uh, musical about the four seasons. Uh, we're talking about a group of 25 bookies and associates indicted in uh, New York in 2012 as part of uh, the Pinnacle Sports operation, where Pinnacle Sports was uh, uh, allowing... They had runners that uh, that were working in, in, and uh, betting through, uh, through Cantor. And some of them had, were, were direct associates with Colbert. Uh, there were actually arrests in, uh, in Vegas... Involving uh, some you're people. You're joking, like right? He's not Stephen Colbert's brother. No, I'm, I'm joking. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. I mean, yeah, so, so, so anyway, you said it very dryly. <laughs> so, so um, Rachel's going to bed though, but she's going to be listening until she falls asleep. Okay. Well, that's what Isn't everybody. That that's what everybody uses it for. So, so you know, uh, st- it's true. 
have you ever seen this, this guy named Stephen Diano, D-I-A-N-O? You can Google him if you want. He's this big, fat guy. I think he's actually uh, in a wheelchair because he's so fat. He's just one of these huge guys who has a hard time even walking because he's so huge. He, he plays Limit Hold'em. You, you may have played with him before in Bellagio. I know I have. Uh, he was one of the people arrested in that operation. He was one of the, the bookmakers for uh, who was involved with the whole Pinnacle Sports thing. Uh, Paul Sexton, you know of him? He, uh, he was involved in it. Of course. And some people on the East Coast, including the husband of the person. When I won my bracelet, the person who finished third, her name was uh, Q, Duan, uh, Q Duan. Yep. Uh, Duong, not Dong, uh, not Duong, Duong, I was thinking of top Duong. Hugh Duong, who lives in the, the Atlantic City area, her husband was one of the people arrested in that operation. And uh, it was funny because someone was telling me about that. Someone was telling me like, uh, you know, oh, those two are shady. They're taking all kinds of bets all over Atlantic City. They're like telling me about it. I'm like, oh, she seems pretty nice actually, this Q. But uh, <laughs> I guess it was true because they, they uh, arrested her husband for this. And uh, that one guy at the Caesars and the Villas... With the billion dollar uh, World Cup sports book ring, he'd piss on them. Yeah, they're he would. small potatoes. What was his would. name? Uh, fa- um, Fua? Fua? Paul Fua? Yeah, Paul Fua, yeah. yeah. Jesus. So, so anyway. That, huh? So, just that, walking in with your $100 million World Cup sports. I mean, that's, that's crazy. So they, they finally uh, detailed the connection with, uh, with, with Cantor and this whole thing, even though this occurred four years ago. They just released this saying, the state of New York, as discussed below, brought an indictment in 2012 that alleged that the, quote, Jersey Boys was an illegal gambling operation that conducted its illegal activities at least as early as 2010 and continued at least through the, until late 2012. This operation inc- employed runners or individuals who opened up wagering accounts and placed the bets with Cantor Gaming Sportsbooks. These runners were paid by the leader of the criminal operation for placing bets in, on behalf of others. This arrangement was illegal both in Nevada and federal law. So that's uh, um, and in fact, one of the runners was a woman. I couldn't figure it out at the time, but when I saw a picture of her later, I understood. I mean, okay, what would you do? They've broken money laundering laws, okay? They've cheated their patrons. And, it, and it's not just, you know, anyone can make a mistake, but when you knowingly know that you're making a mistake and do not correct it, you know, that, yeah. and that's just a different level. No, they should have lost the license then, of this. And then, oh, right, I was going to ask, and then this occurs. I mean, what, if you were, if you were the chairman of the Nevada Gaming Commission, uh, you were on the, inf- the enforcement, enforcement committee, what would you do here? No, I would kill the license. There's been three things. There was this, there's this thing I'm talking about, the Jersey Boys, there was the thing with, uh, with the underpaying people, and then there was this now with, uh, with with the runners that were that were going and there's, and, and there was money laundering violations. And the money, and that's they, what I mean. They yeah. didn't re- they, yeah, they didn't report. You know, there's people. Yeah, that, that's, I, I, I meant I meant that not the runners. The yeah. UIGEA. You know, Vegas is not what it was back in the '90s or even you know earlier 2000s. You know, there's a lot of reporting and paperwork, and the federal government, the IRS, the Gaming Commission takes it very serious, and you can't ignore it, and you can't lie, and you can't falsify documents. I mean, that's just the world that we live in, and that's not just Nevada. That's those are federal rules. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they, the, the statement from uh, from them about uh, Paul Sexton was uh, in 2012. Paul Sexton, a runner for the Jersey Boys, was indicted in the state of New York on one count of enterprise corruption, nine counts of money laundering, and one count of conspiracy. As charged in the indictment, Sexton and others. Collected and distributed money on behalf of the organization and acted in concert with Michael Colbert to launder money through Cantor Gaming. Between July 2011 and October 2012, Sexton placed about 4,464 wagers with Cantor Gaming on behalf of GK, 
which totaled I'm not sure if GK is probably a person, uh, which totaled about $22 million. In September 2013, Sexton pled guilty to fourth-degree money laundering. And by the way, one of the people they arrested, I posted this on Poker Fraud Alert at the time, it was this woman who was 42 years old, but the only picture I could find of her, it wasn't a mugshot, it was like a picture of her from her website. She was a children's photographer. And I saw a picture of her, and she looked fairly pretty. Like She was, she totally didn't look like someone who'd be a runner for placing illegal sports bets. And I'm like, well, how did you get it? How is someone who's like a children's photographer who looks all nice and, and, and clean cut and, 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 and you know, kind of pretty, like, how did she get involved in this whole thing? And then I, years later, somehow found her mugshot and it explained everything. She had the meth sores all over her face. Like, okay, that makes sense. So anyway, that's, uh, so, so that's come down, but then there's a related story to this, and that there's this awful guy named, uh, now I said Adam Levy, it's actually Adam Meyer, I don't know where I got Levy, but Adam Meyer, this awful guy, who was a tout, a, a tout is someone who uh, claims to have winning sports. I'll do 62% this week, and this is my five-star pick of the week, and if you lose your money back, or I'll give you all your picks for the rest of the year. Yeah, Exactly. And this is a very, very shady industry. Almost all these guys who are selling picks uh, actually have no talent in doing so. And there, there's so many tricks they use in order to get you to believe they can. Uh, sometimes a tout will well, you have... Know what? The, best, the best one that you can reference that most people might know of, whether they're forum listeners or radio listeners, because we talked about it, was the very shady and now disappeared Steve Stevens. Yeah. Of, of, he had the money talks. Yeah. The TV show on, uh, CNBC, I believe it was. And he was ridiculed by the respectable touts, the ones that have been in the city for a long time, by sports book managers, you know, by people that are in the industry that claim that the numbers that he claimed he made, the percentages he said that he was correct were impossible, literally impossible. And yeah, that was foolish. And, and that's what they would do. A lot of these, these, uh, the most fraudulent of the touts will claim obscene numbers, like we're picking 77% correct over a long period of time. That's not possible. You can't do that in sports. Nobody no. picks 77% or anywhere well, near 77%. One man did it for two years. He did above 70%. You know what, Druff? He did above 80%. You know what else, Druff? He did above 90%. I know who you're talking about. And you know who that man was? C-money. Tell us who that man C-money. was. C-Money. Yes. <laughs> one loss, one tie, Goldfarb. Yes. So, so he I, won, I mean, yeah. the third, it, was, it was like 28 games in a row that he won. It was, re- I mean, I don't know if it's true. No, I think, I think people, it was not quite that. It was like 19, were, it was like 19, one okay, and one or something. Whatever it was, there were people on the internet that said that they had paid for their college or they paid off yeah. student loans <laughs> that like hopped in. Like, do you remember that? Yeah, but see, money like, started saying he started getting worried that, that, uh, people were mm-hmm. counting on us too much and that like they, he was afraid people were going to like bet their people life savings. Quitting, people were quitting their jobs. I don't need to work. I'll just, yeah, I think he was afraid that people were depending on this too much. And then when it was over, they were just going to get their but lives honey, ruined. You've been with them for 30 years. Who needs it? This job. I'll just bet on the 49ers when he tells me to. I mean. <laughs> so anyway, you know, these touts, the, 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 there's there's a, a range of how shady they We're are. Still druff. That was a sick run. I mean, that, that was a sick to, run. Yes. There, there's a range of how shady they are, and 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 uh, most of them, like a lot of the tricks they'll employ, like the like one tout will use a few different names and and just post a lot of different picks, including some opposing each other, and then just whichever name does the best, that's who he claims to be from there. Okay, well you saw I posted these, I got them right. Well, yeah, I could make five different identities and post a bunch of different picks, 
and, and one of my five identities will get a whole lot right. But that doesn't mean I'm a good picker. It just means I kept trying until I hit it. Or, or they, uh, they just outright lie about their record. Or, there's just so many ways that they, that they scam people. Very few of these. Or they give half their customers one game and the other half the exact opposite of Yeah. Them. Yeah. That's They're another trick. They're going to look smart to half of their clientele. That's another trick. So, so they, so there's this really, really shady one named uh, Adam Meyer. Adam Meyer is the same age as me. He's 44. Uh, but but he's been around the the tout world for a while, and uh, but he he's a Jew. Re- he is a Jew, but but he really took it to the next mm-hmm. level because he 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 went beyond just just scamming and lying. He actually went uh, to extortion. Uh, what happened was, in addition to just all these lies about his record, and uh, he, he had this funny website, which is down now, called AdamWins.com, which is unintentionally funny. It wasn't meant to be funny, but if you went there, it's it's, uh, it's so gimmicky and stupid, it's hard to believe anyone fell for it. But uh, you can go in the Wayback Machine on the uh, archive.org uh, and look up AdamWins.com if you want to laugh, but it's gone now. Anyway, that was his website. And uh, he was finally arrested, though, in 2014, for extortion, and this is what he did. Uh, there was a very wealthy client he had. It was a Wisconsin beer distributor named Gary Sadoff. Now, I'm Gary, sorry, Sa- he was a what? You broke up. He was a Wisconsin a what? Wisconsin beer distributor. Oh, okay. And w- Gary Sadoff, uh, he didn't. I, from what I could tell, he didn't make his own money. It was a long. Like I think the family's been in business uh, distributing alcohol in the Wisconsin area. Poor for man, like, Blitzerian. For like yeah, for like a hundred years. So, so he just basically inherited the family business, and uh, the reason I'm mentioning this is, is sometimes as this happens, as as j- businesses get passed down from one generation to another, uh, you go from uh, you know, the originators of the business who tend to be very uh, street smart and, and very uh, unlikely to be victims of scams to to ones who are just their kids who who don't have the same uh, level of sophistication or business acumen or uh, Street smart. So, uh, a good example is uh, this: uh, Terence Watanabe, who blew all that money in Caesars, uh, gambling it all away. He was the son of the founder of the Oriental Trading Company, which was a. Yep. Uh, and so he basically blew all that money that his dad made. His dad was dead by then, but uh, that was an example of that where the, where the, the kid did not blow all that money. He actually started taking out markers. He went into debt. Yeah, he went into debt. So it was the, all was over. He didn't, didn't just lose his fortune, but he. he He's fucked for life, basically. Yeah. yeah. So this was a obviously a much uh, lesser version of what his father was. So, you know, his father made this all, and he went and lost it all very stupidly. So, uh, the, I, I can't say I, I don't know Gary Sadoff. I don't know enough about him, but I, I do know that he inherited the family business, but it was very rich because it was a very successful business. And uh, somehow he got into sports betting, probably betting big. And uh, Adam Meyer decided that it wasn't enough to just have this guy's action. And, and Adam Meyer, by the way, was laying off action with Colbert over at uh, Canter Gaming. So obviously Adam Meyer didn't have the bankroll to fade the big bets of, got from guys like Gary Sadoff. So Meyer decided that he really wanted a big score. And there's only one way to really guarantee a big score with a rich client. And that is to just steal or extort from them. So... Meyer invented this story that that the mob, uh, presumably the, the the mob in Las Vegas, that they were that they somehow accidentally got confused and believed that Sadoff was his business partner, 
and that uh, now the mob was going to take out a hit on both of them. And that, uh, so he, he basically called up Sadoff in a panic. He's like, oh man, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, but somehow I accidentally got you involved in this terrible situation. There's the, the mob, uh, they're... Uh, Actually, I'm not even sure if it's the mafia. It's just the mob. The, the mob. They they uh they, they, they believe that uh, that we're partners, and and I just got in so deep to them. I owe them tens of millions of dollars, man. They're going to kill both of us. I don't know. How, I I can't convince them you're not involved anymore. We got to do something about this. So Sadoff got all scared. Sadoff thought that, crap, I've been dragged into this somehow, and now we're both going to die. If the mob's going to kill us. Uh, he, the reason I'm, I don't think he necessarily meant the Italian mob is he actually impersonated an Asian guy. Maybe it was the Asian mob. I don't know. But uh, he actually called up Sadoff using a, some kind of awful Chinese accent and pretended to be this Asian guy who was one of the people making threats. So Adam, a Jewish Adam Meyer there calls up Sadoff there. You're changing his voice. I don't know even how he pulled this off. But he's like, oh, yeah, you, want, you owe me my money. You pay me my money or I'll kill you. You know, like he, he was really doing things like that. So he threatened Sadoff under the, you know, using his own voice, which is faking as a Chinese guy. But then that wasn't enough. He 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 then brought. And what is your source on this? Like, oh, this is this, this? oh, this is all over the news. Oh wow! Then he okay. so, so then what he did so is I mean, even what you're saying, you're not exaggerating. Or no, I'm not exaggerating. No, this like all really the fake happened. Accent, like you just no, no, said no. It, it was really the fake accent, like that. Yeah, I I I made up what he actually said, but it was very close to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so then he, uh, that wasn't enough. So to really really hammer it home, that Sadoff has to cough up tens of millions of dollars to them uh, to this supposed mob. Uh, of course, you know, wiring what he did, he had Sadoff uh, wire it over to uh, you know, some account in another country, which couldn't be traced to anybody. Uh, he had he brought an accomplice and flew out to Wisconsin, and uh, or actually, I think he flew up to Florida. Is that no? I think it was Wisconsin. They they flew out to where wherever Sadoff was, met with him. They caught the plane that Bill Clinton uh, flies with the child molester, probably in Florida. <laughs> and, and he had his uh, accomplice pull a gun and uh, actually cock the chamber, put a gun to his head and go, and, and, you know, the, the accomplice was supposed, he was supposedly someone in the mob. You know, he wasn't supposed to be Meyer's friend. He was supposed to be like a scary mob figure, figure who forced Meyer to, you know, to meet up with him and then pulled a gun and pointed it to Sadoff's head. He was not going to kill him. The, the whole thing was an act. But at that point, Sadoff decided that he was terrified and uh, paid uh, tens of millions of dollars to yeah, this this account Jeez. that was supposed to be the mob, and uh, uh, the, the claim was uh, forty five million initially. It's it's not clear because it's also been in some sources to be uh, twenty five million, but it was it was something like that. It was it was something in that area. They just I've seen two different I mean, numbers. Either way, it was an obscene amount. It of was money. an obscene amount of money. He just extor- just straight up extorted out of the guy with a, a phony story about the mob, which he just invented, and then had this accomplice show up and 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 point the gun at the guy's head. Uh, this the Sadoff guy, instead of going to the police about this or the FBI, he just he just paid it, which is. A, I, I I'm surprised about this because you know if I was in this position and I had that type of money. You know, I may have gold bars sitting behind me when I'm on video here, but uh, but I don't have forty five million dollars or anywhere near that. So if I had this type of money and someone you got over five, and someone, I, I'm I'm not talking about that, but <laughs> but I don't have forty five. So if somebody if somebody you have you have ten, if if somebody was putting, I haven't even confirmed five. If someone had put a gun to my head like that, and if, even if before that with all these threats, 
either I would go to Wait, law enforcement. Would you buy a minor league sports team? <laughs> let me, let me talk about this. Right, I'm not talking about my money here. Well, if this, listen, I don't. But listen, if if this happened, uh, and I had that type of money, I would I would either go to law enforcement, which of course doesn't require any money, or uh, and of course they'd probably believe someone like this because this is a, a very respected figure in in Wisconsin. I'd either go to law enforcement and just put a stop to all this right away, or I'd hire my own people to deal with it. I would hire my own guys with with uh, you know badass guys to show up and meet with these people and say leave them the fuck alone or I'm going to kill you. Like I, I would do that if people are threatening me. I, I I would probably do that now if this was happening to me with the uh, the money I have at the moment. You know if if you're if you're broke you, you can't do this. But if you'd think before sending off forty five million to someone like this, you'd think that uh, couldn't he use uh, you know a fraction of that to end the problem? So anyway, Sadoff uh, just decided he was scared and just paid whatever Meyer demanded. So Meyer thought this was great. Now, Meyer apparently had a gambling problem. So not only did he live a very lavish lifestyle with Sadoff's money, but he was also he also shot off most of it uh, with, with a crazy gambling, and uh, Meyer also had a bad drug addiction. So He had the whole, he had the whole trifecta then, huh? Yeah, and, and so Meyer also, uh, this he, he his defense originally about this whole thing it was ridiculous. I can't believe he thought this was uh, this is really going to possibly work. What, what possible defense after the government pretty much caught you in so many different ways with so much evidence that you really did this? And and by the way, they caught the guy who was his accomplice who admitted to the government that he did all this and that Meyer directed him to and all that. So so uh, at that point, when they have th- this much of the goods on you, what what defense could you possibly have? Can, I don't know. Can, can, you, can you think of it? I mean, I'd, I'd claim I was helping law enforcement. Well, guess. I'm get, I just looked it. Oh, you looked it up. Yes, this this is the claim that he that he was actually an agent for the government. That he he can't uh, provide anyone to prevent uh, present evidence of this, but that he was really a secret agent of the federal government and was one of its important snitches, and uh, that this is all part of it. That uh, that he had to do this. In order to uh, legitimize who he really was. He was so deep undercover that he had to do things like this in order to keep his cover. Now, the funny thing is that there, I guess there's some truth to this in a way. Not, But, but of course, it's ridiculous. Uh, this is not why he did it. He did it just uh, for his own greed and he shot the money off himself. Uh, I guess he really had snitched on some people to the government in the past, but... Uh, that's, that has nothing to do with this, and he was not a secret agent working for the government undercover. He just had snitched uh, somewhat. But uh, but he was involved with this whole canter. He was one of the clients they were referring to. And uh, th- this is what uh, was said from the Statement of Facts of the Cantor Gaming case. It says, A.M., referring to Adam Meyer, is a professional gambler and the owner of a sports wagering company based in Florida. In addition to providing his clients sports wagering advice, AM would refer to refer them to an offshore bookmaking operation, which he claimed to be unaffiliated. In fact, AM controlled the operation through a third-party individual posing as the operator's agent. Betters did not know the offshore gambling sites were not were not booking the bets place, but rather AM was booking the bets himself. AM uh, maintained a sports wagering account at Cantor Gaming, which he utilized to limit his personal risk on the bets he booked through this or- offshore operation. From approximately 2010 through 2013, AM placed more than $300 million in wagers through his account at Cantor Gaming. 
His source of funds include proceeds from AM's offshore booking activities and from multi-million dollar proxy gambling agreements with clients who would wire money directly into AM's account at Cantor Gaming. AM's high volume and frequency of betting activity made him an important and valued customer at Cantor Gaming. For two years, Cantor Gaming failed to file any... SARs, which stands for Suspicious Activity Reports, on AM. So this is crazy. In three years, $300 million of wagers were placed through Cantor Gaming that, that Adam Meyer was facilitating. And he was even having third parties from out of state wire in money to his account at Cantor. And, and that's not supposed to happen either. They're not supposed to be betting with out-of-state funds. And Cantor's like, okay, keep betting. So and yet they can't even... Uh... Pay a round robin correctly. Yeah, so, so, so they were clearly just uh, looking the other way and letting this happen, and this is the type of thing that Cantor eventually got in trouble for. Uh, and uh, so that's, and then more on the same document uh, in two, in April 2013, the Nevada Gaming Control Board requested account wagering applications for for the top hundred accounts from Cantor Gaming. In response, Cantor Gaming submitted 168 wagering applications for approximately 94 account holders. Many of the submitted records lacked the required information. 88 of the wagering applications were completed improperly. 29 of the applications lacked a social security number, and, tw- and the other 29 did not include a telephone number. 80 of the applications lacked a date of birth for the applicant. In, per- <coughs> in perhaps the most egregious record-keeping violation, Cantor Gaming failed to keep proper records on its highest-volume patron, AM. So he was the highest-volume uh, better there. There is no evidence that AM had ever filled out a wagering account application despite having been a patron of Cantor Gaming since at least 2010. That's absolutely insane. I have three Cantor accounts. I have one at – okay, well, you know what? Let me back up. Even though – this is very strange. I've never quite understood it. Even though Cantor has a heavy presence in Las Vegas, uh, I guess the most popular places that they're at, at both the Palazzo and the Venetian, they're at the Tropicana, they're at the Cosmopolitan. Um, basically, any casino that isn't a win, Caesars or MGM Mirage property either has Cantor or a company we're going to talk about in a little while. What company would that be, Druff? William Hill. Yes. But what's amazing to me in today's day and age is these Cantor Gaming Casinos and what they do, you know, I've talked about this before, so I'll make it quick. For some reason, casinos decided about seven to ten years ago, that's when it started, that it could quite possibly be more profitable for them to lease out, and when I say lease out, I mean literally like lease out their sports books or outsource them, whatever term you want to use, to other sports book companies that will just pay a rent. And they'll get to keep whatever, you know, they pay a fixed amount every month and they get to keep whatever the sport, the sports book, Cantor or William Hill or anyone else that would come in gets to keep the fixed amount or whatever they make. Um, and there's contracts. Like they usually, from what I've been told, they work on four year contracts, meaning like say, you know, Cantor, well, here's a good example. Example, excuse me. Cantor is at the Palms now. Cantor had been at the Palms now for about a decade. The Palms was just bought out by Station Casinos. In fact, that started October 1st. It was a transition. Station Casinos runs their own sports books. They have their own wagering app. Uh, they have from day one. But Cantor is still in there. And the reason why, from what I've been told, is because they're under contract to be in there. That's why they're still there. 
So I don't know when their contract runs up. Uh, someone did tell me it was at the end of this year. Uh, someone else said it was at the end of next year. So either the Palms will have an option to buy out Cantor, you know, whether that means, or I'm sorry, I shouldn't say the Palm Stations, which, you know, owns the Palms, could either buy them out and bring in their own sports company, which is what I've heard from multiple sources I trust, is what they want to do and run it like every other, you know, 12 properties that they own. Um, or, or they can let the contract expire and then kick them out. But anyhow, so I have a Canner account at the Palms. I have a Canner account at the Venetian. And I have a Canner account at a local casino called the Silverton. Each one that I had, I had to fill out a separate application. I had to provide my ID. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking about this now because normally I remember because I'm very, very sketchy about giving out my social security number unless I absolutely have to just because of identity fraud. Um, but they could have my 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 social. I, I just don't remember on the application. But definitely they have my license. And, you know, they have my address, my phone number, so on and so forth. And I remember each time I did that, they went over my application uh, and look, you know, looked at it and, you know, said, okay, or if I missed something. But what's also very strange is why would I, why do I have three accounts? Why would I need three accounts? And the reason why is each account at each casino is independent of each other. Meaning when I log into my Canner app, it shows every single property that they have in Las Vegas. And then I would click on the specific property of the account I want to access, type in my player's card number for that property. That's also what's used. It's always your player's card for that property. And then my PIN which can also can be different for every property. So I guess what I'm saying is I could bet $3,000 on a game using my account, my segregated account at the Palms through Canter. I could bet $3,000 on a game <clears throat> at the Venetian, and they're in two separate accounts. Say I win, then I'd have an additional, you know, we'll just say additional $3,000 in each account. Okay, you following me, Druff? Yeah. Okay. But what's very, very strange about that is that they're not in any way, shape, or form, even after all these years and even after all the expansion, uh, integrated. Meaning that if I'm at the Palms, I can only deposit into my Palms Cantor account. If I want to put money into my Silverton Cantor account, I have to go to the Silverton. If I want to withdraw, it's the same process. They're all like independent of each other, but it's the same exact company, the same exact line, and but none of them commingle or whatever adjective you want to use, which I've always found very weird. And William Hill is the exact opposite. Any William Hill you go to, you can deposit, withdraw, you know, fund an account. You only are allowed one William Hill account. Okay, so that that's very very odd. And I, no one, I've asked this for years. I've asked. Uh, ticket writers, <clears throat> I've asked supervisors, uh, and no one could answer me why it, it is like this. It, it, it's very, very odd. And some people have seven, eight, nine different Canner accounts, which, of course, is just going to create more headaches for them on the paperwork side. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, they may have it designed like franchises, though. I mean, if they're not having a no, it's it's it, 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 it's not franchised. It, it's it, it, it that that I mean you mean franchise in the sense that that can't like Cantor's the overall umbrella and then they then each hotel they see that as may, maybe even independently owned under the Cantor name like but they the own hotels, the McDonald's but the hotels aren't 
are just leasing out their space for these sports books. Right. Cancer is one company, just like William Hill is. It's not like a McDonald's where somebody can buy a franchise license and start running it. No, it, it's it, it. That's that's not how it operates, which is is very well. Odd. But it sounds like it is the way they operate it because it could almost be like if I'm Cantor, I go around do the deals with the twelve hotels, and maybe for some, and then I'm getting twelve franchisees to pretty much buy the you know the lease or give me action, give me a piece or whatever it is for the twelve properties. But I'm kind of using my muscle as a big company to do it. I mean, that just that's really yeah. the only way it makes sounds like it could hey, make sense. Well, here's something odd that happened to me this weekend. Um, by law, you are for for these online sports books, and this is you know Nevada state law approves this. You are allowed to be on a patron's Cantor account as their registered agent. Uh, do you know what that means, Druff? The registered the registered agent is the person who's registered to, right? No, but you know what a, what what a registered agent means. I, I would think that means the person is registered to. No, the, the person at the account. Okay, I can go right now and open an account, for instance, at the Cosmo, at the Cantor Cosmo, the Cantor in Cosmo, and I could add you. I would be the primary account holder, and I could add you on as an agent. Oh, okay, okay. No, I, I don't know what that is. Yeah. What, Trader, well, Trader Risk, you bet a lot of sports. You're in Vegas a lot. Do you know what an agent is? Yeah, no, for sure. So you could, yeah, and you could have, so then you could set up maybe a few Asian accounts and have people playing. Oh, on you're saying you can have people playing on your behalf that no, are registered. You no, know, re- it just means that that one agent can. That's what I'm saying. You can have people registered yes. when you're playing on your right. behalf, but they're registered, so, they're registered, so it's actually seen as your action. Exactly. So in other oh. words, Yes. So I'd have so, my assistant as my agent. Exactly. But, but, but they'd have to know, they'd have to know in advance is the point. I, well, and you have to be there in person with them and you have to provide an ID. So, Druff, if you came to Vegas and you opened up a Canter account, you listed me at, as your agent, that would give me a right to deposit into your account, to withdraw from your account. And to make wagers as long as I'm in this, any part in the state of Nevada on your behalf okay. for you. Okay. Uh, and, and that, that is totally legal and that's totally allowed. Um, but so anyhow, uh, it, it, that's very confusing to me. I, you know what Trader Ruski is saying. Maybe that's correct. I don't think that any of them are independently owned of each other because when one has been fined, you know, for for okay, for instance, the Silverton was the property where the customers were, or, or I guess I should say where where the error occurred, where customers were not getting paid correctly on their round robins that occurred at the uh, at the Silverton. And to be a little bit more specific, although we covered this, uh, the mathematical formula that's computed to determine what round robins pay and what round robins are, are basically you can make a number of bets and it differs from parlays, whereas such a, a parlay, you have to hit every leg, meaning every bet of your parlay to cash. A round robin, you can go three out of four, four out of five, three out of five and still get something back. Meaning you're, you're allowed to – is that the best way to explain a trader risky? Yeah, yeah. So you have – so if you want to bet a $50 round robin, you choose three three teams, three, two team, and you're making two-team parlays. So, you're playing, so you have a parlay with one and two, one and three, and two and three. So then if 
if you go two for three, you'll make a little money because you essentially have three two team parlays. Right. And you could also do four, you know, four yeah, leg rounds. Yeah, four, five. Right, exactly. Yeah, so so the, the, the benefit of a round robin is, you know, sometimes people, and I don't bet these. I don't bet parlays, you know. Funny, actually, I bet a teaser this past weekend, which was the first time I had done that in, in many years. But the benefit of doing this is in a parlay, you know, you have a great day and you win four games and you lose that fifth. Instead of having a massive payday, you get 0.0. But so round robins, not so much where you go four out of five and you're still going to make a good profit. Three out of five, you're going to basically get your money back. Okay, so on and so forth. So the way they computed the payouts, it's very shocking that no seasoned gambler figured this out, was that there was an error in their computer system. Because, of course, all this is automatic. You type in a figure, you know, that you want to bet. It confirms it and it tells you what you're going to get paid. Um, At the Silverton, it was being computed incorrectly and to the book's favor. And this went on for a long time. And then they were made aware, or somebody in management, I, I, we talked about this, uh, You know, I don't remember the name, but he was the one that basically got all the, the brunt of you know, the punishment and the, the attention, was made aware of this and still just ignored it and didn't even try to fix the algorithm or however determined you know, what, what these payouts were. Um, and it was right. just happening at that one location? Yes, yes. So, but anyhow, the, the point I, I'm making to you, Trader Ruski, is even though it happened at that lo- whole location, that one location, the whole entire company was fined, and it was treated as a whole. I just happened to know, because it was also reported in the media, that that's where it occurred. So how could it still be a franchise? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't get no, it. I mean, I, look, because I think it still could. I mean, if McDonald's... If we're using McDonald's as a thing and they send out hamburgers with E. coli in it as the customers. That's that's a little different, though, because it's uh, that that's they're that's like the supply chain. But still still the main company's getting sued, not the franchisee. Yeah, but if but however, like like if you're in there and the franchisee uh, undercooks something, then they would actually be the franchisee who gets sued. Well, it's, right. Okay. If it well, like when Chipotle, when Chipotle had the E. coli outburst, wasn't it just the individual stores that were held liable? It wasn't the whole company. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a bad example because I think there's too many different ways that could have gone down. Well, okay, but and I, even okay. Well, yeah, I, I have to go with Brent. I, I have to think here that that it's just Cantor Gaming. It's not a matter of. I don't think it's any yeah. kind of franchises. Yeah, and so, look, and and, they, and and it could be even something as simple as. <clears throat> Okay, we see the model you guys want to have here that does include these franchises or blah blah blah, and that looks like a decent business model. We're only, but we're giving you your license. However, if there are any fuck ups like this, you're taking responsibility and paying the fines. I mean, maybe it's also a case like it's now too big to fail. Where they're in so many casinos, what are they going to do? That, people are going to wake up tomorrow. And that's they can't prob- that's the probably machine. a lot of it. That's probably they, a lot of it. People are going to wake up and they can't go to the Cosmo and bet, or they can't go to the Trop and bet. They can't go to the Palms. Like, you know, what well, point is it? Just like they're stuck with them. Like, that's oh my actually, God. you know, what that has to do with a, a previous topic we had. The Trump Taj Mahal was given favorable treatment for a long time because it was it was too big. It was it was it was the yeah. main property in Atlantic City, and they did not want to let it shut down and ruin the whole Atlantic City economy. The ripple effect. And, yep. And, and you know, yeah. I've, this, I've, I've Trader Ruski, please don't mute your mic because I want your opinion on this as well. I've thought about this and I've debated this for a long time, and I still can't come up with a reasonable answer. How could it be possible 
that it's more profitable for a casino to rent their space out for a sports book and let someone operate it than them just running it themselves. I mean, what can the overhead of running a casino is not expensive. I mean, you have you know you have a manager, you have you know two supervisors, maybe three, and you have a bunch of ticket runners that make slightly above minimum wage. And then what else do you have? You have, I, you have I, I, I can give you an answer. Well, well you have to have. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Okay. I, I think the answer here is that this is a type of risk they just don't want to take. They don't want to have to – sports is a whole different that's situation. A ri- that's a risk that they're in. I mean, okay, A, hold on. A, they're in the gambling business. No, but, uh, but, uh, but it's, a, it's different. It's different. When but, you have, okay, but hold on. The whole idea – and I'm, I'm going to mute myself and just listen to your response after I finish this sentence. The whole idea of the basic business model of a sports book okay, is to put equal money – on both sides, hence why a line will go up or down and keep going up or down until there's as close to equal money on both sides as, as you know, they can, and they'll collect the 10%. No risk, okay? They don't care who wins in most cases. I mean, sometimes, you know, one side will do better than the other, but overall, you know, on a football Sunday or whatever the event may be, that's, that, that's the business model. Have equal action on both sides you adjust the line accordingly to guarantee that and you collect and you sit back and you collect 10% of whatever the volume is how can that fail okay i, I can well, i can explain this there's two ways number 1 is that uh, they can try as hard as they want they can keep trying to push the line to get people to go to the other side but but uh, people just uh, it's sometimes hard to get that like you've seen the years where on the super bowl vegas takes a bath because the side that they uh, there's very disproportionate betting on one side versus the other, so that that just happens a lot, and that's that's the first problem. The second problem is that, uh, and, and also a lot of times, you know, if if big money comes in towards the end, it's uh, then there's not enough time to do that. There's a lot of ways that there's disproportionate money on one side or the other. Uh, a second thing is it may not be profitable enough to want to hassle with. It could be something that they they know that a certain percentage of people who come to the hotel are going to want a sports book there, and if there isn't one, they may want to go somewhere else. So they need to provide it, but they don't really want to, and it may not really be worth the So what the space. changed, though, that in the last 60 years, they've been running sports books, and then the last five to seven years, the trend has because, been Because they, they analyzed well, it, and I think they analyzed it. Sorry, Risky, give his opinion in a second. Uh, I, I think they, they analyzed it here, and they, they this is just my guess. I have no information about this. But I, I think maybe they analyzed it and said either we don't want to take the risk or maybe even more, we're not making enough money from this, so let's just wash our hands of it, let a different a third-party company provide it, make a fixed amount from that space, which is not going to make much, much money anyway, and then just have it here for people who want it. Now, now Trader Ruski, what's, what's your take on this? I was just going to say that it is a very – you need somebody running it that is extremely knowledgeable and knows everything. Like, you know, like Don, like Robert De Niro in uh, Casino, right? There's not, you know, and while they're, well, you know, so for each hotel to have somebody that, that that's that good is, you know, I don't know how many of them are available, how many now have been dying off over the last 10 years? Because a lot of them are the old timers that are doing it. And, you know, and it, I mean, if it's an attractive enough deal and they went back and looked before they shut, you know, before they outsourced it and just looked that they're making 
a million dollars a year off of it or whatever the number is. And this company is going to come in and say, we'll give you 900000 with no risk or a million. You know, I think that's probably – I just don't think there's enough. Okay, so what's to say – It's a human the, capital. What's to say then issue. that in five years – the same exact approach is taken with poker rooms. Oh, it could Everyone be. in town is a druff super poker room, it's called. And they're druff poker rooms. And they're all owned by druff company, druff LLC. I, 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 I should do that. And, and they, he rents the space from the casinos. The casino washes their hands of, you know, having to hire employees, you know, ha- having to deal with it. I mean, listen. Poker rooms make less than sports yes, books yes, do. Yes, that, that could be too. And you know what? Here's an example that has nothing to do with gaming. Think of when you go to a nice restaurant. Think about that as – hold on. Think about that as an idea though. So to come up with some business model where, where you can basically corner the Vegas poker room market. I thought they already had that going on though in one of the – they already had uh... – That's never happened. There's never been a poker room in a casino in Las Vegas that wasn't owned by the casino. No. I thought there was one. Well, did no. they have some of them with they shared jackpots, though? Those, those, some of those must Well, be yeah, crazy. but those are only through the same casinos. Like, when they stop, a lot of that stop. Like, uh, when the Iceman won that bad, that big bad beat jackpot, it was a progressive one that was at all other station poker rooms as well. I, I thought the Palms poker room was outsourced. I think no. Was- can't, uh, well, you know what? I, I take can't, that can't, back. Cantor ran it, right? Can't, yeah, I take that back. Cantor ran it, but it was for a couple of months, and then it closed. Yeah, I know it wasn't that, there anymore, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, and that, you're right. You're right. That was the only one. You're right. Yeah, and, very, and very so, good, so this – Very good memory. But that I, was the only one, though, it, 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 and that failed. But I, that didn't fail because it was outsourced. That failed because the Palms in general was mismanaged. Yeah. That room – But let me, let me give you an example of something that's not even in gaming, but where it's, something similar is done. There, if you go to a nice restaurant, a lot of times the valet parking – is outsourced to a different company, and it's just that it doesn't have to be. But the restaurant, even though it could make money valet parking, and they charge for valet parking, they charge you know five dollars fifty cents or whatever. They just outsource it, and and that company pays for the ability to park cars there, and and then they get paid five dollars fifty cents uh, per car, who and, and also they get the, the drivers, of course, get the tips, and you see that all the time, where. The valet parkers at the nice restaurants are not employees of the restaurant. In fact, I've had problems with that. I avoid valet parking as much as possible, but the, I've had problems before where, like. But that's, that's not the case in Vegas, though. Well, that's because there's a lot no of. Outsour- there's no outsourced valet parking. Well, because maybe because they're associated, a lot of these uh, restaurants are associated with hotels. But well, I'm they're also all union. Yeah, but but I'm talking. I, I've seen in L.A. It's it's very common. And in fact, I had a problem once where I was my car was I just stood and stood and stood for 25 minutes. I finally went to them. It's like what the hell? There's no way that uh, it could be taking this long. And in fact, I see I'm the last customer here. Why? Why? I was way before all these other people. And I said, Oh, oh, yeah. I, I guess what I'm saying though is okay. Look at it from an easier point. The agents in in, in in betting sports or being a sports book operator is far greater than than the edge in blackjack. So if they want to be risk adverse, why are you in the casino See, well, business? Well, but hold on, it's it's the thing is in black two people who bet 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 over and over, and that's where the edge comes from. With sports, each event takes so long, and yes, people can place multiple bets, but it's not the same thing. There's not the same number of bets placed, and that's why sports bettors always complain that their comps are shit 
because they're given very few comps because they're just not placing that many wagers. They're not playing. The, they're not placing that many dollars worth of wagers compared to the high rollers and blackjack and 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 other pit games where there's just bet 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 over and over and it adds up. That's the difference. That's the difference there. So, uh, like like for for example, you place a bet for five hundred fifty dollars at minus one ten. You know, five fifty to win five hundred. That sounds like a lot. But but the game takes three hours to complete, and you, maybe that's your only bet for the day. So you've wagered a total of five fifty. If you sit at a blackjack table and bet five dollars a hand, you could make five hundred fifty dollars of wagers uh, in not too long of a time, just from five 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 over and over. So so that's that's why you're just not getting as many comps. So I, I think overall, what they're making of these sports books, uh, I think. Right, well, here, here's 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 a good trivia question for the two of you, and please. You know, integrity, don't Google it. Trader Ruski, you still with us? Yep. What would you guess in the entire state of Nevada, and although the majority of that is in Las Vegas, it also includes places like Mesquite, Laughlin, Reno, Lake Tahoe, and all the small little surrounding cities. What do you think was the entire amount wagered, if you had to guess, on, on, on the Super Bowl last year? Those are the most recent numbers that I can even look at. Uh, I, I say eighty million. All right, where'd you guess, Trader Risky? Um, I was going to say closer to uh, three hundred million. One hundred fifteen point nine million. Druff was closer. What do you think was won? How much did they win? And it's, it, and only once, by the way, since I've lived here. So once in at least sixteen years. Have have the sports books ever lost on a Super Bowl? Meaning they didn't make any money counting prop bets, everything. Anyhow, one hundred fifteen point nine million was wagered. What was their profit, Druff? Uh, I'd say nineteen million. Trader Ruski. How much did they make again? One hundred fifteen point nine million in wagers. In Case. wagers, yeah. That's so how much I they took in last year's Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd say they won. Probably close to forty. Three point two million. <laughs> okay. That's it. Yep. That's and this is an fair. article from ESPN. I'm not also just that, reading that, 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 that kind of that kind is, of uh, supports what I've been saying here. Yeah, this is from ESPN. Well, that's why I'm, I'm reading it because that that number would have shocked me. Uh, that yeah, that that was that's very surprising to me. Yeah, but, but, fifteen. But, so that's what is that? That's that's a uh, very small percent, like three percent. It's less than less than three yeah. percent. So here, I want to I, I want to finish the. I, you interrupt my story. I want to finish my valet story. They started it, and uh, it's a short story. But it took twenty five minutes to get my car. I said, "What the hell?" Then they kind of like reluctantly conceded that they forgot it. They just forgot to get it. So they went and got it, and they're like uh, five fifty, please. And I so I should have just demanded the whole five fifty back. I don't know why I paid it, but I said uh, so. I I. I Said I've only got six dollars. Give me fifty cents back. The guy was shocked because they they charge five fifty because they know the driver's always going to get tipped an extra fifty cents on top of whatever the normal tip is. No one's going to ask for two, you know two quarters back. So I said I want my two quarters back, <laughs> and the guy is like shocked. I, I'm like, what? I'll give my two quarters. And of course, I didn't tip him after you know with this either, for getting my car. So so I, I had to wait where they go dug up two quarters to give to me, which of course is the principle of it. And, and that was that. But I, I, I complained to the restaurant because I didn't realize it was a third party company. And, and that they forgot me for 25 minutes and left me just standing there. And and they said, oh, it's a third-party company. Here's the number you can call to complain. So I didn't bother. I just, uh, just left and charged adaptive frustration. But uh, that's 
uh, companies also like to be able to wash their hands of things like this. They they you know they they don't want to. I, I bet if you complained about a Cantor sports book to the hotel, they would say something similar. Like this is run by Cantor Gaming. We want to lead lead at the space. Uh, sorry, this happened. Please talk to them. There's just some areas they just don't really want to go into. They don't want to really be in that business anymore. They just don't think it's worth it to them. They'd, as you said, they'd rather just take a fixed income that may not be optimal as far as uh, the amount that they could put on the books, but as, as far as the hassle and as far as uh, uh, the effort they have to put into it, it's just not worth it to them. So anyway, let's... Uh, let's, let's... Mm, no, wait, wait, one more. One more question. This, excuse me. This is just interesting because I pulled it up in the same article. Trederuski, are you with us? I'm here. All right. Last question. Let's see how good you guys are. And I know the listeners at home, I've gotten a lot of feedback. People like it when we do these little quizzes and trivia. All right. 2015, Druff, Traderuski. If you had to guess, what was the most profitable casino? I'm sorry. What was the most profitable resort? Okay, because this takes into account, uh, you know, room, restaurants, beverage, everything. It's not. It's not just the casino aspect of it. What was the most profitable resort in 2015 before earnings, interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization, also known as EBITDA? Traderuski, you're going to go first this time. The most profitable resort for 2015. What's your guess? Based on the owner, I'd have to go with the win. Encore. All right. Druff, what is your guess? Uh, uh, just to be different, I, it's a win's very good guess. I, I, uh, just to be different, I'll say the Venetian uh, Palazzo. Venetian Palazzo is number three. Number two was the Bellagio. Number one was Win Las Vegas. Yeah, that's, that's a good guess. And it was by far uh, higher than the second place Bellagio. Trader Ruski, actually, Druff, what do you think that the company's revenue was for 2015. And I'm going to give you a hint. This is amazing, this stat. 67% of their revenue was derived by non-gaming revenue. Yeah, I've heard that before. That it's, about, it's about two-thirds these days. Yeah, what would you guess that, that the win made in 2015? Uh, Not profit, but revenue. No, revenue... Uh, like $1 billion? Trader Ruski? That was, that was going to be my guess, too. So I'll go. Either you got to go higher or lower, just like the price is right, Trader Ruski. You can't win that showcase. But, but, but he can go over, though. I'm, we I'm won't have the over. One billion and one dollar. <laughs> Trader Ruski wins. Trader Ruski, win. you win, sweetheart. $1.66 billion. Wow. Rooms, just people paying for rooms, generated $403.3 million. That's crazy. That's not nuts. It's almost half, yeah. almost half a billion just from the rooms. And you know, well, and they have a convention area. Yeah, yeah, and, they get, yeah. and when they have the conventions, they jack up the rates for all of the. Yeah, so I can see that. You're not too worried about how much the. You're not going on. Most of these people are just calling oh. up how much is the room paying for it. Yep, yep, yep. Uh,. Wow, this is kind of a weird stat. I don't really understand it, but the average patron, this is what the, this site, uh, actually this is 
Forbes. So yeah, the average patron. This is what it claims here. Loses. What do you think the average table games player loses a day at the win? I mean, this is all averaged out. You know what I mean? Like, you know, someone loses three million dollars. So that affects. You know, but what do you think the average yeah. table game loss per day for 2015 per person was? I, I wish I could know the median rather than the. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm just reading it. The I, way I know, I know it's average. I just wish I knew the yeah, median. Yeah, I know. It, it's but but uh, a- average. And this is the highest, by the way, also in Las Vegas. Yeah, the, 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 it's a six hundred table game player. The six hundred thirty dollars. Seven thousand six hundred ninety. What? That's crazy. That must be really from the whales there. Yep. And then for some some reason, then it says the average Jesus. slot machine. The average slot machine loss per patron. Take a guess, Trader Risky. Well, if it was, what was it, 6700 for the yeah, tables? Yeah, but it, 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 that, it's... So much, then I'm going to go... Okay. What's that? No, go ahead. Go give me yeah, a guess. So no, so I'll go... Uh, 1800 $1,277. I mean, I don't know how these number, numbers are determined, um, but it says that... Say, yeah, it's it's. I mean, I'm reading the stat, and then in second place was win in Plaza, which most much lower. Basically, what this is saying is a win is just killing it. Yeah, they are. I mean, well, it's just killing. It's a, it's it. a well-run place. They 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 don't have fail over there. Yeah, right, and that goes. You know, that goes back to why they'd want to have a sports book. And the win has its own sports book, yeah. No, I know, but I'm just saying, because no one can, you know, really, everybody should be able to manage their casino like that and make that amount of money. I mean, obviously, the win has more bells and whistles, but there shouldn't be such a huge difference. I'm sure, you know, if you went around and looked at all the numbers. Well, you know, this is a thing that's strange to me. Druff... You as a blackjack player, and, and I know we, we're running a little long. We got to move on, but you as a blackjack table a player, do you remember back in the day when a quarter minimum blackjack table, or just betting a quarter, actually kind of meant something? Yeah, and kinda, of course, what he means by a quarter is twenty five dollars. That's yeah, the, the yeah, term. a green a green chip player. Do you remember that era where like you know twenty five was like there were twenty five dollar tables that used to be in high limit rooms? Yes, back in the yes, day. that was a big deal. Yeah, and you walk in the wind. On a Thursday, Friday, or I'm sorry, Wednesday night, Tuesday night, you're gonna find all. You may find one or two blackjack games, you know, double deck that are fifteen dollars. The rest are quarters, and this is like in their mutt, you know, like not their mutt, but you know what I mean in their yeah, regular, regular pits, yeah. room. And you know what? They're, they're the carnival games like Let It Ride, um, you know, Ultimate Texas Hold'em, Caribbean Stud. You know, they're all high too. You know, they're crafts games. Well, they, they want to. Cater to that clientele. That's what they want. But the, thing, the point I make: they're all packed. They're all packed. Like I mean, you know, you just walk to a normal blackjack table that, in the Luxor, that game would be in the high limit room. You know what I mean? It's just it, it's amazing how they've really cornered that market because they have. I mean, you see, you just you walk to just an average table and you're not even paying attention. It's a twenty five dollar minimum, and everyone's sitting there, and all spots are filled. I mean, it, it's. It's quite impressive. And, you know, the one thing I was talking with C-Money about this, uh, in all my years living out here, I've stayed at the Wynn once, and I've stayed at the Encore twice. Uh, and, you know, the, there's a reason, you know, I think it was like four nights total. And I loved it. The rooms are gorgeous. The service is amazing. Uh, 
But why do you think I've only stayed there twice? Because and, their their slot club is very difficult to exploit. Well, it, exactly. Yes, it's not even. Yeah, basically, out of every property that I've ever been to, and I've I've been to every casino in Vegas, even uh, Kasuf's little uh, Tuscany property, I've never found anything plus EV at, at the Winter Venetian. I've never found anything exploitable. Nothing. Not once. They actually had good rules in their blackjack game that you could beat with card counting, but they were very on you if you tried. They they kicked you very fast. It's almost like either him or his casino manager just is one step ahead of everyone else in the game. When the bot came out to Caesars and then Red Rock right before that and Cosmo and they were comping. And they were comping, and you were getting tier points and moving up in levels and getting cash and food and rooms and restaurants. They had the bot at the win, too. Okay, but why didn't you ever hear anything about it? Why did no one ever talk about it? They didn't, they didn't comp. They didn't give you anything. When they had these roulette games that I was crushing and getting comped, and I got 86 from, uh, or 86 DNI'd from, from the Red Rock, from, yeah. Yeah, from the Red Rock, and a while from the Bellagio, too. Okay, they had the same games at the, at, at the win. But why wasn't I playing them? Because they wouldn't give you anything. The only thing that it would record would be your coin in and if you won or lost. Meaning, you know, like it, they, they, for taxable reasons, they have to rate you in the sense that like if I went into a digital, like even their, uh, like, what do they call it? Like the virtual blackjack or digital blackjack that they offer there, you can't, it, it doesn't give you any points. Which is to me, I mean, why would you even play it? You know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. So, anyhow, the point I'm making is I, I give credit where credit's due, and I know you know, I wouldn't say that I'm a predator, but I like to find games where, you know, either I'm going to – I'm expected to win a little bit, or if you add in the perks that I'll get, such as food, you know, shows, you know, like this weekend, for instance, I'm going, uh, funny enough, to see Al Pacino. I, I know it's a very strange thing. It's called an even evening with Al Pacino. Where uh, I'm a big Al Pacino fan, obviously, where he talks about his life, takes questions from the audience, uh, tells stories, you know, talk about the making of The Godfather and other things. This is at the Palazzo, and there's like 400 people that their auditorium sits, and I'm going there Saturday. So, but anyhow, I digress. So, that's what you look for. You know, whether you can either beat something straight up, or if you kind of figure the comps and, and the other things you get, that it's break even i've never seen anything at the win not once that gives you that opportunity and you know so again i wonder if he's that smart or you know i kind of tend to think that owners as much as we know steve Wynn is involved more in the day-to-day things than other owners are i don't think he can tell you pay tables for video poker or you know maybe he can maybe he's that involved that he can say i know the bot that we had in here that <laughs> the ultimate texas or the texas holdem bot doesn't comp or i know this or i don't I know but i more along believe that he just employs very smart people, yeah, probably I think the so too. brightest of the bright, the most competent of the competent. Because, like I said, you go in there and, and there's nothing that that. There's, I mean, yeah, and, and he could tell he could show that tell them I have a very high expectation, and if you uh, if you screw this up, if you, if you start if you put machines in that overcomp and that give people uh, too many comps or or, or games that, that are that are negative EV for the casino, if you you know you've got to be sure this does not happen. You have to be very careful with everything that we are not exploited by anyone. And if we are, we're going to have to look for someone else to manage the casino. You you know that that expectation is over your head, and if you're a a very competent casino manager in the first place, you you can put this expectation on someone who's lousy and they wouldn't be able to live up to it. But you have right. someone who's good at the job and knows they have to really try and be very careful. 
then it'll get done. It's it's, it's kind of like what I've said with In and Out Burger. Part of the reason people love In and Out Burger so much is because they never screw up. They just about never screw so, up because because right. they have such high standards. But, but with both of those, it starts with the training behind it. Yeah. So you can hire somebody who's competent and tell them all they want to make sure things are profitable. Yeah, but that's correct. Not, you know, he. You know, I think he's. He knows everything about it. Yeah. Not. I mean, he. You know, maybe not the pay tables of the machine over there, but what to look for. You know, just putting into that underlying operating system that how everybody's operating under what to look for and what not to do. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I, I I believe it. So anyway, let's let's uh, move to another topic here now, Brandon. I, we're out of general topics here. We have to. Uh, but here, let's let's talk about next though. You may have an interest in this one, but William. I'm sorry, Hill, wait, Jeff, I lost you. What did you say? We're, we're, we're moving on to to William Hill acquiring, uh, or not acquiring. It's actually, actually merging. I should correct that. I put acquiring on there, but it's wrong. They're merging. Tell a funny story uh, real fast or no? What kind, we, what kind of we, money? Story? Are we running? We're we're running, we are running a little long here. We have a lot to still cover. Well, I wanted to, uh, before I forget or get tired, talk about my Sea Money trip report and tell a very funny, insane story that occurred. But would you like to cover a couple more topics and then I'll, I'll get it in? Yeah. Kind of space it out. Okay. Yeah. That's, okay. that's so, more than so. William, William Hill is a uh, chubby friend. They're the looking... sexy voice. Rachel loves that voice. But why she are you? Why, why are you? Fall asleep. Why are you excited about that? I'm not excited no, about it. It just sounded like you were getting excited. No, that, 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 I mean, that doesn't me. really that turns me on. No, I'm just. I'm, I'm hoping not. Okay. I don't so, think you have a sexy voice. Okay, well that's that's good. I mean, I don't think you have an unsexy voice, but I don't. I'm indifferent. That's good. To your voice. That, thank I you. I mean, I get it's a good radio voice, I guess, but not. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Oh, all right, that's good. I'm sorry. So okay, he's trying to set, he's trying to set the mood for you. No. Trinitarusky, it's almost two a.m., buddy. What's going on with <laughs> you? Do you have a Yom Kippur rush? Did you eat so much matzah? No, you can, no I, I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy, buddy. I want yeah. you here with us. No, I don't I want you going Starbucks anywhere. around 10, so I'm good mm. for another, who knows. But I just drank some herbal tea okay. now, so I can Listen, Trader Ruski, don't crash out on us. At least be polite enough to say that you're getting tired and you're going to say goodnight to us. Okay? Try not know. to fall asleep. Okay. That's a hard Drive. promise. That's a hard promise. Now, so anyhow, speaking of... of William Hill. Sports, sport, I know, sports books that... Or shady. We're going to talk about another sports book, and that sports book, as Druff mentioned, is William Hill. Yes. Now, William Hill. I actually they used to have a, a poker room that the U.S. players could play on. It was on the Inner Poker Network, mm-hmm. and it, it was interesting because that it was part of the Inner Poker Network, but it it it's skin into the network, which means you played against other uh, poker rooms on the same network, including Inner Poker, Sun Poker, Betfair, and some others. And you're one of the biggest limit holding winners on this site. I was. I, I, I crushed. I know. It. But uh, I remember hearing about it. But but you. What what is this? That's not me. Trader Ruski was oh, that you, Bobby? Be honest. Uh, I think he's passing. No, out. that was me. That was me. Okay. okay. Druff was quick to admonish me again. Okay. No, I said, "What is this?" I I didn't blame you. I said, "What no, is I this?" Know. That's all I said. So okay, I just knew it wasn't me. William, I'm just a little upset still about the beginning. William, I didn't like that the beginning. I'm hoping next week we could fix that. Well, we have to. I may get it out anyway. So, well, William Hill, when you would be on their poker me room, as long as you know that, when, when you'd be on William Hill's poker room, it would actually announce your action in a Colonel Faversham like voice. It would go bet, fold, raise. And by the fold. way, we never tell the kid what we did. I didn't want to do it while he was listening. That's why I shut you up because I thought it was great. It was brilliant. He had no clue. 
that he was talking. No, I didn't want to tell person. him either. I didn't want to tell him either. Well, but you kind of started talking. You think he noticed or I'm like, shh, because he was still listening. He may be listening now, yeah. but I don't want anyone ever to know because that's going to be I, he, other, you know, He's all the way in, in England. I think we tired him. In all, in all fairness, I just, you know, not like I'm trying to toot my own horn. You get the, the big sponsorship deals and the contest. I'm the one that came up with the Druff talking to himself to the guest uh, segment last night. I yeah, yeah I it's, it's true. Yeah, it was it was Brandon's idea. Yeah, I executed I it, but it was Brand, Brandon's idea. Mm-hmm. So why can't I see Druff? Druff disappeared. <laughs> I don't know something wrong with the sky. Yeah, it's like at least with all the, with all the dumb things I did tonight at the beginning, at least the one smart thing I did was turn off the video. <laughs> you, you know, and the, and the people that are listening now, or you know, in parts or whatever, they couldn't see because you know we were looking at him the whole time. We were in. We talked for a good 20 minutes before when we thought we were on radio and we weren't. And then, thank God, Jeannie called me and said, what the hell is going on? But if you could have seen the look in uh, young man Mr. Kasuf's eyes after the colonel hung up, he was genuinely, like, proud that he thought, like, like, you know, he has, like, this 50-year-old, like, you know, guy that thinks he's a hero and loves him and he's his favorite player. Like, he was generally, like, you know, humbled by it. You, yeah. you, did, did you see him? He was smiling. Yes, he was yes like, I know. Yeah, it was funny. Okay. I'm like, oh, why is, my, why is my video working? Oh, okay, yeah. let me turn this back yeah. on. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so, William, there's, there's, uh, there were rumors going around about uh, poker stars, and the first rumors were, were ones that are especially hard to believe, that the Scheinbergs, the original owners of poker stars, were going to buy it back from Amaya, which has been kind of an embattled company recently. But uh, it looks like that wasn't really happening. It was That was unfounded. But what was not unfounded is that... There looks like there is going to be a merger between William Hill, which is a uh, long-standing uh, betting company in the UK. They've done sports, they've done poker, they've casinos, they have a lot of things in uh, the UK. That William Hill and Poker Stars slash Amaya are going to merge. And uh, the rumors were starting to fly around and finally there's actually been uh, somewhat of an announcement regarding uh, this this merger possibility uh, because they, they've uh, actually made a statement this is a statement a joint statement from Amaya and William Hill because they uh, I guess they they had to make uh, a statement like this uh, uh, I, I guess uh, for legal reasons. So this is what they uh, this is what they stated. Response to press speculation. That was an interesting name, an interesting title here. Well, because it leaked. Yeah. That's why they had to respond. Did you already say that? Yeah. Oh, I'm so, sorry. Well, I didn't specifically say leaked, but I said for uh but that's it, why it, they had to. Yeah, it had to do with regular market regulations. <laughs> so the board of William Hill PLC and Amaya Incorporated Note the recent press speculation and confirm they are in discussions regarding a potential all-share merger of equals. It's kind of like this radio show. It's like uh, this radio show is a merger of equals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Amaya has been undertaking a review of its strategic alternatives since February 2016, which is a pretty long time, actually. It means it's been going on for eight months. They've been uh, not necessarily William Hill, but Amaya has been looking to – do something like this to merge or sell or something since February 2016. Uh, over recent months, the board of William Hill has been evaluating options to accelerate William Hill's strategy of increasing diversification by growing its digital and international businesses. The potential merger would be consistent with the strategic 
objectives of both William Hill and Amaya and would create a clear international leader across online sports betting, poker, and casino. These discussions are ongoing, and there could be no certainty that an agreement would be reached. The potential merger would be classified as a reverse takeover under the listing rules of the Financial Conduct Authority and is not subject to the city code on takeovers and mergers. I'm not sure what that means. William Hill is required to provide certain confirmations to ensure that there is sufficient information available to the public with regard to the potential reverse takeover in order to avoid a suspension of William Hill shares. William Hill shares. Pursuant to blah, blah, blah of the listing rules, William Hill confirms that Amaya has its shares listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange and NASDAQ Global Select Market, and Amaya has has complied with the disclosure requirements applicable on these markets, that information disclosed pursuant to those requirements can be obtained at www.amaya.com slash investors and www.amaya.com slash press slash corporate and that there are no material differences between those disclosure requirements and the disclosure requirements under the market abuse regulation and disclosure guidance and transparency rules of the financial conduct authority. So, so basically they're, they're, uh, this whole thing is just basically saying we're in discussions about really merging, but it's going to be a merger, not, uh, uh, one buying the other. And, uh, I, I guess kind of similar to the Marriott and SPG thing that happened recently in a hotel business. Uh, so, uh, you know, William Hill is, uh, I think that's, I think it's a good thing to yeah, be William, honest with you. They're, they're, they're a very big, William Hill knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah. They're a very big force in the, uh, the bookmaking side of things with, and uh, especially in uh, the UK and in Europe. And now they're expanding here. Yeah. And but also the thought is that they're setting up shops. So when the bad actor clause limit expires, they're already have an office It'll only be fully functional in Vegas. And they'll be ready to apply, and hopefully, uh, you know that will. I mean, I don't know. You know, if if at that point we become like New Jersey and we just have poker stars in the state of Nevada, I don't think it'll be much different than WSOP. It will probably be a little bit better. No, it will be a failure. They're not even the leader. I mean, it would, it would yes, but I'm saying I still would have a higher expectation than. No offense, you know, because they're your, your your sponsor. Now. No, no, we, we've ba- we've bashed Caesars plenty on this show already yeah. tonight. <laughs> but yeah, but you know what I mean. I still think that they would market it better, promote it better, well, at least get what they could out of it. But in the end, you still have a very limited player pool. Well, yeah, no, I think now, the, I, I think see the, during the World Series, you know, poker stars booming because everyone's in town. There's twenty five thousand poker players all in town for eight weeks, six weeks, whatever. Absolutely, the the fact that WSOP.com was such a ghost town this summer. Is an, was an embarrassment. I mean, it was. It is, but it may not even. It, it it is, but it may not be completely their fault. I think it's partially their fault. I think still people come out to Vegas and they don't want to just sit in there and grind online poker. And I think that's that's a big problem. And I think also, uh, I think Nevada is not a big deal. It is to you because you, you know you're there, but. I, I think though that you're I mean, on the it's right. It's not a big deal. A big deal to who? Because it's not going to ever generate very much revenue, but because it's too small. But but I but I, I think you're on the right track. Is that you know William Hill? They are already licensed in Nevada, and uh, and they this, pay their uh, their parlays and they pay their you know wagers correctly. Yeah, they know what they're doing. And I, but I think that already being licensed in Nevada will help them. In other states that are much bigger and matter more in the grand scheme of things, such as California, and in fact, 
this could even help as far as uh, this ongoing fight in uh, in California. That the, the thing that's kept online poker from becoming legal in California, which is the the whole poker stars uh, bad actor exclusion, and that I also think they have the bankroll to not skimp as much as poker stars has. The last two years, yes, yes, that, I, I, that might that might be true too. With it, with it, like something like what happened to the supernova elites, uh, they probably would have honored it instead of screwing them. And I think a lot of other, a lot of other things that they've been doing at Amaya that has been very player unfriendly. Uh, that perhaps that would that would end. Perhaps William Hill would would uh, their reputation would be more important than squeezing out every penny like Amaya wants to do. So yeah, I, I think it's got to be good. I, I I mean Amaya really has kind of made a mess of Poker Stars. They haven't completely blown it, but they've definitely been a negative for Poker Stars. Longtime Poker Stars players who are still there are very disappointed with the Amaya-led uh, company, as as opposed to when the Shinebergs were running it, when every, everyone loved it. So uh, I think they really only have the only way to go is really up at this point. So, and William Hill has a good reputation. So I, I agree with you that this will probably help. And of course, this hasn't been done yet. It's just uh, they're they're releasing the statement that yes, we are in discussions because they had to. And whether it actually takes place, how much, uh, you know, what's involved with this merger, what the merger really means, uh, all the terms. That's all not clear at this time. It's still in the discussion phase. Uh, now, now we're, we're going to go on to some, some poker stuff. Not that much, but we have some poker stuff we have to talk about here. Uh, full flush poker. Are you going to take a break or are you going to stay around? No, I'll, st- I'm, I'll stick okay. around. Full flush poker is gone. Is it going to be kind of short or is yeah, this Yeah, none, none of these are that long. None of these are that long. Full flush poker appears to be gone. Uh, they are the site that has not paid anyone in quite some time. And uh, now you just cannot reach them. If you go to fullflushpoker.com, you just will not uh, reach the site. And, uh, in fact, someone even found that the domain was up for sale on a domain auction site. (laughs) Now, you think if the domain is for sale, that this means for sure that it's gone for good. But the funny thing is they're still trying to state at full flush that uh, they're just having technical difficulties. They, they also don't have a license anymore with Curacao, which they had before. But they are uh, they are swearing that they're just uh, in the process of moving uh, servers, moving licenses, that this, they're knocked down for good. It's BS. Uh, I, I do think they, they prob- what probably precipitated this was not the – Inability to pay their... Better watch out. They may send you a letter like the Ukrainians. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've been really on the ass of one of the uh, their main affiliate. Their only affiliate. They have one affiliate who I believe either owns part of it or has some kind of very sweetheart deal with them. They have one affiliate, Professional Rakeback, and they they were promoting them all the way up to the better end as their room of the month. And just they mentioned nothing about the fact that uh, for the last year, basically, almost nobody's been paid aside from a few fail, like $300 cash outs they're processed every so often. So uh, just like lock poker, uh, everyone was left in the dark and everyone uh, got screwed who had money on there. This was the equity poker network. Remember that dumb network where uh, uh, they, they, you know, everybody was 
sharing. Uh, it, it, was, it was like a nonprofit poker network, and, and uh, yeah, there's all these dumb rules with it. And I, 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 th- I thought the whole thing was going to be a fail. Full Flush was the flagship of the Equity Poker Network. Heritage Sports, which is a legitimate site, they were on there. And uh, I think they were the only ones kind of keeping it afloat because I think what was happening was Heritage Sports was providing the fish and Full Flush mainly had the better players. So what was happening was the Full Flush players were beating Heritage Sports. So whenever you have these networks and these skins, the the way they deal with it when when one one site's players beat the others because they're all at the same tables is at, at the end of the month they do something called reconciliation where the the losing site pays to the winning site. So I think the reason that Heritage Sports stuck around is because they were the ones having to cough up money every month. That the you know Full Flush was broke and couldn't pay them, but Full Flush never had to pay them because their their players were always being the Heritage players. So, uh, but but uh, I think that was sounds like almost like a really good high school football team always playing against a piss poor one and beating them up every month. Yeah, and it would be like yeah, it'd be like a a, a really good high school team that that, that is broke and has like a, a bet every game. Against uh, the horrible team, and, but in the, but the better team really has no money, and the worst team does have money, but they they know they're never going to have to pay out the better team because they win every time. So they they just uh, keep making this bet, knowing it's a free roll for them because they're never going to lose. So it was kind of like that, and uh, so I, I think that uh, that's why Heritage uh, never realized there was something wrong because they were just they were the ones losing and paying out. Uh, to Full Flush, who was, of course, happy to take the money. But Full Flush was uh, was broke for quite some time. And the scumbag, John Brown, who's known as a Conatron on uh, 2 Plus 2 and How Quaint here on Poker Fraud Alert, and I, and I called him out about this, uh, he was promoting it all the way to the bitter end and making excuses, and he was the only affiliate. It's not like he was one of, like, 50 affiliates and it's like, hey, I'm just one of many, which he still shouldn't do, but he was the only affiliate. I think he may have had ownership there. That I don't know for sure, that last part, but uh, he definitely had some very strong deal with them and was closely connected to them. But they are down. You cannot reach them. The software will not work. Uh, the whole the whole thing's gone. So uh, Heritage finally pulled out of it. They're just uh, They just don't have a poker room now. If you enter fullflushpoker.com, it just uh, gives you an error message. You can't reach it, and uh, that appears to be that. It appears to be over with, and uh, that's the end of them. Now, another poker network, uh, the OnGame Network. You may have heard of this one, Brandon. They were around at the very beginning. Do you remember poker, pokerroom.com? Of course. Yeah. They were one of the first. They actually date back. I never played on that site. That was a little bit before my time of uh, playing, but I, I do remember. I do remember. Yeah, and I'm I, sure you were one of the biggest limit hold'em winners in that. Site. I wasn't. I should have been, but I wasn't because I, I got frustrated there. I was. I was too impatient, and I played uh, people heads up that were good, and then ran bad. So uh, I knew people who just sat there and would only play fish and cleaned up there, and I, I just wasn't having the patience for that. So. Uh, I was playing on other sites where I was just playing six max and and winning all the time. So I was like, why? You know, I just didn't have the patience. Uh, so speaking I'd... of which, since you do mention it from time to time, we need to do a little check in. How is your bravada career going? I, you mentioned three weeks ago about your downswing and that you're taking a break. Where are we now? Well, uh, what was funny? It had a funny end to it. I actually was down to like uh, fifty eight dollars on there, <laughs> literally fifty eight dollars, and somehow I ran it back up to six k. With fifty-eight dollars left on a thirty-sixty table, so I ran it up to six K. 
Wow, that's a funny ending. Yeah, that is a funny, and that was that was my last play on there. Is I ran? And that money's still sitting there now. It, it's still sitting there now, and uh, I hiatus. It's I I don't have an ignition account yet, so I just haven't been playing. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's what's going on. So anyway, back to on game. On game, uh, they they started in 1999 as PokerRoom.com. It was not called on game on game then. There was no network. It was just PokerRoom.com. Uh, they were one of the first sites out there. I didn't know they went back to 99. I, I knew that uh, Planet Poker went back to 98, but I always thought Paradise was second, but they were not. It was uh, Poker Room, apparently, was second. Uh, but uh, Poker Poker Room was not a real money site until 2001, so that's why I didn't really consider it a site that uh, you know, Paradise really was second for real money. But for play money, uh, they date back to 99. And... They eventually became the on-game network, where they took skins that would uh, feed into it. And uh, they, they had some problems over the years. Uh, the problem was they, they had no standard for their skins, and unlike some networks, they didn't hold all the money. So any shady skin could take up residence on the on-game network, and then screw everyone, and on-game would go, oh well... Not our problem, you know. Talk to the talk to the skin. Talk to the owner of the skin. They wouldn't provide the info. They would just say, uh, you know, contact the skin. Well, the skin ran off with your money. You can't contact them, and they wouldn't cooperate. They wouldn't give you their info. Uh, it was just kind of tough luck. They washed their hands of it, which is a really crappy situation. I always feel a network should control all the money. The network should control the movement of money, and they should, in the case of skins that run off, they sh- they should cover it. But they did not. So there were a lot of. Uh, bad stories involving the on-game network. There was the FutureBet scandal. Future, uh, FutureBet was a company that had a lot of skins on, on game and, and uh, other sites too. They, it was a network of like 120 different sites and they just completely fell apart. And any, anyone who had money on a FutureBet site, a FutureBet-owned site, uh, they lost everything. So uh, there's like, a, as I said, 120. In fact, uh, Guess who was involved with FutureBet? Uh, Dutch Boyd. Close. David Bezoff, the former CEO of, of Amaya. How much did, uh, po- did uh, speaking of losing on these sites, how much did PokerSpot end up basically, well, I don't want to use the term stealing, but what was the damage? On I'm not that, even sure roughly? what the damage was. I, you know, I'm not even sure. It, it wasn't a, a super high number, but it was it was fairly high. I think it was like uh, you know, 600000 or something. Something was like that. So, but it probably was enough that he could have made some restitution. Yeah, he could have. He's, I've always been critical of Dutch Boyd for that, yeah. that even when he's doing well, he just – he's like, oh, it's so long ago. I don't want to do it. It's not even just so long ago. His excuse is I didn't steal. My processor did, which is true, but, but uh, he, the processor was acting on his behalf. He hired the processor and they stole from him, but that doesn't mean to screw the players. The, the players trusted him and his site, and if the, the processor steals – I mean, like, look at this uh, Daniel Svechkov. He stole $100 million from PokerStars and Full now, Tilt. Was, they, was Dutch Boyd a name? Back then, like, did people play on that site because they knew him and trusted him? Yeah, they, they or, knew he was involved, yeah. Uh, I don't but know. I'm saying, was he still kind of a name and was he already a name in poker then? I don't remember. I don't, the, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. That site, so I, I, don't I didn't remember. either, and I don't remember how well he was known at the time. But, but he but was. I guess what I'm saying is, did they play on the site because of his name brand? Uh, see, I don't know because. Online, it was an early online I, poker site. I, but, uh, but it was known that he was running it, so he wasn't just some person in the background okay gotcha. but i don't know if they went there specifically because he was running it but people knew dutch boyd is the guy who's running this place 
Anyway, so so back to on game though. Uh, so I, I had my issues with them. They never screwed me. I never was on one of these bad on game sites, but I was very critical of them. And this dates back, you know, before a lot of these sites were really failing. Like back like at 05, as early as like oh five, some of these crooked skins were were stealing from people on on game, and on game absolutely did not care, and that that really put me off. Uh, on game also uh, had a lot of criticism because they they didn't. Put a stop to bots on there. There are a lot of bots in the Limit Hold'em games, waiting heads up. Uh, the the lobby got to look ridiculous because they didn't put any kind of limit on number of tables that could open. So you'd you'd open up a poker room or one of these on game sites and look at the Limit Hold'em, and it's just one 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 as far as having people are in each game because oh, all, so obnoxious because all the all the pros didn't want to play it. So there's like it's like a hundred tables open of one 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 so the fish would come on there and go what the hell is this how come there's a hundred tables of people a uh, hundred tables of one person each why aren't they playing each other so a lot of fish would be turned off to this and what was funny is there were a few fish who for whatever reason took a liking to a few of those pros on there so then to beat that system to beat that problem people started making accounts on other on-game skins with very, very similar names. Like they take a name that uh, one of the fish likes and make that identical name with like a, a slight difference that the fish That's what notice. Dustin Wolf did. Well, yeah. Well, you know, he, he, he went on UB and found... He, yeah, he was, he, was East Side, biggest... he was East Side Slim. Yeah. Yeah, and that, right. And that was a big fish. But that's a little different. That's actually being a fish. This was being a pro that the fish likes. Oh, okay. So the, the yeah, the fish just decided he liked a few of those pros who were sitting and waiting, and so they, uh, the other pros what were jealous. What do you think of what just D- Dustin did? Would you consider that unethical? Uh, no, because you're you're not because uh, Eastside Slim. Uh, it, it, it's, God, your memory is sharp. It's 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 kind of like that without even see. It's it's kind of like uh, exploiting Jesus. someone back who's exploiting who's trying to exploit the the the, the pros are trying. I'm not saying it's unethical for the pros to do this, but the pros are trying to play against uh, only certain people they think are fish. So someone says back, okay, I'm going to pretend to be one of those fish. Uh, it, it's different than than multi like borrowing someone's account because it's not necessarily true that someone's going to use accounts with the same name all across the networks. It, yes, of course it, it can fool people, but the but it, it's not like it's not like it's a given that it, that Eastside Slim on one side is Eastside Slim on the other, and uh, and if you jump on the person thinking oh it's got to be the same Eastside Slim, that's it's you kind of being predatory to, t- towards grabbing the fish. And uh, it's different than the fish like selling his account to a pro or something. This this is where it's on a completely different site, and someone just taking advantage of, of uh, taking advantage of someone else's uh, stupid assumption in order to uh, re-exploit them. So I, I don't see that as something bad. But anyway, the and nor do I even see it being bad that someone was pretending to be the you know, a slightly di- different name as the pros to get certain fish to play them. Because it, yeah, I can see how it's annoying that the the fish just are choosing. Uh, arbitrarily certain people to play and not others when they're all basically there to do the same thing. Yeah. So anyway, it, it became a mess over there. The site was, it was embarrassing to see that. And, uh, and then it also just went downhill. It's kind of just, uh, all these factors. It kept being uh, bought and sold by, by different companies. So it, it went, uh, they claim they had 3.5 million registered players on the whole network, but I don't know if I believe believe that. But after the UIGEA, when they got out of the U.S. market, then the whole thing fell apart. That was really the end of it. So the, it was bought by a company called uh, uh, Bet and Win, which re- later became B Win. 
for five hundred seventy million, and that was a they definitely didn't get their money's worth on that one because five hundred seventy million for the on game network at that point and after the UIGEA when it was not part of the U.S. market anymore was not a good deal. Uh, they they kept it going for about uh, a few years, keeping a decent average. They had about like uh, you know four three thousand four thousand players at their peak after buying it. But still, I don't think it's worth five seventy million. But then it uh, it, it started declining more and more. Uh, finally, Bwin merged with Party back in uh, March of two thousand eleven, and uh, Bwin just moved. Its own players to party poker before B Win was an on game skin. So that was the end of it. Once once it took all those people off on game and moved into party, then on game really just collapsed. And then they actually sold on game once again in October t- 2012 to Amaya before anyone really knew what Amaya was. So Amaya only bought them for 15 million euros. So that's that when they were still a tanning company. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. So, uh, so what was what was funny was uh uh shortly after buying poker stars in full tilt, Amaya actually uh Alright buddy, hold on, we gotta interrupt you. Sorry, Druff. Our little trader Ruski's fading out, but we gotta give him an honorable good night. Okay. Trader Ruski, good night, buddy. I'm here, good night guys. Good show. I'll listen to the rest of it. Happy Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. No, we're done. We're uh, done. It's, it's all over. Yep. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. We gotta wish him a good night. He just typed okay. in the Skype that he's fading fast. Durable T is kicked in. Trader Ruski, let's catch up later this week, brother. For sure. Okay, thanks right. for staying well, with us you. so late. Thank you, Trader Ruski. Right, you got it. Okay, guys. Thank you. Okay, right, so, so uh, yeah, they actually sold on game uh, shortly after. For a short time, they owned Poker Stars and on game, but they they sold it to some other company called NYX Gaming Group. Never heard of it. I hadn't heard of it either, and uh, so it's a fail site now. And so, it's, what about these Indian casinos that supposedly were sticking their thumb at the government? And it's supposed to have opened up. I know there are a couple of these. Is that, have any? Of yeah, them? there's one that's going to open, but it's it's uh, it's a fail. No one's going to use it. What about the one in California? Did that ever open? I, I don't think so. Do you remember the one we talked yeah. about on the fraud network? Yeah, and there's one in like an Iowa that's going to open or something. But none of them, to your knowledge. At this point, are offering real money as of yet. No, and when they will, it's going to be a fail. That is not going. No one's going to play on it. It's going to yeah. be a joke. Anyway, on game is going to be closing this week on October fifteenth. Which now that we have passed midnight, it's just two days away. So on game, it's a fail site. Nobody plays on there anymore, and they've just decided to mercifully put it down. So one of the originals of online poker is gone. But honestly, I, I unlike when like Planet Poker closed, which I thought was a uh, kind of an iconic site. Uh, even something like Paradise, I could kind of shed a tear for. On game, I I could like literally, like literally shed a tear, like get misty, a little bit. But oh. you know, like a, a poker room. You're slash a sucker for an old poker. Star, yeah, po- poker room slash on game. I just that's can't. What Rachel said that you're very sensitive. She oh, can tell. That's, that's nice. I don't believe she's saying these things. No, I, I'm going to send you the screenshot. Yeah, I, I want to see the screenshot. I don't believe I'll send it. You. you think I'm lying? I'm not trolling. No, I, I I was like starting to. I believe some of them. And I'm then, not like, trolling. I, I don't. I don't. She believe... didn't say you're sensitive. I just made that up. No, I, said, that's that's what I. Had a sexy voice, and then she said okay, I want something to see the about a threesome. No. And then I just said that that you're not that kind of guy. What with you? I hope it's not with you. Well, that's what. What do you think? It's with another girl. I, Hold uh, on. I'll read it next. I'd much rather that. She said. Let's have a threesome with Todd. Ha ha. Oh. And then she wrote, I would spit on it, 
start jacking it off. No, I don't believe you wrote that. Buddy, I, what do you mean? I want to see the screenshot. I want okay, to see I'll this. Send it to I want to see this. All right. Okay. Keep going. Okay. This is. I, I bet they don't talk about this on. I, I bet Adam Schwartz no. and Terrence Chan don't talk about this on the. No, neither podcast. does the guy in uh, Chicago, Johnny. Yeah, Joey. Yeah, Joey. Joey. So okay. Um, yeah. You How know, long but, has he been doing his little show for? I, I don't even think that long. I think maybe and he's years. blown up and he's on. There's been every time I don't listen. I don't look on Two Plus too much. Maybe once or twice a month. But every time I go there, there's a, this thread about him. And I, and I listen. I got no hate for him. Believe me, I didn't, I didn't even know I was talking to him. But what the hell is he doing that's so right? And we're just sitting here puttering along. Now, listen, no offense to the listeners, no disrespect, because we've gotten a lot of, listen, cloco evidence all over here. But I just, what is it we got to do, Druff, to at well, least get some? I, I don't know. I feel like we're the Rodney uh, Dangerfield of podcasts. Well, see, I, th- I think no one thing respect. we have to know, we, I, we have to do is we have to get the word out that we exist. I think the more people that we reach, I, you, you know, I, 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 listen, no I, money. I, I've thought about this before. I've thought about like just let's say somehow it is impossible to happen. Let's just say somehow the entire country, not just not just people who follow poker, but the entire country became aware of this site and this radio show. And uh, now, of course, this wouldn't be everybody's cup of tea, but I bet we would have a lot of people that would listen to this and become kind of addicted to the show like a lot of our audience is. I think uh, I think we have a high percentage of our audience really, really, really likes it. We're, I think a lot of other shows that even have bigger audiences than ours have f- a much lower percentage of people who are really into it. There are people who just kind of listen. They're like, oh, yeah, I, I enjoy listening, but I don't really care that much that it's on. We have a very, very dedicated fan base here for this show. And I think if, if we had a lot more exposure and people knew we were out there, I think this would translate to a lot more people. It's just a matter of people finding us. And that's, it's good and bad. It's good in that for, for whatever reason, we have a formula that, uh, attracts a lot of people. Once, once they find it, that attracts them and, and they find appealing and they want to keep listening. Uh, the bad news is that to reach people, to, to make people know we're out here and give us a chance, uh, is hard. And uh, that's all we're asking for is a chance. Yeah, we just want we just want a chance, and we know it won't be for everyone. And some people, will, the, the the length will be very intimidating. They don't even want to like try to listen to something this long. But I know there's other people that just they enjoy the uh, the, the realness of the show, the fact that we just. Uh, Tell it like it is. The, the the conversational aspect. A lot of people have described it as, as kind of just the sitting around a living room with, with friends and just listening to them talk, and uh, and they enjoy that atmosphere that the show provides. So, anyway, uh, just to finish the thought about on game and poker room, I, I I don't really feel sad that it's gone because of its checkered history, because uh, of all the scandals. That, that were involved with it, the fact that uh, as long as 11 years ago, they were screwing people with uh, allowing these skins to come on. They were they were allowing these crooked skins to sign up really easily without vetting them. And then when they screwed people, they said, oh, well, not our problem. It's the problem of the crooked skins. And people were like, what? No, you, you were providing the games. How, how can you say it's not your problem? So uh, I, I kind of say good riddance. I'm not even sad. All right, uh, moving on here. Let's see here. Yeah. Let's we see. still got to do our commentary. We have to give trip reports. We may be up until dawn, Drew. Yeah, and the problem is I actually have to be up tomorrow. Now, how something. are you feeling? Because I heard uh, as of late uh, this afternoon you were having some issues 
with your throat. I, I did. I, I was very disappointed after I thought I was better and I felt good at the Dodger game yesterday. I was very disappointed to wake up today with my throat hurting and my back hurting, which is uncommon. I don't have back problems. Usually my back problems are, mean I'm sick. So I'm like, oh, no, again, is this really a third cold? I couldn't believe it. But uh, I guess it's just a remnant of, of the bad one I had last week because it, it faded out, and by the time radio started, I felt fine. Which, yeah, I don't sound sick to you, I'm sure. So, so okay, let's let's finish off here, uh, the, the poker topics. Uh, I think the last one we have here, Poker Stars has... Uh, is going is investing in the Global Poker League, which is a little bit surprising that they're even wrapping themselves up in this mess. The Global Poker League is a gigantic fail. Uh, Alex Dreyfus, the CEO of the Global Poker League, was uh, scamming people over the summer, which he essentially admitted to. He didn't use those words, but he essentially admitted that the allegations about what he did were true. And this is guys like Fedor Holtz who were getting uh, ripped off like this. Uh, and he claimed that the reason he couldn't pay back was because uh, the Global Poker League was struggling, which is crazy. Like that, that shouldn't have anything to do with personal loans. You know, he takes personal loans. It wasn't even personal loans. He he made uh, phony money exchanges with people and then didn't pay them on the other side and claimed he couldn't pay them because the Global Poker League wasn't doing well. So uh, there was that, and there's been reports, unconfirmed but probably true, that the Global Poker League, who's supposed to be paying all of its participants – has not been paying people recently. So they're a huge mess. I, I think that uh, Alex Dreyfus has shot off all the money. Uh, no one's watching these events either. These Global Poker League uh, matches, nobody cares. Nobody's watching. They're getting horrible numbers on, on Twitch. Nobody gives a crap. It's not bringing in money. Uh, the whole mission for it is a failure. You, you would think that it's just over and that it's, it will go the way of the Epic Poker League. But it's not. Somehow, it's surviving, and Poker Stars is what's propping it up. Now, Poker Stars had allowed some of its pros to play in the Global Poker League, which, which I guess made sense. I mean, it wasn't that bad to allow them to do that. But Poker Stars, I guess, is doubling down on this, and they have decided that they're going to be uh, uh, investing in this and. Uh, uh, po- uh, you know, the way they're mm-hmm. investing is they're the lead sponsor now. Effective immediately, Poker Stars is the official sponsor of the GPL. So now it's it's the Global Poker League. I don't understand. How come? Uh, no, what's still the publicity? How did it not kill it? What the guy did? How is anyone? That's what's crazy. That's what's crazy. So this thing happens where the CEO is uh, is scamming uh, high profile poker players at the World Series. You'd think that would be the end of it. No, Poker Stars is like you know what? Uh, that one crazy kid quits me in Fantasyland. And- Accuses me of not being able to afford one hundred forty dollars, and I'm slandered and tarnished. No one will even have nothing to do with me. I couldn't even at that point had someone to open up a lemonade stand with. This guy's ripping off the uh, yeah Fedor Holtz, Holtz yeah. And <laughs> high rollers, and there's still it doesn't make and, any and sense. And he even acknowledges he did it. Like he, it's not even like yes. he says, "Oh, their story's wrong." He's and all he gave him five percent interest. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Oh yeah, I did it. Here's five percent interest. Okay, it's all better now." And then Poker Tars is like, "Oh, okay, cool. We're gonna sponsor you now." Like, what the hell? I, I have no idea why Poker Stars would want to associate themselves with it at this point but they gave him a ca- some kind of cash infusion now there's some rumors that perhaps what they've actually done is uh instead of becoming a sponsor that they may have just bought a piece of it that poker stars may be they may have invested in that now may own some of it but still it's a fail well, who's making that decision 
Because that person should be fired. Yeah, it's a terrible – it's not making any money. There's no point. There's no For upside. For a company that's trying to stop making bad decisions and save capital and, and, and not shoot off, what are they thinking? Well, I, okay, I, I think – I think uh, Alex Dreyfus is apparently you know, a smooth talker. Not related to Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. And he's a smooth talker, very good at uh, convincing people that he's really got uh, huge ideas on his hand that are going to blow up. He must have talked someone at Poker Stars into believing that all this needs is a little more time, all this needs is a little more money, and it's going to become huge. And Poker Stars just has to put a small investment in, and then they'll own you know whatever percentage of it. And they probably thought, oh wow, this is a good idea. It's, you know, it just needs to, a little more time. It's going to blow up huge. So he probably made a believer in Poker Stars of what he was doing, and they overlooked all the all the fail and, and his uh, and the big uh, mistake he made last year with uh, scamming people. It's crazy. But the, what, if they looked at it realistically, and you're right, whoever approved this should be fired. If they looked at this realistically, they would see. That number one, this guy can't be trusted. If he's if he's sitting here in Vegas uh, scamming high profile poker players, uh, uh, visiting the, for the World Series, that uh, this is not someone they should deal with. Number two, it's a fail. Nobody cares about it. Nobody's watching it. No matter how much he talks it up, we have a real life example of the Global Poker League, which has been promoted everywhere. Poker, poker News was promoting it big time. Like they were promoting themselves everywhere. So you can't say nobody's aware of it. People are aware. They just don't care. Nobody wants to watch it. Except for China Maniac, he's the only person watching yep. it in the world. And uh, so, aside from China Maniac, nobody's watching. Nope. Nobody cares, and they're nope. not going to get any kind of. Uh, there's nope. no way to monetize it. It, it, and they have to pay all the participants too, which they yep. have expenses. So, why why is Poker Stars backing this and now becoming the quote primary sponsor and probably invested in this? I don't know. It's it's a, I, when I heard this, I couldn't believe it. It makes no sense. I, I couldn't believe it, and just just because they have a few of their. Uh, Pros participating in it? Who cares? Then just tell the pros stop participating, or or just wash their hands of it. Just uh, just this doesn't mean because is that Jason Somerville playing in it? No, that in fact that was considered one of Alex Dreyfus's dumbest mistakes. Was that uh, he's my favorite game? He pro, by he, the way. he could have gotten uh, PLOL is going to be insulted. Uh, he he could have actually gotten Jason Somerville, but uh, he didn't want to agree to whatever Jason Somerville's terms were, which wouldn't even weren't even. I mean, you know, people that are listening before that don't really understand, you know, about the whole interview thing. When I was up in Reno, hung out with that Somerville, had a meal with him, gave me a big hug too at the end of the trip. Told me anytime you want to come on the Fraud Network, yeah, we got to get him on here. Come on, and I haven't even responded back to him. I mean, I I, I could have him on next week, assuming yeah, he's we... not traveling or in some tournament. He would come on here, but it just. We did that model for all the years. Remember all the fighting? Did you get a guest host tonight? Did you not get a guest host? And then we were we're struggling to find someone just to come on and talk about some shit. That one kid with his PLO book. And now, you know, it's more about just the content. Uh, we had to bump the Stinchcomer tonight, but maybe we. Oh, had that's her right. On. That's right. We should mention that there's a uh, Amanda Stinchcomer. Stinchcomer. The Stinchcomer. She's uh, she wants to come back on and give a life update for us, and we we just didn't do it tonight because. We felt it would be too much to have two interviews yeah, in one night. You don't have hosts for – we don't have guests for – interviews for six months and then we have two in one night. That would yeah. be preposterous. Yeah, so we decided we'd, we'd uh, wait on her. But I've seen that. She wants to give an update on uh, yeah, her McBriding life. Yep. And so anyway, uh, it's, it's – uh, the ones that are participating in the GPL for PokerStars are Liv Bory, Vanessa Selfs, Jason Mercier, and, uh, and Elkie. Yeah, Bernard. Uh, so why not the Somerville? Why did something happened with that where where he wanted something. I I wish we had Calwatt. He knew the full story. But there was something that Somerville wanted that wasn't even unreasonable, 
and uh, it it ended up not happening. There was something that simple that could have been done that that would have accommodated Somerville. Somerville doesn't strike me as unreasonable. Type. No, he's not. That's what I'm saying. So so uh, Dreyfus just let it go, and then people were laughing at how like the GPL matches were getting like uh, you know. 25 viewers, and, and then Summerville's getting like 20,000. They're going, what the hell? How, how did you miss what up on this? What about the transgender uh, poker tour lady? Whatever happened to her? Mistel Nastius? Uh, I, I, I don't know what happened with her. She's, uh, There's I, supposed to be uh, transgender tournaments at the Paris last no, week. No, it I was there. I mean, it was, the whole thing was a scam. But uh, yeah. Caldwell Banks uh, and the, the local uh, GMC Ford supported it, too. <laughs> she just... She just literally copied and pasted like pictures of like car dealerships. Yeah, and, and then and then claimed that certain pros were supporting it when they weren't. The whole thing was made up. That's the the fake transgender poker tour. Jesus. But, but anyway, I don't know why poker stars got involved. It's a dumb decision. They're going to regret it. There's no way this thing's going to work. And uh, it's 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 going to be the next epic poker league. It really is. I mean, we we, we predicted this, and then it's going exactly we like. Did. It's exactly like we predicted. Not that it was that hard to predict this. It was pretty obvious. But and the one who's going to get hurt the most is China Maniac, sadly. Yeah, when it when it disappears, China Maniac's not going to know what to do with himself. What's he going to watch? Okay, so let, let's let's go to the uh, general topics here. Uh, this video with Donald Trump, which I'm sure you've seen, the grab him in the pussy video. I mean, you know what. I just don't get it. The thing, the sad thing is, for all his past deeds and misgivings, he still could have probably run, won this thing if he had somebody at least teaching him, guiding him, counseling him on how to act and behave. Well, yeah, some of it, but the, unfortunately, even if he behaved, you're right up to this point, but once this came out, this would have been a hard one to get past. Even the, but, but here, I'm going to play this thing for you. This was uh, Donald right. Trump and... and Not for me. Well, uh, for you, meaning the listeners, yeah. For uh, with Donald Trump and Billy Bush, who would you you know he's actually related to the Bush family? Yep, he's the brother that does the fundraising. Yeah, so right. uh, Well, he's younger than the the Bushes, you know. He's a but uh, he's younger. By the way, five seven three. I don't know who that number is. Just text me just to tell you that people are listening at all hours. I've talked with the five seven three before, but I don't know who that is. Uh, hey, that was me that got the Amanda thing going again. Oh yeah, so yeah. Shout out to the. Fi- who, do we know the five seven three? Yeah, I've there was there was a couple I, times. I, for, I, I, I forgot which is his name on Twitter, but okay. yeah, there, there was a guy who got it going. Well, you know what? Five seven three. Uh, shout out. Thank you for listening at this late. Yeah, he, there there was a Twitter uh, guy. Send me a text with your name or your Twitter name. Or there is a guy on Twitter who listens to the show that actually uh, mentioned her. She should uh, come yep. back on, and she said, "Yeah, she'd like to." Good. You always text me now. He sent me a pause. Very sweet. He said, I know you're a Marlins fan. This was on uh, September 25th. Sorry about Jose Fernandez. Uh, I hope he doesn't text me tomorrow and say, I know you're a Dodgers fan. Sorry about the team being out of the playoffs again in the first round. Okay, okay, so I'm going to – So yeah, I think he's like the son or grandson of of George H.W. Bush's brother. I think that's who he is. The guy that is fixing up the Amanda thing? No, the, the right. Billy Bush. Okay, yeah. so here, they, they were on they were on a bus, uh, a, a weird bus that said Verizon Wireless on it. That uh, was the Access Hollywood bus for the show Access Hollywood. This is in two thousand five from eleven. What the? I just lost. Uh, I just got. I got to reconnect Brandon here. I, I'm risking that we're going to uh, lose the sound effects, but I got to reconnect him here. 
now no, I can't reach him. See, I hate when that happens. He accidentally hung up. See, I can't, I can't. He's trying to call me back. Brandon, don't don't try to call me back. I got to call you. That's a, that's a tendency when someone gets disconnected. They just want to like hammer me with calls, and I keep saying, "Don't do that." Let me call you. See, he's not answering. I, I want him to be part of this. It says it's ringing. Sorry, right, lost. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. Whenever we get Thanks disconnected like that, back. whenever we get disconnected like that, just let me call you. Don't okay. Call, don't call I'm me back. There. Okay. Skype so, has really gone downhill as of late. Yeah, it has. All right. So, so uh, this is the video. They were on this bus, and and he was uh, wired for sound, what's known as a hot mic, meaning this wasn't something that he he had a mic on there, and it was turned on, but he didn't realize that he was just talking. And it was recorded. He didn't realize it was being recorded. Someone held this for 11 years. I have a feeling that they held it on purpose until a month before the election to, for most uh, impact. I have a feeling this wasn't just found a few days ago. I could be wrong, but they like to imply it was. I have a feeling that someone held this on purpose. But here it is. This is uh... – oh, let, me, let me turn it up here. It's, it's very soft here. Me... Oh, hold on. Turn this all the way up. And uh... – down in Palm Beach. I moved on her, and I failed. I'll admit it. Whoa. I, I did try and fuck her. She was married. <laughs> huge nose there. <laughs> no, no, Nancy. Yeah. No, this was... And I moved on her very heavily. In fact, I took her out furniture shopping. She wanted to get some furniture. I said, I'll show you where they have some nice furniture. <laughs> I took out furniture. I moved on her like a bitch. But I couldn't get there. And she was married. And by the way, this is shortly after Trump himself was married. This was. I see, I can't hear it again. Are you... Back to that same oh, problem. See, that's it's, what I it's fine. I don't mind. Just tell me when I can talk again. I, I, I wish. Mean, I wish. You know you, I mean? Oh, I wish. Wish he hadn't been disconnected here. I, I don't know. Okay. Why well, it's, I don't care. It's, it's such me. a weird problem on Skype. Though. You know, it's like we. Do, we I, I didn't do anything different. I just called you. Yeah. Well, just tell me when it's done, so I don't talk during it. Okay. But actually, I want you to hear this. Otherwise, it's so hard for you to comment. I'm going to call you back. This is so frustrating. I, I knew when Brandon disconnected. This is so freaking frustrating here. I know what I want to try. One other thing. I'll try to. Start this call again. It was kick Trader Ruski off. God, this frustrating when this happens. Now Brandon's not answering. Oh, there you go. Okay. I'm here. I'm okay. Here. Let me t- tell me if you can hear this. Let me try a test sound effect. Did you hear it? No, I hear nothing. I hate Skype sometimes. I, just I mean, hate listen, it. I'm not the most savvy guy. I'm not even saying I am with the electronics and technology, but what? Do I, it can't be as simple as just Skype. Not No, it is. Some, it is. The only change that's happened was you just hung up and we, I called you back. If I called you back, would it change? I don't think so. We can try it, but I'm telling you, this is that was the only change. I didn't touch anything. The only thing that changed is you. So Skype has this weird thing show now that Skype can determine when we can hear sound clips and make phone calls. Is that what? We're what doing? What's happening here is for whatever reason, Skype does not want to put through uh, the stereo mix. It does not want to put through the sounds I put through my computer to over uh, over Skype. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, and it, it's just so random with whether whether it'll do it or not. So you, you can try calling me back. I, I can't figure this out. I even tried to Google it. I can't figure out the problem. You you, you can try All calling right. me try calling me back one more time. It's so frustrating. It's so tilting. Right. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna edit this part out. It's too late in the show. Like I'll go back to the beginning and knock out that fail. We had a whole lot of the beginning. We had this at the beginning of the show. You probably won't hear it in the archives because I'm gonna edit that part out. But I'm leaving this part in, and I, I'm really annoyed. 
because Skype is, is so crappy like this. Like you guys heard, like we, he was able to hear all the sound effects and everything I was playing, and then just uh, he accidentally hung up on, or I think Skype cut him. It wasn't even his fault. And uh, see, Brandon's calling. I'll take the call. Okay, now let's see if you can hear it. All right. Now, by the way, this isn't the solution in the future because the problem is if you call me, then I can't take phone calls. And I was assuming nobody's going to call at this time. So here, let's, let's see if you Handy can hear Candy waking up. <laughs> Did you hear anything? Nothing. See, that's that's the problem. See, it's just... Uh, it's a joke. It, it's a joke. I, 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 I hate it. I, it's, I, I don't know what to do. Well, this is. I thought there was the... the, the... Smart kid, Kalawat. He said there's another. No, he, he, I, I didn't feel like explaining the whole thing. It's not going to work. It's not going to work for reasons I don't want to get into. It, it won't work with the whole setup we have going here. So are we done with radio them forever after this? No, I don't know what, what to do. do? It's, it's it's really frustrating because I don't know what to do. Like, I, I don't know how to. Uh... Do you have a guest house if I came out there and we'd do radio in the same room? <laughs> Even that would would be a ch- no. This is this is so frustrating because of the sound effect thing, and I can't figure out why it will not, why it won't go. I, I can't figure out why it will not just uh, put it through. Sometimes, sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna try one more time. I'm gonna restart Skype, and we'll see what we can do. All right. This is such a joke. For those of you that aren't really familiar with the technical stuff, I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about how. This, the sound effects you hear, I'm playing through my computer, as you might imagine. On Skype, there's a thing called you know stereo mix, which uses the sound card that anything I play on my computer, people will hear. The problem is that uh, when I try this, it uh, it only works some of the time, and and it was so weird we had it going the whole show, and for whatever reason, it uh, at that point just didn't feel like working anymore. Because uh, Brandon got disconnected and called back and couldn't hear it anymore. So I'm, I'm going to try to test myself before I even put Brandon on. Let's see here. <laughs> so I'm going to put Brandon on. I've actually started the old Skype. Maybe I'll have better luck here. So I, I think maybe something in the new Skype screwed this up. So I have a very old version of Skype I'm running right now. That is just turned on. See, we get branded on here. Now he's not even answering. <laughs> the person whom you're trying to reach is currently unavailable. Of course he is. I, I hope he didn't go out for a smoke or something. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Now. Yeah, see, that time you called me and I answered and it just disconnected right away. Okay, so let, let me see if you can hear this. <laughs> <laughs> hear it? Yep, I heard it perfect. What was the laugh it? track? Laugh okay, track. so so I'm not the, gonna lie to you. Come on. Well, no, no. Calwat screwed with me. Now he's traumatized me. Calwat, when I was trying to uh, fix this with him the other week, mm-hmm. uh, he 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 kept saying no. And I'm like, God damn it! He's like, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I can. And then like, yeah. then this happened again later in the show. I'm like, what is this? And he goes, I don't know. I don't hear his silence. I go, oh, damn it! He goes, Nah, I'm screwing with you again. I'm like, damn it! Stop doing that to me. Like it was, it was. Uh, I'm traumatized, and I think everyone's just messing with me. I heard the laugh track. Okay, no, I, you know what might be a, a possible solution? I just, I'm running the old Skype. You know when you run the old laptop when everything goes in the toilet? Yes. I, I just went back to what works. I, I ran an old Skype. How can you have two versions of Skype on your computer? Uh, the Belly Buster gave this to me. Mm. 
So in the future, let's just use this version. Yeah, I'm just going to use this version in the future. Right. Yeah, okay, so let's let's go on. I'm going to play the remainder of this video here. We'll comment as it goes. Uh, so so this is him talking about uh, what was it Nancy? What, you remember her name? The, the one. Uh, what was her name? Uh, I don't recall. No, Nancy Odell. She and so. Uh, so she was an Entertainment ho- uh, Tonight host at the time in 2005. This video is from 2005, and he was talking about how he tried to move on her. So he said, "I took out her, I took her out fur- furniture, I moved on her like a bitch, but I couldn't get there, and she was married." So he was complaining that he tried to make the moves on Nancy O'Dell, but uh, she was married, so she wouldn't touch him, and he failed. And he and and Billy Bush is laughing about this, and, and of course Trump himself was married. He doesn't mention it here, but he was just married around this time. And all of a sudden, I see her. She's now got the big phony tits and everything. She's totally changed her looks. He's referring to this Nancy still. He's your girl's hot as shit in the purple. Whoa. 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 Yes. Whoa. Yes, the Donald is good. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my man. Wait, wait. you got to look at me when you get out of here. So, so now they're referring to this purple thing. They're talking about uh, another woman that's in this video. And uh, let's see. What's 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 her name here? I'm forgetting the name of the other girl in it. Uh, I should have had all this ready. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Which, which is the woman in it? There was there's he was talking about Nancy O'Dell. Then there was another one who he walked around with. Uh, wish I had. Uh, Try to look this up. I really should have looked this up beforehand. Uh, I can't find it right now. That's really weird. Mm-hmm. I can't find it. Uh, anyway, well, so there's a woman who was working uh, with him. I think the Access Hollywood bus. Uh, they go to meet her, and this, you know. They uh, they were on some kind of Hollywood lot. You can even see that Tonight Show with Jay Leno thing in the background. And uh, let's see, is the chat room now? Am I still in the chat room? No, nobody's answering. So, uh, so they're they see this woman in a uh, who they're meeting up with in a purple dress, and they go, "Oh, the Donald has scored!" Because they're trying to get him to hit on her too. They see her outside the window of the bus. Now, in this video, you're watching the bus pull up from the outside, but you're hearing them inside the bus. Up. That is very give me the thumbs up. Okay. You are a you gotta put the thumbs up. You gotta okay. get the thumbs up. Can't be too happy. Yeah, let me. So they're getting off the bus. Uh, you and I will walk there. The Washington Post got this video, by the way. They, they obtained this uh, supposedly recently, but who knows? They they could have been sitting Maybe on it's it. It's a different one. Better not be the post. No, it's it's her. It's yeah, that's her with the gold. I better use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. So he's referring to the woman he's meeting up with here. That you better use some Tic Tacs that I start kissing in case I start kissing yeah, I'm her. Automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. So, so you know, that, that part really is getting people angry. That he's saying you're a star. You can just kiss them. They can do anything. And here comes the bad part. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy. <laughs> I can do anything. So that's the that's the line there. Grab them by the pussy, you can do anything. And he's saying, get away with it, you're a star, you can do whatever the hell you want. Kiss them, grab them by the pussy, it doesn't matter, you're a star, you can get away with it. And this is 
someone who wants to be president now. So obviously this is a very harmful video. So now, now here's the part where he actually meets this woman in purple that they're watching from the window of the bus who's waiting to meet them. No, it looks good. Come on, Shorty. Oh, nice legs, huh? Oof, get out of the way, huh? That's good legs. That's Billy Bush hey. in the background also commenting. It's always good if you don't fall out of the bus. Like Ford, Gerald Ford, remember? <laughs> Down below. Yeah, he can't get out of the bus at first. He's not figuring out how to open the door. He's getting out of the door. Hello, how are you? Hi. Nice how nice are seeing you? you. Terrific. Nice to meet you. Terrific. You know Billy Bush? How Hello, are you? nice to see you. How are you doing, Ariane? I'm doing very well, thank you. Are you ready to be a soap star? We're ready. Let's go. That's right. Her name was uh, Ariane. What was the rest of her name? I could probably look this up now. Uh, is Ariane Zucker. That was her name. Brandon, you there? Yeah, cut me off again. I cut you off. That's great. Okay. So, see, uh, were you, you were hearing the video, though, right? Yes. Okay, so yeah, let's see. One, one more test of the sound just in case you uh, can't hear. Don't cow what he means. Did you hear it? Brandon, I lose you again. God damn it, I lost him again. The Skype is so awful recently. It really is. I don't know what the problem is here. I'll have to go on playing it. He's heard this before. When we get Brandon back, we'll comment on it. So this is Ariane Zucker, who at the time was in her early 30s. And and she was pretty hot here. I'll give her that. She she doesn't look nearly as good now, 11 years later, but that can be said of a lot of people. So she's meeting up with Trump here. And this is awful. To, yeah, it is. She's meeting up with Trump here to be uh, uh, some show together and uh, with Billy Bush. And so they watched her out the window, commented about her, and and uh, basically, uh, they're like, oh, the Donald has scored. And, and you know, he's, he even said, let me take some Tic Tacs in case I kiss her. Uh, now, he didn't do anything that inappropriate with her, but you'll get to hear the last minute of this conversation. Make me a soap star. How about absolutely. a little hug for the Donald? He just got off the bus. Like okay, hug, absolutely. <laughs> Melania said this was okay. I just got off the bus. So, so Billy Bush is encouraging her to hug Donald after he was saying how he may just kiss her, grab her by the pussy. So. Billy Bush is trying to encourage all this. He, it's not even like someone who was uh, disgusted by it, but just kind of smiling through it. This is someone who's encouraging all this behavior. Excellent. Well, Come you've on. got a nice co-star here. Good. Yes, absolutely. After you. Come on, Billy. Don't be shy. <laughs> as soon as a beautiful woman shows up, he just he takes over here, Billy. You hearing all this, Brandon? Yes, I hear it all. I'm sorry. Come here. Uh, let the little guy in there. Come yeah, let the little guy. So they're walking together here. I should actually. It's hard to walk next to a guy like this. Yeah, you get in the middle. There we go. Good. That's better. This is much better. So she's walking arm in arm with t- with both of them. If you had to choose, honestly, between one of us, me or the Donald. No, no, no. That's tough competition. Right yeah. Seriously, you had, to, you had to take one of us as a date. You have to take fifth on that one. Really? <laughs> yep. I'll take both. Which way? Make it right. Here we go. Goodbye. So she took the politically correct answer of I'll, I'll take both of you instead of... Uh, you know who she would date of the of the two. I have to think it would be Billy Bush is the truth, though. Donald was like sixty years old at the time. But uh, anyway, uh, so the, the main pro- problem of this video. This is pretty much the end of it. The main problems people had. Uh, the main thing was him saying he can get get away with what he wants if he's a star. Just kiss them, grab them by the pussy. You know, he can just do it. 
and then also how they. What were, does that even mean? I read that. Grab them by the. Pussy. What, what he's meaning is that he, he I, could just he could grope them whatever way he wants as soon as he meets them, and they wouldn't say anything because he's Donald Trump. He's saying just you know I could just I could put my hands anywhere, and they're not going to say anything when I meet them. That's what he's trying to say. Now I don't know if he's actually done that. He probably hasn't, but uh, he has. He did say that he's just like kissed women he's met right away. Uh, and not like a friendly guy, hello kiss, but like just kiss them, and they're like, uh, oh, okay, like they probably don't like it, but they just put up with it because he's Donald Trump, and he's bragging about that. And uh, people don't like that. This is him basically saying, uh, I sexually harass women. Maybe even some people call it sexual assault, which is a misleading term. It can, a sexual assault can mean anything like that. Uh, it doesn't necessarily, like people think sexual assault means rape, but it, it can be something like just forcefully kissing someone who doesn't want it. But but still, you shouldn't be doing that. I mean, obviously, that's that's a bad thing to be doing. And so he's bragging, I can do this. I can even grab them by the pussy, and, and I, I get away with it. Because I'm a famous, you can do that when you're a star. So that sounds very bad to come from someone who wants to be president. And it, it really hammers home what his opponents have been saying, that he has no respect for women. And this, of course, really turns off the female voters who may be uh, considering voting for him to hear him talking like this. And this was, this was 11 years ago, and and he was just having a banter with another guy. And, and the defenses of this were that, look, he was talking in a clo- what he thought was a closed setting with another guy. They're just joking around that a lot of guys say stuff like this in private and stuff even worse. He even said that he used to play golf with Bill Clinton and heard Bill Clinton say worse things. And I, I bet that's true. Uh, but but Bill Clinton was smart enough not to allow himself to get recorded saying this type of stuff because Bill Clinton is a career politician and aware of things like this, and Donald Trump wasn't. And now this video has come out, and that really, really uh, solidified Donald Trump's slide in the polls. Now, he was uh, at his peak shortly after September 11th. September 11th is... Uh, Typically a depressing day for Americans, but not for Donald Trump, because September 11th was when Hillary fainted in New York after going to the 9-11 memorial. And it was then put out that she had pneumonia, which means that they had lied previously when she was coughing that the claim was just allergies. So people were fed up at this point. They were they were concerned about her health. They were concerned she wasn't being forthcoming about it. They were tired of being lied to about everything just just everything was pissing everyone off about hillary clinton and a lot of the undecided voters are like you know what screw her we're just going to go with trump we're, we're tired of hillary and her lies and at that point trump actually had a legitimate path to the presidency to where he was no longer a crazy long shot uh he had to win six states he had to win uh florida ohio north carolina nevada uh, uh colorado and iowa he needed those six, plus carry everything where he was expected to win. And uh, But if he won all those six, where he was either tied or ahead in the polls in all those six states, then he would have won the presidency, barring some other unforeseen thing happening. So that that was realistic. He had six states he was either tied or leading in that he had to win. If he won all six, he would have won the presidency. Doesn't make him a favorite at the time, but it made him a realistic choice at that point. And if he continued on the path he was, if he continued with the momentum he had of those past four weeks or so, coming through, I'd say, mid-September, uh, mid to late September, then he was uh, very possibly going to be the president. But first problem, the debate. The first debate on uh, September 26th was a disaster. Then this came out. 
And then he had the second debate, which which he did better, but but uh, this it was overshadowed by this uh, plus the first debate, and he just hasn't recovered. So now he's way behind. He's fallen. He's fallen back behind in every one of these states. Uh, the only ones of that list that I think he might uh, that that he'll probably still pull off. He'll probably still pull off Iowa, but that's probably it as far as those six. And that's it for him. So he's he's not only going to lose. He's not even going to come close. I'm thinking, and he may even have a shocking loss in places he was expected to win, places like Arizona, maybe Georgia, uh, places that he was really expected to take that he could even lose at this point. Who knows, maybe other things that uh, he's really slipped downhill because of this. And uh, this is the problem. He went through his life not expecting to seriously run for president. Even when he went to run for president this time around, he wasn't seriously running for president. He only seriously ran, and it was only semi-seriously, after... He got a good reaction after people started uh, stating in polls they'd actually vote for him. And he was uh, the leader all of a sudden. He's like, oh, damn, well, I better continue this. But the problem is he didn't live a life that was presidential. Not at all. And there are too many things that, that – uh, and he was, since he was very much in media all these years, there were too many things that could be pulled up like this from 11 years ago. I'm sure he never thought of this in a million years that that would be uh, pulled up. He never probably didn't remember it until he saw it again. There are probably so many examples like this that can be pulled up that uh, there's too many things that could be used to embarrass him. Plus, he's already said so many outrageous things that it's so easy to believe that this really represents Donald Trump. You can't even say, oh, it's just uh, him messing around. This isn't the real him. Uh, This pretty much confirms what everyone thought was the real him. And that's what's so funny about this is I wasn't shocked watching this. Were you shocked when you saw this? No, not really. No, like I, no. like I totally pictured this is how he'd talk when he's in private. So uh, that, that's what's so funny. The people who are expressing this outrage, oh my god, can you believe Trump said that? Well, what did you think he was like? I mean, I, I think he made it pretty clear the way he was like all this time. And and you either are okay with it and want to vote for him anyway, and uh, you put that aside, or or you don't. You know what? You know what else is just like this is Bill Clinton. And uh, if you say this is so outrageous, but uh, but then you're you voted for Bill Clinton. You voted for him the second time, and and you still think he he was a great president, a great man, and, you, and, and you're happy to see uh, him coming back into the White House with, with Hillary, who stuck by him through all his behavior. Uh, he's just as bad or worse, and he just hasn't been recorded saying things like this. But his actions, Bill Clinton, uh, I, I, I'm sure are just as bad or worse. There's there's too much circumstantial evidence all over the place, even more than circumstantial evidence that Bill Clinton. Uh, has been very disrespectful toward women. And uh, the two of them are actually quite similar this way. The two of them have used their power slash celebrity to uh, sexually harass women their whole lives. So this, this is uh, – either way, you're going to get someone like this in the White House. You're going to get a, a sexual harasser who never respected well, women in the White the House. The thing I, – I slightly have a different take in the sense that, you know – Clinton's second election, and I mean, we're not going to sit here and debate, you know, if it was a cause or effect type thing. But the economy was so good, our nation was so prosperous, there was no way he was going to lose that election. It just wasn't going to happen. And it, 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 it what I'm trying to think, what was it? Was that, uh, was that Bob Dole he beat? It was Bob Dole. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just it wasn't going to happen, especially that candidate. And I'm not no disrespect to Bob Dole, but I mean. At least in my life, I think you'll probably agree, during that time, 
I remember it as probably the most prosperous time our nation's had. Well, not, like, not quite that. Not, no, it was close, but that, but it wasn't quite there yet. And it, it just started in '96. And it really, it was really his second term when we had this. But he lucked into it. He lucked into it from the made the dot com boom. Right. Oh, well, you remember? Right? Anything you attached with a dot com at the end when they had their IPO, it, it, it was through the roof. It was ridiculous. And, yeah. But anyhow, we had seen at least my generation prosperity like we hadn't seen before, even if it wasn't the peak. And I remember, I just you know, I remember that was a lot of the reason why. Uh, Everyone kind of – I mean you remember the polls. People couldn't explain as each scandal occurred and each woman came out and called Bill Clinton out for this or for that or, or even during the whole Monica Lewinsky saga. His public opinion numbers would get higher and especially with women. So when you're sitting here – and I'm not – listen, I'm not making that up. You can go ahead and Google that. You know, that, that find, find the source. But that's what was so strange. The very people that you th- would think that would be revolted by Bill Clinton's behavior, that was his core demographic, which was middle-aged, older women. They loved him. They loved well, him. Well, because, because he was very likable, because he was very good well, at right, but I'm, but wiggling I, I, out of these I problems. I understand that, but with all the things that you're saying hold true. I mean, you can be likable, but if – you know, you you're, you've sexually assaulted women, you, women. You've disrespected women. Stuck a cigar in a, in, in, you know, he. he but but I, you know, listen, in that, that case, whole, in that, that case, whole, it was consensual, though. That was the big difference. I, mean, I, I realize that, but that whole argument, you know, about what constitutes sexual conduct, and he, you know, did not think a blowjob did. I mean, basically, he lied. He perjured himself. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, do you remember, you know, the whole yes. The, so. I, just think about what you're saying. I mean that that demographic, females, middle age, you know, they loved him, and, and no matter what he did, it just it's a very odd. But that, I guess what I'm saying is comparing Clinton's behavior to Trump's, it's not the same thing. It's it's, I mean, it's. I think more than anything, he just was a, at the very worst, talking about Bill Clinton, a very worse a womanizer. You know, no, no, he was that, worse than that. that. That's the that's the thing is that there's, there's many that more. Couldn't, sto- that couldn't control his sex drive. No, but that that's what was thought for a while. But there's been a lot more stories since then that seem to indicate that sometimes it was that. Sometimes well, he would meet women and they'd be happy to have sex with him. This is the thing. I, I I I'm not a fan of Hillary. I never have. I don't believe her. I think she's dishonest. Um, I think nothing is going to change. I don't even know if she has the health or the stamina to be commander in chief for eight years. I mean, I truly don't. I mean, she looks worn out now. I mean, how is she going to be in four years? You know, obviously, unless something serious occurs, she's going to run for a re-election. But listen, I'll say this. Even with that thread on PFA and my views on certain things that I know Hillary isn't going to implement, like literally, you know, the, the whole the whole uh, fundamental, of, you know, thinking of make America great and the things that need to be done, such as taking care of, our veterans taking care of Americans before we, you know, help other countries, securing our borders, you know, at some point just saying, you know what, diplomatic talks and, 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 and so on, you know, only go so far. We have to start bombing ISIS and we have to start being more aggressive and we can't just be so passive. Those aren't things that she's going to implement. This is not going to happen. And But saying all that, I realized after reading – 
the transcripts of what Trump said, okay, that I concur with with the consensus that he's not fit to be president. I mean, he's just not. He's just not. You can't have. I don't care what anyone says, and I know this probably isn't going to be popular in PFA. You can't have a president that talks like that, that's behaved like that. You just can't. I mean, I know that times are changing and people are becoming more liberal and, you know, with social media and microphones everywhere, there may be an age where everyone has something on someone. I mean, you know, what's to say that even if it was Marco Rubio, someone didn't find something when he was 15 or 18 or 20, I mean, or even more so in 20 years. When everyone you're born in their social media, that no one's going to have some miscue that's embarrassing. But his behavior, in my opinion, what came out, I mean, it, it, it he, he's not fit. I disagree. I agree at this point. He's not fit to be president. But that's that's not what we're talking. That, that that's fine. But we're not. I wasn't discussing whether he's fit to be president or not. Uh, well, I'm I'm saying after those comments and what went on, that that that's made up my but, mind. But for okay, me. okay. Well, I'm I'm just saying it has made up. It's made up the mind for a lot of people, and the reason they made up their mind is because they actually heard it. It has gone from like a rumor that someone did such and such or said such and such to actually hearing it come out of their mouth and actually hear Donald Trump say in his own voice from 11 years ago. Uh, you can do anything, you can get away with, it, you can grab him right in the pussy. You know, the, so to hear that and go. Wait a minute! I, I, a guy who says this about how he treats women he just met, and I, how can I vote for someone like that for president? It, to hear that with your own ears is—it's it, very difficult to then want to support that person. That's why this is so damaging. But at the same time, if you think about what it really means, if you put aside the emotion you get when you hear it, and like you like almost I can't believe what you're hearing, even though you can you can believe it in that who's saying it. It's just it's just kind of hard to rectify that this is one of the two major candidates for president. And he said this 11 years ago. Uh, if you put it aside and say, wait a minute, does this shed any new light about what he's like? And, and the answer is actually no. And to me, also, the second thing is, like, I, and I'm not saying this to compliment him. I'm saying this on the opposite, that I already knew this, <laughs> this is how he was. I hadn't heard him say it. And I hadn't heard rumors of this particular conversation. But this is what I had pictured Donald Trump was like in private uh, when, when, peop- when he thought others were not listening to him. This is the type of talk right. I expected to hear from him. Uh, and, uh, but at the same time, there are so many stories about Bill Clinton and this doesn't make what Donald Trump, Trump did any better because you can't, I mean, the Hillary yeah, can't. But stories are stories. Okay. Tell me factually, what is it you're saying that's been proven, proven, not just the allegations, well, but just it's, propaganda. It's, well, what? I'll tell you one thing that's been proven, even though it hasn't, uh, um, what he actually did hasn't been proven. There is a pedophile named Jeffrey Epstein who was a, a convicted pedophile who uh, a really terrible one who was who had a he's a very rich guy and he actually got a very slap on the wrist sentence thanks to how rich and influential he was but he was a uh, um, he had a plane a private plane that he would fly around the world and and actually take child sex tours like to Asia and other places where uh, um, where he'd go to he'd, he'd have islands where he would take uh, you know they'd rent out uh, underage girls that would be pimped out and uh and he would take a bunch of girls, 13 to 16, to the island and have orgies with them over there. It was awful, all the stuff this guy was doing. All these different stories about him. He was convicted but got a light sentence thanks to his um, money and influence. Uh, so anyway, Jeffrey Epstein took a tour on one of these planes. There was presumably a child sex tour. It was another tour to Asia. And Bill Clinton was on five of these flights in 2002. or around two, I think for over a few-year period around 2002. One of the flights, which went through Asia, for five days, Bill Clinton dismissed his Secret Service detail. 
And these things are all documented. It's not like uh, some weird right-wing conspiracy crap. This is this is all documented that in 2002, Donald Trump went on this plane with Jeffrey Epstein, who was not convicted yet, but uh, you know, everybody We've talked about this before. Yeah, everybody yes. knew that everybody knew about him. So th- this is the type of thing that was going on. Now, now did was Bill Clinton necessarily going to have sex with underage girls? Was he going there for that purpose? I don't think Bill Clinton's a pedophile, but at the same time, I think that uh, he this was some kind of sex tour where he knew he was uh having sex with uh with people that uh jeffrey epstein was hiring he may have known some were underage and you know there's people who this is the this is the problem like girls who are 16 there are plenty of guys out there plenty of guys who would have sex with girls who are 16 but aren't seeking it out and like guys who who are turned on by adult women typically would date adult women aren't seeking out young you know, 16 year old girls but if what is your point of if, all this if given the opportunity with someone that was a bad person no, no you don't know you took a child sex tour likely with this person he went on the plane okay that, i don't believe no well he went you're no he, just, but he did you're making a huge no because almost libelous assumption no because because you can't th- this is the only reason jeffrey epstein took those 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 tours this is the only reason he took his plane out to asia okay, but what is a connection that you know or what's the bill clinton you know was was bill on the clinton. plane he was on the plane with him why would he go with a uh, why would he go with a guy who's known to be a pedophile to Asia and I then dismiss and dismiss the and dismiss the no he wasn't country, it, nothing was country, found for that what country in Asia was this I don't yeah I don't remember but he but he was on the Buddy, plane you're making a huge no, I'm, leap from but, A to B what, what was he doing in the plane what was the guy going with him for why would he I mean, dismiss the Secret know. Service you don't know why would he send the Secret I mean, Service away for five business. days it could have been a thousand but this has been brought things, up and he won't answer he went on a plane with a known child molester that means that he went. No, this is no, I mean, no, 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 no. See, there's a difference. It's not like it's not like this is a guy who was molesting kids, but also was flying around the U.S. You know, it's not like it's not like it's not like it's not like Bill Clinton took a hold on. It's not like Bill Clinton took a one flight with this guy from New York to Chicago, and that you go, well, that could have been anything. That doesn't mean they're going to have sex with young girls. This was a flight to Asia where this guy was known to go to. Is Jeffrey Epstein was known to take these flights to Asia. For this purpose, this is why he was going to Asia. He was getting girls that were underage in Asia and having sex parties with them. This is why he was going on one of these trips that wasn't, you know, proven that particular trip. But that was the only reason he was known to take the trips there. Bill Clinton was there, and he dismissed his Secret Service detail for five days, which is really weird. And why was Bill Clinton even associating with this guy who already had this reputation, which is all, which is also weird? Buddy, you're, you're, you're making a huge assumption. Why, would, why were they going to I Asia mean, together? It, it, and, and he won't explain I mean, it. If, he won't if, answer in it. In your eyes, the way you're connecting A to B, why is there even a uh, a criminal justice system to convict there's, someone because there, there's it, no evidence of what you're even saying there's, there's a lot of times you have to know something's true without being able to convict them in court but, but that's that's not but the, no this you you have to look at this he was a known pedophile at the time but they hadn't been convicted yet jeffrey epstein bill clinton had to have known the guy's history bill clinton went with him to another country flying all the way to asia and this guy was not known to go that, to asia for any th- hold on this guy this guy asia. but why would he go with him this guy was not known to go you to don't asia know. For, there are a thousand reasons but this guy why. was okay again this guy was not known to go to asia for any other purpose you're saying that one trip one trip in 2002 when he went with clinton that was the one time he wasn't having sex with young kids like uh, I'm not talking now. Now Clinton, I, I if I had to guess, if, if, if I had to guess, I would think that Clinton just was told this is like a sex party. He may have even known some of the girls are underage. And he just didn't care. It's like oh, sex, cool. Wow. Like a, like you know. I mean, that's, I, 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 you know, none of this is personal. 
I mean, I respect your right, your opinion. But why? Why would you, you're trying to find a way I to explain it away? Way, that's crazy. Way, way. No, this way is this is someone. Of, no, there's, if there's just someone who's always going to Asia for that purpose, and then Bill Clinton goes with him once. What? This is the one time the guy's going there for legit purposes, and then Bill Clinton sends just, the Secret Service away. Why would he do that? You know. It, 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 if you, you yes, you could stretch and say, oh yeah, maybe this is the one time Epstein was going to Asia for a different purpose, and then maybe Bill Clinton sent the uh, the the Secret Service away uh, for something totally unrelated to, to a sex tour. Uh, it, maybe this just all happens to look bad, and Bill Clinton won't explain it. But yeah, we can't prove it, so we can't say it. Like that's, I'm sorry, this looks really terrible. And uh, so, and there's been so many different stories and over I'll the years. I'll grant you that that the perception doesn't look good, but for you to say, and these are your exact words, that. There is no other – you said that there is no other possibility that he was with this guy on a Asian child sex tour. Think about that statement. I mean you're, you're, that's a big, big conclusion you're making. Without- I, I, can't, I can't imagine any other reason why he would have gone. It made no sense and he won't explain it. Uh, so is, is it possible? Yes, it's possible. But to me, I can't even think of – uh, what the reason could possibly be, nor will, why won't Bill Clinton... If there's something easy, like, oh, we were going to such and such conference there in Asia for business purposes. Here's where I went. It, it's, you know, it, it, you leave me alone. This is not true. No, he, he, he won't even answer the to 573 it. just texted me. That's the uh, John Shepard 24 on Twitter. He was the one that helped. Yeah, that's right. And he says that... I mean, I'm just... You know, I go both ways. I'm being honest here. He says Druff is 100% on about Clinton. I mean, I, I don't... I don't believe it. I don't. I don't. I well, think let me. And there's also been so many there's, assumption without any proof whatsoever. Well, back up it's, your it's one of these things you add it all together, and it's 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 just unlikely that that wasn't the purpose. Now, I'm not saying Bill Clinton's a pedophile and prefers sex with young girls. There's a lot of guys out there. You may not know this, but there's a lot of guys out there that are between the these what you call a pedophile or and, and between guys who would never touch an underage girl because they think it's wrong. There are people in the middle who yeah, would, like who the, would the guy from Subway. No, no, he preferred underage girls. <laughs> no, but not like. But no, no, he, he like, did big time. It turned out. Yeah, no, but but there was a term that I read. Uh, what was his name? Jared. What, what, uh, Jared Fogel. Yeah, there's a term I read because I don't I don't remember what someone like him is called. He liked fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, that's got if that's called and an it, an afebophile. Yeah, okay. It was. It's different than someone that no, it, 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 it is. Oh, it is, and I, th- I don't think it's anywhere near as bad. But but right. no, no, I, but I, I'm I, not I, saying I, that there there are guys like Jared out there who are really only turned on by like teenage girls, and and like if you you put a hot like 23 year old, they're not going to want them. You put a hot 30 year old, they're not going to want them. Uh, but there are other guys that will just they, they're a very very wide age range where they'll have sex with a, a 14, 15, 16 year old, but they'll also have sex with a 35 year old, a 40 year old that they're that they just don't have a cutoff on the younger end. Now, they're not going to have sex with 8-year-olds or 10-year-olds, but but anyone who, once the girl like reaches puberty and starts to have a, a womanly figure, even if she's 14 and looks 14, but her body looks older, uh, he'll do it. When you, were, when you were 18 years old or 19 years old, what was the youngest girl you were ever with? Uh... I mean, there's no statute of limitations. You don't have to say a name. <laughs> I mean, were there, I mean, I'm just saying, okay. Oh, uh, yeah, I was with, I, okay, yes. hold on. Hold on. Here's an example. I, whatever. I'll be honest. When I, not that it matters. You know, I don't, I can't incriminate myself uh, by saying this. When I was 17 and then I turned 18, I was with, on occasion, or I was with on more than one occasion, someone who was 16 years old. Yeah, that's, was, and that's fine. Honestly, you, I like, like being an eighteen-year-old and being with a sixteen-year-old. Would you say there's something? No, totally fine. I mean, I know, I, I know myself. I mean, I don't mean it that way, but I'm just 
you know, meaning I'm not asking so in, you in to some states. Crime. In some states, including California, it's illegal. However, uh, a lot of states have what they call a four-year rule that uh, if the person is within four years of the age, then oh, it's legal no matter what. Yeah, some, some, a lot of them don't, but a lot of them do. Uh, and I think well, they, they. What was the youngest? What was your uh, four-year closest to your, the four-year rule that you ever strayed? When you were 19, were you with a 16-year-old or 17 with a 15? What What was the biggest age difference? Yeah, I had like a, a few years there. So I, and when you're around that age, it's fine because it's just an arbitrary line. You know, when someone turns 18, that doesn't mean that if they have sex with someone who's 17 years and 364 days that they're a pedophile. It's ridiculous. It's a one-day difference. So the, the question is where do you cut it off? And the, uh, where you cut it off is once it's a large age difference to where they're they're not really in the sage, same age group anymore. And See, so, but I kind of beg to differ because at the same time I, I, I get – what you're saying, but thinking about it now, a 17 year old being a 13 with a 13 year old, that does not. Sound no, no, right. no, 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 no. But they, no, the four year old only started at 14. Oh, so four. Well, even a 14 and 18. I, I, I agree. That's sounds, I agree. That's a stretch. But they started at 15. Yikes, then yeah. they, they can start at 15. Then whatever. whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, the point is, it's 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 a difference between a crime because they're they're still teenagers. They're still around the same age group. It's a big difference than a guy who's 30 or 40 having sex with a teenager. It's a huge difference. I can, yeah, I concur. It's a huge difference, and and. Uh, uh, you know, you you even have like where you know the you have a nineteen year old who's kind of immature and uh, and, uh, and a and a fifteen year old who is mature and they so they're they're pretty much on the same mentality. But you couldn't say that of a thirty year old and a fifteen year old. There's no way you could say that. And if so, uh, anyway, the, the point and is, I agree with everything you're saying. All I'm saying to you is, buddy, you, you you're just there are a million things that could have gone on. And of course, you're right to your opinions, but there is no proof. Not not even. It, it, that that circumstantial it, it, it looks proof. It, it looks it looks not just looks bad. I can't even explain how what he could have been doing there, and coupled with all these stories about Bill Clinton going back to the late '60s before he was even uh, that well known, uh, there are so many stories that that went on for years, and you have complaints about him. He's stories, definitely, but that's what they are. How can you vet them? How can you know? Because how can there, once, you there are, once there are once there are so many of them, and it's, it's not like people who are coming forward now and saying, "Oh, in 1969, this happened." I mean, like in the 60s, there were complaints about him. Like uh, I'm saying that that this has been okay, dogging you. Know, it's like this. You know, I'm going to give you another example. You make the same argument that you're making about, say, let's just you know, great example in my opinion, Bill Cosby. Okay, I'm going to buy that argument, not just because five women, then ten women, then 20 women have accused him, but because factually, he gave a deposition in which he admitted, uh, I don't remember her name, yeah, but the girl that yeah, now is that, under question. Using, yeah, some quaaludes he, or something. To- yeah, yeah, he gave a deposition admitting to this under the agreement, that's why he's trying to get this thrown out, and I'm talking about his criminal charges, that in a civil case in which he settled, that a prosecutor offered him an immunity deal to be able to testify openly and not promise there'd be no criminal charges. Now that's factual. That was before a judge. That was under oath. His but, words, but you know what? But that didn't come out right away. That came out eventually. I'm not but, saying that, but when I, right, I, I realize that. But what I'm saying to you is, to me, that is proof. Oh that yeah, is, yeah. That's that is, I, I agree that with that proof. But, but before that came out, I believed about Bill Cosby when enough women came forward, and when when the profile of these women were not ones who were known to to. Um, be attention whores or, or ones who who seem to be the type that would uh, uh, try to do this for for gain I, or attention. I, I really, when you have when you have enough of a cross section of women, many of whom would have had no no reason to gain to come forward and claim this happened to them. Uh, when you have enough of a wide profile of women saying this, 
then you have to say there's no way this could all be made up. Right. And I, listen, again, I agree with you. I agree. But in the case of Bill Clinton, there, there isn't a smoking gun. You're saying that there's been stories from for years. How do you know you're not being brainwashed? How do you know By that, who? Who's, who's I mean, brainwashing me? These are these are stories that have not just. But there's who's writing these stories? And no, what, no. There, it, it was found there, 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 there was found that there's various complaints about him. That found the, by who? What are your facts? What are there's, your there's, no, there's no way these could have been fabricated. Sometimes oh. official complaints were made. Sometimes people were okay, you know, complained to the press. Not. The point is, over a period of years, it wasn't like it wasn't like in 2015, uh, 50 different women came forward and you go, well, how do you know they weren't bribed okay, by the Republicans? Buddy, what, stories? Or, what, what is your source? Is this are you talking about the L.A. Times, the Washington Post? They're, they're all over. The, I don't I don't know what specific sources. I don't have them in front of me. What has educated you on this? That this is your belief. Oh, I, I, I've, 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 I don't remember where I read. It. There, there was, I've read it from several places that there are that going back to, and I remember this back in the so early nineties. Surprises me, and again, this isn't. You no, know, please, of course, this isn't personal. But I've always thought you were, to some degree, a critical thinker. I am, and I'm trying to be here. I'm trying to say that if I see this is the point when I read something, I don't go. I'm going to remember I read it in this publication. I, I don't remember this crap. I don't remember where I read these things in, in 91, 92. I, I'm telling you that I read over the years back in the early nineties, all the way through today. Of all these different stories that were reported at the time they happened, well, not not stories that were reported you know years later by people who may want well, attention. The early nineties, there was no internet, so your sources are probably whatever. Yeah, newspapers. Newspaper stuff, yes, you were yes. re- reading, or because that's yes. that's all we had yes, to go yes. on. Yes, but but listen, let, let me finish here. Yeah, is over time a lot of different women complained about Bill Clinton's behavior. In various ways, to various newspapers, to sometimes uh, they, they make a complaint. Like when, when he was in college, and made complaints on, on campus about him. There were so many different complaints that uh, were never proven. He wasn't ever convicted of rape or sexual assault, but so many that added up over the years that either there has to be some mass conspiracy that dates back to the '60s to discredit him by women who who actually uh, he didn't mistreat, or there's something wrong with this guy. Okay, when you say mistreat, that's kind of vague. Well, okay. You say, it, it, are you talking raping a woman? Are you talking about only just only one? On uh, only uh, there's only one that is claiming that he raped her. Her name is Juanita Broderick. But there there are a number of them that that claim that went from either that he was uh, very aggressively hitting on them or, or or meeting with them. Under one one story that went around for a long time was that uh, Art, when he was the governor of Arkansas, that he would send state tr- state troopers to say the government the governor wants to meet with you. And uh, the, the woman would have no idea. They think, uh, you know, he's married. He just wants to, you know, he wants to get to know me, whatever. Like, uh, so they he'd go meet them in a private room. The state troopers would leave, and then he would immediately start like aggressively hitting on them. And and they don't know what to do. Like they're thinking, what the hell? Like they they're in a room alone with him because they're expecting, hey, I'm meeting with the governor. This is an honor. He must just, you know, uh, want to talk to me. He must uh, do whatever. Uh, it's, it's oh cool. The governor wants to meet with me. And then, and then he starts doing this, and uh, and so now some have alleged that he's pulled down his pants and like just showing his penis to them, and th- like like there's a, a, or that he's just started kissing them, things like that. And and I, I now there's probably some percentage of these that are either exaggerated or false, but there's enough of them over the years that seem to have some credibility that that you add them all up, and the fact that they occurred over a long period of time. Uh, th- that that there's got to be something to all this. There has to be something to all this. So you take all that though to equate to that he's definitely in some Asian country fucking children. I, I didn't say definitely. I said that I think this was some kind of child sex tour. Now it, it, I think it's possible he may not have known the age of the, the girls. He may have just thought it's some kind of uh, Asian sex tour and didn't know that the girls were going to be underage. It's possible he knew he thought they'd be like 16, but thought okay, it's legal over there, and uh, and I don't really so care. You're saying the former president of the United States. 
okay, was able to without any photos being leaked, any interviews, never being blackmailed, no one in another country, a third world country reporting Oh, they, they didn't know he was there, the third world country. Had sex with 16-year-olds, maybe younger, and he was able to get away with if it. If it's in a, another country, people don't, the, the, no one knows he's there. The girls uh, may not even know who he was. At the time, oh, buddy, come on! At, at the time, yeah, two thousand two, I mean, girls, sixteen-year-old yeah. girls, a lot of Asian girls I, wouldn't recognize Bill Clinton in two thousand two. That's of that age. Uh, Asian women who are like forty-five years old probably would. I mean, there are villages in Africa that that don't even have. I'm talking about that know who he this, is now, and he hasn't been a president. In I'm talking years. about girls who are teenagers who are not well educated and, and may have been prostitutes since they were young kids. They they don't they, they he wasn't the president of their country. I'm telling you a lot of wouldn't know who he was and 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 even if they said it, they'd figure they weren't being believed. So the the, po- the point is something was going on there. Something weird was going on. Why he was with that guy in the first place is strange. Why he would go on on this tour with him in in Asia. Why, why they're why they're going there? It was never clarified. Uh, no one will answer this. Uh, this guy was not known to go to okay, Asia. But for why does he? Because because of the fact he hasn't answered or chose not to as a private citizen. You're saying that that makes because him you're traveling to Asia with a known pedophile and and you're the you know, former president and the husband. And of when the, you say known pedophile, well, this was this before he was convicted or after? It was before he was convicted. But so it was, how would uh, what, what proof would you have? Because it was to connect no, to the fact because that it, it was very well known at the time. He was a pedophile. It, it was very well known. He just hadn't been convicted. It was but, it was but, known but, around but circles. See, Jeff, your, your statements are vague because it was very well known. How is it very well known? In, in, in all in, in all these social circles here of this this guy, everyone knew the story with him. It's just nothing had happened yet. Every knew everyone knew the story with this guy, but he was rich and powerful, and just nothing happened. That's that's been the case in in, in uh, with celebrities and politicians for a long time, where something's known about them or what they're doing is really bad, but they just get away with it for a, for a long time, and then finally the hammer well, falls. Again, you know, it's kind of like never, Cosby. It's you know, never anything personal. Bill, but, you Bill know, Cosby. We have this to agree to disagree. Okay, Bill. You know, Bill Cosby. Speaking of him, he was he was known for many years that uh, that he was doing you know, bad things involving women. But but uh, okay. no, no, what about what about Michael Jackson? He was he was uh, not convicted. He was actually acquitted uh, in criminal court. Do you think he still molested children? Yes, but See, I think I, I don't. But but I think the second time when when. Uh, I think the second time, which really improved his standing with the public, unfortunately, uh, this was exploited by a career scammer. Because what happened was the the mother of the uh, of the second boy who accused him, which I, I believe is a good chance he was actually molested, but the mother also happened to be a career scammer, so she tried to exploit this and, and extort money out of them. And and then when the whole thing came out of of her history, uh, it's like okay, well, th- this is obviously false. We look at this woman's history. And uh, and so this must make the whole story false. That must cast doubt on everything else. And and unfortunately, the Santa Barbara DA was so obsessed with trying to convict him because he he wormed his way out of it the first one that mm-hmm. uh, that 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 they jumped on this when they shouldn't have. They jumped, they jumped on it with very scant evidence and uh, and also with a, a mother that was very unreliable and didn't bother to investigate that. They were so excited to possibly get him, and so that just ruined the whole thing. Uh, he had some cor- some sort of it's it's very unusual, not not completely uh, impossible, but it's very unusual for a an adult to have an unnatural interest in always hanging around kids that are not related to them. Uh, and I don't just I don't mean like you know if you have a, a girlfriend who has a, a kid that you get to be close with. I understand, you know, but but just and there were, there were, there were tons of psychologists that testified because of the abuse that he suffered. From the, from his father Joe Jackson and 
also being forced into a rigorous, you know, traveling, touring schedule, you know, and, and not being able to be a child that he had regressed. And that's why he still had childlike behaviors and mannerisms and like being around the innocence of children. But again, unfortunately, that, a lot of times that, that also that also translates to sexual. Okay, and again, all we can do in this country that we both choose to live in is, you know, respect the right that you are innocent until proven guilty. Well, I know, but, but we, we can also have our, our private system, opinions. I'm sorry, we can have our own private opinion. We're not the court, oh, right? Of course. And the only way, though, that we really can judge somebody is is by that system, and that system found him innocent. No, I, I say the only. I say, I say the only way you can. Uh, Put someone in prison is convicting them. Not not to privately believe that they actually are guilty, but uh, but just like with O.J. Simpson, I, I believe for sure he was guilty. But for sure he he killed uh, his ex wife and and her her friend there. But uh, he wasn't convicted. Uh, he should have been, but he wasn't. So you know he had to be let free at that point. But uh, do I believe that he was a murderer? Yes, and I think most people do. So that that's what I'm saying is uh you you can have the beliefs here, but what getting back to the whole thing with with Trump and with Clinton. I I think that that people are uh, the truth is whoever wins this, you're either going to have Bill Clinton the pervert who's uh Done things with women they shouldn't have, and I don't. Just what do you mean you're either going to have Bill Clinton isn't running for president? It, it's it's kind of a package deal there. Hillary's the president, but uh, just like she was very involved in in his presidency, I think the uh, reverse will be true. And either way, even if you even if he's not and just sits in the background, uh, I think you, he wants nothing to do with it. I, I, why would he? Why he's would he? Got, he had his eight years. His legacy is secure. He works on his foundation. He likes to golf. He has his other causes. I mean, what do you think? He's going to be back in the dictating policy? Believe me, he's already making comments about Obamacare and stuff in speeches. He, lo- he loves to do all this stuff. But but look, he's even if he isn't, uh, it speaks a lot about Hillary. If she knows all this stuff was going on, not just the cheating on her, but all this other stuff was going on, and she stuck by him just just for her career aspirations instead of saying this guy's a scumbag, he, he, he abuses women, I'm leaving him. To stick, why would she stick by him? It, that's it, it says very bad things about her. Yeah, and I disagree with you. What? I mean, I'm not a Hillary supporter at all, but I mean, listen, maybe your life, you know, with with what you're very fortunate, you know, you were raised with a, in a good, healthy relationship. Your parents are still married. You've been very privileged. You were born into a privileged life, and that probably shaped you to be successful and intelligent and to make you the man you are today. But that's not the balance, the true balance of society. I don't know what you're trying to and, say and, Well, what I'm trying to say is affairs happen. Cheating happens. I'm not talking about affairs. I, I'm not no, talking hold, about hold, affairs. Hold on, no, but listen, hold on. Let me just speak. And I, as I gave you the courtesy and I listened to you, what I'm saying is if you're begrudging or degrading or even insulting Hillary because she chose to stay with him because – even after she was made aware of his transgressions or whatever, I mean, you're attacking her. You're, you're literally like saying that in a negative way. I mean, that's society. People cheat. Husbands cheat on wives in some cases multiple times throughout marriages, and they get past it. They work on it. They go to counseling. I mean, it, it, it basically, the way I look at their relationship, at least at that time, okay, it basically was a reflection of the way our society was. And they were just the first president and first lady. You know, It was a microcosm of society. And they were the, basically the first president and first lady that reflected no, the I, true... 
I, I, mean, I don't think so. I mean, that, well, but you're saying to me that she shouldn't be elected or she should be begrudged because her husband cheated on her? No, no, I didn't say cheat. I didn't say just the cheating. That that was part of it, but that's not that's if he is I mean, sexually harassing women, if he is That's his, not been proven. It doesn't it have to be proven. proven. It doesn't have to be proven. A lot of times the wives it's, know. Listen, a lot of times the wives know. And Hillary Clinton's not stupid. Okay, and they know over all these years. If, if, if there's one complaint after another about her husband uh, doing these type of things to women, uh, these women know that it's likely true, and they don't. They don't need a, a, the court of law to prove it. They they know. They know their their husband well. They know whether it's likely to be true, and I believe she knows. But I don't think she cares that much. I don't think that marriage. And this is not a typical marriage. This is not a typical marriage in the '90s. This is not a typical marriage now. This is not. A, this is not a matter of of a husband who just strays and cheats and, and just kind of does the wrong. thing thing and then they go to counseling and get past it that's not what this is this has been a weird like partnership that's masqueraded as a marriage where where the, the thing that's always been important to hillary clinton is uh is power is uh, uh status it's it's uh, this the, her dream is, is about to be achieved her lifelong dream to to be president is about to be achieved next month and uh um this is what's been important to her, and and not having a marriage of, of either a man who uh, treats her lovingly or, or respectfully, but also even being with someone who who is a good person and and doesn't uh, do uh, harmful things to women that he shouldn't be doing. And someone and, and the problem is when she stays with a man who does things like this, this shows that she doesn't care about women. All this stuff about uh, uh, you know Donald Trump doesn't care about women. Uh, you know I, I respect women. Women should always be believed when they make uh, rape accusations. Uh, women this, women that. Of all things, to be electing the first female president who seems to absolutely not care about women because she watches her her own husband uh, abuse them and doesn't care. She just looks the other way and doesn't care and just says, "Look, that's not why we're together. We're this is just like a a, a partnership for convenience for uh, for political aspirations. So who who gives a crap?" And that's that's unfortunately her perspective. Now, I'm uh, uh, we just lost Brandon here, so uh, let me uh, try to reconnect. It sounded like he hung up though. I heard like he disappeared. I don't think he did it on purpose, but this one I don't think it was Skype's fault. I think he banged the wrong button or something or dropped the phone. Something like that. Now now it's showing busy weird I, I want to get into one other thing involving an accusation against Trump that uh, here he's trying to call me I'll connect him now did you do something I heard like a weird like almost like you were hanging up and you disappeared no 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 that was uh-huh. weird I heard like no, well no. anyway what, what I'm saying is that that's, that's well, my like problem this, again, uh, okay, the, you, the, you can the, disagree the, but that's how I feel it's not just well, about that's what I was just going to say the important thing is to realize that that you, and, and this is just for all your friendships and me as well, that you can disagree with someone, have a healthy debate, and it's not personal, and it doesn't, you know, it, it's not supposed to be personal. And I strongly disagree with you, but I respect, of course, your right to disagree with me. And I don't think that, I, I, I you know, I don't want to say it's awful, but I, I very strongly disagree. Now, listen, again, I'm not a Hillary fan. Uh-oh, we're losing Brandon again, I think. Brandon, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, wait, the, yeah, it cut off. Yeah, but look, yeah. I, I want I want to bring up one other thing here with uh, not not actually about Clinton, but about uh, Trump. Have you heard this accusation about? Uh, I guess hold on. The last thing I want to say to you is, you have of course every right to your opinions, but when you say it as it's factual, that's where I disagree with you. I mean, you should say what you need to say by you know emphasizing my opinion is my opinion, but the way you say it. You know, Clinton's on planes and he's doing this and he's done this for 40 years. You're, 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 
those are your opinions. They're not facts. They have not been proven. It's conjecture. It's speculation. It, it could be hearsay. It could be a little bit of truth with a lot of fiction. I mean, it could be totally there's true. A, there's a lot of things in life. A lot of things in this show where we accuse people of being scammers. We don't have 100% proof. Sometimes we do. Sometimes I, we don't. But uh, I mean, well, and a lot of times what we do in those cases are we just report the facts and we let but I, I don't do that. I actually say I, I can't hear you again, by the way. But I, I actually will say if I'm hearing a, a site isn't paying people for a while, I won't just say uh, I think it's a scam. I say I know it's a scam. I know it's a, this amount of time passed and they're not paying anyone. It's a scam. And I, I it, it could be they're just having horrible luck with their payment processor. But it's okay. We're having real trouble with uh, Skype here late at night. I don't know why. Just can't keep Brandon on the phone with Skype. Uh, yeah, we keep losing you there. Brandon, this is terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I may have to look for another option. The problem is that the, the, all the phones into this uh, radio show. I don't know if this thing the Calwad is suggesting can be called into. I, I need a. I need something that can be called into because if you can't call into it, then you can't have a radio show. And Skype is uh, what Calwad was suggesting was something that is great for like telephone conferences or you know, computer conferences, but not. Uh, I haven't looked into it, but it has to have a, a, a way to use a phone number. You there? Brandon? Okay, but for some reason it's not working. So, going on here, I'm going to, I'm going to start up this uh, final topic. I don't know if we'll have Brandon on again tonight or just having connection problems. There's a rumor that I'm sure you've seen people reporting I'm going to take one final time with Brandon, and I'll just text him and say, we're to give up. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can't hear you, Brandon. I'm going to text you. i got to text Brandon. I'll tell him I can't. Uh, this isn't working. Uh, texting not working. I'll try you in a few minutes. I, I admire his effort here. It's just not working. So there's a 13-year-old uh, girl supposedly that Trump raped according to a federal lawsuit. And you've probably heard about this. You've Probably if you're on Facebook, you're seeing all the uh, Hillary supporters reporting this over and over. You know, you may say Bill Clinton's bad, but you know he didn't rape a 13-year-old girl. There's a federal lawsuit about this. The judge has ruled it can proceed. Obviously, there must be something to it. You know, Trump's actually facing in court a thirteen-year-old, you know, a former thirteen-year-old girl who's now an adult that he supposedly raped forcibly, and uh, people are pretty shocked by this. But it's being cited all the time by those on the left that want you to believe this about Trump, and and being someone who's not a fan of Trump myself, I I wanted to look into it. I wanted to. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. That's amazing. Okay, I just didn't want people to think I'm hanging up on you. No, no, I I I told I told them what happened. It's a Skype issue. I told them it's connection problems. I I ended up uh, just deleting every conversation I had on Skype and then resetting it real fast. Okay, so so yeah, yeah, I just couldn't hear you when you called in. So so yeah, so anyway, there's this. Have you seen this whole thing about the 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 13 year old girl that Donald Trump supposedly raped? Uh, I've heard about it. I have not thoroughly read. Yeah, so I, uh, I full I, detail. So go, you go ahead and tell me. Right, I finally looked into it because I had been hearing this for a while, and I thought, yeah, I thought, you know, maybe this is possible. Maybe it's just since they haven't proven anything yet, the press doesn't want to touch it. But may, maybe he really did this. Maybe there's there's some validity. And finally, I looked into it, and uh, and when I looked into it, I was pretty surprised what I found because would you believe that the person behind this entire 
uh, lawsuit. It's a federal lawsuit against Donald Trump for raping a 13-year-old girl. Would you believe the person behind the lawsuit is someone that I almost went to dinner with in June of this year? It's true. Uh, Bart Hansen? And don't besmirch the Hansen kid's name like no, this. No. Well, I just – I don't know who you almost went to so, dinner so, with. No, it's no one you know, but uh, it's not someone in poker. But uh, the, yeah, there, there is a federal lawsuit against Donald Trump. Alleging that uh, he raped. Okay, in all fairness, I also read he has over three hundred eighty-five pending lawsuits, okay. which probably ninety percent have no validity. But yeah. go ahead. But okay, so 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 the, a, a lot of Hillary supporters and liberals in general have been quoting this all over Facebook and all over social media, and the, to to where people are just believing it's true. Okay, Trump raped a thirteen-year-old girl. Well, not only did I not necessarily believe that was true, but I wanted to see you know what's the story, what's this girl claiming, how valid is it, what's her history, blah blah blah. Well, I could not believe who I found out was behind the lawsuit. Now, as far as who this girl is, that's not really important because it's, uh, it appears she's just uh, someone that was set up, and I'll explain why I, be- I strongly believe this. There is a guy named Norm Lubo. He, he goes by the name uh, Reverend Bud Green. He has uh, been appearing well, – he, he's basically been a, a Hollywood troll. He, uh, what he likes to do is uh, for both attention and profit – make up stories about celebrities and then try to peddle them to whatever media outlet will cover it and uh, and then have interviews about it or if it involves a third party, have the third party do interviews about it and take a piece of it. And So, so basically he's a promoter of scandalous stories of celebrities that he makes up. He's not like TMZ reporting mostly true things. He he just makes up stuff off the top of his head and then tries to peddle the story. He's been doing this since the 80s. In fact, he used to appear – this is how I, I know him. He used to appear on a Southern California uh, wacky conservative talk show. And when I say wacky conservative talk show, it was, it's called Wally George. You can look up it on YouTube. And it was it was the, the, the talk show, the host was conservative, but the show itself was not conservative in that it had all these crazy antics and fights and people uh, you know, physically assaulting each other. A lot of it was staged, but, uh, but the point is it was uh, – that was why it appealed to me as a, as a kid. I didn't watch, want to watch some boring uh, political issue show when I was 12, but uh, I'm watching the, the people arguing serious political topics but then throwing chairs at each other or uh, you know, throwing pies in each other's faces and, and, and then the host kicking him off and security dragging the guy off. That was fun to watch. And, and I also learned about the political issues of the day that way because they were discussing real issues of the time. So this Norm LeBeau, as Reverend Bud Green used to come on there all the time and, and, uh, and debate Wally George and they'd all have their antics together. That's that's where I first heard of him, but uh, but since the '80s when this was on, uh, Norm LeBeau has also just been a celebrity troll. He he would uh, come up with all these outrageous stories about celebrities that he could never prove, and they would never go anywhere, and there'd never be any kind of uh, real consequence. And in fact, uh, he wasn't given any, much attention by mainstream media because they saw right through him. But he but he always got some. Uh, rags to cover him or desperate uh, t- TV uh, news magazines to cover whatever it was and this is how he was he was making a lot of money and getting attention for himself and in, in fact uh, he's he's trying to he was trying to run for president even this year in 2016 uh, it was found that Norm LeBeau who is the one who is behind these lawsuits against Donald Trump and when I say behind that he has been the one who's been quote advising the girl who claims that she was 13 years old and Trump raped her uh, from the very beginning, and he's been doing it under a phony name. The person who's been behind all this stuff is a guy named Al Taylor, but it was found that Al Taylor is fake. 
And in fact, when the press asked for a picture of Al Taylor, he submitted a phony picture who they then linked to someone else that Norm LeBeau was friends with. That he just like sent another guy's picture that he was friends with and claimed that was him and claimed that was Al Taylor. In reality, there is no Al Taylor. In reality, uh, Norm LeBeau, uh, uh, by the way, also has been very anti-Trump and has been uh, very, very vocally anti-Trump. But he has been the one behind all of this. And uh, if you go Google uh, Guardian Donald Trump Norm Lubo, and then that's L-U-B-O-W, you will see – you can read a very detailed article where they painstakingly went through all the evidence to show that Norm Lubo is this Al Taylor and that the whole thing's phony and they, they give you all of Norm Lubo's history. And he's clearly the one setting that this is the same celebrity troll that he's been doing since the 80s. All of these claims he's made about celebrities since the 80s have all been false. They've all been outrageous. They've all been uh, totally fabricated, and, and he just milks them for all he can and then moves on to the next one. This is what this guy does, and he's the one behind this thing. But he knew if he associated his name with it, no one would take it seriously, so that's why he invented this Al Taylor character who doesn't exist. And, uh, and so uh, the media is falling for this one. Now, this is not in the mainstream media. And that's probably for a reason. They probably see right through this and see it's BS. But this is being repeated a lot about this lawsuit. And and strangely enough, they are actually proceeding with a lawsuit. But, of course, you can proceed with a lawsuit. It doesn't mean you've won the lawsuit. It just means that they can sue. So what I'm sure is going to happen is they're going to take this as long as they can, but the lawsuit will probably be heard after the election, and then it will probably quietly be dropped just before it actually takes place. But maybe they'll even take it to court. Maybe they'll even uh, do that and try to get more publicity with that. Uh, this is the type of stuff he does, and uh, of all things, there is going to be, uh, you know, I, I know Norm LeBeau loosely through the Wally George show, because there's there's uh, a lot of people who are either, you know, into the show or, or guests who used to be on it have, have become friends on the, through Facebook, and and he's been active in that community, so I got to know him, and I, I should, I'm not going to say I'm close friends with him, he's, I'm not, but... Uh, I was going to meet with him and, and uh, a few other people in June. And the only reason I didn't was because the traffic was really, really bad. And the place I had to go was like 80 miles away, so it wasn't worth it to me. I just said, you know, F it, this is – this is before I, about it, I knew about any of this. But uh, I ended up not going because of traffic and distance. But he's the one behind all this. And if you look at you – know, it's an article in The Guardian based in the UK. But I bet uh, William Kasuf would uh, endorse it. But it's uh, – type in The Guardian – Norm Lubo, L-U-B-O-W, Donald Trump, and you can read all about this, and you'll be very convinced with all the evidence they present that Norm Lubo is the one behind this entire thing, that he has history of doing this crap for 30 years, basically, and that this shouldn't be taken seriously, and, and that the woman behind all this uh, is a friend of his. So, so basically, he just found some woman that he's been friends with that he's probably offering a, a piece of the proceeds of whatever they make from the publicity from this. And uh, and they're going forward with it. So uh, th- there's, no, there's no validity to this. So if you ever see people on your Facebook quoting about how Trump raped a 13-year-old girl, well, I believe Trump has uh, probably done some of the things he talked about in that video. I believe he probably has just kissed women out of nowhere. I believe he probably has grabbed women out of nowhere. Maybe not on the pussy, but he's – you know, I believe he just grabbed a woman's ass because he felt he could or just uh, kissed a woman on the lips because he felt he could. Just strangers. I believe it. I believe he, he was that arrogant and I believe he's that uh, – he thinks he has that much power. He can just do that. And it is very bad. I'm not minimizing that. Uh, I, I I really don't have 
any respect for guys who do that. In fact, I, I so been, who are you voting for in uh, four weeks, Todd? Nobody. You're just going to abstain. Yep. Hmm. By the I, way, uh, handicap text me. He said he tried calling in. Yeah, I know, good morning. Had, and yeah, he, we've he, had all these issues here. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate the thought that he's been very, <coughs> sorry, very generous with the free roll. I think all the coughing means that probably my voice is almost done here. But uh, so they, that's that's all I've got. But yeah, you know, I'm not. And don't think I'm defending Trump with this. And I, I've posted this on Facebook countless times when people quote this crap about the 13 year old girl. I go, look, I'm not a Trump supporter. I believe a lot of what's being said about him and the way he treats women is true. But this is one case which isn't. So just be honest about it. Just uh, just say what you really uh, really think. Uh, it's, it's tell, tell the truth about it. And I tell them where to find it. I link, I link the Guardian article. And there's other other blogs, including men, many that were not uh, right-leaning blogs, like, uh, in fact, blogs that were actually looking to find something to hang Donald Trump. And they even reluctantly admitted that this thing looks like BS. So, like, they, they investigated it, too, and found that this is... Uh, leads back to Norm LeBeau and that they find it unlikely it's true. So that is one thing not true. I just wanted to point that out. It's kind of weird that I this is someone I actually, uh, someone who's behind such a thing that's being quoted so often in this election, the guy behind the whole thing, I almost, almost went to dinner with him back in June. And in fact, he responded to me today on Facebook. I, I, I asked him about it on Facebook and he answered me. Uh, of course, he's not going to admit it to me. It's not like I'm a close friend of his, but he's like, no, this is all false. Don't believe the media. Uh, I'm not Al Taylor. Al Taylor is a different person, but fuck Donald Trump. He's going to ruin the country. Man, the most important thing is keep Trump out of office. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you know what? Uh, that whole rambling about how much you hate Trump doesn't exactly convince me that you're not this Al Taylor guy. But uh, but yeah, I knew I knew he wouldn't admit it because uh, he can't admit this to anyone. He wants this whole little uh scheme he has to continue so but yeah, I mean, i'll give him credit he's done a good job trolling the media over years and uh yeah i actually don't mind media tro- trolls like him because they expose uh how poorly the media fact checks things before they report them and uh, you have enough people like that it can actually make the media work harder to only report the truth because the uh that's why I always laughed at those pranks that Captain Janks did from the Howard Stern show where he would call up during some kind of major news story and pretend to be an expert on it. And then he'd just start talking and they'd believe him and ask him questions. He'd, he'd give reasonable sounding answers and then, and then he'd just throw in a statement about Howard Stern's penis or about Baba Booey and then. Robin Quiver's book or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So, so then people, then the news station would be really embarrassed. But th- this is because they all, the, all they want to do is rush to a story. Or rush to have an expert on the line, and they don't vet them, and so you really never know who you're listening you know, to. You know what his most famous prank was? Yeah, with Rosie O'Donnell. Nope, even more so than that. Uh, the OJ one? Nope. He called into CNN to Larry King Live when Prince Charles was on, and pranked Prince Charles, and they got so mad and embarrassed they immediately hung up. Took another call, and he was on that call too. <laughs> he was on the call waiting. I didn't know I about that, that one. What was the book? Uh, it wasn't uh, Miss America. It was uh, what was his the, first the book? Private parts. Yeah, private. Yeah, that's funny. I, no, it was Miss America. Oh, it was, Miss what America? was the book that what was it? Was that was Miss the second America. one. Miss America was the second book. What was the book that detailed all this? I can't remember. I'm not sure which one it was. Yeah. Okay. That, that's that's funny. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that he called in to like the B like the BET channel a couple times when Jesse Jackson was on. 
Uh, he got Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, yeah, he got Rosie O'Donnell. The terrible black accent. Yeah, uh, during about the, OJ. You know, yeah. He sounded like a, a uneducated black guy that but lived in Beverly Hills. That was, and I, 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 I'll see him coming down to, you know, yeah, just like a stereotypical, like you know, uneducated black guy, as like Hollywood would portray them, like in the twenties or thirties, yeah. when everything was so racist and. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but that you know, he basically changed the way those shows operate in terms of screening and you know all that, and and yeah, it, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, or the other one was another one that he got on. I, I like the Rosie O'Donnell one because they put him on as the Philadelphia mayor because they had just gone live yeah. in Philadelphia. They had just said, you know, it was the mayor supposedly calling Rosie to congratulate her for being live in his city. So she's like, oh, I'm, you know, we have the mayor on the phone who wants to talk. And, and so at first he starts congratulating her for uh, for being on and live in Philadelphia. And of course, you know, since it says live, they can't even censor it later. So 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 then she's all happy that the mayor is congratulating her. He says. Howard Stern says you're a big fat pig. What do you think about that? And she's, who said what? He says, Howard Stern says you're a fat pig. What do you think about that? And so she, she was furious at her staff for allowing this to get through. And then she had so much influence, she actually got the state of New Jersey where he made this call from to write him a $300 ticket for like disturbing the peace, which I thought was a joke. Like, how, how do you write that type of ticket for someone making a prank to a, a, a TV show? I mean, wouldn't it have been more like impersonating someone? Yeah, it was like the, disturbing the peace. How yeah, could... and then and then he called up and read the ticket on uh, on Howard Stern. Everyone laughed about it. Howard should have paid his fine. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, That's funny. she was so shocked that the mayor is. You know what? I think her. she's a smug cunt too. I never liked her. That's why I thought it was funny. I thought I'm that too. So I, I thought I'm that was. I thought that was. It's not a sexist thing. There are a lot of men I don't like. I never liked her. No, I never did either. I, I thought I, she was obnoxious. I thought she was sanctimonial. Yeah, like I never could stand her. She was also a terrible mother. Like her daughter ran away from home, and because she hated her, like yeah. she was just like an awful mother. Like a lot of these celebrities are just. Uh, they, they act all high and mighty, and then you find out like their own kids. They just uh, they've just been terrible parents and neglectful, and it's often mean. And you just get like uh, you wonder why they even had kids in the first place if they weren't going to make any time for them. Brad Pitt's beating up his adopted Cambodian son on an airplane. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I know. What else do we got, brother? No, that's it. That's it. You know, and I actually have to go back and uh, for those of you, those of you listening to the archive. You're going to be spared a lot of embarrassing fail at the beginning. I'm actually going to edit that out. Uh, basically, what happened was my computer did an update and uh, and clobbered my sound card settings again, but I didn't notice it until we were attempting to uh, play sound effects, and it, it was it was a disaster. And it was very tough to get that all working before we got William Kasuf on here, and it was a bit embarrassing. So I'm, I'm actually going back and erasing all that so you don't hear half an hour of... Uh, technical troubleshooting which does not make good radio and since most of the listeners listen in the archives then you're going to be treated to oh there's one other fail you're not going to hear in the archives and that's already not even in the recording when i started the show i actually forgot to turn off the reruns (laughs) so what happens is only one thing can broadcast at a time and whatever's there first is what stays so I'm like tweeting the show has started and someone, so everyone goes to tune in and it's playing some old show and I don't even realize it. And it took me a, f- a few minutes to realize that the show was not broadcasting live. So I had to start the whole thing over and it, it was a disaster. So, uh, how do you like your Dodgers chances tomorrow? You know, uh, 
I, I'm kind of afraid. I I, uh, I really hope they win, but I, I could very easily see a fail tomorrow. I I don't know. I, they're going against Max Scherzer. Scherzer, uh, he was kind of like two different pitchers when they faced him the first time. He was crappy for the first uh, like three innings or two thir- two and something innings. He gave up a couple long he, balls. Yeah, he gave up two home runs. It was he was down four nothing, and then. He totally got it together, and I could tell. I could tell he looked different. Right after that home run to Justin Turner, he looked different. If we get that Scherzer again, we're in big trouble. If we get the Scherzer that's making mistakes and leaving balls out there to crush, the Dodgers can hit home runs. They can definitely do that. So, so Will you be attending, uh, if they do win, assuming obviously, another playoff game at Chavez Ravine? Yes, yes. I've, I've stated that, as I always do, I will attend at least one game in each playoff series they make. So I attended my one game in the NLDS. I will attend a game in the NLCS, which you know the Dodgers. And you would attend one, obviously, in the World Series. Yes, unless unless the price is like just out, outrageous. Like I, the Dodgers haven't made the World Series since '88, so I have no idea what the prices would be like in 2016 if they make it. They could be. I know I'm not going to get a deal of $108 for the seats well, I have. What are you thinking? Well, to you, what is that? What? Do, okay, better way to phrase it. What would you be willing to spend? I, I haven't. Well, it also has to do with the quality of seats I get. Like I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to go there if I've got a seat and sit in some like crappy seats just to get a reasonable uh, price there. Reasonable meaning like I'm not. Okay, but so decent seat. What would be your price? Not the best. I see. I, I don't. I, not the worst. I, I don't know yet. I've got. I, I've just. Got, I've got to kind of get calibrated when it happens. It's. It's hard to. Who do you go with these games? Do? You have a. a, a I mean. Well, that, that's. I, I, I talked about because he won't appreciate. No, that's why I, I, I talked. To, I, I took my son in April, but yeah, I wouldn't take him to a World Series or a playoff game. But who do you go to games with? No, there, there isn't one set person. That was my problem on on Tuesday. Is I couldn't get anybody until so I finally. Who did you go with? I, I went with Trader Ruski's friend. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's so. Uh, and I would I would go with him again, you know. Like he was, it was it was great going with him there. That's someone I I sure you guys went Dutch on the Cracker Jacks and the soft drinks. Well, no, we just bought our own stuff. We didn't go Dutch. Well, just, well, okay, yeah. I mean, it was it was just really just totally buying our own stuff. It's, it's not it's not like we've shared things. And I mean, the bill. okay. What is what is? Do you have a uh, you have a connection for seats? Do you know? No, you, no. What, I, what do 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 I do. I do. I do. Scalp. Do you go to StubHub? I, I go to StubHub. I'll, I'll give you my strategy. I, I don't care if you guys try to use it too. Uh, I'm not going to be in LA. No, I know you won't, but uh, but I'm saying like the listeners, StubHub is, and I think I've talked about this before on the show, but it's worth mentioning again. In fact, this will work in other cities too. StubHub, what's great about it, even though the fees suck big time, what's great about StubHub is that you're not dealing with an established ticket seller. You're dealing with a bunch of individuals who are using StubHub to sell, and the big difference here is a established ticket seller is willing to. Uh, is willing to just eat tickets and not sell them rather than lower them, lower them to ridiculously low prices because they want to keep consistency in price and they have deep pockets enough to where they can just eat tickets that aren't selling. Like if you don't want our prices, fine, we'll just let them sit and go go to waste. Uh, individuals won't do this. If you've got tickets to sell and you're an individual, you're not going to let your tickets go to zero value because no one buys them and you can't make it. You will sell your ticket for whatever money you can get and if you can't, then you're going to panic and, and lower, 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 lower. So, so what ends up happening is people originally they priced their tickets 
And then as the game gets closer, too, too too high, and then the game gets so they don't sell. Yeah. Then the game gets closer, and they keep lowering it. They keep lowering. It, then they panic. Oh my god, it, we're we're six hours away from the game. No one's bought it yet. Okay, I'm going to lower it way down so I can sell it now. And then they do that, and then that's when people like me grab. I mean, no offense, it's not much of a strategy. More so than it's just common sense. No, I mean, you, I, you'd I, say I that, the but same almost thing. I got. I did the same thing in 2015 when I went to the Rose Bowl to play to watch Florida State play in the. Uh, semifinals of the national championship game against Oregon, and I waited and I waited and I saw it going down and going down. And I waited about ten minutes before kickoff and got great seats for like one hundred fifty dollars each. Yeah, well, that's what you as high as like eight thousand, or you know, I mean, for amazing seats. But the same seats would have cost me probably four four hundred or so. Yes, I, you know, hours earlier. Yeah, so right. So so that's. That's what you do. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm the only one in the world who does it. I'm saying that, uh, and you know, you obviously discovered this too. I'm saying a lot of people don't realize that. They, they say, okay, I want to go to the Dodgers game on, you know, in two days. They look on StubHub. Okay, that's the price. Okay, no, maybe this is too expensive. Let me go to downgrade seats, get worse seats. And they've, so there's a lot of people, for example, who went to this Dodgers game that, that paid way more for seats. They were well, much worse. Also, Druff, everything's relative. If there are people that, you know, father's taking his 13 year old and, they, you know, they're affluent. They have money saved. They're not going to stress because well, $100, yeah. $200, 300 $400 difference doesn't make a difference. Well, there's that too. And also one other thing is I, I know from my experience with L.A. sports fans of what happens. So every time the Dodgers would lose, it would demoralize people and the value of the tickets would fall. So like when, when I saw them lose that third game, I'm like, okay, the tickets are going to fall. And sure enough, they went way down. I knew it. I, I knew it because I know how L.A. fans think. So in your eyes, if they make it to the World Series – uh, you'd kind of want to see them maybe o, o, down 0-2 before they come back to Shabbos. Uh, the Jewish part of me would want them to be, but the Dodger fan of me wouldn't want that. But I would, I would say the silver lining is if they lose that uh, and, and go back uh, 0-2, that that the prices will go down. De- definitely, if they're 0-2 versus 2-0, then the price is going to be much lower, and especially as the game approaches. Uh, I was also helped by the fact that it was a day game during the week, so people. I think a lot of people had the feeling like. I don't want to both pay a lot of money and take a day off work, so f the whole thing. I'm just selling it, and then it just the, the panic sell started. So, so that's what I do. I don't have any kind of connection. But what is Chavez Ravine seat for baseball, roughly? Oh, fifty six thousand. Okay, so it's got a big capacity, and uh, and there's a but then, you know there's a big difference. You you sit in the really good seats where I am versus uh, the even the reserve deck, even even like reserve deck uh, above home plate. You're just so high, it's different. Yeah. What do they charge for parking these days over there? Well, I, I, I mentioned earlier, if, if you if you don't buy it in advance, they really dick you. So, like, if I, I couldn't believe you pull up. I, I did buy it in advance, but if you don't, you pull up and it's twenty five dollars for general parking, which is insane. And then uh, and then sixty dollars for the preferred parking. Yeah. What did you do? Uh, I told you the guy I went with it was very he he drove, so it was very important to him to have the preferred parking. So we agreed to split it fifty fifty on the preferred parking and. Uh, I would have just gone with the general, but he wanted the preferred side. So, I, so I you, were, you were down thirty from the get go, there, huh? No, I was down. 20, no, it was forty. We bought in advance. So. Oh, well, and what is the difference between preferred and general? So, so I pay twenty. He paid twenty. No, what is the difference? The difference in- is is that uh, there's they control who gets in the lot, so uh, the, the chance that someone is is. Uh, first of all, there's nicer cars, and there's so less likely to be reckless with opening the doors. What do you mean they? Car. I don't understand. They have guards making sure you don't go into those lots without the proper pass. But in general, the one they don't. And what does general do? General, there's just open lots that you can just go into. You have to get into the. the but don't you have, you have to be paying someone that lets you through? Anyhow? Yes, the the front gate you pay. 
That's it. Oh. But yeah. did he have a very did this guy have a very expensive yeah, yeah, car? Yeah, yeah, he had a good car. He had a few good cars. A few good cars? Yeah. What do you mean? He told me he told me he just sold another car that was expensive just because he, he had too many cars. No one knows who this guy is. What did he drive to the game? Uh, he had a Range Rover that was uh, that looked expensive. I mean, this is L.A. I'm sure there's a lot of expensive cars here, but anyhow, yeah, whatever. I mean, if that's what gives him peace of mind, I mean, yeah, that's what, like I, I park in even with with my car, which also isn't cheap. I I park in the general. I just take the shot. I I even had a problem there, but but you know he wanted to be there. I said fine. That's that's what it was. But but yeah, I, I will go to it, and I I'll definitely go to the NLCS because that I do have experience with. The Dodgers have made that a number of times in recent years. And and I can get those for about the same price I get the NLDS. So, I, like I went to an NLCS game with great teats for 150 each a few years ago. So I could probably do something similar, especially if the Dodgers are again in bad shape. Uh, and by the way, how LOL is it that Barry Bonds couldn't even last more than one year with the Marlins yeah. before getting fired? That is funny. Uh, by, by the way, I want to say I, I may. Ha- Did you know that? Yeah, I, I, I saw. I saw the night it happened. I, I may have a little trouble getting cheap t- tickets for the NLCS just because it's against the Cubs. Because even the regular season Cub games were very expensive. They draw well. In, they in draw Dallas. very well yeah. in, in, in L.A. So I, I'm afraid, especially this year when there's such excitement that they may finally break the 108-year curse, that uh, that there may be a lot more people wanting to go versus seeing a team like Washington or St. Louis. So that, that's... That could be the one thing that uh, is a problem, but you know, I'll, I'll see. I'll see how I can do. But I really do want to go to one game each series, and uh, it does help. I will say it does help to go with someone who pays their own way because you know if if, if I have to buy both tickets and you know do something like take my girlfriend, then that doubles my price. That's that's a bit of a problem. So how's well, it a problem? You can afford it because then what the I, hell? you sound like you're you're talking like you're getting food stamps at home. I will be if I will be if I go to a playoff enough, game. You're complaining about doubling the price. If I if I, go, if I go to enough playoff games, I will oh, be on food come stamps. on! You're uh, crazy. I'm gonna have to sell the gold bar that's sitting in back of me. What is wrong with you? No, but isn't it? You turn like, you, you, you turn fifty six dollars into six thousand. So basically, you have almost six thousand and found money. No, how I, many times are you gonna do that? No, but I also turned a lot more money into, into fifty six dollars. The problem. Well, I that know, was the I problem. Miss, I mean, what? Okay. Ball game, tickets, okay, parking. I mean, I don't see you as a kind of person that's going to go there and stock up and eat overpriced food. You're no. probably going to eat before the game. No, I actually, I, I get like one Dodger dog and sometimes a pretzel, and that's it. Okay, so you're out twenty bucks or so for food. So what is it the cost if you take your girlfriend, you double it? I mean, an extra two hundred dollars. Yeah, the food's pretty inconsequential. I should pay less than twenty. So it's, it's pretty inconsequential. The uh, and. It's really the cost of the ticket, but it's just you know anything times two becomes a big deal. Yeah, but that's like if it's 150 times two, it's not that bad. If it's if it's uh, 350 times two, that becomes uh, a little bit more. You know, if, three, you, if it's 350, I can say yeah, maybe I can do this. But then like it becomes 700, you go ah, wait a minute, 700 to go to one game. Yeah, we just think differently. I mean, I just you got to live a little bit. What's the point of having all the money? If you're always worried about it and you're not enjoying, no, you know, it. I used to I used to spend a little more, and then like I thought, like like on these games, I spend a little more, and then I, I just kind of got cheaper over the years. Oh, so like I I, uh, I also kind of got spoiled because I just kept going to game after game with great seats with like 150 dollars. It's hard to like, it's hard yeah. to break that. It's hard to it's hard to go. No, now I'm now I'm going to spend 400 for the same seat. Well, just I because. wouldn't not believe it, but I'd be very shocked if you get tickets. 
under two hundred dollars to I, a decent I, I, seat. Yeah, I guess the Cubs. If, I probably against the Cubs. I I, the I'd Cubs, be shocked. Yeah. That'd be a good anything under two hundred, I and mean, that'd be a good find. No, that'd be a great find. That'd be a great find. That's, that's why the one hundred eight was so amazing. That was just. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that was freaking amazing. But uh, no, I, I, I probably will never see that again. It was a, a it was a perfect storm of the Dodgers uh, being down two one with two demoralizing losses. Uh, it being a day game on a weekday, and like like just everything kind of just fell yeah. together. You know what? L.A. fans are similar to Miami fans too. You know, growing up in South Florida, they're very fickle. You know, you go to Chicago, or New York, or even D.C. And they're down. They've lost two in a row, and they're still in the playoffs. There's not going to be some sort of demoralizing, you know, non-crowd show up, and you know, it's not going to affect it at all. In fact, it may even be more. Yeah, you know, what's, I mean, you know what's funny though. Think with, about the Cubs. All those losing seasons they had when they lost 80, 90, 100, and it's packed at one o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, I know, I know. There's, there's people sitting on the the roofs of the buildings, you know, the, the yeah, yeah, I know. There's there's real huge Cubs I mean, fans, and but you know what's funny with the Dodgers is they have a great attendance. They they lead the attendance every year. Now some of it's because the stadium holds so many, so they uh, they can just they don't sell out as easily. But you're saying they lead the uh, American and National League in attendance year I, after year? Uh, most of the time, yes. Not I don't always. think that's right. Yeah, look it up. This year they did again. I one the year there was the big revolt against uh, Frank McCourt. They they didn't, but uh, they usually I do. Thought his, I thought his wife; she was a smug cunt too. Yeah, she was terrible. Was they, they, they were both. They were both awful. Terry. Uh, no, it was something else. Uh, I forgot her name now. Here, I'm, I'm looking. 2016 MLB looking attendance. Right I'm looking up LA Dodgers number one, three point seven million. See, yeah. See, so they they get a very good attendance. The problem is, as far as the passion for the for. Uh, the game, like, like they're the type of fans that can get demoralized by the two out of three losses and, uh, and it being a day game and just like, yeah, I, I, screw it. I don't feel like going. I'll sell the tickets. Like, the, like in Chicago, they would never do that. Chicago, they're like, you know, no, I'm still going no matter what. Like that, that's the difference in that people, people are happy to go to the LA, you know, even when the Dodgers are losing, they have very good attendance, but it's just the people are not that passionate about, about being there. They just kind of go anyway. But, but, uh, but that's why. Cubs led the league, uh, in road attendance by far. They had the highest road attendance, meaning, you know, other people would come and see them. Yeah. Just, that, that, this is such a special. Yeah, but no, you're right. I, uh, what's surprising to me is to see Cleveland. Cleveland is 28 out of 30 teams in yeah, baseball. Yeah, I am surprised. Attendance. I am surprised. Like, they're, did you see that? Yeah. 19,650. They fucking won their division. Yeah. They're a series away from the World Series. And for all the talk that Cleveland is a sports town that backs their Browns and their you know, Indians and, and yeah, sure. They're, they're only they're 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 averaging nineteen thousand six fifty for uh, per game. That's pretty bad. Like the Dodgers are averaging yeah nineteen thousand six, and the Dodgers average forty five thousand seven hundred. That's a lot. Wow, I stand corrected. Yeah, so people show up. They're just not as uh, as I said. They're just not as passionate. But I will say the crowd that was there at game four that I was at that was a very enthusiastic crowd. That was one of the most enthusiastic crowds I've ever seen at Dodger Stadium. So it, it was a fun environment. I'm, I'm looking forward to go to the NLCS. I'm sure I, it, yeah, I'm sure I'll pay. Oh, well, you gotta get, you gotta yeah, get there first. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm looking forward, but I'm not convinced it'll happen. Yeah. They have to. Who's beat, uh, who's pitching for the Dodgers tomorrow? I'm not even. I, it's gonna be Rich Hill, but they may pull him fast if he doesn't do well. So. Let's see, and, and you said Scherzer's pitching. What's the yeah. line on? I'm sure. I'm sure Washington. I'm sure they're favored. Oh, Washington, I'm sure Washington's favored. I'm saying. 
Uh, let's see. Yeah. I'm looking at it too. The line is yeah, minus one fifty two for uh, for Yikes. Washington. Yeah, I mean it's Max Scherzer. That's, He's pretty good. Yeah. And they're at home and uh, yeah, in Vegas right now. Uh, best line is one. You can get the Dodge or the, you can get the Dodgers at one thirty eight at Westgate. Huh. I'm not even betting on it. I'm kind of worried about this game to be honest. I hope they win, but I, I kind of like. It's one of these things where I can kind of see fail easily. You no, know, hell, Hill's ERA. I didn't know it was that low. Two point one two. That's pretty good. Well, that was with the Dodgers. He switched leagues in the middle, but he oh, he did he did, where, he did, did well with he, he was with Oakland. He did well there too. He he he, oh. he did his weird resurrection of his career very late. He's he's thirty six. Yeah, he's not thirty six. He's thirty six. He had a very weird career to where he's like resurrected his career very late. It's uh, Scherzer the only twenty game winner this year. I think so. You know, and this is one other thing that tilts me since we're talking about baseball and then we'll wind it up. So I read, and unless somebody can text me or tweet at me and tell me a better place to get my sporting news, because that's one of the first things I do, or that's something I do at least once a day. I'll log on to ESPN.com, and I'll spend about 30 minutes or so, 40 minutes, and I'll read everything Okay, on there. But yeah, you know what? Basically everything except for hockey or soccer. So I log on to ESPN tonight, right before we're doing radio. And don't look, Druff. Don't go to ESPN. Are you there? No, I'm not there. Promise me you won't go. I won't go. What are you saying? Okay. So there's all these stories. There's this guy that uh, played his first hockey game ever. He's a first-round, number-one overall draft pick. He... uh, Scored four goals tonight in the season opener. Uh, they renew Boston Red Sox manager John Farrell. They extended another year. They talk about you know the, there's articles about the Dodgers Hill saying that he's starting tomorrow. Uh, they fire the president of the Padres after another playoff miss. They talk about the Indian starter. All there's all these not just baseball, but there's all these sports stories going on. Uh, you know NBA preseason. You know Cam Newton coming back. What do you think the top story is? The first headline on ESPN. It's been like that all day long. Um, is it something about the the Patriots or something? Tebow on helping ailing fan. <laughs> no greater thing. That is a fucking headline. <laughs> you know about this? Yes. Guy I had a seizure. Yes. And he stayed with him till the ambulance came, and they claim as soon as he put his hand on the man's chest, he woke up from being unconscious. <laughs> I, I, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. That's what the media is portraying him now as literally being. Yeah, exactly. So anyhow, all those things I mentioned to you, okay, uh, the Giants uh, closer that, 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 that fell apart in the end of the year. and Yeah, Santiago Garcia, he was mad. He, I know. he was complaining today about not being called. There's all these different stories. The top story, T-Bone helping ailing fan, there is no greater thing. And that, I mean, that, that's, yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, by the way, are you at least getting your revenge on ESPN by by multi-accounting the in the insider? Yes, yeah. yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, I mean, do you, do you agree with me though? Like that's just it, it, it. How that should be a little blip. That should not be the headline story. Here, of, by the way, I want to tell everybody. How, forget about the multi-accounting, but I want to tell you guys how you can get the cheap ESPN insider if you really want to. I like it. Uh, the cheap. The it's uh, frustrating because I was too cheap to pay, and I'd read yeah. something. I'm like, oh, this sounds good. I want to see it, and then 
you know, <laughs> continue to – yeah. Yeah, and then, and then it looks like it's just too expensive, not like backbreakingly expensive, but just more than you want to pay. So here's – I just pay for content. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I don't I like it either. Do it. So, so listen, I, everybody – Brandon knows how I do this. I'm going to tell everybody else. Yeah, seriously, you can do this. It's legal, it's, and it's a, just a very cheap way to get ESPN Insider for like two years and uh, almost for nothing. If you subscribe to ESPN the magazine, which is a fail magazine, but if you subscribe to it, you can have access for free to Insider. So you just have to activate it by using the code on the front of your magazine, and then uh, you'll have it. Now, you can subscribe to this magazine for a for an extreme discount. Just type in Google ESPN magazine subscribe discount and you'll find places that are selling it for like eight dollars a year and you can subscribe for two years pay 16 bucks and you'll have insider for 16 bucks and they have it for two years not a month period 16 dollars that's it it's done uh you'll have it for two years i would also suggest i think they may ask for a credit card you may want to like use a prepaid credit card so it can't auto renew or any bullshit like that uh but that's a great way to do it is to buy insider it's already like for a month, it's like twenty bucks or fifteen bucks, and then like for for a year, it's like uh, like sixty five dollars. It's, it's something like way more than that. Here you can get it for eight dollars a year by just subscribing to the Fail Magazine. And I'll admit, when you get the Fail Magazine, it's not going to be very useful because you'll get the magazine too. But uh, uh, you'll fa- occasionally find some interesting articles there. But uh, for the most part, I just throw it away. But the the Insider is useful to have and. Uh, I felt proud of myself for beating them at their own game, yeah. and it's, it's it's totally legal. You're sub, you're just subscribing at a discount, and then just and then it comes with the SBN Insider, and they don't really make that public, but it does. So that's it's a total trick you can use. I, mm-hmm. I did it; it works. It works like a freaking charm. I've had it for three years this way, and uh, you know, and also uh, they don't police any multi-accounting. If you want to share your your account with, uh, with 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 someone you trust, who isn't going to lock you out of it or change the password or, or you know, uh, they don't give a crap about that either. So that uh, that's something else too. So if that's, by the way, Druff, our number one Swedish fan just entered the chat. Would you like to give him a shout out? Yeah, yeah, I'll give a shout out to Vegetar. In fact, he he texted me. What did he text me? He wants day? it in the archives right now. That's not what. He, it's not even over. Well, that's what he wrote in the chat. Yeah, let's see. I, I did get some texts I want to read here. Let's see. Uh, yeah. um, I got a lot of different texts. Let me read his. His was. Uh, Hello, Druff, Fluff, Drexel. Who's Fluff? Fluffer? Free Fluffer? I don't know. Uh, can you please make a shout-out to Belly Buster for me helping download old Donk Down shows? Your number one fan from Sweden, Vegetera. Well, okay. Thank you. Belly Buster is very helpful. Yeah. Uh, someone from the 443 asked, this is earlier today before the show started, are you really having the idiot Will the Goof on the fraud show tonight? Well, the answer was yes. From the, the Scott from the East Coast wrote, uh, MGM National Harbor is opening December 8th, and it's basically in D.C., but it's in the state of Maryland. It's going to be the casino to go to in the Mid-Atlantic. That is true. Yeah, he is from that area, so he knows. Uh, let's see here. Uh, from the 813, have you talked about the sexual assault allegations against Trump yet? I just did now. Uh, what's the point of even having skins? Don't you have stronger brand recognition when there's only one network? Well, the skins kind of... The point of that is to have someone else pay for the marketing. So basically they access your network, you get a lot of the rake, and then the, the someone else just completely pays for the marketing. So that's the whole concept behind skins. But there's a lot of problems with having skins. It sounds great on the surface, but there's a lot of problems. Uh, from the 505, how many frantic messages is this guy getting about the Nigel Fabersham thing? Uh, then he's uh, – in reference to when we talked about uh, – 
what was it, Kathy Lee Gifford. He says, for an old gal, I would take a shot at Morgan Fairchild. And he also asked oh, if wow, do you think... I've heard that name in a while. He also said, do you think G- the GPL is capable of viewbotting? Meaning it's just a run up their numbers. Yeah, they're capable of it, but they haven't been doing it. They've been getting like 25 people watching. Uh, from the 512, who's creepier, Trump or Billy Bush? Well, I, I have to say Trump was just because of the age factor. Billy Bush kind of just came off as like this young guy, <laughs> kind of this young frat boy type, and Trump was like a dirty old man. Uh, uh, this this guy's uh, texting. This is weird. From like a weird text number seven seven five nine seven three. That's the whole number. It must be some sort of text service. Uh, Druff Trump has brought three women to the last debate that have accused Bill Clinton of rape. For fuck's sake, I don't know. I mean, I know about that, but I don't know what that really matters. Uh, from this, from uh, handicap me. Well, say that again. He brought three women that what? He, what he ra- accused Trump of rape. I only thought oh. it was one that was accusing him of rape. The other were of like sexual oh. assault. But yeah, he he brought them to the debate to kind of just sit there. Yeah. Uh, from Handicap, we tried to call in to discuss the topic a bit, but it seems like you missed the call. Basically wanted to say the only reason why Trump is going to lose the election is that he doesn't know when to shut the fuck up and control himself. If he could have shown that it would have been a landslide regardless of that of, of those comments he made. What hurt him with that comment was it just shows that nothing has ever changed over the last decade and nothing ever will change going forward. Oh, good points. Uh, from the 573, so Tebow is God, not Drexel. <laughs> it's probably your friend of the 573 yeah. there. Alrighty, well that that's the text we've got tonight, and uh, it's a pretty long show. And uh, I'm, I'm almost kind of, we're eight hours in, brother. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of exhausted by the whole grappling with Skype and then and all that fail. It's it, it was just well. Now you got to remember, just you got to use your old Skype next week, right? Yeah, we we got all these disconnects. I wonder if that's related mm, to that. I don't. Know. We didn't have that many. Dis- we just had like sound problems. We didn't have disconnects, and now we have disconnects. It's it's so tilting. This happens here, but. Uh, I guess we got through it in a way. Uh, <coughs> I hate to say it, but I think uh, next Wednesday may be not a go. And not because I'll be sick again, though maybe I will be. Uh, I have a feeling I'll confirm this later, but I think that I may not be able to make uh, Wednesday, October 19th. It may have well, to. Hold up. Yeah. Uh, I got to give a couple shout outs, too. 765 area code. Uh, listen to your show religiously. I am a mail carrier. And I listen through Stitcher, always a week or so behind. That's why you're getting this message so late. Colloquial <laughs> evidence. Never missed a show. No, Where's the you. 705, Druff? The 705 or 765? I'm sorry, 765? I don't know. All right, well, 765, shout out, 816, uh, shout out, That's 507. A, that, yeah, 816 uh, is Kansas City. Shout out, 530-907-816-321-612-678-540-503-734. And, and 480, I've received all your texts. 907 and, is Alaska, you know that? Which one? 907, that's Alaska. It's the only area code in Alaska. 907. You said 907. Big fan, glad you're back on radio. Show's insane without you. Tall Druff. Along with you, your two black listeners, you also have one Eskimo. Oh, my God. Very <laughs> yeah. cool. You have an Eskimo. Okay. That's what he said. Okay. It's 907. Well, he is in Alaska. I'll give him that. Shout out to the 907. Yeah. Wow. Is that like the Anchorage or is that the Eskimo side of Alaska? That's Alaska? the whole Alaska, actually. The entire Alaska. One, is, yeah, one. Only, only one area code, just 907. You know, Sarah Palin once asked about her foreign policy experience. She said, I can... Walk outside my door and see Russia. <laughs> yeah, and that sad thing—it wasn't even true for where she lived there. there All right, I there's, know. there's some areas in the very, very uh, 
the western part of, of Alaska that uh, are close to certain islands of Russia, but not where she was. Yeah. So, what do you think about this Cuba thing, real fast? Which Cuba thing? Americans being able now to li- uh, oh to visit Cuba. I, I actually just I, basically now come on the queue. Yeah, I, I, I actually want to do Delta. it. I want to go. You know what the problem is, though? I was looking into it. I actually do want to go. It'd be very interesting. But the problem is that uh, Caesar Casino. It's worse than that. There's really no hotels, or very few hotels. There's hotels, but they're very hard to get into. There's very few of them, and uh, stay in people's houses. Yeah, it's stay in people's houses. People rent out rooms to tourists. Yeah, and like rental cars aren't easily available. So it's it's like there's no structure for tourism there. It just depends. If you're going to Havana. You'll find those things if, if you know your your due diligence. But other parts of the island, not so much. Uh, yeah. But uh, I would like to see listen, it. I got one more thing to say. Yeah. Can we just? Uh, yeah. yeah. And this is serious. Okay. Why don't they just take the ten million people that are in Haiti, divide them up among the countries, whatever many countries we have? You do a lottery, so it won't be that much. You can bring in more Haitians to America. Okay, take the ten million, divide them into how many countries would you guess we have? In the world? No, in the world. How many countries? I don't know. The exact number. Three hundred and what? I was just guessing it'd be two something, I don't know. Okay. So say three hundred. You divide ten million into three hundred, what do you get there? Three hundred? Yeah, so a little under three hundred thousand. Or a little yeah. over three hundred thousand. Yeah. So you send three hundred thousand to each of these countries, and then you know what? You just finish Haiti. You send it to the ocean, put a <laughs> missile into it. Because listen to me, it doesn't matter. They're not even done from the last disaster. Then there's another. Like they're in the middle of the earthquake, the hurricane zone. Then it's corrupt. The government, the poverty. I mean, and then we just keep sending money there to fix it. The shit's not even fixed. But you know what we can do? We, we can we can send uh, Weissman and uh, Willie McFML back there. Do you understand that they're not even done from the hurricane or the the, the earthquake? And now, did you even see? This devastation from uh, Matthew? Oh my God! Yeah, well, they're this run- south side of the island is gone. Well, they're, it's gone, dude. They're running bad over there. I mean, they've been running bad for 130 years. I just say no more Haiti. If I was doing anything political for the UN or whatever it may be, my I, my whole platform: no more Haiti. Split them up, lottery families, and send them to the other 300 countries minus North Korea. Okay, and then be done with Haiti. Uh, I was close with the 200. He says 196 countries. This is from 573. Is that counting, though, like the pirated countries? I don't know what pirated countries he's talking about, but uh, anyway. The, the TV show Lost? <laughs> I, sh- I, sh- I, didn't, I didn't watch Lost. No, it was a good show. Anyway, we'll be back. I'll, I'll announce uh, what the makeup date will be if I miss the 19th. It'll be next week sometime, right. 18th or 20th. It? What? Why would you miss it? Because of the baseball? No. In fact, it could be baseball, too. No, I, I just... Uh, well, I, I, think I, I think I have to not be around that night. Okay, but can you even at least make up something? I know you don't like to give out personal information. I'll, I'll be meeting but... up with someone that night, I think. Okay, then that's what you say. I have a... Is that it's a family? Is it something you just can't reschedule? Yeah. Sorry. I mean, because i got to be honest with you now. I feel like tonight we got the momentum back, and now another two weeks off or whatever it may be. This is ridiculous. No, it won't be two weeks. It won't be two weeks. Then we'll, we'll we'll be on a Tuesday or Thursday if we can't make Wednesday. Can't be next Tuesday. I have my horse poker league at the Orleans once a month. I play in that. It's only once. Yeah. It's a third Tuesday of the month, 
So horse poop. See, you're part of the problem early. too. See, it's not just me. You're part of the problem too. Oh, my problem is on Tuesday, not Wednesday. Yeah, but you've missed Wednesdays before. Okay, but I was sick, and you were sick last week. But I'm, but I'm, but I'm saying, I, can, I if I miss a Wednesday, then I can't do a Tuesday not, because you've got that horse league. I'm not. But, oh, but okay, then we have to do it on Thursday. I, I think what you have to do is you have to, you have to clear your entire schedule from Tuesday through right. Thursday. So we, brother, I've been on here for eight hours and twenty-seven minutes. I've been talking with this English kid with the Rolex, and let's be honest, how fast is he going to go bust? Tell us he talking about. He spent that was a twenty thirty thousand dollars. Here's what's so weird is that he yeah he, he buys the super expensive watch and an Aston Martin, but then he's going and playing one two pound. Yeah. At the, at the at like why not do the reverse and not buy expensive stuff and play higher? I'm he's not getting go, I like the kiddo, but listen, all week who took the initiative to get the Kasuf kid on here? That was great. No, I'm glad, yeah. glad he did. Um, who's getting Chicago uh, Johnny involved? And in, well, so, that was an that was an accident. That was but, an accident. Uh, I, I give you credit for Kasuf. The, the Chicago Joey thing was an accident. Came up with the the Colonel Nigel. The Faber- Colonel Fabersham. Okay, you'll get credit for the for the idea for the Colonel Fabersham call, and you'll uh, get credit for uh, bringing funny, Kasuf here. Not on Wednesday. Will it be Thursday? Because Tuesday won't work. Yeah, we can probably make it Thursday. Yeah. When will we be back on track? Like every remember we used to boom Wednesday, boom Wednesday, boom Wednesday. It was like, you know. I feel like we were. We, just we can probably go back on Wednesday again on the twenty sixth. I just. Uh, Do you remember when we moved to Thursday? We've been oh, all over the place. We've been Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Remember, for a while we stayed on Thursday, and then we came back because of the football. Do you remember we actually moved radio from Wednesday to Thursday? Because I can't remember, but there's something I had to do every Wednesday for a while. I don't know what the hell it was. I don't know either. Well. Yeah. We, I mean, I, we may have to move Wednesday, but it, the, the truth is, there's nothing you know, about the Wednesday. That the, with the Trump lawsuit again, with no traffic this time. What the, the oh uh, traffic? You didn't meet him. What's his name? You asked. Uh, Norman Lebeau. Yeah, it may maybe at some point. Next week. I, I don't think I could see him next week. But could you buy a minor league sports team? If no, you let's wanted? not start this again. Could you just write? Could do you have? Could you charge one? <laughs> no, I don't have those type of credit limits. I just If they offered you the Centurion, would you pay the uh, 2500 a year annual fee? No. You know how much I love fees. Yeah, I know. That's true. I don't think I pay a $25 fee. Uh, okay, can you just tell me, could you buy a minor league hockey? Okay, could you buy hockey. an Arena 2 football team? I don't even know how much they cost. They cost $2.5 Oh, boy. It's possible. Oh, okay. That's all I wanted to know. See, you're a, you're a, you're a fucking peach. See, I just I have to pester you sometimes, but I'll get the information. I mean, <laughs> all right, brother. Listen, hopefully we'll be back. If not Wednesday, are we telling the listeners Thursday? Is that yeah? Is that you know, it? unless something happens with getting sick it's again or something, I'm gonna yeah. I, I will I will find a way to do the show. I only cancel the show for the whole week usually if uh, if I can just see the entire week. It's just not possible. And like you know, last, say to those out there that are very concerned about your frail state of health. The last few years. Well, there's it's not the last few years. This year, there's been some problems. It's not the last few years. It's the, they have to understand when we do a show every single week, and and uh, and especially having a, a young child who brings colds home from school, there's going to be colds, and and doing a long show like this is impossible if you have a cold. Yeah, but you broke your ribs too this year. No, that was two and a half years ago. No, you were carrying the old dog down the mountaintop. And you broke your ribs? Or- oh, no, no, I broke my ribs two and a half. No, uh, carrying the dog, I, I just uh, strained something. That was it. it. It was it was quick. It got better fast. But we missed radio because of it. No, I just was talking yeah, about it. Yeah, we did. I'm telling you now, we go back and look. The old dog caused you to miss radio. 
Mark my words. No, I was. I remember talking about how I didn't want to go into the uh, like doctor's your back or strain the muscle. Yeah, I did strain something. It got better quickly. The, the, right. the, you know, the problem that I've had in the second half of the year, I've had a lot of colds for some reason, especially like last since the beginning of September. I've had like two very bad colds, especially this last one, and they've lasted a long time. So, right. uh, so this one, and even this one, is still showing weird remnants to it, like what I woke up with you know, yesterday morning. So, we'll see. I, I can't guarantee we're not going to have a third cold that comes in, but uh, uh, right now, doesn't there build up some sort of immunity? Like you can no, get back no, to back to back to back. Yes, to back no, colds? yes, you can if they're different viruses. Yeah. In so fact, in theory, you could have a different cold and have a cold for like six months. Or no, no, yeah, months. and no. Here's the worst part: is that because your your uh, your body is is fighting the cold, the immune system uh, actually can be more vulnerable when it's doing something else. So that's the problem: is that well, when you, maybe we need to get you to Walgreens and get you a flu shot too. No, but it's not, I haven't been getting the flu. That's not well, going to help. You may get the flu now. It's flu season. No, I don't even bother with that crap. I hardly get it. It's a waste of time. What do you think about my Haiti idea? Uh, not going to work, but... Uh, <laughs> but in theory, though. <laughs> Every country agrees to take them. It's kind of unfair to the countries with like barely any population. that they Like have to take Fiji's them. overrun with Haitians. Yeah, yeah. It's like Fiji just becomes all Haitians. <laughs> That's the problem. They, they all don't have like the 300 million population like we do. But, I mean, that place shouldn't exist. I mean, it just... You, you realize the U.S. is the third most populous country in the world. I know China's number one. And India's two. And then we're, we're a distant, distant third. What is what is uh what is Russia number four? No, Indonesia's number four, would you believe? Oh wow. Well, that's Jakarta? Jakarta's there, yeah. That's the capital, Jakarta. Yeah. yeah. I'm very good with capitals. What's uh what about uh Russia's up there, I forgot where they are. But what about the, Bali? Bali's in in uh, Indonesia. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I, I I have very terrible dreams sometimes about going there. Why? Because I'm always I have these dreams. Because of that one bombing that there? No, no, no. I have these dreams that I I'm going there and somebody puts just a little bag of cocaine or heroin in my suitcase and then they like arrest me like this really mean looking generals at the airport. <laughs> Do you really have this dream? Yes, because uh-huh. I've read I'm gonna tell you why, because I've read all about the Bali five or the Bali seven, which were those Australians that were smuggling cocaine. They all got sentenced to, to death. Yeah. They were hung last year. Do you even know about this? Yeah. They were like kids. I mean, wow, they so you like, actually have you know, nightmares about it. It's crazy. Yeah, but I've read all about it, and then I started having these nightmares of, of yeah, no, it freaks me out. No, you know what, you know what, you know what I have nightmares about? Up. This is an embarrassing nightmare to have. I, I have a nightmare that, I had a nightmare that a China maniac, uh, called me. The guy from the Zomblitz. Yes, show. and, and told me that there's, a. Uh, various commerce players on two plus two talking shit about me, and I said, "Well, what are they saying?" He's like, "I think you better just go look." So I was, I was like, "Well, what are they saying?" They're just talking all kinds of shit. I'm like, well, so, so, I, and it felt so realistic. So then, I in, in my dream, I bring up like two plus two on my computer, and I get to the right thread, and, I, and it's like in the middle of some long thread. So it wasn't like its own thread; it was like in the middle of a long thread, and like there's these rambling messages. He's right, but like I can't even figure out how they're talking shit about me because there's like these long rambling messages that make no sense, and I can't even tell if they're insulting me. It's not like they're saying Todd's this, Todd's that. It's just like long things. And my name's mentioned, but I can't even understand what they're saying because it's a dream. I'm just reading nonsense. 
And I'm like, I don't understand this. Like, what are they trying to, what's the point they're trying to make? Where, where's the shit? Like, I was expecting to read all these awful things, and I'm seeing they're mentioning me, and they're, they're mentioning me in, like, these weird messages that make no sense. But I'm like, well, what does he mean that's talking shit? So, like, I'm trying to, like, go crazy deciphering this, and I woke up and I go, what the hell? I'm dreaming about people trolling me on 2 plus 2 from commerce? Like, why, why would I even have that dream? That's, that's nuts. And China Mania Sometimes, and you can diagnose me here, I'll have these massive dreams about gambling. Okay, and, and and either in my dreams I've either won or lost. I never break even in my dreams, or even come close. And I'll wake up sometimes, and I literally, I'm being honest now, it'll take me two to three minutes to come to, to even realize if it was real, like, and I had more money, you know, or I lost a Yes, I've, I've had that too. I've never had that where it, yes. it just, it takes me literally waking up and being ungroggy to realize that it, it's yes, it's kind of hard to explain. In fact, in fact you know and, I mean? I've woken up also, and and uh, it's funny the reaction I have. So if I've lost, uh, my, my first reaction is uh, like like at first I still think it's real, then I kind of realize it's a dream, but don't fully process it to where yep, I say yep, I I, I, yep. I say I say wait a minute if it's a dream oh I guess I don't I don't know actually owe anybody any money yep, I just lost yep, to. Yep, I've, that's, I've and, had that I, like, twice like, twice. No, but but like not like oh I. Oh, this didn't happen. I think like, wow, it's a dream. They can't do anything about it. I'm just not going to pay them. Like, I'm actually thinking of like rolling them because it was only a dream, and they're in the dream world. And I go, what? What am I thinking? It just didn't exist. It was just fake. It was like, like at first, I'm thinking almost like I, I'm in a different the world. Converse, though, when you think you're up money, and then you realize that you don't have any more. Than yeah, you and that's the worst. That's why the gambling dreams always suck. Is you either wake up all stressed out that you lost a lot of money, yes, yes. Or, or you wake up disappointed <laughs> that you that you won, and you didn't really win. Like I, I've had yes. it before where I, I've uh, I've done very well in a tournament, and I'm about to, you know, yep. go, yep. and, and then it turns out that people I, that aren't gamblers can't understand. But I swear to you. And you know, I guess I'm semi a deep sleeper, but I really it takes me a couple minutes to process it. Like I wake up and I'm that tired and I'm that confused that I don't really realize right away. Like some people can wake up right away, oh what an awful dream I had or what a great dream I had, but I don't process it right away. Yeah, it's funny with the, with the gambling dreams, that's really where I have a hard time just like you immediately yep. uh putting together it was just completely made up and fake and that there's just not only no consequence, but there's, it didn't happen. Nobody knew anything that had happened. Like it's just that the whole thing just totally did not exist. The other than you thinking Bill Clinton is having sex with kids, we have a lot in common. Yeah, you know, you know what other dreams I, I have that that I have a hard time with when I wake up. If I have a dream that I've had some kind of issue with my girlfriend, whether it was fighting or we're about to break up, or, or there's, yeah, if she cheated on me or something. Uh, if I wake up and from that. Again, I have a little, take a little time to like, like if I'm mad at her in the dream, I have a hard time for a few minutes not being mad at her in real life, even if yeah. everything in the dream was fake. Until you realize that nothing even happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's happened to me before too. And, I, and I'm all stressed about it. And I'm, I, I think, wait a minute, this just didn't happen. It's fake. It, it's, you know, when I went to sleep before all this happened, it's the same way it is right now because it didn't really happen. Like I, I had to keep saying yeah. that to myself. And I go, yeah. but, but I go, well, wait a minute, what about, no, I guess she didn't say, no, I guess she didn't say that either. Like, like this didn't really happen. Yeah. Like I, I had to keep saying that to myself and I go, oh, okay. Then I'm like, as you said, like when you're fully awake, then you can just, uh. Now the two nights that we spent in the luxurious Venetian, uh, I don't recall. Oh, yeah, I recall one of the nights you woke up early to go play in the WSOP and I was asleep. And then the other night, I don't remember how it was. But my question is, when you wake up after, you know, like a good night sleep, a deep sleep, how long does it take you until you can function? And when I mean function, I mean have a 
conversation and not be confused that you're not, you know, like your brain is working, you're recovered. Like, what does it take from when you wake up until? Uh, actually, you know, not that long. Actually, probably uh, three to five minutes. Oh wow, it takes me about twenty minutes. Oh no, no, I can. I... Like when I wake up, this is my routine. I wake up and well, you know, okay, this is the best way to say it. What is your routine when you wake up? And I'll tell you mine. <laughs> No, but just, just, just I have the exact routine. Okay, but I'll tell you. But just, just to give you the, the to answer the other question though, yeah. like if if I'm woken up by a phone call and I answer, not only will I sound tired when I wake up, but but throughout the the phone call, I'll just be tired. I'll not, and, and and it'll be very clear that I got woken up and and still kind of tired and and not be me. Not only won't I be fully coherent in the conversation, but I won't even remember everything afterwards that was said. But if I'm woken up a different way and I stand up out of bed. And as I said, about three minutes have passed. Uh, if a phone rings at that point, I can answer and just sound completely normal and everything will be fine. I, even if I'm tired, I'll sound normal and everything will be fine. Uh, so, so when I wake up, uh, you know, I, I want to go to the bathroom first. That's the very first thing. And then the second thing is I want to brush my teeth. And, uh, I, I wake up, my mouth's all dry. So I, I want to get that all, uh, Brush my teeth, rinsing my mouth out mm-hmm. so it's not dry anymore, and uh, th- then I'll, I'll usually get dressed. Now, sometimes if if I got to get up with Benjamin to take him to school, then it's intertwined with that too, getting him ready. But uh, ignoring that, uh, then I will go and and, and get something to drink because I, I got you know I'm very thirsty, and uh, and and I'll drink something, and uh, I, I don't usually eat in the morning. I'm just not hungry. So that's uh, and neither am I, and that's pretty much. It. And of course, I got to brush my hair too. That's part of it. But that. I mean, what about the communication part? See, because when I wake up, this is the first thing I do. Okay, uh, if I have to, you know, pee real fast, I never wake up and have to do the other one. But I'll go do that real fast, and I'll come back. And the first thing I do is I look at all the communications. I look at my. I don't respond. Oh, I look as at far every as text the, I have, I, I'm hit and miss with that. Yeah, I'll sometimes I'll sometimes do that. I do sometimes. that within like a minute of waking up. I'll look at what I. What, I'm being honest. I look at everything that you know was text. I look at uh, any phone calls that I missed. You know, people that actually called, not text. And then if I have any social media notifications, like a tweet, a Facebook message, you know, whatever, some other communication, I'll look at that. Okay, and that you know that takes a couple minutes to do that, and then. I'll make a cup of coffee, and then usually I'll, I'll browse ESPN first just to see if I missed anything you know that I need to know. And then I usually look at PFA, huh. like within. No, honestly, I usually will look at PFA <laughs> within like when I'm in that drinking coffee, just waking up, not wanting to respond to anyone's text or talk to anyone yet. I look at PFA. I'll see if there's anything. Some days I'll just look and scan. If there's nothing, no thread that I even see that's new or that's interesting, I'll just close it right away. And then, you know, that's normally my routine, once in the morning and then once before bed. Always on my phone. I don't even look at PNA, P, PFA uh, on a laptop or anything anymore. And then it's it's all that, like communication, just checking, you know, then then I go through my email, that whole process. You have to, it's like, that's one of the things I kind of dread about social media these days is when you wake up, you have to go through the whole process of seeing what you missed, getting caught back up on, you know, oh my, I've been asleep, I've been out of this world for eight hours. What did I miss? Who emailed me? What is this email about? Who tweeted? What is this? You know, you have to catch up. Well, on yeah, this. yeah, but, but I'll, I'll say this. And, and I can't wait to the, do that. In the mornings where, where I have to get Ben ready for school and get him there on time, 
I, I only do that very minimally. I just don't have the time because I want to sleep to the last minute. So I don't have the time for that. And, and I will just do a quick look sometimes or, or look at certain things. Like I'll look at, uh, uh, the text messages or sometimes I'll actually look at one text message, not the other. Like I look at the, the radio text line and not the, my regular text or vice versa. Uh, then I'll, I'll catch up on that more after I have a little time, but on, on another day where I, I'm not in a rush to go somewhere, then yeah, that'll be part of it too, where I'll start looking at all that stuff. Now the, 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 the five, seven, three area code, uh, I guess he's sort of come a He's a registered nurse. I guess I can say that. Uh, so we first asked if, we could go two more hours to finish this shift. <laughs> no. And then he wrote, LOL. And I wrote, not going to happen. Then he wrote, usually dreaming about money is tied to how you feel about your self-worth at the time. So I wrote, so when I dream I lost money, I have low self-esteem. And he wrote, that's how I understand it. It's all on a subconscious level. So he's saying that it, it, it's about our uh, the, only, the only time I can say that might be true is I'll sometimes have bad dreams about the World Series of Poker after I've had a disappointing uh, situation there, and so that might be you know something that comes out of frustration that uh, that forced me to have that dream. Otherwise, these are just random; they just kind of pop up. Like I can I can have these when I'm I'm winning a lot and doing well and everything's fine. I can have these when I'm losing. It, it I don't see the correlation except for those World Series dreams that seem to correlate with with, with struggling there. And I see I've lost Brandon again. Okay, I, I, I've got to end this because I've also got. I see there's a call coming in from two one two. I just can't. I, I just got to shut this down. We were already playing the, the song to shut it down and spend. Yeah, but you know what they call that in the podcast world? It's like a curtain call. It's like a, a river phone call. It's, it's a curtain. Now let me ask you something. Yeah. Okay. Do they even have awards out there for podcasters like you and I? Is there? Because if not, why don't we start one? Like, you know, the Emmys, the Oscars, is this and that. The potty. I'm, I'm, sure, that- I'm sure there are. There's even podcasts like uh, – Cal Watt mentioned to me there's some like L.A. podcast gathering or something in, in Los Angeles. No, I'm not they- talking about no gathering. I'm talking about – No, I know, but I think it's a lot, probably along the same lines. They probably even have stupid rewards there or something. I don't know. I'm talking about you and I wearing a tux going to a gala. Druff, a gala. Right. I think it's, it's more of a gala. But I just – all I'm trying to say is listen. I don't get paid. I understand that. The Skype don't work. I understand that. We call someone in England and it's embarrassing because we can't even call them and and hear voices. I understand all this. But when do we get our respect? That's all I'm asking. Some recognition. You know, but things will happen. And like, like for example, for example, tonight you got uh, messages from an attractive girl who uh, was saying that she she wanted to have a threesome. She wants to have a threesome with us. Yeah, that's the truth. You get these things. You know, you may not. You may not want balls. I never touch in your balls. That's that's the problem. That's you know, you may not want to redeem the offer. But you you were in a relationship too. Now, that's that's the other problem. But you know, even if I wasn't, though, I I couldn't have a threesome with another guy. I just can't do it. But let me ask you this: not in the true sense of a threesome, but back in the day when you're all wild and gangbuster. If I was doing her from this is a hot girl now, Druff. This ain't no Arby's girl with no acne. This is a very pretty girl. I'm banging her from behind, and she's blowing you. Would you be okay with that? No, see, I, I, I see, I've like done that, that before. Many see, times. I, I, I can see how some people would. I, could, I just, just for me, I just, I just don't want guys around. I just don't like guys around. But around. if it's a, I mean, even I've if I don't touch him, before. I just don't like it. It's a turnoff to me. It's but if off. it's this most prettiest girl, 
There's got to be some girl that in high school or college that you just wanted so bad. There, there, there have you been, but she was out of your league. I mean, there are girls look, that are out of my league, and she wants to suck you, and I'm banging her from behind. You wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't. You it wouldn't sounds like you're too excited to about this here, but no, no, no I, I'm just saying. No, I, I'm telling you that this is just something that uh, one of these things that there's not a whole lot of things that I completely rule out, but th- this is one thing I just, I just don't want guys around. I, I've said that before, like. Uh, so there's a gorgeous girl, and okay, here's your boy, your boy Ken Scaler, for instance. No, 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 That's especially not, especially, especially not Ken so, Scaler. So you you're you're banging. Okay, how about this? And you're banging <laughs> a gorgeous girl, and you're even banging her missionary style. Okay, missionary, not anything even exotic. Gorgeous though, amazing. And then on the side, Ken just sitting there in a chair. Okay, and she's jerking him off just a little bit. No, no. Could you no, do that? No, I had to. Okay. I I I give I no. give I give Ken twenty dollars and we go get a hamburger. Yeah. All right. Makes sense. Play the music. We'll get out of here. <laughs> no, Ladies I, I and gentlemen, like Poker Front Alert Radio, part of the Fraud <laughs> Network. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hopefully this, I think we did like a nine hour show. I, I hope, I hope I don't lose my voice. All righty. Uh, I think I'll be okay though. Next week, mm-hmm. probably Thursday the 20th. I'll let yep. you know. Check poker, uh, twitter.com slash poker for other. Click on the damn World Series banner and sign up. Yep. Vote. We're registering. Shalom. Shalom.